Hello and welcome to the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. Jim and Eric will try their best to bring you the best DC Comics podcast they can, but remember, they are morons. I say this out of love and the fact that they pay me lots of monies. Shout out to the Get Fresh crew whoop whoop. <laughs> Make some noise! Soap, soap. I'm America's hey. sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And you're listening to the very best in DC Comics podcasting, the Weird Science DC Comics podcast, which is a little redundant, and this is episode number 134. Yes, it is, Eric. 3XL, throwing shade like nobody's business. Back again, Eric. He's back he in the crew. He disappeared for a while. Uh, if you, you wanted too much money. Way, way back, yeah, he left. He held out for more monies, and we didn't have it. But now we must have the monies to get mm. him involved. Eric, hello, and welcome monies. one and all to the official and official podcast. I must have said spotlight of the Weird Science DC Comics podcast and WeirdScienceDCComics.com for July 29, 2017. I actually have the notes for the spotlight. It's completely throwing me off now. I bet. I, I cut and pasted the wrong goddamn notes. <laughs> I can't do anything right. We are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, the Batman Podcast Network, and the Tangent Bound Podcast Network. Proud. Proud. We're also on Facebook, where you can go and like us at Weird Science DC Comics. On Podbean, where you can follow us at Weird Science DC Comics at podbean.com. Twitter, Weird Science DC, and our award-winning website that I already mentioned in my fucked-up uh, intro, WeirdScienceDCComics.com. You can also email us at WeirdScienceDCComics at gmail.com. And Eric, we also have a Patreon account that we like to mention I've at heard the beginning that. here. You can go to patreon.com slash weirdscience, where if you want to hear us review... Flash, number 27, you're going to have to go there because it is an exclusive spotlight this week as picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew, Eric. And you know what that means? I do. It's time for the badass roll call. Boom. Yeah. I, I, does, this, does this get you pumped up or does this get you, you ready to punch somebody in the face? Or is that it's, both? It's a little bit of a column, man. A little bit of a column. Column A. Be Eric. I have to get the levels wrong. This badass thing comes in like the badasses. They come in and wreck up the party. Like, again, nobody's business. They don't care. They don't care how the hell they come in because they're badass. And this is the roll call. Eric, we have Simon, G, G Man, Monty, Hakeem, Jolly Drew. Our man, Manship, who still won't tell me why that girl smelt like Band-Aids. <laughs> Brian from Arkansas. We got a little lady named Tanya Werner. We got Ian, D-Man, Reginald Hancock, B-Mirror, Brandon Murray, Swanee, Anthony G, Josh Vermillion, Little MRT, Bob Fane, Jazz, Haviland, Dalton, Pete from NYC, Batman Beyond, Mark, and OG, Christopher Hyde. That is a badass group. So if you want to go to Patreon, and you don't have to become a badass, so that'd be awesome. You get to vote on all the things that we do, but you also get a lot of free shows. And I think that Flash Review was one of our finest. One of our finest, you said? Is that what you just said? One of our that is what I said. 
That's what you say. Says you! I don't know, I didn't get a lot of feedback on this Flash review, actually, but you can say that. And then people sign up and I'm like, what the fuck was he talking about? Yeah, this guy has uh, fucking low standards if he thinks sure that's does. their best. Now, again, you say the best. Is that the tallest midget in the circus, Eric? <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. How would I know, Eric? It's time for a podcast, Eric. You ready to podcast tonight? Oh my goodness gracious, all week you've been I don't know if I'm ever ready bit. to podcast, though. Chomping at the bit you are all week. I can't wait to podcast, you told me. I can't wait to get this done is what I think I said. So funny, if you see every day. I can't wait to podcast. Can't wait. You got, you got two more hours to wait because we record every day. <laughs> There's no chomping at the bit. Now, I will use this if you are one of those people who listen to both this DC Comics podcast and our pop culture podcast. I would like to apologize. We did not have a pop culture podcast this past week, uh, mainly so that we could have this podcast tonight. Uh, that's really what it was. We have to shuffle a lot of things with recording. Uh, Reggie was going away for the weekend, stuff like that. And, you know, sometimes, Eric, you need to switch things up, right? You got to switch it up. From what I hear of other podcasts, sometimes life gets in the way, Jim. No, that's the thing. I, I'll never say life got nope. in the way. It's just we had other things to record and we yeah. had to decide which was going to be more important. Though I know uh, it actually made me feel good because I really didn't even say anything about it. I was like, yeah, I'll let it slide under. I thought I was going to, you know, slide it under the carpet. Nobody will know. I got a bunch of messages no, immediately on uh, Thursday morning because we usually put that out on Wednesday night. And immediately, like, where's the pop culture? What happened? I said, yeah, I apologize. I, I thought that we were going to get away with it, Eric, but we did not. But, Why do you got to call us on our bullshit? Yeah, I, we. this is the podcast. This is our main podcast, our bread and butter and meat and cheese. And we will never... I say never. We will try to never miss a week with this <laughs> podcast. The pop culture, Eric, you have told me that is all for fun and games, right? That's sure a is. fun and games podcast. Though there was a bunch of news uh, coming out, like Superman's mustache, his mustache, Eric, that Superman. we probably would have talked about, and maybe even stuff about, uh, I don't know, Usher having some problems, Eric. I, but that's not what we're here for. I don't know why I'm telling you, talking about Usher having his problems, though, I just want to get into this, because for some reason, it's, I, I heard about that earlier in the week, and I'm just sitting there watching TV with my girlfriend, like, you know, at some point during yeah. the week, and they're like, I'm like, hey, you like that Usher? You like the way he moves his body? <laughs> you like the way he moves his body, baby? And she, she just like starts that? laughing at that, I'm like, well, don't, he's got the herpes. <laughs> Allegedly. Eric. No, I hear he's got the herpes. Allegedly, he's got the herp, I hear. I read, I told you, I read uh, you like one, of these, one of these clickbait articles way, way back. And it was like, basically, uh, find out what Hollywood stars have herpes. Like, and from what you were now, telling me, it was everyone. Yeah, I'm like, now you're singing my song. I, I went to there, and it's one of those where you go to those clickbaits a lot of times, and you load it up, and it... it they always get you with the each page is one oh, thing. So, shit. you know, basically when they tell us we get three million page views, it's because 800 of them are me looking at this one goddamn list. But <laughs> it, it was one of those. And usually it loads up, you know, even the ones with the quiz. You had a quiz earlier this week that was kind of like that as well. But it's one of those where it loads up and I already see that there must be about 150. I'm like, 
basically they should have had the list. See what Hollywood stars don't have the herb. Exactly. So I start clicking on it, and the best about this list that I saw was that it didn't just tell you who had the herpes, Eric. It also told you allegedly how they got it, and it was the best. I'm looking at it. Uh, there is a certain New York Yankee shortstop that seemed to infect half of Hollywood, Eric. Oh, my goodness. They all have him to fucking gets around. thank. Allegedly. Allegedly. Oh, it was a great list. I just sat there and I'm like, yeah, you think you're all high and mighty going off to Africa like you do. I'm, I'm telling you, though, that fucking – I'm sitting there and I look at these goddamn like, you know, these lists and these quizzes. And I, I know they're all bullshit and somehow I still get suckered in every now and again. Like, ah, I got some time to kill. I'll go through. I'm like, 96 questions. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. yeah and then I, I do I'm it. telling you. I just uh, – it knocked these guys down a peg. For me, and I liked it. These guys and gals, I'm like, ooh, you, you're such a hot singer. Well, that's actually, that's actually how herb? I thought about when the fappening came out, and like you know, yeah. all these celebrities leaking the photos. I said, look at him. You know what? I might not be much. I'm just Eric Shea, but you know what? You've never seen my butthole. I've seen your yeah. butthole. That means I have something that on you now. That is true. I thought I was your butthole. That's what I hear a lot online. That you're, <laughs> I'm your asshole. But at least I'm your asshole. Uh, the other thing that just happened, did you hear me as I, I kind of shifted my head away from the mic? Did you hear me? I like did not. I almost got a note. It, it happened a little bit because you motherfucker, you, you told me before, but all of a sudden my fucking phone starts going off. It, it's Eric Shea in the Slack chat asking me if I ever sit and wonder if the reason Jason can't be killed is because Mrs. Voorhees was in the occult and was killing the original camp counselors, Eric. That just updated. Did you ever wonder? Phone. You threw me off. I see now. That just shows you it takes me 20 minutes for my freaking phone to actually get an update <laughs> like that because that was from 7.30, it says. But I just got in. My phone, like, freaking lit up, and I'm like, oh, no. What happened? What happened, Eric? And I look, and no, it was you. Uh, actually, I do this have a Voorhees, thing Jim. to tell you. Uh, we went uh, – what's it called? We had our midnight shopping last night. We always record on a Friday, and we always have midnight shopping. Now, this is kind of a, a – bit that I'm going to tell you because it's part of the Jim Has Issues with this kids right. podcast that's going to come out on Patreon but uh, Rafe almost got in a fight at midnight with some deranged drug addict. It was crazy. It was. I crazy love our stuff. town. You never know what's oh. going to happen. All I know is and you'll hear about it, him talk about it when we do have that podcast where he the guy comes up. I, I was getting my keys. He was going out to the car with Ethan and this guy comes up on the bike, gets off the bike and goes, what you looking at bro? And then Rafe told him to go fuck himself or something. And then Ethan, like, ran. Ethan, who's three years older. I runs. imagine he pushes uh, Rafe down and just oh runs. Oh, my God. I'm t yeah, Rafe was so angry. <laughs> but we'll hear. That may even be a gym's court when, when we get to it. Uh, but, yeah, it just – I don't know why. Just that – I when I saw that light up, for some reason, I thought Rafe had gotten in a fight or something like that. But <laughs> hey, uh, The drug dealer's back. He's back. Well, no, the, you'll get, we'll get in the story well, of how drug, we got junkie. in the car, Eric, and, and we searched him out. We, we ran Ooh, him down is what we some did. Some street today. justice. We did have street justice. It took us about 15 minutes for street justice. And then it, the story ends with me realizing the guy has already been hit with life justice, and it was not really worth any of our trouble. Uh, <laughs> this guy will look like – he's probably dead by now. You know, after I him over, allegedly. I actually clipped him with the car. I will, I will tell you. What? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was on a bike. I clipped him with the car. That's what you get. I think this is incriminating. I don't know if you should no, be talking about it. it's not. There's no way this guy can get a hold of anybody. This guy is crazy. And he wasn't riding the bike at that point. He was kind of on the bike, changing his shirt. 
in a parking lot, possibly of the giant supermarket, Eric. And I just made sure that the car kind of hit his handlebars and knocked the bike over. And we all laughed. And then Logan got out of it and told him to go fuck himself and gave him the finger. Oh, it's good times, Eric. Good times. I'm <laughs> worried you're, for you're you. Gonna have to, I'm going to have to tell you the full story. There's more involved. Oh, my God. Uh, we'll get Yeah, yeah. There's more involved. But I think we, this will, might we will stop me. Don't that, Eric. Me. That is a cliffhanger is what that is. Because we also have a rant and rave line on yeah, this podcast, on this here podcast. And I've had some And if new you've people. seen a crime and want to report it, please call no, the rant No, do not. Oh. Yeah, yeah, actually, call the rant and rave line. Do that. Don't call the police. I'll get a hold of them later. Uh, I've had some people who just started listening to the podcast got a hold of me and said, hey, I really like the podcast. Or you know what? You guys are, are terrible, whatever it would be. Yeah. But most are confused up. about the rant and rave line. Fuck, uh, I'm I will confused tell about everybody. the rant and rave yeah, line. I am too. I'm very confused because it really got out of control. It got out of my control at least because when we first started the whole thing, I said to you – and I listen to a lot of sports radio. And the sports radio station I had has this – they don't call it the rant and rave line. It's called like the bitch line or something right, that everybody right. can call in. We're in Philadelphia area. So a lot of the bitch line is yo i ain't like what this carson wentz has got going there yo and then they'll then the, that's it uh, it really? ends and the, the longest call on this rant rave line of theirs is 10 seconds like hey you know joey down the block he ain't thinking that the running game's so good there you go and that's There's joey down the rave. block he ain't never wrong that, yeah joey joey around the block that guy's always right and then you have this other like yeah, I was at work and I saw the pumpkin heads and this guy said that I didn't see the pumpkin heads. Get off the phone, wrong turn. <laughs> but yeah, they're very quick. And when people hear me say the rent rave line, uh, it becomes either a soapbox or it becomes uh, America's Got Talent or America yeah. Doesn't Have Talent uh, in some instances. So I just America wish tell, it had some talent. I just want to tell everyone that the rent rave line was supposed to be like guys like, hey, I don't know what that's going on with that sexy brother over there that Sal Cipriano has. There you Simon go. Cipriano? You have there. What's up with that Simon Cipriano? I hear the guy's a sexy brother. That's what we <laughs> thought it was going to be. It never ended up like that, though. It ended up as a free-for-all, and it will continue, and we will yep. never change that. This is not me telling the people who, especially tonight— called in to change anything. I just want to let everybody know that if you are listening for the first time and you want to like, oh man, this is a comic book podcast. Next thing you know, you're hearing the people talk about clipping people in their car and the sexy brother. Uh, and Big but, Tony's uh, going but on talking minute. about, you but know, fucking minute, somebody in the ass on Batman 66. Or Big Tony talking about one of the most disgusting, perverted, over-the-top, episodes of Batman 66 that I never saw, Eric. No. It's not It's not the way. It, well, it is the way it's supposed to be. Cause that Maybe that only aired is. overseas. I don't know. I Maybe. don't know, Jim. I, I guess that what I'm saying is the Rant and Rave line is kind of this podcast in general because <laughs> it, it, we're supposed to be a comics podcast and we talk about some crazy stuff and so does the Rant and Rave line. But you know what, Eric? You I'm like the way he moves his now. body? Hey! I like the way he moves his body, that sexy usher. Nothing wrong with that guy, huh? So he's that got some bumps every goat. now and again. Look at the uh, way he moves his body. Hey, if they were going to have a revival of Dancing on Air, yeah, get him with Adrian Zemet. Bada bing! There you go, Eric. We do have a rent and rate line. You can call 641-715-3900. Enter extension 452328, followed by the pound sign. 
It's just that easy, folks. It is just that easy, folks. I'm going to start with this one, Eric. Get you ready? Are you ready there? No, I'm ready there, baby oh. boy. Oh, uh, yes, hello. I am calling <laughs> the uh, World Science uh, DC Comics podcast. Hello, uh, Jim and Eric. This is Ivan Postoff. He's perfectly normal American listener. I just wanted to call and say how pleased I was to hear your uh, review of the last issue of Superman. Uh, I also am thinking it is a little, maybe over top, you know, I am, like I say, normal patriotic American, but he's uh, maybe a little too much, little uh, hitting over the head with the rubles, you know, he's not, uh, <laughs> he's not exactly what he's we want to see in Superman. Uh, I'm interested in, in knowing if you are uh, wanting to join my uh, social club, and uh, we could talk about such things uh, as, uh, you know, patriotism, and uh, how to uh, improve uh, America. Uh, and the American called, Pie, you the know. The club is called uh, V-O-D-K-A. Uh, it stands for uh, uh, Vladimir Overlord Dominate Kill America. But it's very normal club. <laughs> very and, normal, uh, they, very it, normal uh, American ping club. Pong. Sometimes we watch the movie. Uh, yeah, it's a very good time. So please uh, let me know you want to come down. i definitely get you guys in, and uh, we have a good time together. Uh, great podcast, and... Uh, I talk to you later. Thank you very much. Is uh, uh, Ivan signing? Uh, he got yeah. cut off, and oh, Ivan has now put us on a list. Eric. Well, thank you, Ivan. Get. I have to check out the social That's club. I like being get. on lists. You like social clubs. I mean, who does it? You know what? If that is the Timex Jim. social club, I'm in. Eric. I'm in. But we also have some other rant and raves, Eric. That is not the only rant and rave. Not a ton uh, this week. There's only three. Uh, but this next one. You'll know who it is, and you'll smile immediately. Yo, yo, yo! What's up, y'all? Hey, Jim. Hey, Eric. Shout out to the Get Fucked crew. Oops, I'm not supposed to use swear words anymore. Oops. I just wanted to call (laughs) and uh, tell you guys about my thoughts on mm, Action Comics. Let's talk about it. It was a spotlight this week. And it felt like you guys... I like it that it, this is – it's termed the file as Action Comics. Let's talk about it. And I think that Jolly Drew should have a talk show. Jolly Drew, let's talk about it. I want let's that as a segment it. from now on. The hell with these rant raves, Jolly Drew. You have now made the, the major leagues. You get a hold of me. I think we have a new segment on our hands, Eric. Let's, let's talk, talk about, about it. it's called. You guys were kind of disappointed by it. but And I guess I was too when I first read it. I mean I, I wouldn't classify any of these – I wouldn't rate any of these issues higher than like really a 7.5 at best. They're sort of in the range of like 6.5 to 7.5, which in my opinion, that's fine because I'm still having a good time reading them. They just don't get too low. They don't get too high. It's kind of a fast pace in, in, you're out, bubblegum, like not hard to read, super easy to understand. And that's you. I still don't understand the black bolt. And the more you guys talked about this issue, well. the more I actually liked it. See? And you guys brought up a really good point that the story started off as one thing, the the revenge squad. Yeah. Uh, Cyborg Superman getting the you know the gang together. And then as the issues went by, I mean Mongol was just standing there. Yep. I mean hell uh Metallo didn't do anything. Nope. So I mean that is a valid criticism and one that I actually before I, I don't really think that was a criticism. We were just I mean, I actually the way it ended up, I would have rather have seen that revenge squad, but the way they did it, eh, you know. 
I would have liked to see Mongo Mattel do something. Yeah, that's that's the point. I think that the whole thing, and in general, just at changing what we thought the story changed a bit. I don't know. I can't really criticize. They had a reason. They must have thought that that was a stronger story. Or at least I agree. Else. I just don't understand the ruse aspect of it. I'm going to get my freaking Phantom Zone armies, but no, really, I'm going to well, get my that, wife that's and a son. whole different story. But the whole thing with the Cyborg Superman, the Revenge Squad, that seemed really cool. But they weren't doing anything with anyone. So what the hell? They changed it up. You know, when you get a bunch, a group of people together like that, like the. They're no longer just themselves. They're part of a cast now. And I, and the story became more about Zod. Yep. And then the big reveal was that, oops, it's a family drama. Zod wanted his wife and kid, which mirrors uh, Superman, Lois, and John, which I yep. think is a cool idea. But I can just picture Dan Jurgens in the middle of this arc thinking like, ah, oh, crap, what am I going to do? Like, I don't have anything for Metallo or Mongol to do. And Superman's and, like, blind Mongol, for some like, is, you know, so ego like centric he's got to demand power or he's not going to play second fiddle to anybody so dan jurgens literally punches mongol into outer space i mean he just gets rid of all these like side characters that he doesn't need and he really boils it down to like what's actually interesting which is zod's family and Superman's family, and I hope that that's, that's what we get going forward, because the whole Superman rebirth, the, the versions of the characters have been so much better than the New 52, it's been about the family, John is the, the heart of it all, and people struggle finding an interesting story for Superman. How can you harm him? How can you make him vulnerable when he's literally invulnerable? Well, the answer is give him a family. If he has a family, he has something to lose. So I find that that is what's actually giving Superman uh, an interesting storyline in Rebirth. And so I'm glad that Dan Jurgens is actually focusing on that. I give him props for being flexible and not being hard-headed. If he really wanted to focus on the revenge squad he could have just hammered us over the head with that but no he sort of discovered that the more interesting story and the one to go with and he's flexible enough to do this he just kicks all of the erroneous characters out of the story and focuses on zod his family and then superman and his family hopefully that's what we have going forward I enjoyed this issue. The more I listen to you guys talk about what you didn't like about it, uh, I try not to focus on what this issue wasn't and what it actually became. And I think Dan Jurgens, you know, these are not... It's it's hard to do double ship, and I think that sure they're is. just flying by the seat of their pants a lot of times. So I give him props. Oh, God, I just passed this... F- <laughs> I hate this Snickers ad. I'm just flipping through it. And every <laughs> single issue when I come That's to the, the stupid... Snickers ad. I just want to kill myself. It takes me out of the story every well, time. And I hate, hungry, it, hate it. Hate it. Anyway, I've taken enough of your uh, time so far. So I'll let you go. Uh, have a great show, guys. A whoop, a whoop. A whoop, whoop to you too, sir. What, what happened to the fun, Jolly Drew? Eh? <laughs> Actually, he has a lot of good points. But yeah. the thing is to me is that if I was going to have that story, I still would have... This is script, Dr. Young. I would have had the actual 
uh, Revenge Squad go about their business, have Zod actually go into the Phantom Zone with the, the Revenge Squad to get his army, and in the meantime, actually finds his wife and kid in there, yeah. not even realizing they were there, then you could have gotten the best of both worlds, because that would have been at the end, because it seems like what he really wanted to do at the end of that story is to set up the whole, you know, Krypton deal Which I'm with about. Zod, and, you know, have that go. You could have still had that, and had the Revenge Squad as well. Uh, and then even so, you could even have them where they go into the, the Phantom Zone, and that wonky thing we call the Phantom Zone, Eric. And while in there, Zod ends up just seeing his wife and kid, and Cyborg Superman's like, no, no, no. You know, stick to the plan, buddy. We have a plan here. And then you could even then have why Zod would go against Cyborg Superman and why maybe Cyborg Superman gets stuck in the Phantom Zone later. You could have worked it a little better. It just seemed all of a sudden you took a left turn at Albuquerque and shit just got pushed well, aside. I'll, I'll tell you, not even this last and, issue. And as soon as you made Superman blind, you took a left turn at fucking Albuquerque. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was a weird choice, too, because you're going to lessen what Superman is. To get the possibly so that the Super League could do something, you know, Superman, but you still could have had that anyway, and they didn't yeah. do anything anyway, Eric. They didn't do much anyway. But yeah, I love that. I, I think Jolly Drew has to get a hold of me. He's going to have to have his own set. Let's talk about what it. He has to say. Let's talk about it. I don't want to talk about it, but here is the last rant and rave, and it is Dancing Mike. And before we go, Brett has told us that we talk too much over Dancing Mike's rant and rave. Oh, shit. So, so we have to do – basically, we have to go by what Brett says. All right, so I'm going to no mute the talking. mic right now. Don't worry. <laughs> no talking, Eric. Because this is the problem is you said that, Brett, and you did say that in the mail. And the the reason why the rent and rave line failed at the beginning was because Dancing Mike was sending him rent and raves, and we didn't have a soundboard, so we could not react to it or talk. And then Dancing Mike even said, "You know what? This rent and rave line's bullshit. If I can't get any reactions from yeah. it, so that's why we talk." But it's done, Eric. There has been a, a demand set that we cannot talk. All right, muting the mic right Mike. now. Here we go. Hi, Jim. Greetings, Eric, and hello, Mother. Hi, Mike. So, I'll get to the books uh, pretty <laughs> briefly this week. For uh, The only one you thing I want to mention is that Tanya Warner is a member of the ba uh, Get Fresh Crew yeah, Badass um, group. And it reminds me of the Married with Children episode where Peg Bundy decided she was going to sell cosmetics. It turns out she was the best salesperson, and she kept getting these big commission checks yeah. in, and she was living large, you know, making more money than uh, Al was and getting these commission checks this in. turns out the accurate. reason she was the best salesperson is because she was buying all of the product herself because <laughs> she enjoyed getting the commission checks in the mail. So make of that what you will, but Tanya Warner is part of the Get Fresh Crew uh, Badass level on Patreon. It's like a snake eating itself. It, it is. And, my, and Mike isn't, Eric. That, that's all I have to say. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Get Fresh Crew, uh, shout out doop, to doop. everyone in the Get Fresh Crew whoop whoop. So, I did get four comic books this week. One was not DC, but I will mention it. Um, Mage the Hero Discovered yeah, number know. one he said he's gonna is get into that. Re released for $1 as an image first. So I'm planning on getting the graphic novels. I've actually got them ordered from my local comic book shop, The Golden Age 1942, in lovely Merrifield, Tennessee. 
But I did get the number one, and if you want to check out Mage, it is a dollar. So what do you have to lose? I enjoyed that. I enjoy the art, the universe. It's uh, very clear. Know what's going on. I like getting in on that, and I like the fact that it will wrap up um, after these last 15 issues. So it's kind of a nice contained story. You don't have to go back and buy a bunch of other stuff. Or, and you know it's got a, an ending date, so it kind of tells a whole complete story if you're into that That's kind cool. of thing. Which I am. Did get Wonder Woman number 27. Enjoying the art in this, uh, not quite, it's nothing that's going to compare to, you know, Sharp and, uh, and the nope, others from, from Ruckus' first Nicholas run here, Scott. but I'm enjoying the art okay. I noticed when the doctor went batshit crazy that, uh, she really, the, the batshit crazy faces went well. I do agree with, uh, Eric's review on the award winning, um, of course you do. A website, uh, weirdsciencedccomics.com, that, uh, yeah, it was kind of contrived to get uh, Wonder Woman to the hospital. I think if they had just had the protocol be that Edda was supposed to go part to of the yeah. that Ultratech, whatever, when yeah. she was injured, that that if they had made that the protocol, on. it would have been a bit better to get them both there. And it was a bit contrived, but still, um, the story was, you know, it, it, it was okay when it got there, did not... Yeah, the whole truth separating the DNA was a bit uh, hokey. But I'm just saying the truth and the lies over and over again. Because no. uh, the doctor couldn't accept that the it's the meta gene because maybe Diana's blood has the metal in it because she's a meta human and that's she's not a meta human. The metal, the nth metal, that's I think is what causes that because everyone that has special powers is a meta human now. Um, Nobody says yeah, that. so, and the no. one big question I have about the end of the issue, uh, the woman in the Ant-Man costume that is apparently going to be, uh, chasing after Diana, wanting to collect the bounty, the, the contract that someone has put out on her, do we know who that is, or is that a new I, I don't recall, I don't know the villain, because it wasn't mentioned in Eric's review on the award-winning website, weirdsciencedccomics.com. So I don't know if we know who that is or if this no, is a new person that we haven't seen before, as far as you guys know. But anyway, I enjoyed Wonder Woman okay. It wasn't a great, great issue. I'd say maybe about 6-5 uh, because it was kind of hokey. So Eric ruined my enjoyment of it a bit more than, <laughs> uh, than uh, I enjoyed it originally. Did get Batman Beyond at number 10. I it was not in my pull list at first, so I didn't post it. And then someone started talking about Batman Beyond. I was like, oh, crap, that was out. They forgot to put it in there. So yeah, one of your books, I baby. went back there and, you know, eh, mistakes happen. I will live with that. And it's in my town. So um, easy peasy. on my way home from work with a little bit of a detour. Anyway... Oh, yeah, I'm enjoying where it's going. It can move a bit faster. Did get, I did enjoy the recap between, you know, seeing how Raish finally died and uh, how, you know, they went through the whole history of Damien turning, you know, to lead the league and blaming Bruce for not coming for him. It's a, it's a bit back and forth there. So in this timeline, is Bruce... I guess Bruce still is a meta-human because Batman is a meta-human now. And no, makes not. me wonder, are they going to address the fact that Terry might be Bruce's biological son? Because I'm sure some of the metal, the Dionysium ah, or whatever, would pass down to him. So Terry might be a meta. Dionysium's not and the pure I metal. I don't know if Damien is part meta because Bruce is a meta-human. And then I don't know.
don't know if Rachel Gould was meta. I'm assuming maybe the Lazarus I'll kill everybody, Mike. I'll do it. Brings you back from the dead over and over. Maybe that has some uh, dark metal involved in it or some Dionysium because I'm thinking is now that, that Rachel Gould is probably a metahuman, <laughs> which would mean that Talia would be a metahuman. So maybe you. Damien no. is a full metahuman now because both of his parents are metahuman because the uh, the meta the M E T A metal which is in oh all God. metahumans now. So I think that Damien is a full metahuman because Bruce and Talia are to probably both here. metahumans. I think that's how that goes. Anyway, um, yeah. So I enjoyed Batman number ten enough, but it could move on a bit more and. Um, Except, oh, I think they killed Goliath. I never really had a collection, a connection to Goliath I because I didn't really read I the whole Robin series with that stuff. But yeah, he was the best part of that so series. I never had a connection to Goliath, but I think that um, Terry killed Damien's pet. We'll see if they, if he actually killed him or not. I hope it not. Looks like he's pretty yeah, much dead. I so. Hope he didn't. Can't come anyway, back from that, yeah, Terry. But I enjoyed Batman Beyond. It could move a bit faster and give us more story. It is kind of, you know, dragging its feet and going through history. So, yep. anyway, um, my last one of the Batman Detective Comics. Number what would you give Batman Beyond, Mike? Batman is really kicking ass. So, you. Detective Comics is really kicking ass now. Um, enjoying this a lot. Now, Zatanna and Zatara. Seeing Zatara was a nice callback in the flashbacks. And with Raish, ooh nefarious dealings and goings on there with the orb. Rage gets around. Um, yes, he does. Makes me wonder, is Zatanna a meta-human because oh my if God. you have the magic power, does that is there something in the artifacts they use that make her meta because she has separate abilities? I guess that maybe she has the M-E-T-A, the metal Thank in you. her. Thank you. I just threw something over here. I'm where the magic man. comes from. <laughs> So I'm just not sure about that. Of course, we know that Batman is a metahuman. So I was just wondering if Zatanna was also a metahuman. Um, enjoying more of the, the whole Asriel story being advanced, the, the, even the weird cloud like scene with the finger. kid going, like uh, Jim said in his review on the DC comics.com uh, yeah the kid did kind of go all good son on him the little kid in his mind yep. and I it's uh, I like the way Mike. the story is advancing lots of action uh, lots of good development so apparently Tynion um, has decided to I mean he's come upon a good story here or he's uh, writing a good story here the art is uh, Martinez's art is just it's great um, yep. enjoying the art in this book the story in this, the book. Art in this book I gave it, I think, an 8.0, and Jim uh, gave it a 7.5, so he's a negative Nelly, and I'm positive Peter. But yeah, um, that's about all I've got. Um, I guess Clayface might be a metahuman, because he has powers, so (laughs) I'm thinking that maybe whatever made him into Clayface probably had something to do with that dark metal. So... Let's talk about, um, just briefly, about the dark metal. So Snyder says... I would never do that after he kind of gets caught doing uh, what he's doing with the metal and the magnesium and all of that. He didn't do anything. I'd never turn Batman into a metahuman after he gets called out on it. Snyder has always been messing with the... uh, Here's the deal, though. We even said, I said during the review when we talked about the casting, 
there was no way that they would make him a metahuman. And they no. never said that, never said anything. The Dionysium that brought him back, first off, like you said, is not the pure metal and is something that just brought him back. Yeah, it was kind of weird and hokey, but he also needed a machine to do it and all that, which we did see again. And never once did he say that he was metahuman. And if he was, the reason why I would get upset if Batman was, quote unquote, a metahuman is because I would think that it would take it away from most of his uh, existence, most of the continuity, especially the training and all the hard work he put in. If he became a metahuman, quote unquote, two months ago because of the Dionysium and it's going forward, number one, I would think there was going to be a way that they're going to show that the Dionysium does not change you in a full-blown metahuman anyway. And no. it, I don't think it takes away from anything that happened before because it would have been a recent development. And so it, not one point in that did it say that Bruce was born with the metal. Uh, you're reaching for the whole Dionysium part. And if it is, like I said, the Dionysium part from what we were told, the whole New 52 happened in two months. So basically he has been what you think a metahuman for three months. I don't months, go with that either. And I don't either. But I'm saying this isn't saying that's Batman Steve Orlando was born nonsense. a metahuman. Also, when we thought about it and we think, just think about it. Everybody who's sitting there, people who are mad about it, people who don't care, and it's me, and uh, you know, people who love it. Think of the people who are quote-unquote metahumans. How many of the DCU superheroes were born with powers? Y yet was Flash? No. Well, you know, all these guys, you have other things like an Aquaman that that's more of a, yeah, and they can say the reason why, but that's more of an Atlantean thing, that sort of thing. Yeah, Diana's that's a dual genetics. That, yeah, there's a lot of things where you say, hey, Superman, he's an alien. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, Green Arrow, he's not a metahuman, nope. you know this stuff you have something that's out there i said when it came up that the, it seems too much like the metachlorian thing for me it, it really does but then when i sat and thought about it, i'm like well what about this i'm trying to find but you said black canary possibly yeah black canary is the there first one that could come to my mind black and i had to struggle to get that uh yeah i'm you know freaking guys firestorm no you have things. You get Blue Beetle? No, that's the Scarab. You don't really have a lot of superheroes that are born with superpowers. It's just the way – it's just a coincidence that for the most part, mostly all of our superheroes happen from an accident. Uh, even like – even in Marvel stuff, you know, you have a, a Spider-Man. You know, that's the whole thing. Or – they are alien, or they have tech, or they don't have any powers. Yeah, uh, you you, I get came mad up with Black Canary, and the characters from fucking Bloodlines. There's the one who like yeah. had their goddamn metagene and yeah, activated and, and through and alien Who knows parasites. who those are? Everybody, count on your hands how many Bloodlines characters you know. Yep. And the, the other thing is, this is where you want to get mad at this one thing. Get mad at the Super Sons issue where Kid Amazo said that he stole the goddamn agility from Damien. That's nonsense. And not only that, get mad at the freaking Titans issue where Simon was collecting all the metahuman powers and was taking the goddamn Stanima and Jody from uh, Nightwing. Again, I'm not even arguing with Mike, but now I will because you just said you like the Wonder Woman fucking issue where D Dr. Crawford went and took the DNA of the power and the strength and the deal and wondered, ooh, I should have grabbed the gene for hope. <laughs> you want to get mad at, at the metal? Get mad at that shit. Because if that's the case that they can do that, who the fuck cares about the metal? All you have to do is grab Dick Grayson and fucking splice his DNA in mine. Next thing I'm doing fucking do. loop-de-loops. Yay, 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 Eric. It just, you have to sit back and wait. 
this whole thing with him saying, hey, listen, Batman would never be a metahuman. And, and, no, this is the thing, is I actually did talk to him uh, before. And I know, Mike, you think that he has me fooled. I, I am not, you know, I get fooled by people sometimes. Like me. Not a lot. Not a lot. And I really, if you ask my wife, and Eric, you have even seen, I have a pretty good knack of knowing what's going on. Oh, you've got a great bullshit detector. And and see what's going on. And the way he reacted when I asked him about this, he had, first off, no idea about the Suicide Squad at all. And then was really, really upset because he thought that, oh my God, and we're going to talk about this a little in the news. He thought, you know what? I was afraid that this was going to happen between the time that that metal was thrown out and then having a month until everything will be explained a little better. And that's just how it was. And then, unfortunately, the Suicide Squad issue came out that said metahuman, and then people lost their fucking minds. And you'll hear later where we talk about the Suicide Squad, and I will promise you that we talked about that Thursday night with Reggie. That's why we didn't have the pop culture. We had to shift everything. The Patreon spotlight, regular spotlight we did on Wednesday. Usually we record with Reggie on a Friday. We have to do it on the Thursday. And we talked about Suicide Squad before everybody got all upset about this. It's not like we didn't notice this. We mentioned it in our review and said, no, 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 we don't think that this is, this has to be just him, Rob Williams saying that, that Amanda Waller's just classifying it as something. Then, the, you know, comicbook.com and Bleeding Co. Bleeding Co. take this <laughs> that was the and worst start running talk- with it without anything. We talked about that Thursday night. I woke up Friday morning, saw this article immediately and got fucking pissed. Yeah, yeah, uh, because we had already pretty much like this is something where and I talked to Brett about this, about websites and what they do. Unfortunately, you, you just got to go with what you know and kind of with your gut. And yeah. again, I'm going to be talking about this in about fucking a half hour, but you also can get a hold of people. Mike, if you are that concerned about what is going on, tweet tweet Scott Snyder. Tell him, and I know that for the most part he will try to get back to you. He will. I got a hold of him. It, I, it's not like this week. You, you think Scott Snyder's happy that I gave his all-star Batman a fucking 6.9 out of 10? Spoilers, Aaron. I think but, you are being uh, generous. He wouldn't be. He, he wouldn't be. Do you think that, you know, Eric giving the uh, – it's not like he is our best friend. No. He talks to us, and he doesn't – it's not like what he's doing. He's not casting a fucking spell on us. If his issues are good, we'll say they're good. If they're bad, we'll say they're bad. But he to- told us this, and like, no, this would never happen. He knows. He is aware, Mike, that people are in your camp, that they think what he does is bullshit. And he does not want to be classified as a guy who does bullshit. You think that somebody is going to make Batman a metahuman and not fucking go down in history as a fucking asshole? Nobody's going to want to do that. Even if he wanted to do that, I don't think he would. Uh, but, you know, there you go. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to yell about it later anyway. So, yeah. Uh, and, and again, I'm not even mad at you, Mike. You know, I love you. But it's just the whole thing of uh, also, Scott Snyder, you just said Detective Comics was your grand old book, which I love as well. Look at the credits of the writers of the casting. Tynan is on that just as much as Scott Snyder. And you can say, oh, I can tell it's this or that. It doesn't matter. Whatever's in that, Tynan is at least, you know, signed off on it. And he's putting his name on the line too. So don't get so worried. Don't get upset. Don't even – I tell you, this is, you have to go into these comics and maybe don't even look at who writes it. Just, just read it and see if you like it first. See. 
I did like The Forge, though. The casting was down. It was. It was an info dump. It had a lot of shit that wasn't explained. Uh, but the, when you get these websites that want to be the first one to break a goddamn story, call it official. The, the official fucking person who's official is Amanda Waller? She's make-believe, Eric. You, you can't say that Amanda Waller is your official source that Batman is a goddamn fucking metahuman. Plus, you can't go with the Suicide Squad book that isn't the Batman book. Wait until you think that they're going to throw that out there when the big event of metal is coming up, and that would be the biggest reveal in that. They're just going to throw it out in a, in a Suicide Squad book. Uh, just throw it out willy-nilly. Hey, you know what, Rob Williams? Uh, just just throw it out there. We don't care. It's our big cliffhanger to the big event. Uh, just use it there because, you know, I love your book. <laughs> Does, does Dancing Mike have anything more to say? Is he yes, done? Yes, he has two minutes more. I'm sure he's going to, you know, he's going to turn it around. I have full faith in Dancing Mike. Here we go. Continuity. <laughs> See, I like having this this pause button there. I this know. This is what happens then. Mike wanted some reef, re- uh, fucking, what's it called? <laughs> I was going to say reverb. I don't yeah, know. all that reverb. He wanted he that shit. Reverb. That's what he wants. I, I should put reverb. Reaction. Value. Yeah, reaction. This is what he gets. I'm sweating now. I, I want to go downstairs and go to bed. What time is it, Eric? Is it 5 a.m.? Because it looks no. like the sun's coming up. You no, mean the sun's down, just going down, you're saying? Yes. <sighs> Let me see something because I actually went in. Oh, good. I, I went into the uh, – uh, we're recording now live on Mixler. I'm like, I hope Dancing Mike's not in there. He's going to kill me. <laughs> Here we go. Just remember, Mike, I told you, all those references in the reviews, and this is no joke. I am not lying to you. I am not faking the funk. When I put old old school references like The Good Son in a, in a review, it, it is 100% for Dancing Mike. That's all it's for. So, Mike, that just shows you I'm not angry at you. You're probably angry at me right now. But here, well, let's continue. History makeup of Batman, as I've uh, detailed in... Um, in great detail, uh, I've detailed that before several times, but I forgot what you're saying. I remember before he made the super heavy arc, he was saying things like, "Oh yeah, there's something I want to try. It's so crazy. I don't know if they'll let me do it." And of course, that turned out to be putting Commissioner Gordon in sucked. a Robo Bunny suit it, and then Batman. So I don't I'm think not, that it's beyond know, Snyder fan. to mess with Batman and make him a metahuman. I mean, this whole. <laughs> thing he has That's in the casting name. about the gene and the I mean not not being a gene that it being the metal in it and it just reshapes everything yeah so uh, as far as I'm concerned I'm going with the fact that Batman's a metahuman he has the metal in his blood and uh like I said Clayface metahuman I'd say I, Asriel they've got that suit there's got to be some kind of some some something of that metal is in that suit that explains it, the the powers he has when he's Ezreal. So that's about it. Anyway, yeah, so it's it's meta. It's really, really meta. And uh, but what that's did about he all I got Batman for this beyond? week. So uh, did enjoy my books. Um, enjoy reading all of these meta humans with the metal. And then, um, I don't think Mage <laughs> from Image Comics has any of that metal in it. But until next week, um, Watch out, because you know when they might pop up and pop some culture up in your ass like a big suppository that burns, and then you have to go sit in the bathroom until it comes out on the pop culture podcast. I think that's how that goes there. Uh, Spotlight out, and see you in seven. See you in seven. That is Dancing Mike. Thank you, Dancing Mike. 
Thank you, Mike. Thank you for freaking putting my freaking heart medicine in fucking overdrive, Eric. Overdrive. (laughs) Ah, But that's, you know, isn't that the fun of this thing we call life, Eric? Every ride is different. Every journey is part of the adventure that is the destination of our lives, Eric. I don't know what you're talking about. Isn't that true? No. Isn't that the funny thing about this freaking hem hall we call living? Huh? Isn't it, Eric? No. Isn't it? That is the end of the intro segment, Eric. I'm going to go. I'm going to go take my heart medicines. There's plenty of them. I sit there. I I have like a, a pile of pills I have to take since this freaking podcast started. And I, I, and I do mean pills. tonight. I don't know what they are. Tonight, Eric. Yeah, you have a pile of random pills or whatever yeah. you used to call that bag of bag o pills. A bag o pills, all right. Bag o pills. But we're gonna go off for a second, and then we're gonna be back with the news. Now it's time for Jim and the news. Listening to Jim is what I want to do. He's talking solicits and very uncovers. Time for the news, Eric. Give me that news, what Jimmy used boy. to be the news song before Dancing news, Mike. News, 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 <laughs> news, news. Yes, that was the news song. Or just random shitty quotes from my Forrest Gump. Possibly, or that, or Johnny uh, and me was like, water, burn, and carrots. baby. Hot, hot water, water, burn, baby. Burn, baby. That it, with your little, what sounded like a little tape recorder that you put up to the mic. Oh, yeah. those were the good old days, Eric. The good old days indeed. Most of this news tonight I grabbed from Newsarama, Eric, because you know why? It has news in the name of it. So that's oh, why it must I grabbed be legit. The news there. Uh, we'll say for later on we'll be talking again about that whole debacle with Batman and his meta deal. And Brett had asked me at one point, well, where can I go to news? What would be? I have not had much problems with Newsarama. Uh, sometimes they're, uh, you know, checking their spelling and punctuation and, you know, that sort of thing is a little yeah. off. But for the most part, I don't find them to be clickbait. So if you do want to see news, you can go there. You can go there because we don't do news. We just do Absolutely not. We tried to chase that dragon, Eric. And unfortunately, as guys with freaking jobs, it's really tough to catch that dragon. That dragon's just hard. That dragon is hard. And really, we just let our reviews do the talking, Eric. I will tell you, one of my news things that back in the day, I did leak the story that, you know, Thomas Wayne was the Batman of Earth 2 because it came yes, out in a, in a story did. where they released the action figures and they fucking spoiled that right there before they we ever knew him. Like, I went right on the WeirdScience.com uh, comics. I don't even know what it is. WeirdScienceDCComics.com website. Yes. Put that news article up. Oh, did you? Is there a possibility that the Justice League Beyond book being canceled was uh, was a story that I came up with, Eric? Is that possible? Oh, I believe it is. You want to go tit for tat there, buddy? 
I, I wasn't trying to, but <laughs> and sure. And you know how I got that? that when we had the digital, we had the digital comic, Justice League Beyond uh, 2.0. And uh, I read the comic, and at the end, I'm like, you know what? That really sounds like it's over. And I got a hold of Christos Gage and said, hey, is the comic over? And he's like, yeah, it's over. You know, that's crazy. You'd know that from reading it, whatever. Uh, I don't know why DC didn't tell us. That's the last issue. And then I'm like, oh, really? Is there any way I can quote you in in an article? And he's like, yeah, sure. Go and do it. So you know what? Right there, stupid Jim Werner, probably a year into our site, didn't know what we were doing. More research than some of these other places. See, that is official. When you say in your title, official, you got to have somebody saying it that's from what you're saying. It's kind of like when we got a hold of Scott Snyder about this whole goddamn debacle. I said, hey, is Batman a metahuman? He said, no. Okay, official. Batman is not a metahuman. And and in the meantime, yes, I I could have run home. I was at work. Uh, You know, I I messaged him actually on the way to work at one point. Uh, I could have ran home, did the story, but that's the problem. The whole idea of I got to get the story up and be the first one and come up with this and grab him. Oh, yeah, we used to be up after midnight doing shit like that back in the day. It's all clickbait, though, that sort of thing. What I'm saying is when you get a story that you have no fucking references or nothing and you have to shove it out there, it's nonsense. And then what happens is at the end when you're proven wrong and they say, well, actually it's a matter of semantics. But no, get the you're fuck wrong. Out of here. You're a hack. You're a, you're a fucking hack. Take that, Eric. And I don't mean hack in the Suicide Squad book. No, she's dead, Jim. She is dead indeed. Here's the news, Eric. Here is the news. News on DC's milestone relaunch coming soon, says Jim Lee. I know, Eric, that you, in particular, huge milestone fan. And the milestone comes out. And the milestone comes out. And the milestone comes (laughs) out. So is this a news story that you're happy about? Because it's not about the milestone. It's about milestone, Eric. I am happy about it, but I'm still mad that we had to freaking separate the milestone from freaking uh, DC Comics. I would like them to merge together and be like one universe. I didn't mind. I didn't mind because I thought that the whole milestone stuff that actually came about in the beginning of the New 52 uh, was either not really – Segregation, Jim. It wasn't well received. But what I'm saying is I'm not saying – Segregation, Reggie. I'm not saying that, Eric. What I'm saying is I don't think it got the attention that it should have gotten. And I think that actually separating it, but the time to do that would have been at the same time the the Wildstorm thing was redone and and relaunched. And this is something we heard the news around the same time. The Milestone and the Wildstorm. They they talked about the Milestone being its own thing, I want to say almost two years ago now. So really the time in my mind was freaking when Rebirth was happening. That was when the Wildstorm happened. They both came out around the same time. Whatever they were doing at the Comic-Con deal, uh, they announced both. That the milestone, and actually, I think it was like weeks apart or something, because I remember okay, when they I, I said, thought the milestone was from like way before, and they just kind of sat on it and didn't do yeah, shit they, with it. They did the same thing with the Wildstorm. They, yeah. they announced it, and then it sat forever. But I remember you saying when I said, even so, even it was a little bit before when I said, oh, this Wildstorm in the news, you were like, Wildstorm, what about Milestone? You know, it's all, and then that was announced later. And then you're like, okay, that makes sense. But I just think, I think that it's... It would have done better to be in its own little spotlight 
Uh, but it just kind of was announced and then left to to hang on the vine. Aaron, and the thing is, since it's the milestone, I don't know if I'm going to be revealing it because we, if it was part of the DC Comics world, the DCU, and we had these characters coming out with their own weekly books or like bi-weekly or monthly books, yeah. I would reveal it because it's important to the rest of the DCU that we are dealing with. Now it's its own universe. I'm like, it's not that important anymore. Yeah, but it, so what you're telling me is that Reggie and Chris are doing no important work uh, nowadays. You're no, no, I hear they go, do good them. stuff. Well, that's the young animal. We shouldn't have to care about that, Eric. I'm sure that the milestone will be coming out. I haven't out read a single young animal book. No, I, that's, I know. That's what I'm saying. You may not touch it. I'm sure one of the Get Fresh crew boop, boop, do, will do. grab onto it. Hopefully. I'm sure that a bunch of people will say, I know they will. I know they'll grab on it. We have Jeremy right now who does the Wildstorm stuff. Now, eventually, the Wildstorm stuff is going to branch out and have maybe three or four books. I don't think Jeremy is going to be able to keep up, so we're going to have to get somebody to jump on it. That I'm sure there right. will be. Jump the Get on Fresh it. crew are a very giving group. Sure and they're are. willing to put their nose to the grindstone, Eric. But yes, here is the news. DC Entertainment co-publisher Jim Lee said that the planned relaunch and reboot of the Milestone line announced almost two years ago is still alive and would be moving forward with news possibly coming in the next few months. Touched upon briefly at the Meet the DC co-publishers panel at Comic-Con International San Diego earlier this month. We couldn't be more proud and excited about the opportunity to bring the Dakota universe back to DC, said Hell they, yeah. in 2015. This is a huge step forward for us in bringing readers a more diversified lineup as part of the new DC universe and we're anxiously looking forward to telling new stories that are socially and culturally impactful and representative of the world in which we live so and a couple See, what months, they're telling kind of me here is separate but equal it will be. Uh, the the thing about it is, you you have things where segregation, you, Reggie. You have stuff <laughs> where you have static shock, and yeah, it would make a lot of sense, and it would get some hype up to the character if he was in the Teen Titans book, yeah. stuff like that. Uh, but I think get that Icon having, and Rocket out there. That, here, just think of that though. What were the pretty much first bunch of books canceled? In the new Fifty Two, were either the Wildstorm stuff or the Milestone, and you know that that and Mr. Freaking, Terrific. Yeah, and I hate to tell you, but that Static Shock book stuck. Oh, that that book was and, garbage. And, and I'm sorry, though, were, it, it doesn't have to be. So. Well, that's the thing. When they're hiring writers, and they're like, "Okay, we have fifteen writers. We're gonna do this." Oh, hey, Scott Snyder, uh, we have a pick. You could do Batman or Static Shock. And he's going to pick Batman. Unfortunately, Static Shock static. did not get any sort of props. They, you didn't get anybody that was going to care. You start a new universe where you do like the Warren Ellis stuff. I think it's Warren Ellis that's doing yeah. the Wildstorm stuff. Now it's a brand that is being relaunched. You can get some hype behind it. You can get some freaking guys going. And, and they haven't announced many things, if anything at all. And yeah. I'm hoping that when they do it, they will – uh, do it right, and I think that they will, and I'm hoping for that. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. But uh, I just threw that in because I know you've been waiting to see that. Yeah, I have been. Thank stuff. you. Uh, how about? And I hate to say, I'm not even going to say writers that I'd like to be on there because I'll get caught in that fucking game of, of mentioning. You know, I want this guy to do Static Shock, and then I'm like, well, why can't it be this? You know, you get the social justice thing going. But no. I have somebody who I think two people that I think will probably be uh, two on a short list of people that I'll tell you off the air, Eric. Fair enough. And one is not Steve Orlando. I will good, promise good. you that. Here is the next bit of news. All-Star Batman number 13 pushed back three weeks. Now, this is something that's weird because we've had the rebirth stuff and we've had things going twice a month. And it's very easy 
to detect when a twice a month book has been delayed and really it's only really happened once one big one that was green lantern flash. myth fucked up cover and and well that and the myth of uh, the uh uh flash one for that the they butt had yeah, with yeah. the button that's the huge one that you're like oh my god there you go uh but the monthly books can kind of wiggle around in those well, weeks. So I'm you telling you, we, we talk to delay. ourselves all the time where we think that All Star Batman has, has been delayed, been, but they just been like you know they haven't said about it. They just like oh we're just pushing it yeah, a different freaking it's slot. It's been delayed I think three times now. Yeah. it's in the story, and I thought whoa that's weird, but it is monthly, and these delays aren't monthly delays they are week delays so you have all-star batman coming out at the beginning of one month and it's at the end of the other but we yeah. do notice but we never looked into it because we're lazy but all-star batman we prefer number to 13, talk to it about ourselves yes all-star batman number 13 which will be the next issue has been pushed back three weeks from august 9th to august 30th now if you think of that very odd because if it was going to come out august 9th why did this issue tw- you know 12 come out t- this week it- Exactly. So you're not going to have it. So basically, this they're they're calling this a delay, but basically, to me, when you hear this, it is just a reaction to an initial delay, and it keeps going in that order because, according to the retailers, notice sent out by DC Comics, there this is the third consecutive delay for Rebirth title following this week's All Star Batman number twelve, which was originally solicited for release July twelfth, and All Star Batman number eleven, which was one week late. So that's that's basically once you are late one time, shit is going to go downhill. You, yeah. you can't just you're not going to have a book now. They say this, and it's funny because I'm going to keep an eye on them no reason was given for the delays but the finale all-star batman number 14 remains scheduled for release september 13th so they're telling us i don't think that's happening that um, that's what i'm saying so now they have another story because they're gonna say oh my god you know the number 14 is now coming out september 24th oh there's another delay no it's a shift of release from that initial delay or maybe even initial two delays but yeah, you're not going to have an issue come out the 30th and then the 9th or the 13th. No, it's not unless you get... have another artist song completely just fucking picking up the goddamn pace. Yeah, or even it, if it's done, the they don't time. want an issue to come out two weeks from each other. They, yeah. they want to give it a monthly schedule. So we'll see what happens. Now, this is the funniest uh, news item of the night because it's going to involve a book. <laughs> Eric, you are the authority, right? All right. I, I you like are so. what I consider an authority of DC Comics. A book was canceled, Eric. A book was canceled today or yesterday. I think this was. And I want to know if you can finish the sentence here of what this book is called. Okay. Suicide Squad. What? A oh, fucking, oh, God damn it. What is the suicide? Most wanted. Suicide Squad. Most wanted. Wait a minute. I got. I, what, what? What did you say? I didn't hear you, Eric. Suicide, Suicide Squad, Squad. Most wanted. No, that is not there. I'm going to mention this book. This was canceled. Uh, you will never even know. You'll say to me, "I didn't even know that was a book." Suicide Squad Black Files. The fuck is that? That is a book that was due to come out next week. Uh, it was just announced as canceled. So it was going to be coming out next week. Now, the problem is I would guess 90% of people – because I heard about it, and I thought, you know what? None of us want to deal with it. We didn't even want to deal with that most wanted, so I didn't even bring it up. I, it never even crossed my mind to say, hey, guys, who's, who's reviewing, reviewing this? this? Yeah. Uh, because I thought that we were just going to not pay attention, though I never looked into it. 
I think you would have been very interested in this. And because of, of that, I, I put the first uh, solicit. That would have All been right. that first issue next week. But DC Comics has informed retailers that the miniseries Suicide Squad Black Files has been canceled. Canceled in quotes. One week before the book's planned August 2nd release. No reason was given for the cancellation, however. The publisher says that these issues will be solicited at a later date. I, I would guess that I am not uh, one. And now, again, here's where I use my, my uh, reasoning, my deductive reasoning. I would say that there were no pre-sales, Eric. Nobody has this on their pull list, so no comic store was buying it, so they canceled it before it came out. Has to be, right? That or they just never got a creative team together to fucking work no, on no, the it's it. all done. These are okay, done. Then, yeah. It was coming out. No, say, there's a full I, I don't have any deductive team. reasoning because I don't know I anything saw, about this book. Yeah, I saw freaking uh, previews and things about it and character things. I mean, this thing's done. It's just, I don't think that they did a good enough job to get the word out on the street. Eric Shea didn't hear about it. And I just think it. there's yeah. nobody wants it. And that most wanted to me was pretty much garbage. So you, you're coming off of that. And then you go with this new one, and nobody's interested. And I think that's why. And they say it's going to be solicited later. I would wonder if it's going to be one of those that they're going to either release it as what they call then a graphic novel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and say, you know, try to forget the whole deal that it was going to come out, you know. Kind of like the last comic. three issues of Vigilante. Yeah, this will just be the full deal. And I think that Vigilante showed them as well. I, I bet you that Vigilante had no sales before it came out. Nobody was pre-ordering that, and the sales from no, the comic shop were pretty shitty. So and they still thought, you know what? We'll put it out there, and maybe things will pick up. And they never picked up. So I think they're learning their deal. Though again, Eric, when I tell you what it was, I think you would have been interested. Uh, Black Files was the latest in the string of split Suicide Squad miniseries, featuring two serialized solo adventures by members of the team. And that's like you said, the most wanted book. Yeah, pretty much. So it's just most had, wanted. I don't even know why you call it Black separate, Files. They had two separate. Uh, uh, runs of that uh, earlier last yeah. year and stuff. So here's the solicit for issue number one. I just put this because I thought that you would like it. Suicide Squad Black Files number one. Two members of Task Force X are back in these all new adventures. First up, Revenge of Cobra by writer Mike W. Barr and artist Felipe Baronis, who we like. And Mike Barr was, I believe, the one who did the Katana one before that I was okay. a big fan of. And it also featured Cobra. But to oppose the terrorist Cobra is to earn his undying hatred. And that's what the samurai Katana did when she killed his beloved Eve. Now, Cobra stalks Katana beyond the bounds of the Earth itself to a supernatural world where he will steal from her everything that she has, including her very soul. Uh, you're not that interested in that, right? I don't know why you even tell me I would be. No, because this, uh, there's two things. You've now reacted before the end, Eric. See? You jumped to conclusions. What are you, comicbook.com? And in Suicide Squad Black, right by writer Jay Nitz and artist Scott Eaton, Sebastian Faust the U.S. government's top arcane operative has gone rogue. To track down America's most dangerous magician, Amanda Waller assembles a special ops team unlike any other. An expendable coven of dark arts experts, including El Diablo, Enchantress, and Gentleman Ghost. They are Suicide like Squad Black. And they will take you to places where even the dead can die. And I, I thought that that second part, 
everybody's pining for like a Justice League dark book. That actually seems pretty cool and actually makes me I, – I say it in the Suicide Squad review of this week uh, that we already recorded that I want a change-up of the team. A lot of people want a change-up of the Justice League team. I want a change-up of that Suicide Squad team. You're, you're past the movie nonsense. Uh, you know, change it up. You put Gentleman Ghost on there, you get like this dark squad. I think that's pretty cool. See, that's I, one of the things is the like, rest of it like – I like Just League Dark for the most part. It came yeah. into some problems and then ended really poorly in my mind. But the thing is, at the end of the, at the end of that whole series, I just realized I don't like magic all that much because it usually yeah, just used all thing. hokey that's and shit why... like that. I'm like, I try to stay away from fucking magic books anymore. But that's why you put a gentleman ghost on the regular team. It's not a magic book. He's just it's like Enchantress on the team. You know what I mean? You can have both going. I, I just would like something, and people do want something. And boy, that that uh, Hellblazer book is not giving I know. Uh, the dark people there. You know, do their goods, Eric. Scott Snyder confirms that Batman is not a metahuman. Eric is our final story. This week's uh, Suicide Squad, Amanda Waller calls Batman a metahuman. This is actually not a story. I have little notes down. This is just me and you, Eric, talking. Uh, She does call Batman a metahuman. She does. At the end of that issue, she tells the team that they're going to go after the two metahumans, Batman and Killer Frost. Now, the problem is I said in our review that I think this was just an easier way for her to spell it out in one sentence than say, hey, let's go after the superhero Batman and the superhero Killer Frost, who used to be a villain but isn't a villain, and you got this and that and the other thing. It's I just a ruse to get Williams... these characters on our side against the people in the wrong one, yes. wrong run. And, and basically, uh, we talked to Scott Snyder about this, and he's like, "No, no, that's not the case." But also, Rob Williams came out and said, "No, I made a mistake. I used that term out of you know, I went out of school with that yeah. baby, and I didn't mean that. What she was saying was part of the whole the people story. Now, the reason why I got very mad about Everything people were saying about this, Amanda Waller saying metahuman, the, the, uh, most people that I talked to hadn't read the issue. No. They hadn't read the Suicide Squad issue or have been reading the That's the thing. The All they saw Squad. on comicbook.com was that final was that page. And they took the, that's the entire thing right there. I'm like, yep. no, no. There was a lot of stuff leading up to yes. that. Yes, and if you knew what the story was about, about this group, the people who want to take down super villains and super uh, superheroes, you would realize that it wasn't a metahuman thing because we even said when they showed I, the I'm telling you, immediately, showing, I, got, I got angry when I saw that metahuman thing. Was That's not right. You can't no, have that there. and, and even that that they showed all these other people in the screen when the people were talking and stuff like that and they were a lot Lex Luthor was there yeah, I don't think just he's a just superheroes and supervillains yeah, yeah they not just superheroes and unfortunately I think that it just got thrown in there that name was what Amanda Waller was just saying and you could even go as far as saying Amanda Waller was being a little racist and calling you know look at them metahuman she just meant super dirty metas yeah and not even just super powered people superheroes the generic term uh but yeah we recorded our thing thursday night and you'll hear it later what we say uh but on friday morning bleeding cool and then comicbook.com reported that it was official and i'm saying in the in the headlines official that batman was a metahuman that is clickbait, and i got immediately 100%. pissed that's just clickbait that's all it was and it's, that ruined it's my entire friday morning yeah it, it just it makes me so angry because you just 
you know, you're, yeah, you're doing comic book reporting. Maybe people laugh at that or whatever. Still do it responsibly. Act yeah. like a goddamn regular journalist. I said this before. When you have people out there and they give comic book writers excuses of, eh, don't worry, Jim, it's a comic book. That's why it'll never elevate itself to nothing but. And that's why you can get made fun of by people. Oh, you read those funny pages? Hey, what are you doing? Hey, because, yeah, you, you just admit it. You are a fan of something that you said it didn't matter because they can just, ah, eh, they're fucking hacks. They're fucking, you know, it's a comic book. Well, you're a comic book journalist. You have a site, comicbook.com, especially because it wasn't even their story. They grabbed it from Bleeding Cool, just threw it out there just to get fucking clicks. And yep. they throw it out there without any That's the worst goddamn part is like, if you research. Look at, if you look at these goddamn things, because I'm telling you, when DC puts a freaking you know preview or something or just says like, hey, we got this comic book out this yeah. week on Facebook, I love looking at the comments because most people, they take what they see for what exactly, like they, yeah. this must be the truth, and then they start talking about it, but then and like you call them out and they're like, oh, I haven't read it. I'm like, oh. Yeah. They, yeah. they just so, get all outraged for no reason without and, being informed and now at all. I got, I got outraged because, again, this is what happened. Brett and you almost simultaneously. I'm driving to work. I get a message from you, which rarely happens before work. You were so mad, you couldn't wait that 10 minutes couldn't that wait. Jess no. delays you to get to work, Eric, fixing her hair. And you had to tell me. So I said, oh, Brett, just message me. I read it. I'm like, it says official, and there's nothing in here. You, you, first off, people, you, you see something that says, it's official. Batman is a metahuman. Look in the article and wait to see. Where is the quote from Dan DiDio, Jeff John, Scott Snyder, anybody? Where is the, yup, we're going to do this. We hope that you accept. You don't think, you, you don't think they would have had a, a release that said that they would know that they're going to have to explain themselves or, hey, that's what it seems, but later, whatever it would be. You read this article, and it's basically, just read this thing, and this happened. No, the official goddamn person who said it was was a comic book character, and there's no nothing. You go at the end of that comicbook.com, which unfortunately for Bleeding Cool seemed to get more traction in my Seriously. mind than the Bleeding Cool thing, and it says, you know, references, Bleeding Cool. So Brett gets a hold of me. He's talking, and I said, "Listen, I, I don't think this is the case. I really don't." And, and Brett said, and, "And I'm not saying anything bad about Brett. Brett reads it, and he thinks that these people have done their due diligence and they've looked into it, and they're reporting it as a story." So he's like, "This is where I get my comic book information from. So I have to believe it." So I said, "I'm going to get a hold of Scott Snyder. Let me see what he says." And I messaged him, say at quarter of, you know, say seven thirty. By 8 o'clock, he got back to me and said, no, 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 and said, listen, and he's like, is this something you're reporting? I said, no. I said, oh. it's on comicbook.com, and that's where I got the, the deal, and he's like, oh, okay, and he said, listen, and this is the other thing with Mike can listen. You can throw shade at the guy, but he said then, tell the Get Fresh crew, or actually said, no, it's not happening. Tell the Get Fresh crew, whoop, whoop, that I'd never do it, yeah. and I was like, you know what? He's giving you guys a shout-out, too, the people in the Get Fresh crew. And uh, he just said no, and he was confused, and he said, what's going on? So there I am. I have this guy, but I'm not running home to get the extra clickbait story. I basically just told the Get Fresh crew and went on comicbook.com's Twitter and said – I didn't even go on. I knew at that point that it was not the case. I just said, you guys are jumping to conclusions. I don't think that's the case. Yeah, I didn't want to throw too much shit at them or or start name dropping. But then somebody had uh, tweeted Scott, and then he he responded, no, 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 I'd never do that. Uh, It's not true, whatever. And yeah, if he ends up 
by the end of August where he proves us wrong and does that, then I'll be completely pissed. I will. Yes, well, I'm not just going to fucking blow it off. I'll be pissed, but I think that he's telling the truth, that they wouldn't do that. That changes basically the thing that everybody loves about the character. Why would they do that? There's no reason to do that, and I think this They tried that thing, shit in the DCYOU. It didn't work. Yeah, I think that this metal thing is being too overblown because you're not sitting and thinking about what it really means, what you really have, because this universe is something that's been going on for all this time, and Duke really is the first person that we see that was flagged, and as far as we know, him and his mom yeah, yeah. you know, has this thing, but it's not like all of a sudden, yes, there seem to be other people. We'll see what happens. I'm just going to you know, stay but back to the whole thing is why I wanted to talk about it again is that when you go online and, and Brett said, and he has a really good point, he says like, well, who do I go to as a credible source? And unfortunately, I'll tell you, and it's not unfortunate, you know who your credible source should be? Yourself. You. Read the books and, and be knowledgeable in what you're doing. If you want to know what's happening in Suicide Squad, then read Suicide Squad. If you hear a story that says, oh, Suicide Squad, in there, it says, I'll tell you, you had Bleeding Cool at that one point. We just saw the first uh, you know, appearance of Keenan Kong. You no. know what? I was reading the books and said right away, this is not it. And got in a fight with Jody from the site about this because what they do are they're reactionary from somebody getting a hold of them. You think that they're experts. They're just sitting there and get an email. Hey, guys, look at this. And like Eric said, for Ooh. the most part, everything that they report is from a cliffhanger. Don't don't go by a cliffhanger to report. Like Eric said, you want to see a story from last month? I'm going to write it now. I read All-Star Batman. It's official. Bruce Wayne dead. Yeah. Batman's dead. I, these things are nonsense. Just trust yourself and read the books. And again, I'm not saying, and this is not a setup ever to say, listen to me and Eric, because we do not deal in this sort of fucking news stuff. Not at we all. We give you the reviews. We talk about it. Yes, we may go in an issue and say, boy, it sounds like this or sounds like that. I will I, never we say, say hey, that I that's got my theory. Deal. You have your theory. We yes, talk it's about a the theory. Shit. I may be. This podcast, best script, Doctor Eric. Little <laughs> <laughs> Miss can't be wrong over there. That you know, in one on. hand and shit in the other means nothing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just trust yourself and get more. If, if you're that concerned about what happens in all these books, and I say this, maybe you can't afford it. Maybe yeah. maybe it's one of those things that you can't afford every book. But don't rely on a website like any of those to give you news of what's going to happen and, down the line. And if you're going line. to, look at the goddamn thing. Just look to see if there is a statement from the writer yeah. or anything like this. Any kind of well, friggin' you know, I mean. response. I, anything you, that would make it official. If you have a story that says, Scott Snyder announces... Batman's a metahuman. Uh, yeah, read it, That's, and you get a thing. That, but yeah. also, here's the thing. This is the other thing I want to say before we stop this goddamn nonsense and get into what we like to do, Eric, and that is go to bed. <laughs> this this world that we live in, Eric, this, oh, this world, world. It, it's your oyster. It is really it? is. You are living in a time I when like I oysters. was in the 80s, and I'm watching Tron, and I sit there and I go, you know what? This is the most boring movie I've ever seen. You know who I could get a hold of? Nobody. You know what? If you see a story drop on comicbook.com or just say you read Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad says Amanda Waller. It is right there. You have that panel. Get that metahuman Batman. You can go right on Twitter 
and tweet Rob Williams. You can tweet Scott Snyder. You oh, can the tweet world all these living. guys. That's what I'm saying. You don't go by any site because you will be able to do more research than they are willing to do easily. Uh, it Which took me a fucking sentence to send to a guy. And yeah, you can say there and say, oh, Jim, you know, you're a big falutin man with your brick <laughs> show. No one's and saying that. That's why Scott Snyder liked that. We do. No, because the story was not broken on the internet then, the the reverse part of it, was not broken because I said, you know, there's no story. Jim Werner confirms this. No. It was just somebody who tweeted Scott Snyder, just somebody out there who decided, you know what, I- I'm going to ask Scott Snyder and yeah. tweeted him. That's what the, the CBR the story then, the, the story that came out after that refuting the comicbook.com and Bleeding Cool thing was actually just a fan tweeting scott snyder and he responded and said eh, no that's not the case and then they went with that you could do that you guys can do that anybody listening can tweet You've anybody the they want just don't get in fights with brian hitch he will block you yes him and cohen bunn those guys have itchy blocking fingers uh cohen bunn so, never yeah, blocked but me even brian then, hitch never blocked us so things are no, still okay and even then you have this ability to not even that. You can go and if if you read something and and you have Mara say it doesn't just have to be big things. You can go on. No. You, you don't have to go to a site to find out what they found out or what they think. Have an opinion of your own and then go fucking find out. Go and ask the people. It's a wonderful world we live in, Eric. Sure a is wonderful world. But that's yeah, it. All ends with the whole deal of you know just check and and. Think of the thing. If you would go and you're, you know, forget comic books. I said to Brett, you know, think of sports things. Out of somewhere, you know, somebody reports, hey, uh, Carson Wentz dies in plane crash. You're going to look it up. You're going to say, holy shit. Uh, Oh, no. And they're there. And you go to his Twitter and he's there. He tweeted 10 minutes ago. You're like, okay, that's bullshit. Just look into it. Just go. And like you said, look for quotes, look for sources, uh, just treat these comic book sites like you would any sort of official news, and you'll realize that there are certain sites that don't go by that. They are basically the national inquirers of reporting. They just report stuff until it's refuted. They will say it's true, then it's refuted, and they will use fucking jargon to try to weasel their fucking way out of it. It's bullshit. And that's why also, like I said, I don't like to get involved in that stuff anyway. Uh, we just review comics. That's why That's why even no, in this, that's why during the news you never hear us talk about like the Justice League trailer or like I said, the fact that Superman has a mustache, Eric. That, that's not our thing. So, no. you know, unfortunately I can't tell you go to our site or listen to our podcast for the truth or the news because we really don't deal in that sort of thing. But I do gather news for this podcast, and I look for stuff that seems to be on the up and up. Legitimate, and yeah. And it's pretty easy to we see. We check ourselves before somebody else wrecks us. I don't want to check myself because I don't want to wreck myself, so I don't even do it. <laughs> That's the thing, Eric. You know, that the, you know, show up big or don't play the game, Eric. God damn Isn't that it. what they say? Oh. If you're going to win, you can't play to win, or you win. You got to pay to do it. Got to pay to play. Yes, got to pay to play. No, I, my throat is killing me now. I'm, this is where I agree. 
that Iceman 3113, he's right. This is all yep. fake fucking emotions, Eric. I, I really don't get that <laughs> excited, right? This is the best, though, because these, anybody who thinks that, I wish that we did have a YouTube channel that fully went out, and, and we would follow us with a camera, have a hidden camera on me, and see me get fucking riled up about the stupidest shit that happens during the day when I just start screaming. Then you, that's the funny thing, too. We have this podcast. I'm the ranting and raver. At, during work, you are screaming and yelling at oh stuff. God, You're yelling so about angry. this and that. Oh, you get so angry. It's just me on the podcast yelling, but you get just as angry at points. But we get angry about everything. I'll yell for three fucking hours about throwing a piece of paper that misses the goddamn fucking trash can. And I'm going to tell you it's the wind. <laughs> it's the fucking wind. The other day, right, wrong no turn is there, and he's blowing his goddamn vape, and it blew right in your face. People would love to have seen that. Or even better – the uh, boss's son started his nonsense, and you flipped out. That oh was the first time that I, I actually felt bad for him. Fuck you that you kid. flipped out and walked away, and then I had to fucking pick up the pieces. I thought the guy was going to fucking cry in my fucking lap. I was hoping. <sighs> Face down, Eric. Of course. Face down. But yeah, we're gonna. That's it. That's the news. <laughs> that is the news. Uh, we're gonna go off now uh, to the mail, which I'm sure will rile us up again. So this Bravo. is a, a roller coaster ride of one emotion: anger. Eric, that's what this podcast is. So the next person who and goes you start on upset, the Twitter, I just feel awkward. It, like, should yeah. I say anything? No. Oh. We're gonna go off. We'll be back with. I the don't want to mad at me. It's mail with Jim. Hallelujah, it's mail with Jim. Oh yeah, it's mail with Jim. Hallelujah, it's mail with Jim. Amen, it's mail with Jim. Hallelujah, it's mail with Jim. Amen. Let's hear what you have to say. We don't need no This is mail section number one. If you want to be part of the mail sections, because there is more than one, obviously. Eric, Multiple sections. Mail section number one. I wouldn't say that if it was only one, would I? I don't know. You're kind of crazy <laughs> like that. <laughs> oh, that's crazy talk. Wow. Whew, during that break, I made myself some coffee, and I'm lubed up and ready to go. Sexy, sexy. You can mail us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. We read every single email that we are sent unless I don't see it. Yeah. Or unless or it's accidentally it. deleted. Or if it's accidentally deleted. Is that accident? Is there air quotes going on there? It's accidentally. They don't have to know about that. Accidentally, Eric. Yeah. Luckily, me and you, while we record, we have a video podcast thing going on. We have our video thing going on, so I can see and react to oh, your God. expressions, Eric. Whew. This first email changes the game, Eric. It changes it up. It's no longer the DC Comics podcast of Weird Science. It's now the Ulysses Jones show, Eric. It's, oh, no. I don't need that. Eric just did give me <laughs> the fucking video. Get that off there. Smoking like a badass with a headband on. I Ew. The, the best is I you do this right now. You've been found because I actually have that recorded now. Oh, and now I am going to release that on with, yep, there he goes. He turned it off because <laughs> he had his goddamn glasses on. 
I, I feel special, Eric, that you would actually wear those glasses in my presence, not only because you think I will never make fun of you about them, but because you realize that I only see the goodness inside of you. The not the out, not the outside, Eric. Beauty there with is a fucking, skin deep. With a gallon of Hagen dust, you're beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> you're beautiful. <laughs> Everything you say. Oh yes, this is Ulysses Jones, and it's All time right. for the Ulysses Jones Show. Eric, howdy there, weird science to get fresh crew. Whoop, doop, whoop. Doop. I'm currently watching the 2001 Planet of the Apes, and I figured I'd email y'all about the comics I got whilst on vacation. Uh, don't watch the 2001 Planet of the Apes. That that Ever. is a suggestion. Maine was all around nice, but let me tell you, not all the comic book stores are made the same. Remember, he was going and he was going to stop on a bunch on the way and while yeah. in Maine. Uh, there were two stores that were essentially Barnes and Nobles and two really nice stores in Portland, real mom and pop joints. However, there was one right outside Bar Harbor that, well, was scary. Bar I don't Harbor. know about you, but I like my comic book stores fully lit and an owner that doesn't close down the shop as soon as people walk in. That is not a good business practice. No, sounds like you're about to get fucking taken in the back room and raped. That is true. And that is – besides that, there's no reason to go there. No. Anyway, here's my $25 pull list. Oh, dear God. I spent way more than 25 <laughs> This is what he got. Punisher Max Volume 4. This finished off that series and it was very fulfilling end. But this ain't a Marvel podcast, so fuck it. Don't tell Brandon then. Oh, no. I got the video again. What? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> it just it pops up right in the middle of my goddamn notes, you son of a bitch. And how can I – I moved it to the side. How can I read these notes when I have such a lovely face looking at me? Oh, you got to see this. Animal <laughs> Man Volume 3 and 4. I'm going to – I'm Xing out of that. Animal Man Volume 3 and 4. The review you guys did for Volume 1 turned me onto the series, which I probably wouldn't nice. have read otherwise. Quite a good series, although Volume 4 kind of drags a bit, and it does. And I believe if that would be the case, I'm guessing that is the end. That's the last bit. He goes this in space, Eric. And while it kind of seemed fun – it really wasn't. It did end on a bit of a downer. Batman Dark Knight, Volume 3 and 4, Eric. I don't think I've ever heard you mention this series ever, but it's a quaint collection of stories that have no real collection of anything important, just updated origins for the new 52. Yeah, it's, Eric, one of those stories, it's one of those series when it came out, you, know, you had all these Batman titles. And the Dark Knight one, it just seemed like it was nonsense to me. Like, it was, like you said, it wasn't it important was. to the rest of anything nope. else. I'm like, I don't need to be spending we'll my be money on this. We'll be getting to that. And uh, oh, yeah. also... Uh, Eric, tell tell Ulysses what I say that Batman is in that series. Oh, jeez. I can't even remember what you fucking call it. He's it's retarded. A, it's what yeah, he is. Right, the guy, he's, he's bad no, at he's his job. Retarded. He's a goddamn pterodactyl. You know, he is a goddamn pterodactyl in that. And that's what is said. Uh, but I told you, that is a series where if you want to read a Batman who is awful at his job, Read that Dark Knight series. And this is – I'll tell you, Ulysses, now you open a floodgate here uh, because we'll talk a little about it. Uh, Eric Shea thought that that was going to be the series for him. He really thought that he wanted a series that not – not just – you say that it's not important, but you love – it almost became – what you wanted it to become was an anthology of villains. Like all yeah. of a sudden you'll get these side villains and stuff like that. And next thing you know, it's it's dealing with Clayface too long. You got the Mad Hatter there forever. But the thing is, the Mad Hatter, it's like because it was in that goddamn book, it seemed like nobody else could use the Mad Hatter. Because even yeah. when we got him in Detective Comics, what freaking uh, Bucciolato and uh, Matapool took over, they, he yeah. was a side character to the fucking yeah. anarchy yeah, story. Yeah, I'm like, was. I want some Mad Hatter in my life. 
But yeah, we'll we'll be getting that in the new 52 deal so that you'll hear me yell and scream because I ended up – that was one of my first big books to review when we first oh, yeah. the site. Uh, I went and read all of those. But Green Lantern Volume 2, no opinion. Can't read it till War of Green Lanterns and Volume 1 come in the mail. And he's taken our advice. War of the Green Lanterns is pretty much, I would say, essential to really get the most out of that Volume 1 of Green Lantern. So you are a smart man, Ulysses. Batman Arkham, Mr. Freeze. As a Mr. Freeze fan, it immediately caught my eye, and I've never seen the book before. It's a part of series chronicling Batman's villains from the inception of the New 52. Fuck you, Zach, uh, fuck you Scott Snyder. Fuck you. You know what I'm talking about. And yes, he actually wrote Zack Snyder. I hate to say because it, it threw me off, and I told him I would not say Zack Snyder, and I did. He meant Scott Snyder. And yes. we know what he's talking about. He changed the origin, and it was nonsense. Can you believe that not a single store had the Batman-Elmer Fudd crossover? Fucking ridiculous. It seemed like people fucking wanted that though, so they sold out. That was the one. Me and Reggie did a Patreon only spotlight on that, and that was that was damn good. It really was. Uh, Jim, you asked about where I was going to college. It's a nice little Catholic school, Newman. It's called. Give me that Newman. I'm not religious, so it's going to be interesting. I'm not worried about STDs like you probably were. I don't possess the features that get the chance to catch an STD. What you don't have alcohol. Yeah, 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 really. You don't have alcohol in an apartment or a, a dorm? A fucking a pulse? You don't even need I'm a telling bed. you. Let me tell you, Ulysses, it's the fucking Wild West when you first go to college. You, you don't you don't have to be fucking Eric Shea. Yeah, just go out there and use your uh, award-winning personality, and you'll net yourself a lady or whatever you want to net. Uh, or just a, a companion for the goddamn afternoon. Yeah, who knows? I'm a guy who likes to have a uh, a girlfriend. I'm not a one-night stand kind of guy, Eric. I, oh, neither I am I, but like drunk Eric, that. he's all about that shit. Drunk Eric is. Drunk Jim. So you Jim, get yourself a bottle of something and a freaking free bathroom stall? It's funny. Down. People with that. Drunk Jim uh, is not even concerned with that sort of thing. Drunk Jim wants to have everybody at the party happy and, and well-informed. And what's the drunk Jim does not shut the fuck up. Drunk Jim goes on forever, and Drunk Jim can't wipe the smile off his face where Sober Jim has never met a smile he liked, Eric. Never. (laughs) Eric, how was that farmer's market that had the horror store? I may have been there before and bought a Hannibal Lecter mask. Is the market inside and really big? No, no, it's, so. it's, it's very small, and it was very, like, the thing is, I was there like five years ago or something okay. like that, because it was before we had the site, and we, uh, I've only been to this place twice, it's called Zern's, and like yes. the first time I went there, all impressed, this was five years ago, so I'm like having this remembrance about how great it was, and I went back this yeah. time, you could barely walk down, like cause there was so much stuff in this little goddamn space, you could barely walk around without bumping into something, and it was a pain in the ass, and like, it was less horror, like, actually, no. It was horror, but there was an equal amount of just gross shit because there was like a like a bat freaking taxidermy thing with wings spread on the wall, like really? on a little, and it was selling on this weird bones and shit like that, like animal bones. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I don't need to be in here because I like horror, no. but this is just creepy as shit. Yeah, that's real life horror. Yeah, I don't need that. <laughs> I don't need that. I don't need. You can come to my basement. And we may be able to dig up some fucking bones. I don't know. Anyway, Tim Roth is doing something fucking weird in this movie. And I've written a lot, so I'll leave it here. Thanks for the amazing podcast. It really scratches that comics itch. It's right between the balls and the pecker. Ah, hmm. there you go. You're getting it. You listen. Isn't that the chode? That might be. P.S. Was wasn't that one of your uh, horror movies? The chode. Yes, I want to make make a Mr. Freeze Club similar to Poison Ivy Lady called Hard Nips and Male Shrinkage. Go for it. 
There, there well, might be God other. Done, done. Do it there up, might be other such clubs out there. I said, uh, I want to start a club that's based on people who like to write dark poetry, but also like the mummy called Emotep. Get it? Emotep. That I was can't my... believe you remembered that. <laughs> I was yelling about that earlier this week. Emo tap, Eric. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, it, it's like, you know, you, you get a character you like, possibly a clay facer. Then, then you yeah. mm. The next email is from Brett. And Brett says, what's up, Jim, Eric, Reggie, and the rest of the Get Fresh crew? Doop, I doop. only have one thing to say. Exactly, Eric. What's up, Batman Brett? has a variety of names, right? The Dark Knight. The Cape the Crusader, Crusader gotcha. Bruce The world's Wayne, greatest detective. World's greatest detective. Sexiest man alive. So does Superman. Man of Steel. Last man son of, of Krypton. Man of Tomorrow. These are all added from you. Even yep. the Flash? The Scarlet Speedster? The fastest man what the alive? What going on right now? The Green Arrow is even known as the Emerald Archer? The signal is not the name Duke will go by. What the fuck? How did you lead into that? It references him and his ability. It's the name that will be on the comic, but it won't be what he's called, Eric. Okay. What, are you reading comicbook.com again, bro? Batman, come on, signal. I need your help. Superman Hobo 1. Thank you so much, Mr. The Signal, for helping me. First off, if Superman ever has any opportunity to address Duke, uh, you know, color me impressed, Eric, because I don't think they're ever going to cross paths. I I really (laughs) don't. Uh, His name is Duke or Lark. Now, I want to mention... I don't know why you want uh, that Lark so bad. Now, I want to mention, because he's really going with that Lark, and I know, Brett, that you, you think that you are the world's greatest detective... This is not an unknown thing. This was brought up many, many a time in the past year, if not two years. And, uh, yeah, it's just you have to just go with what it is. But he says his name is Duke. And, yeah, I think for the most part, unfortunately, even though Batman does not like to go by, you know, only goes by code names or whatever, I, I think that for the most part he will call him Duke. But you have you to think, realize, You think he's going to luck out like fucking Ray Terrell in JLA where he's the Ray and his first name yeah. is Ray? He's like, I'm Duke Thomas, but call me the Duke. The Duke. The Duke of Oil, he calls himself. The Duke of Earl. Yeah. Uh, I think that, first off, you're going so much into this, and don't worry, because only a hack like a Jim Werner would write dialogue that would be uh, something like this, because he's now written dialogue. Come on, The Signal, I need your help. Thank you very much, Mr. Signal. Now, if I was writing a comic, yes, I would have... Signal, come to me, Signal. What are you doing, the Signal? Hey, Signal! Most of the time, you don't have a name repeated anyway, so don't worry about it. But at the end of the day, if somebody, and there we go, end of the day. (laughs) I should have the ding. There it is. There's my ding. At the end of the day, he's known as the Signal, just as Batman's known as Batman. If somebody says, hey, you get in that book with the Signal, you know, unfortunately for you, Brett, people will will know what they're talking about. Now you say this, and (laughs) I would guess that in a year, when I listen back to this, I will be right in saying the Batman the Signal book is not going to last very long. This is one of those side books that's going to fucking fall to the wayside, and whatever. You you don't have to worry about it. It's like We Are Robin, where I actually really like the book. Do you like the name Bluebird? Do you like the name Bluebird? 
No, it's okay, I'm not right? A fan of the name Bluebird, but you but... don't ever call her Bluebird. You call her Harper Row when we're talking. Well, she's barely ever in the fucking Bluebird suit anyway. Yeah, so there you go. That's what I'm talking about, Eric. Now you agree with me? And again, you could throw shade at Bluebird. That was re- that name came about from a little girl that suggested it to Scott Snyder. So don't you throw shade? You hate little girls. It's terrible. This is what. It, this is it. Do you want Eric Shea to be your comic reviewer? He hates little girls. I do. And I'm little starting. Boys. I, I do want to make. General. I want to make some hate commercials against you. That would be great. Some smear. Do campaigns? you want your 35 year old man playing with he men? Yes. No. Maybe oh. a nickname, but not an official name. It's on the book. He says it ain't gonna happen. It isn't because it has happened. It's on the book. The book is called Batman the Signal. Just because the comic may be called The Signal doesn't mean that it's his name. Batman comics have been called The Dark Knight or Superman comics have been called Man of Steel. It's just the name of the comic. But yet you've just said that Superman is also known as Man of Steel or that they're all their names. I, I don't know why you're hung up on this. If I call you, him you don't Thomas. Have, you don't have the book. You know, it's like Superman, Alien Powers. Yeah, no, and and here's the thing, too. If you said to me, huh, that Man of Steel book, who's in that? Oh, Superman, because that's his name. It doesn't matter. I don't sit there, and because I'm reading Man of Steel, I can't say Superman or in the book. It's going to go back and forth. It doesn't matter. There's things in this life that matter. Calling Duke the signal is not on the top of the list. It really isn't. We have more problems like the scalding hot coffee, Eric, that I can't really drink because I have to fucking go on and on. Look, I got more problems, too, because you're not paying attention to me making funny faces in my video here. Yeah, because I X'd it out. I'm not looking at that Nonsense. anymore. Until I see a character not jokingly refer to Duke as the signal, I'm not buying it. Okay. Have Snyder Wait till comicbook.com Here's the best. It, He'll be all he says, over have have Snyder call in and confirm on your rant and rave line as proof. He had a press conference that called Duke the signal. That way it's not an interview. Go on, ask him. He won't do it because he doesn't want to spoil the story and because it's not his name. He was there. He was at the thing and said, this is Duke Thomas, who's the signal. The thing is called Batman the signal. He is the Batman of the day. There you go. What comes before Batman? And he says it's a dumb name. Now you you went through all of this goddamn nonsense to get to your point, which is true. It is a stupid name. We said that. We made it as a joke. joke. We laughed about it for a year that it would be the stupidest name. Every time Eric had those fucking, that, that signal leave his lips, I told him it was a stupid name. It is a stupid name. But you know what? So is Red Tornado. So is everything. What what superhero has a not dumb that you think that Robin is a is a cool name? Robin. Have him on, and I'll tell him myself. Sincerely, Killer B. I'm gonna go. I'm going with a yellow jacket. That's what yeah. I'm going with. I'm not. I don't see anybody call him Signal. There you go, Eric. The Signal. Thanks, Mad man. Marty's next. Mad Marty says, good up, day, Marty? Jim, Eric, Reggie, and the Get Fresh crew. Boop, boop, on the Slack chat a few weeks ago, I said I was going to cut a number of titles from my pull list. This mm-hmm. turned out to be a great decision, as last week I was able to enjoy three out of four titles I picked up, which were Astonishing X-Men number one. I should have the ding here, because I read that, Eric. I thought it was okay. I thought oh. it was good enough. Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye number 10. I can't, I can't ding, because I did not read that. Penny Dreadful number 2.4. 
I'm telling you, anything with a point in it. <laughs> the Wild Storm number six, and I hear that was awesome. As you can probably guess, I only found Cape Carson to be a disappointing read from the week. I could not guess. Cutting down on the number of books I'm personally collecting also allows me to take my time and reading each book rather than brushing through a heap of books so I can listen to the podcast. With this experiment so far proving to be a success for my enjoyment of comic books, I have to say thank you to everyone who contributes to Weird Science, especially Jim and Eric, who have to read such shitty books for yeah. us all. And yeah, that's why a lot of people do think, and, and again, maybe... I think I'm looking yell. at his fucking pool list right here, I was like, he doesn't have one DC comic on there. No, no, yeah, he can, he'll kind of, you know, Cave Carson is one of the ones in that young animal that does have yeah. some crossover, though it seems to be a different universe, they haven't spelled it out, but that Superman's been in it and stuff, but uh, yeah, see now, you, you know, Mad Marty, this is where you're going to get the idea of where when we get yelled at, oh, you guys are so negative, these books, or whatever, uh, we could really change it up ourselves and do the oh, yeah. only the books we like you know hey we're gonna pick one dc one marvel and one other Woo-wee! we're and only gonna pick hot. three books that are like actually no not even three we're gonna pick books that we gave over an eight out of ten yeah here it is uh, this is the new podcast over hey this is jim and eric and we're here for the weird science dc comics podcast where we pick only the books we like oh, and see hit. you in seven. Oh, here we go you go, Eric. Podcast podcast. Oh, we play so all the hits. See you in we 70s. play all the hits. <laughs> we play all the hits from the 70s, 80s, and more. After espousing the virtues of cutting down my pull list, I've realized that I'm still getting seven books this week. <laughs> Which are Doom Patrol number seven about freaking time. Commandi Challenge number seven. Oh, how will Commandi escape from falling to his doom yet again? Yet again. And guess what? He's going to have to figure it out again. Time for Mad Script Dr. Marty for number six. That communist bear should have put that psychic democracy slave helmet on Commandi's head. The Cortex Crown? At the Cortex Crown. And the last boy could have been in control of the city sized bear mecca. Uh, you know what? You are almost right. You're very close. I'm sure Marty by now has read it. Uh, but yeah, you're, you're very close. And I, I would like to hear Marty. Marty has to tell me in the Slack chat if he did like the issue because I actually did like this issue. Mother I Panic number nine. I like, yeah, you, you just don't like the concept anyway. I don't think nope. that don't there like is no Marty. way that that book could ever in your mind be above a seven. It, it will never get past that. It's just nonsense to you. And I, I understand why. And it hasn't been good. So, Mother Panic number nine. I like this title from the start, but it certainly is the dark horse that has proven to be consistently decent. Best young animal book after Shade the Changing Girl. Suicide Squad number 22. I think they need to start throwing zealous villains into this title so they can be sacrificed upon the bloody altar that the Suicide Squad is supposed to be. I agree. I want yeah. a new team. Change I want some mix up. Wonder Woman number 27. Looking forward to reading this one. I would like to see more flashbacks to young Diana. You do Me get too. that, though. Uh, this issue is a little wonky. X Men. X-Men Blue, number eight, the Secret Empire tie-in continues. I think Marvel just loves to crush this group of X-Men with endless tie-in crossover titles. Thank you, Marvel. John Carpenter's Tales of Science Fiction, vault number one. Wow. Sounds, that sounds like something you would like here. This Maybe. seemed pretty cool, so I decided to pick it up. I'll have to look into that. Well, that's it from me this week. Sorry for the long email. Don't be sorry at all. Cheers, mates. Nope. And that is Mad Marty. Eric, that's the end Thank of you, the mail. Uh, we can now go to the books. 
where we can get to where Atharshe will step up and school us all. And that's all I want, Eric. The authority. Don't you make promises I can't deliver? He, uh, well, you're going to deliver on this one. I promise okay. them. I promise them that Eric Shea will give you at least one bit of info in this podcast that will blow your mind. There you go, Eric. Now, you, now you're going to have to live up to that. I, I, we recorded I, most of the uh, show already. Uh, I don't know what I said. <laughs> and, and that's the thing. I'm, I'm thinking as I said that. What did he say? Then I don't know. Yeah. You, you better. We have we tonight. Just a little behind the curtain here. We have three books left. You better step up to the plate there, buddy, because I don't think you said shit. The other books. So you, you the, the fucking <laughs> pressure is on. You better get going. But we'll be back with the books in just a second. Now we have waited for far long enough for the part of the podcast we love. The meat and the cheese that we crave. Oh, Jim, we just want to hear your voice some more. And we want to hear all of your scores. We don't want to hear any change. Let's hear Jim's reviews. We can't wait to hear Jim's reviews. Eric, it's time to talk about the books, the meat and cheese of the podcast. We got, I think we have 12 tonight. Is that how many books? We I don't have? know. We keep thinking about this. And we say 11 or 12. Mind? I'm saying 12. I think, I think it's about 12 books. We're also going to have Jeremy is going to have his crossover corner. Josh is going to have his Vermilion's Visions. We're going to have B, uh, Beamier, Brandon and Trevitt in with the Marvel Men. And of course, Reggie and Chris talking about Mother Panic and Doom Patrol. So there's a lot more in store for you people ahead bunch of good stuff me and you are going to talk about some dc comics and if you want to go and see our written reviews of those comics go to our weird science dccomics.com or weird science comics blogs.blogspot.com do not listen to christine do not go to that place don't go there Go to our site, like I said, weirdsciencedccomics.com, and you're going to see a lot of things. And also, you may hear this, Eric. Get Fresh Crew. I don't know why whoop, you hear that. Whoop. <laughs> you're, you're not going to hear that? Could you possibly hear this? Have fun. Would you hear that? I do whenever I go on the site. Would She's always yelling would over you, me. Would you hear this? It's funny. I was just watching right before we got on an episode of Sliders. Would you, would you possibly hear that? Would you hear this? Right here on Weird Science. I'm could telling you, you if you heard all of their shit when you just go to a website, nobody would ever go to that website again. Okay, now I do want to say, yes, that is true. It, it just, all of a sudden, it just hits you over the head with this. Uh, could you hear this? Bonjour, Jim. Bonjour, Eric. Would you hear that? No, you would bonjour, not hear Pasquale say, bonjour, right. Jim. Bonjour, yeah, here's Eric. Here's the thing. A lot of people di- don't know the famous Jess uh, sound bites. That is inappropriate, and I'm angry about that. 
like they don't realize what that is all about. I just want to say, if you have joined in during Rebirth or later, uh, and you don't know who that is, that is Jess, Eric's lovely girlfriend, not fiance, not on that finger, uh, girlfriend, who at the one point in episode number 50, Eric, uh, you were talking about her dildo collection and talking about how you went into the bathroom and, you know, kind of reached underneath the that. sink. I was, I was looking for a goddamn Q-tip, reached underneath the sink and grabbed a hold of something that I did not recognize, but soon yes. I would know all about it. Yes, and she did not like that you were talking about her and her devices. And I just want to, we have a bit more of that clip, the unedited clip, Eric, of it here. I'm just going to play it this time so people realize when we hit that, that is Jess, and here it is. I'm not a crazy bitch, Eric. I'm not going to come in here and tell you what you can and can't talk about, but that is inappropriate, and I'm angry about that. You hear me, Jim? Edit that out. Have fun. I hear that. It makes me laugh now. Boy, it threw like me Brandon, off. Like Brandon, it gets me scared. It threw me off. And it was so good because I, I could isolate that and get all of me out of there and you and stuff <laughs> like that. That's the best because it was on its own track. And I, I said, the minute that that happened, that was episode 50, I'd like to thank Jess because I do think that gave us a little bit of special. a bump. It was a little bit of a bump. And I said immediately, we got done, and we went to, like, the next break, and I said, Eric, a star is born. (laughs) But, yeah, if you really want to hear the how uncomfortable it was, go to episode 50. It makes me laugh. And it came up uh, recently a lot, the the call – or not the call, Jess walking in and yelling. I have to say, she had some balls on her for doing that. Uh, My favorite thing was Eric Shea's reaction. A lot of people mentioned my reaction. Your reaction was something along the lines of, you hear this shit? (laughs) made me laugh so much but Eric, i was just, trying to play it off so cool but uh, i was so scared oh yeah i was because i, I knew I was this thing out. <laughs> oh, it was across town eric and i was having my own problems as well but it does now we, we passed those days and it makes me smile it really does make me laugh at that whole thing but we are here for the books eric and we're going to start with what we usually start with on this week, and it is Detective Comics number 961, written by James Tyner the Fourth, art by Alvaro Martinez, Raul Fernandez, Brad Anderson, and Eric Sal Cipriano. Sal Cipriano! I'm sitting there at home, and I'm getting ready for the stuff Tuesday, uh, doing my reviews, and I'm writing up the teams, and I'm doing my previews and stuff like that. I'm like, art by Alvaro Martinez. I'm not saying this. This is just me typing. Yeah. Hey, Sal Cipriano, where's your sexy brother? And there's Rafe looking at me like, what the fuck has gone wrong with my father? What is going on in, in this life of mine? And, uh, and I just start yelling at him. He's like, what are you talking about, Dad? I hear you say that all the time. Wait, I'm like, hey, what do you mean? You don't know what the sexy brother. And then he's just like, you're fucking nonsense. He walked away. They were watching some I TV can't show, wait till I, I move out, Father. I interrupted them. So they're just like, this This is ridiculous. Shook their head and walked away. Though I'll have to say, fucking at one child. Point, Grow up, Dad. At one point this week, earlier today, uh, Tanya was yelling a bit about the podcast, and I didn't even have to open my mouth. Rafe starts yelling at her about it, and freaking Ethan was joining in because now that this was my plan all along, you get them involved in that Patreon spot. Uh, the Patreon, uh, Jim has issues with his kid yeah. podcast. Now they consider themselves podcasters, and so now they're de- going to defend the process, Eric. You got to trust the process, especially mm. with Sal Cipriano and his sexy brother. Why is his sexy brother not a come around? A, a Where, where's anymore? the Simon Cipriano? 
Well, Simon Cipriano, you're too good for me, are you? You, you go to the other neighborhood. You don't come back to the old school, eh? You don't visit Mama. Ah, uh, <laughs> Mama misses you. She's, uh, she's uh, getting old. She's not going to be young forever. She's going to die soon. Ah, uh, yes, Sal Cipriano. You'll never get the secret sp- <laughs> pasta uh, sauce recipe. Your your life's gonna be full of regrets, your sexy brother. Yes, you get the ladies, but do you get the respect? But where do you get the love? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, South Cipriano. I, I wish that he knew the joy that he gives us. We again, we're at work yelling and screaming at each other. We're yelling across the warehouse about the sexy brother, and I, we did that the other day. And the boss's son's like. What are you guys talking about? Who's this guy? I'm like, nobody. You don't have to listen. No. And then he, because he sits there and, and he sits and he's like, he's a, a fucking like a creeper. He's yeah. there. And so he knows like about Reggie. He knows, but he always knows just enough to get us pissed because he gets shit wrong. And yeah, he doesn't he know about care. Simon Cipriano there. Who, who does? The guy's the sexy so brother. Sexy. Hey, he comes in the night and goes the next day and leaves a quarter on your pillow. The sexy brother. But he's so sexy you don't care. Why would you? Well, I'm still all in with the intelligence arc. This issue was a slight downer for me. I like what we get uh, got, and seeing Cassandra kick ass was awesome, but the story kind of stalls here, and the last two issues weren't exactly plowing ahead at a breakneck pace, Eric. No. I'm waiting, and I'm waiting until <laughs> next issue to get officially worried. But Tynan has had a problem with extending his arcs an issue or two too long before, so I do have my fingers crossed. And I, I'm with everybody else who has commented. Dancing Mike said earlier in his rant and rave, I really do like this arc. I really, good really arc. do. Uh, this issue uh, did not have a lot going on and it actually kind of bored me, especially the Zatanna parts. And I realized how much I liked the Zatanna and, and Bruce parts when this was a little off because it just pretty much was a repeat. You get what she oh, did it's exactly in what the, the present, whole, but in the, the whole past goddamn now. thing where when we go to the past, we are just seeing the extended scene of when they pulled the orb out. You want to see what the orb does, yeah. not them getting caught with the orb and, and, and having Bruce's t- mind wiped because we and already heard that happen. nothing's going on. Like what happened in this issue basically is to show you that Bruce got his memories erased by Satara. We, we know that. Yeah. We already know this. Uh, I don't need to see what I already know. And then the whole deal with Zatanna saying, hey, you know what? This magic, it can do things like make us go upside down on the ceiling. Well, we kind of did that in the, the present day. I could turn and the it was snowflakes better. into flowers. Yeah, that, that was better to me. So you have that. And really, it just threw me off. And, and really, there's not much else to say about it except that she was showing him the orb. She was saying, and she spells it out even in a, a way that it was like, huh. She says, what if there was an artifact that let you rewrite yourself with a version who knew the answer to that question? It seems like such an odd way around saying just like you'll know the answers. To I know. The whole thing I mean? is like you're almost saying like this will freaking change reality because you'll know. The, no, no. I'll just know yeah, the answer yeah. to the things. You and, know, and I won't become the that, person. I'll yeah, just... Even that, it made it also even seem stuff like his uh, the uh, engine that he made later. And maybe they're pointing at that where he brought himself back and it did kind of rewrite. The, I don't know. Maybe that's what he used it for. I don't know, but we'll see what goes on or whatever. But it really, everything is kind of convoluted there. And it does get to the end where, okay, it's kind of cool. Zatara does come in, sees that his daughter is freaking being a, a pretty much an idiot and showing Not him this is the one thing. Not giving blowjobs, showing the goddamn no, no. Well, this artifact is the one that he's thing. supposed yeah. to be hiding. 
Yeah, they're supposed to be hiding this from everyone, and she just shows it to Bruce. And she says later on, yeah, I, I was doing that to kind of get me involved in your life, yeah. and I want it to be a bigger deal. And the big thing is, as Zatara tries to figure out what's going on, he has somebody with him who's coming in to do something, possibly go and look at the orb himself. You know, uh, magic stuff. I doubt yeah, and it's Raish al Ghul. And that, that is a big thing. Also kind of tying in a little wink-wink of what Raish does later, because he does the it, same thing actually, of such a weird mind. callback, though, because the whole thing is, you know, Bruce nudges against him as he's leaving, as Raish is walking in. I'm like, does he, like, sense that his mind has been wiped? So he's like, just, this whole thing is we know that. I don't even think he thinks anything no, of it. I think that and it's just such a weird callout, though, to have. Again, I said it before. It is, it's the Emperor seeing Anakin. It's just something like, ooh, they're going to cross paths again. In the meantime, there is a shout-out. I'll shout be keeping out. an eye on you. Yeah, there's a shout-out, because as these two go in, uh... Uh, Satara says, if you do not join us, or no, it's actually the Raish, and he says, uh, hey, he mentions the uh, Abay man, or how do you say it? The Abaya man uh, is thrown out, and he says, the Abay man is a far darker force than you can comprehend. They're talking yeah. about some plan they're going to do. That ends up being somebody later that actually uh, kidnaps Tim Drake's parents in a story later later in the continuity from here right. and stuff like that. It's just a, it's a wink-wink shout-out. It doesn't really mean anything, but yeah, no. the big thing is to see uh, Raish al Ghul, but then you and go to It's such to a weird thing, now. too, because what we're dealing with with Tim and the freaking the idea of getting the orb, like like, is it that Batman needs the orb to find him? Is it that he's using the orb to somehow freaking, you know, make sure that nobody dies again like Tim? But just having the call out there to Tim's family, you know, you have to have this connection that yeah. doesn't really need to be there, though. Yeah, it's and just, like, like I said, it's just things I think, thrown out there for no real reason. It seems I like basically think that all this is going to be is he wants to know if Tim Drake's alive. That's yeah. all I think it is. I think that's all it's getting at. Now, you also get the thing where I do think it's a subtle hint of what's going to come because they really make sure you see that, number one, Zatanna does not touch the orb itself. She has yeah. a, a blanket. A oh, kind that's of been a, stressed a thing. ever since we first and, saw but it. Then, you can't but touch then it with the your whole hands. thing, though, they, they didn't really say it as much as this issue because Zatara then says full out, you didn't touch it, did you? And the, no, 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 Dad. I mean, it is really stressed. So something's going to happen where, you know, you're going to have somebody else, maybe an Escalon, touch it, Eric, and then he learns the truth of everything and then fucking realizes that he's crazy. Could or just Asriel in general. You mean the Escalon that's inside of Asriel's head or the robot? No, the robot. And okay, because I'm way. talking about Asriel takes the freaking th uh, drive that programming of Escalon out of his brain by showing him the real face of God, which is not St. Dumas. Yeah, but the, the, again, that programming that's in him is also the programming that's in the AI robot that also is in the Batwing thing. Yeah, I, I don't understand anyone, how that fucking works. I think if still. anyone is affected, it affects them all. Uh, but yeah, I think that this is where Escalon actually does see the truth of what is and what isn't. I think that that Can is kind of Can a robot access the truth through a magical well, item there like you that? Oh, but I, I just want to say, Eric, I didn't run off and write a story. It's official. <laughs> Escalon's going to find out. This is just what I think is going to happen because they really do give you that full outlet. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. You can't touch it. Oh, I see that she's not touching it. Now, it's also weird because you have this orb that you would think – that should be put away somewhere. And when they do get the call, Batman gets the call from Batwing that something's up, that they're, you know, Escalon or Azrael's attacking, and they have to go help. Uh, Zatanna takes it with her. She does not yeah, put it down. That's stupid, I think that's uh, Zatanna. All. Yeah, I really do. I think that is stupid. I don't stupid. think your father trained you as well as he might have thought he did. No, and she just spelled shit. it out. She just spelled out how important this is and how you can't do this. And we've really the been absent-minded magician. And she, she, yeah, really, she just. 
runs off with it. And I even thought that – and it, at that point, it looks like a bowling ball. But uh, I actually thought that it was going to be a snafu with the art that when we see her later – uh, she wouldn't have it, but no, yeah. indeed, she does. She actually does take it with her. Uh, but you have, there we go, and then we have what I like to say, Asriel of the of Mind, the mind. Eric. Yeah. Because, yeah, uh, you go in there, and it's Asriel. He's talking to, basically, the Escalon programming. Which is a, looks mind. like, is that, is that supposed to be a young version of himself when he was a yeah, child, Yeah, I think right? it's a little yeah, yeah. kid of him. So and it, they it's make so it, weird just having that whole, like, the vision of him with the Escalon programming being just him as a child when he was first programmed. Like, yeah, that's I, creepy I, I as actually hell. like it because he Oh, no, I'm, I'm not saying like, I don't like it. I'm yeah. saying it's creepy as fuck. He's like, who are you? Who? And he's like, I'm the rest of you. John Paul, I was the system they put inside you when you were small so that you would always know what is right and what is wrong and basically the right and wrong of what St. Dumas says. But I like the fact that it shows – I think they're trying to give you the deal, the subtle deal of this is when – that age of what he looks exactly like then is when they started injecting all this nonsense into him. And so I, I don't know if it's just me, but children – I don't like children from the for – the, you know, right away. I just want you to know I, I don't like children. Them. But when I see them – they You're not the a child out. lover, you say? No, I'm not a child oh. lover, Jim. I, I but when I see them and they're missing teeth, it creeps me the fuck out. Doesn't? I, yeah, I and we see think little Escalon here, and I'm like, God yeah, damn, would you fucking have a full set of teeth? I actually think that you see that, and you're really supposed to be like, oh, man, you know what? It's the it's Michael Jackson. He never got a childhood because this is when shit started happening. I don't think they do it that well to stress no. that. But I get the idea when he says, like, I'm you. I'm the young one that, you know, when you started your deal. And so yeah, I, I kind of got that like idea, that. though, too, when we had the freaking uh, Batman and Robin Eternal. We started finding out about Azrael's backstory with Mother because, you know, she takes freaking children right away. And yeah, St. Dumas had does. her freaking But get again, it, so. you're saying that. Not many people know what you're talking about right now. There That's you go, true. Eric. You drop knowledge. You Boosh. just drop science on us like nobody has. I can, like I can mail it in the rest of the episode. Holy shit. I might as well call you fucking Neil whatever. Degrassi Neil deGrasse Tyson. Tyson? That is that's like, well, that's like, Neil Patrick are. Harris. What are we getting at here? You are Neil Patrick Harris with that Neil fucking Pert? knowledge. You dropping science like Neil Pert. <laughs> Pub and Neil, Eric. Uh, but I like it, and basically, this is where I said in my review on the site that Escalon programming in there, it's the good son, Eric. He yeah. can act all nice and fun, uh, but when it comes but down to Ma- it, basically— As soon as McCulley kills that pit bull, I'm out. Yeah, basically here, he's going to bring down everyone, and he's going to kill all of Azriel's friends using his body to show him using that they're not body. worthy. Do you like the way he moves him. his body? Yes, his body. Uh, but yeah, as this goes on— you go back to the present where you see Azrael. You see his body. He is attacking Luke and Kate, and they're getting the shit kicked out of him. And then the call went out, and Cassandra comes. And really, Batman and Zatanna are on their way. And I don't really need him that much because Cassandra shows up and kicks complete ass. And we have and waited for Cassandra is, to do anything. And the worst part is she doesn't kick enough ass for me in my mind yeah, because she, I, but, you know – like by the end of this fight, her mask is off. Her fucking face has been like damaged. In like you know, well, like her it's fucking. Asriel. He's fucking I, I going know. to town. Asriel in my mind, because we've already seen that freaking Cassandra could take out Batman. Asriel yeah, in my can. mind, even with the suit of stars, he's no fucking Batman. Yeah, so the that, fact that Cassandra. It's the problem, though. The problem you have is you're acting as if Cassandra is still the character who's going to kill somebody. She's not. So she's holding back. She's holding back this whole time. She's just trying to knock him out. To me, she's and not going to kill him. Asriel is trying to kill her. So and trying to kill Kate. He is going full out and going to kill her. Uh, kill like both what we of saw them. with her mother. 
Yeah, but Cassandra is just going to try to knock her out or knock him out. In the meantime, she also has to deal with Kate getting the shit kicked out of her the whole time. So you you have that. And but I love also, the fact too, they're like fucking Luke Fox. Yeah, he doesn't have his costumes or his suits or anything like that. He's not doing he just, shit. He's not doing nothing to no. like, help them out, please. I'm sure so you've had funny. some kind of fighting training. It really training. points out that if those Batwing costumes are not around, he's fucked. He's a big he nothing. He can't do anything. But he does go. Actually, he can do something, and they then Tynan has him do it he runs off to be the tech guy unfortunately yeah. the tech guy he brought a, a laptop to a knife fight eric it, it's not gonna work it's <laughs> to that a fucking fight. flaming knife fight <laughs> yeah that that those freaking and then the, also escalon has flown off with the batwing suits to pretty much purge gotham but first start at the belfry and get numas and unfortunately in the in the wake of that it looks like clayface is in trouble again uh this is an extended fight uh it really is i don't think it's that much padding because i like it you haven't I seen know, i just really thought that Cass would have been able to take him down quicker and in the long run it was a ton of the freaking you know did the spell to knock she him out him so he like Exactly. I'm just saying, I, I just figured from everything we've had building up Cassandra Kane like this, that she would have been able to do a little bit more than what she had here. So what you would want is two panels in, she knocks them out. There you go. Yeah, I'm and, like, oh, and man, the problem is, is what you're doing then is not only you're doing that and you have a fucking 10 pages to fill, you're also pretty much showing that Azriel is nothing. And, he's and a you know what? If, if that's what I see, that's what I initially believe anyway. So I'm okay with it because yeah, I, think I don't think that he's, I don't think that he's bullshit. I think God, that, I that and especially because the suit of sorrows. If you are reading Batman Beyond, the suit of sorrows might as well have been that fucking tech suit that ended up with Terry in. Because at this point, it's not even Azrael anymore. It's the Escalon programming, which we already you saw. Gotta, Escalon. Yeah, that's a good point. I never we thought about like Escalon that. completely demolish the entire team by himself so see i'm dropping some science too here eric but i do think that I don't know about uh, science but I, i'll go with it i do think that cass is also holding back a little where you see her her attacks seem to be stuff that is trying to knock him out yeah you know? and uh she ends up like she kicks him in the back of the head into one of the suits or whatever and then basically picks up the bat suit the Batwing uh, helmet and just bashes him over the head. Now, again, you, you want to say that he's not that tough. Th- he should be out right there, which I almost think that he is and that he comes to. He's got a concussion. You have Cass standing there. It's like a there goddamn says, slasher in a horror movie. Yeah, and then says, Dost thou forget your liberty? And then Kate's like, that was a full sentence. I wonder to say, what nonsense are you going with? And then she's like, learning shit. I don't want. I don't want you hanging out with Clayface anymore. Yeah, yeah, you got to get done with this. These catchphrases. Yeah, you got to work on it. I think that basically, <laughs> I would think Luke Fox would be the guy who would say, listen, okay, yeah, hanging out with Clayface, that's fine and dandy for your learned circles that you run in. But listen, we got to watch some Jean Claude Van Damme, some fucking yeah. '80s and '90s fucking action. Hey, movies kid, you ever so watch that- Commando? Yeah, that that's what you need for these catchphrases. You know what I mean? That you know, hit her, hit him over the head with that heads up, yeah, something like that. Or you're in with me, right? Heads Grabs up. a goddamn drill. Screw you. Screw you, Benny. Yeah, see, you're in. And then <laughs> Asriel's like, I'll never yield. Also, to the point where I do think that they're kind of pushing the fact that he should be out cold and he's still this suit and everything is still and the Escalon AI is making him still go. Oh yeah, we even go back to the Escalon AI where it's like I'm going to kill your friends, I'm going to make yep. you watch and shit like this, we're not through, I'm going to like it's all about seeing the face of God and you know like uh, Azrael trying to tell him, look what you were told programmed to be whatever you are childhood me over there 
Yeah. Look, I, I've been out in the world. I've seen things. Yes, it's a shitty place, but we have to make things better. It's not all about vengeance and wrath. They're like, yeah, you know yeah. what, motherfucker? I'm going to show you what it's all about. Yeah, and, and really, he even says, I have the truth. I have all this. And, and Asriel says, no, no, no. You have what they told you. You have what was told the truth. This is why, again, I think that whatever it may be, like you said, Asriel grabs it and it gets his Escalon inside of him. That probably is more of a, a thing. But I do think that the orb is going to be grabbed by – the Escalon's going to be involved somehow and with that thing, orb. And that's the thing, too. To if, say, like, let's say the Escalon robot is jacked into Jean-Paul's head again like, he re- like yeah. when he awoke the program in the beginning with and then like uh Azrael, he grabs the orb and asks you know what is the truth about saint yeah. dumas and then it goes into his brain relays the escalon robot everything's yeah. fucking solved right there bam yeah there you go and then you give the aliens a virus eric and it's done but yeah i think that it's going to end up where escalon sees the air of its ways and sees that saint dumas is not you know and on then the for the rest of Azrael's that... life he's trying to chase that sweet sweet high of that goddamn orb yeah he's gonna want that orb all the time but yeah in the in the meantime you have escalon he is over at the belfry he's gonna get uh numaz and uh Clayface, but also in the meantime, he sees that Gotham pretty much is a cesspool and says, and I don't know, he's like, this city, Gonna how can he allow this? How could this continue? I'm guessing that he doesn't mean Batman. I saw some people saying, I think he means Azrael, that Azrael was in the city while the city was crumbling around him. And I think he means the entire it. team, honestly. Yeah, it just says, how could he? allow this so oh then yeah I would I, guess, for some reason I, re- I thought it was they i'm not at the yeah i would guess that yeah, he's more centered i don't yeah. think that he has any concern for batman no. this is a you know how could somebody that's supposed to be the order of saint dumas's you know Azrael, let this go and he says then they'll all need to die won't they and yeah and then you have the bat wings looking all fucking kick ass but yeah they're about to attack Clayface and Numa's there, but in the at the end of this, and also uh, actually, you also have the whole thing where as the fight's going on, Luke does go off. He finds the rookie, uh, the bat, you know, the rabbit, Jim rabbit Gordon's bunny, bat Jim Gordon yeah. Batman suit, and he sees that his programming has some sort of moral center that Jerry Powers. Uh, put it in and says, "Ooh, this is an AI." And yeah, you would think that that is a Batman. AI. It's a Batman protocol inside and, of yeah, him. Yeah, it's a Batman protocol. So now you're going to have the rookie and maybe some of the other bat suits have the, the you know, the Batman moral well, AI going against the Escalon the truth. Is, it, it might be nice to have a goddamn protocol in your bat suits that allow it not to be taken over by evil. Yeah, I, I guess that the whole thing is that this Escalon uh, AI is just something that you would never even like. It, Luke said, I made the suit and I was going to reprogram the AI type thing like that. But to do that, I basically have to write my own goddamn religion. I I can't do that. It's so weird, though, that out of nowhere, it's like he gets this idea from Rookie who you'd think he'd been working on for a while in his freaking Luke uh, Fox tech and all that stuff. But no, he just discovers it. And I'm like, I don't know. For you building all these suits and talking about AI, you might have, you know, started at fucking the rookie goddamn robot you have before working on, but now now you discovered it. It seems a little too like you know convenient. I know. And and he looks a lot like uh, Drizzy. There, he continues to look a lot like Drizzy to me. But I don't know what Drizzy looks like. Uh, He looks like. But yeah, Zatanna shows up, knocks out Azrael by using her backward magic, and then at the end he's like, listen, I'm going to use this rookie AI, and I also have this little thing here, and opens it up, and it's the Azrael Batman Azrael suit. Uh, looking pretty badass. This art in this is great. It's incredible. And I do think that uh, it's Alvaro Martinez, right? I freaking lost my notes, Eric. Alvaro Martinez. It is Alvaro Martinez. I'm just shocked. 
that he isn't getting a lot of the hype that a lot of these others – I'm saying even like a Liam Sharp, that all of a sudden we saw Liam Sharp on, on Wonder Woman and everybody was like, holy shit, where did this guy come from? I think that this issue looks good enough to oh, be I, like, I think, boy, this guy is great. I, I really think the like issue him. looks great. Even when you get this goddamn last – like the last page with the freaking Azrael Batsuit, it almost looks like yeah. a Stefan Sedgwick kind of freaking thing the way it is compared yeah, to everything that's else. Why, and I never hear anybody when that people are like, who's your favorite artist or who would you have on this book or that book? I've never heard anybody say I'll Alvaro Martinez, and this, and this we're right there with that, great. you know. Yeah, I've never said his name in those sort of things. I always have my go-to's, uh, but this this looks great. It really does. Uh, the only problem is, like I said earlier, it just seems to be the Zatanna stuff that it really was good. It's not that good. This issue, it's more no. of the same, and we know what we're getting there. And like, why can't the thing is, we had this great Zatanna stuff leading up to this. Here we have the not so good stuff, but now we're getting some really good stuff with Luke, Batwoman, and freaking Cassandra yeah. and Azrael. Why can't we have you know issues where both of those sections are great? Yeah, yeah, and I think that this is the last time that we'll see these flashbacks with Batman and Zatanna. It seems to be the point where we're now yeah, going to go Yeah, we should be beyond this now. So when we get to the – I want to see more of the present, but now they're all just there fighting. Uh, I just – it seemed – and even the Asriel in the mind with his AI, it's okay. It just – the pace is way off, and then you go into just this full-out fighting, and then you go back from that into the mind. It just—I thought that the pacing was a little off. It's a cool fight, but that seems to be some people are saying is padding. I yeah, it's like a little overdone fight, in my mind, but it is overdone, I think. And it was like they want to wait until we get to like this real kick-ass stuff coming up next. And because of that, I gave it a seven point five. But I still love it. I, I like this whole arc. I just think that this is an issue that it kind of put the brakes on it a. Little. Oh, I agree. Uh, and even with the padding of the fight kind of thing where I was complaining about Cassandra and stuff like that, I can go with you that she's trying to hold back and you have this goddamn yeah. larger-than-life yeah, program here's the thing. giving the suit we of sorrow. We say that. I know in my head full well that it's just because he needed to have pages. That, yeah. That's all it was. And These it's very double fucking obvious. Shift books are fucking yeah, so end. I'm sitting there thinking in my mind, making up reasons why or whatever. The real reason is you needed to have a seven to eight page fight because there was not going to be much going on until the cliffhanger there. So, yeah, I, I see what you mean. I just thought, you know, in my mind, I'm trying to come up with something of why that yeah, yeah. happened. But what would you give it? I'd give it a 7.5 as well. I love the art in this book. And one thing is, like, I love that last page where we get that reveal of the Azrael Batsuit. Yeah. I am I am such stuck in my ways in my head, though, because going back to, like, the the Nightfall story and even after that when Azrael, like, Jean-Paul was Batman, it was just so brightly colored and almost cartoony where when I think of that suit, that's how I think of it. Seeing it here like that, I'm like, uh, I think I like the old one better just because that's what I grew up with and that's what I yeah. know. But never, yeah. everything in this looks great. And, I like, the stuff with the Zatanna and the flashback, that was complete filler because we, yeah. it's everything there for the most part. We have dealt you with got already. You Raja Ghoul was there. Ooh, yeah, I ooh, don't need that. They bumped but into each other? Oh, my goodness. I still consider this one of the strongest arcs we've had in the Detective Comics run, and I'd give it a 7.5 out of 10 as well. Yes, indeed, Eric, but we're going to go off to your book of this first section now. Action Comics number 984, written by Dan Jurgens with art by Patrick Zercher, Hi-Fi, and Rob Lee. The end of the Superman Revenge Squad is here, and it's all because General Zod can't play well with others. After Cyborg, Superman, and Eradicator are sent to the Phantom Zone to retrieve what we find out to be Zod's wife, Ursa, and his son, Lord Zod, the General kicks the shit out of Mattel and Mongol, but he still has Supergirl and John Kent and Kryptonian battle armor to contend against. After a long fight in and out of the Phantom Zone, our heroes return, trapping Cyborg Superman inside it while Eradicator Zod and his family take off to better prospects for their new Krypton, and Superman simply chalks this one up as a win. Watch your profanity. Oh, I did. 
Yeah, no, you cursed again, Eric. You, you are a cursing fool. The, the thing, and I'll tell you, this non-cursing is never going to last. It's not going to work out. We just wanted to see if we can do it. I have lasted this long without a curse word. You have now said two, and yeah. I, th- I think the game is over. We'll have to try again on Sunday <laughs> because it's not working, Eric. I don't think you can. I would think that if we talked to people and said to everyone, hey, uh, if you were going to guess who who would stop cursing, would it be Eric or J- I bet you they'd pick you in a landslide just because of my potty mouth, Eric. Thing is, I didn't realize I cursed. So I just happened to write it down. And I, you was wrote, I, I, wrote. I wrote. I was writing some of my blurbs, and I realized I was putting curse words in them. So I had to stump that. But you did not, Eric. I did not. I, I almost said a double s in one of mine, Eric. But I, I pulled back. But Eric, you. let's fucking talk about this book. Okay? Oh God, I'm done. I'm done. I can't. I cannot curse. That's faking the funk again. We said we don't fake the funk. You just wanted to see if you can do it. Y- exactly. You know what this the is answer just is? The, trial of willpower the answer is no. Oh. You can't. You can't. You don't even realize you actually wrote a curse word in your blurb. In a thing that you wanted to not curse. Yeah, I wasn't thinking about it when I wrote the blurb. That is crazy. That is crazy, Eric. You know what else is crazy? Not really anything in this issue. No. (laughs) This issue is pretty straightforward. And and there is a twist, but it's not even that exciting. I'm I'm telling you, a lot of people, I I don't know what they think about this. You know, the Revenge Squad and then the Super League. Uh, I think that it's very... It's slightly above average, but it didn't wow me. It didn't knock my socks off, Eric, like no, and you do thing. when you I, come into I a room. I was all about the Super League. Yeah, I was too. Squad. And then the prospect of having the Super League in here, I'm like, you know what? I've been waiting on the Super League since the end of the New 52. Yes, the so social, like, This whole Superman Revenge Squad seems like one of the biggest threats that Superman has faced like in a long time Well, now. here's the thing. You have some of his greatest villains exactly. all on a team. I mean, and when else are we going to get blank, Eric? <laughs> blank. But, well, you uh, bring him up. You uh, but you have you have some really cool, and even though you don't like this look of Metallo, it's still Metallo. I mean, you exactly. take Blank out, it's a pretty hard-hitting team against Superman. Uh, the problem is they end. it ends up being smaller than it should have been and just kind of ends, in, in my opinion. You know what I mean? It's just I would have liked more. I would have liked to see Superman have more hardship here. Yes, he lost his sight. And that, and that seemed was, to be the big hardship of the whole thing that really had yeah, nothing no, to do with the you Superman needed more than Squad that. at all. It was yeah, all you need about more the than Black that. Vault, you, which wasn't even a main thing of the yep. story. It was a Suicide Squad deal that we tossed in here to get like the whole yeah. have the Zod connection, but it was never fully explained. I still don't know what the Black no, Vault is. No, I don't is. either. And this and even the whole idea them of them trying to explain it. No idea. Yeah, when it's explained here, like, oh, we're just in this portal to get there. And like, I don't understand. Now, what? where I, I get upset is you could probably yourself, because you're a big Cyborg Superman fan. Yeah. And there's people who are Mongol fans. And there's people who are Metallo fans and Eradicator fans. You can go off and pick individual stories where Superman has faced off of each of these guys, where he was probably an inch from death. And then you get him here. Yes, he has a super league with him. Uh, they're hardly effective either. So I really wanted to see like more of a. I, I wanted to see more of an ass kicking. Actually, I wanted to see Superman really get the shit kicked out of him here, or kick the shit back 
and you really get neither. So at no. the end, I just kind of it just kind of made made it seem very small to me, and, and nothing really going on, including where Cyborg Superman was the leader of all this. He's the leader, Eric. He's the and, leader. and at the end, he just gets betrayed, and then it all works out for you know what I mean. It even works out for Zod, and it works well, out for Eradicator. Blank, you know, you, you well, want to get him work, out. Nobody likes him. Blank. Nobody likes yeah. him. Uh, but pretty much Cyborg Superman, it, it ends up that he he gets he's in the Phantom Zone by the end, but he still has his Oblivion. You know what I mean? Nothing really like, happens. They really from this. set this whole thing up with the Oblivion Stone. We've been dealing with the Oblivion Stone ever since you know Superman, Lois, and Clark. And we had this whole idea where, you know, Hank Henshaw, he wanted to get the other half of the Oblivion Stone. He got it, and we found out once somebody possesses this Oblivion Stone, he can have one wish. Yeah. Hank Henshaw wished to become the Cyborg Superman again. He has been Superman. wearing that stone around his neck ever since. Yeah. Nothing ever comes to play with it. I'm like, that's, yeah. that's kind of messed up. You've been throwing this in our face this entire arc. He has this yeah. thing dangling around oh, his neck. Oh, every time he moves, that thing is it. flying around, like, right in your face. Uh, and, yeah, nothing really happens. Uh, the other thing is, you had, e- even if... Say you're going into this and you're like, okay, I really want to see Superman the Super League kick ass. That really oh, doesn't yeah. happen. If you're, there's a lot of people like you, you're actually more of a cyborg Superman. We talked about this last week. You're more of a cyborg Superman fan than probably Superman, or I at am. least used to be. Uh, here, you don't, my big intrigue of this was not, hey, I want to see how Superman gets out of it. I want to see how this Super League comes together. My thing was, how is this revenge squad going to work this out like what is going to be the end game are they all going to go off and be like a legion of doom together are they going to all go their way but keep in contact and at one point uh you just get freaking what's his name freaking zod just punching uh, metallo across the room and then punching freaking mongol into space yeah and i'm like this is what we're getting this is and how then what, and once then once that happened in this issue i'm like Oh my God, Mattello and Mongo didn't do anything this entire yeah. arc. No, that's my and problem. And now they're just punched aside because yeah, they're punched for them aside to do. because they don't have that. Because I think that the problem is, uh, Dan Jurgens realized the end game of all this is not going to suit either of them. So he had he instead of that being a conflict at the end where you have Zod like, oh my God, I got my family back. Uh, instead of that. Mongols out of the picture because he'd be like, "What the fuck is I? I don't care about your family. I where's War World? I, that's yeah. what you promised me." Then you have Metallo, who's you know, I thought you were going to get me this tech and get me this new body and have this Kryptonian, you know, heart, this Kryptonite heart that was going to go forever. What about this? It, because that was not really the end game. They just kind of push them aside. Then you have Blank, and, and who wants to paint a tapestry. Eric, yeah, he just wants to it, kill people it, and paint a tapestry yeah, of blood across just the dies. world. He seems to die then. And because it seems like he the, dies to me yeah. too. But the whole thing is so weird because we have we, – we made sure throughout this entire arc, like every other issue, it seemed like we had to relearn the freaking motivations yes, of these villains and why they would come together them. as a team. And in the end, the whole thing, like Zod wanted to go in – like we've been told this entire time that Zod needs to go to the Phantom Zone he and wants get, to his get his Phantom army. armies out. And he's all about this. Now it turns about, out to be the secret thing where it's all about Ursa and Lars yeah, or Zod. Yeah. And I'm like – there was nothing to keep that secret. No. There was no, no that's what I at mean. all. That was, that was a twist. That, like, that's what this. I said at the beginning. Yeah, that's the twist that didn't need to be a twist. No, and the Superman Revenge Squad, they plan on killing Superman. They could, as a team, kill Superman. They don't need the armies mm. to do it. Nope. And the nope. whole thing, if we get the family out, that doesn't help Zod recreate Krypton because he still doesn't have his armies. No. And, and here's the thing. If that was – say that it doesn't matter. Say that the guy misses his wife and kid. 
and that's what that. he wants. That is just going to be that because he says I'm going to get my army was not the reason he's on the revenge squad. It's not the reason that everybody else is going with him. They all, like you said, it's all spelled out. Everybody is in it for themselves. If Zod said, you know what I want at the end of all this, I want to shit on a golden toilet. That that'd be oh, fine Zod, with everyone. Got it up. We'll, we'll get you as, on. It's gonna be as cool. As long, yeah. As long as it doesn't go like I'm telling you. If all of a sudden he's like, you know what? You know what I want? I want War World. Then Mongols gonna have an issue. Yeah, but now we Mongols got problems. not Mongols not gonna have an issue if Zod says I want to get my army or I want to get my son and and wife because like Why you not said, get them all. Yeah, and what, like you said, yeah, just get everyone. And if it is the end game of destroying Superman, you've already gone past that anyway. And really, of all this, they could have tried to keep him in the Phantom Zone, and that would have been the end of them anyway. And it just, they kind of seemed to all lose track of what was going on. And Zod was playing a game that he didn't that need didn't, to didn't play. Didn't even play. And the thing is, too, I'm, I'm sure we'll deal with this in a future arc because we do end this thing with Zod, Eradicator, Ursa, and Lord Zod. Yeah. Like, you know, and I like gone. that ending. They're, I like seeing yeah, them there. Cool. I thought, that's they've, cool. They've gone off, it seems like, to go into another planet to conquer that, to make that the new Krypton. I am cool with that, but and I'm sure they're going to play this off later on. If we would have known from the get-go that the whole thing was about Ursa and Lord Zod, that's yeah. what he wants, we could have this great play on Lois, John, the whole yeah. Superman family yeah, versus Zod. Yeah, really they really had that. You even had this a whole point. duality that yes. we don't play with until the end and and, and the weirdest gone. part is while well, we will get into this the nitty-gritty of it but at the point when zod and they you know his wife and kid come out superman and him have this little like look but they it was not it kind of wasn't anything but that's when right. i thought you know what this whole thing could have been about family and been about you could have even went to the point where i would tell you that superman would have went and helped zod get his family back yeah. that you could have forget this revenge squad because if, if that is the important thing it's a this is a big failure and also the big you said you kept getting the motivations you kept getting this revenge squad deal in the middle of it all of a sudden it seemed like dan jurgens decided you know what this cyborg Superman thing, eh, it's not that interesting. I think that Zod and his family would be more interesting because of the way they pumped up and the way this led all the way back into the Lois and Clark book in the end of the New 52 into the, the rebirth. And you had cyborg Superman. You had all this stuff about Hank Henshaw becoming him again and all this and Ob Oblivion Stone. Uh, I was just all about to it. have him do nothing and get trapped into the Phantom yeah, Zone. Yeah, I, I was very disappointed by that because it's I was so all disappointed from the moment. The moment I saw Hank Henshaw and then when he became Cyborg yeah. Superman, I'm like, okay, we have something here I really want to see. Yes. And for him just to be freaking, you know, thrown aside at, like towards the like, you know, the last issue yeah. and then into this, I'm like, all right, the whole focus of the story has changed now. It's just yeah, about it's Zod's all changed. Family. And even it's to the point where it could change and boy, Cyborg Superman is fit to be tied in that fan. But it ends up just nothing. Like if, if at the end Cyborg Superman got out, now you have some craziness because now you have a – you had in Supergirl where it was uh, Cyborg Superman was Zorel. And yeah. he he was trying to bring back Krypton. Now you have this duality again in that because this is Hank Henshaw. He really doesn't care about Krypton. No. But in the meantime, he'd be pissed because Zod fucking played him. Zod's trying to bring back Krypton. You have Cyborg Superman going off to stop that. In the meantime, you have this. You have a lot going on then. Then you have Mongol. Like all of a sudden you have everybody going into a battle royale. You don't end up with that though. And it's disappointing, but we will get it. We're going on and on, but let's yeah, get yeah. into it because it starts off. Basically, you have to have 
have a couple pages because you have to learn that Lois and John were not in that flyer, Eric. They and I'm like, really? The last okay. We start this out of like, of course they weren't in that flyer. Of course it was a decoy to send out to freaking yeah. make Zod think they it were dead. It makes it so hokey the way he plays it out, though, because she's looking for John, Lois is. And then you have that little flashback of like, we didn't go into the, you know, we weren't in that flyer because we knew Zod would shoot it down with his heat vision. But I told John to stay close, but he didn't. Like, really, that that is such a hokey way to go in to tell you, you know. But it would have been funny if Lois I, was I, just standing there. I just want to know there. who read the last issue and at the end thought, oh, my God, John and no, Lois are dead. Nobody. We said we said there's no, no way. I even told you they're going to show us that at the last second they decided it was a bad idea. Yeah, uh, yeah and in the meantime, I would have liked it if they would have just started. And Lois was just standing there, just a panel with her, like, you really think we would have gotten in that flyer? <laughs> Are you stupid? But yeah, there. And now also you have to have crypto there because he does play into it later. So we're reminded yes. crypto is there, but John is missing. But then you go back and you see this revenge squad, or at least the ones that aren't in the Phantom Zone. Zod, and, Mongo, Blank, yeah, and Metallo. And Zod's sitting there. They have the Phantom Projector there. He has his la- his foot. He's <laughs> holding down freaking Supergirl with his foot. And well, it's good because we were afraid they were going to forget about that because she was just laying there. Though yeah. the whole point is, why did they have her there? I don't you know. know what I mean. Like it, in the all story, all I can think of is that she's Kryptonian, and even though she's from the House of L, they want to like you know have more Kryptonians. It's weird though, maybe because it's only thing I can really go with. Yeah, Dan Jurgens never really has a reason for her to be there, except when things have to be saved. She kind of yeah. comes to and helps, but there's no real reason why they didn't just throw her in there. But then we go into the Phantom Zone. I was very well, worried. Before that, before that, we have to have this whole idea. Well, you know, Eradicator and Cyborg Superman are sent into the Phantom Zone after the Super League are sent in because they need to go and find, find you know, army. what they believe, like uh, Cyborg Superman believes, is Zod's Phantom Army. Yeah, Eradicator army. knows that he's there for Earth and Lord Zod, but we have to have this whole setup where Blank is using his telepathy to cross the dimensional bridge into the to phantom zone to keep to taps with yeah. um eradicator and with like, eradicator. I have, it's such a weird thing because we barely know anything about blank except that he has no. you know telepathy and shit like that yep. but the idea that now he's powerful enough to bridge dimensions with his mind and also communicate with us an android essentially like this yeah. is not a human mind that he's doing so it's very odd that he can keep in with this like it bothered me last issue as well but it's, it's so weird in the long run. But this is what Blank's going to be doing this whole time. He's going to be relaying information between Eradicator and Zod, and that's it. Yeah, and he, he even says there's Blank, and he's like, hey, Blank, uh, maintain telepathic contact with them. And he's like, a cross-dimensional gulf? I can't. And he's, the Eradicator, he'll account for that. Do it. And I'm like, what? Oh, what, oh what? he'll you account know? for there's that. There's a couple times in this where they just kind of explain things away by saying them, and yeah. it, it just seemed off. But then, yeah, you see the rest of the team. You see Lex, Keenan Kong, Superman, uh, Lois, or Lana Lang, uh, Superwoman, and Steel in the well what is now like the portal they say going yes, the, into the, the phantom zone going to the threshold of the phantom yeah, zone and yeah. it, it's such a weird concept because we just got done the phantom zone arc in supergirl over the past couple of weeks or months now but like everybody has their own idea what the phantom yeah, zone do. is and everybody it, it's has such their a own pain idea. whenever you're reading the phantom zone if it's a different writer because things change and like you want to yeah. try to account for things you want to have a decent grasp 
on what DC thinks the Phantom Zone is. And when every writer has a different idea, you pretty much can just throw caution to the wind. Yeah, you can. Anything's possible. And the weird part of it is, is usually, in my mind, you'll have this pop up once every year. The problem is we've had it three times in the last month. We've had the Black Vault, which we had no idea, in the the Suicide Squad. And then we get to Supergirl, who goes into the Phantom Zone, which is so wonky. And now they're in the Phantom Zone here. And yeah, we've had three different versions of things, and it's just odd. But Superman goes in, and all of a sudden he can see again. And uh, I don't know why, Eric. And I'm telling you, the whole thing, too, it's like when they cross the threshold, this is the only way I can describe it, they pass a barrier that actually makes them go into the Phantom Zone through this bridge once they're projected in, and energy shoots out of his stomach. Yeah. And he yells, I can see again. And then he tries to explain it away, like, the Black Vault is a part of the Phantom Zone. It took away my sight. And now that we're back in it, we cross the threshold, I can see again because it's the Phantom Zone. I'm like, I don't get it. Because, you know, no, I don't get any more because when he explains it, he even explains it even wonkier. The Black Vault, which caused my blindness, did so by exploiting my greatest fear that I won't be able to save the people I love. The conduit we just passed through had many of the same properties. As we transition in our present immaterial states that changed with no tangible form, the bodies repaired. Explains being exiled here forever, yet never aging. Now, that that's fine and dandy. That isn't exactly the way it goes. If you're blind and you go in, yes, your body is intangible. It doesn't heal you. No. It just makes it so that whatever's going, you are intangible. And now you're said, intangible and you can't die. Yeah, we had this where the, you had it even in the Injustice book where I told you Superboy exactly. got injured. And I, and I honestly think that's one of the best portrayals of it the is. Phantom that Super, we've had. Superboy got injured, and this is where I'll go later where I think I get even more mad because Superboy got injured in that. They had to put him in. This was to get him to go in the Phantom Zone. Like, listen, the only way – and the whole they, Teen they Titans. They the Teen Titans out of the Then they said, so, listen, yeah. the only way Teen Titans, you're going to – you want Superboy to live, you're all going to have to go in the Phantom Zone. And while he's in the Phantom Zone, he can't die. It just freezes you there. You know, you're there intangible. If you're bleeding out, you're not bleeding. You don't even have blood. You don't have a body. But the minute you come back out, you're done again. You start bleeding out. Now, this is why it gets wonky here because Superman says he has his eyesight back. And I think that Dan Juergens realizes that the way he's explaining it, the minute that Superman comes out, he should should be blind again. But But he throws in this black vault. With the exploited his greatest fear, and it makes no sense. Now, also, no. I do have to point out that he he painted himself into a corner here because he says, "Hey, I got my sight back because in this in the Phantom Zone, we're no longer tangible. We are we're immaterial. If you're immaterial and intangible, how do you punch somebody? You can't. And, and, and that's, and that's what goes and, on. And that's one of the things where, like, we just had the whole thing with Supergirl, where apparently they yes. were walking around. They had ships. They oh, could they do had fucking ships. Anything. They had they. they they were bringing in lock picks and it, freaking, it was ridiculous what they were doing ridiculous. in that one. But this one, they almost it felt like they, they almost like get it. almost get it right. But the fact that you can it. like you know the idea that you can punch somebody else who's no. also intangible. I, I want to say that they're on the same frequency or whatever the freaking dimension it's, they're on. It's so they still can. ridiculous. But You're the idea intangible. Is if you can punch somebody, you still can't get hurt or die. No, here. you so can't hurt them. And, and really, the whole point where I like the classic Phantom Zone is that that you're like, there. You're pretty much a ghost. Yeah. With your mind, I mean, if you want to really spell it out to me, it's basically being paralyzed. You, you are in your own mind, and they even explain it in parts, even before. 
before, I think they did in this book in the last couple of – basically you go in and you're there for thousands of years and you go insane uh, yeah. because you're just there with your thoughts. But yeah, they, they kind of do it. Now, uh, I'll give it – I'll give them a lead way here because of the fact that if, if he wants to have a fight, we want to see a fight. So you kind of let it, but then he really screws it up. Big time. Uh, immediately. That's immediately. The they go in and like they're after Cyborg Superman and Eradicator, the rest of the Super League, and they think they like it have given them the slip, the heroes, but then um, you know, yeah. the heroes come out of nowhere and they start fighting, and immediately Eradicator uses his energy blast to yep. freaking shoot off Keenan Kong yep. and then he flies shoots off. Him. He shoots, legitimately shoots him, says move aside and shoots him with an energy blast that Keenan even is affected by. Yeah. Another big thing that shouldn't happen. It really shouldn't. This would just hit or even if it was allowed. You don't have powers in no. the Phantom Zone. And the worst part is Superman tells that to Eradicator later, and it's almost like they he forgot even two points pages out, before. You can't use your energy blast yes. here. Yeah, it's the worst. It really is. And you said when you were reviewing it, you told me that like, you oh, were going. You oh. got to that point. And you're like, wait a second. Now, again, I don't love the fact of having powers in the Phantom Zone. No. You got to do one or the other. You can't have it and then say you can't. If you're going to, I said Steve Orlando and Supergirl, I thought was just a wreck because he, he never knew what to do. He never, like all of a sudden, you can't die, but I can poison you and you're going to die, but you can't die, but you might die. You don't have powers until you do, and you shouldn't have powers, but you do. And it just went back and forth where even Batgirl had lock picks. And, and, and that stun that. baton. They had, a, they had a gosh, they had a pirate ship. A Jen. pirate was, ship. They were building castles. I, this didn't make sense, but this, here at least you still, get this is better. This is, but the, it's the still screws is up. Still better by a long yeah, shot. It is. But they still managed to mess it up, which is very yeah. disappointing. Yeah, it is. Very like I could go with the physical fight. If you yeah, want to go that way, I, I, can I go get a little upset, but you, you want to have that. You want to have them fight so I can go with it. I, I can. I, I can suspend that disbelief. But when you have a power being used in a panel, and then three panels later, Superman telling, you know, Eradicator, you can't, you don't have your powers here. Uh, no, no. Well, yes, he does, because we I, just saw it. So what yeah. happened? And then in the meantime, you go back and Zod, you know, in the fortress is still standing there. This is where, uh, you know, Metallo starts freaking, you know, talking back because he, hey, hey, he owes to, Cyborg you Superman know? a lot. Yeah, he's, exactly. Yeah. Cyborg Superman, he's our leader guy. Yeah, he's like, listen, pal. Listen, friend, I, I, that's the guy who helped me. And also, really, if, if you want to go full out, to me, Mattel is like, you know what? Zod never promised me shit. No, like, and why am I going to back him now? In the meantime, if I'm Mattel, I'm just slipping out because really <laughs> nobody's counting. They even said, like, Mongol and, and, and Mattel are just standing there. They're not doing anything. No, they right haven't now. done anything this entire Yeah, and so they're not doing anything. So really, Zod just is like, I don't need this bitching at moaning, you know, backseat driver over here, and just punches him, flings him. And it's funny. It is a funny, like, just without looking punch. It's the yeah. no-look punch, Eric. I, I think Magic Johnson was good at those. Uh, but you have that. And then Mongol is like, what the hell? And I think, again, Mongol's like, you know what? He has to think in the back of his mind, like, shit's gone wrong. Because... Yeah. Uh, uh, Half an issue before, he said to Zod, I really like the way you run things. Like, you're a guy who's really good, but now he's like, No, this isn't good. And I love Zod. It's like, now Zod's playing with Mongo. It's like, Yeah, you want War World, right? You want it yes. now rather than later? Yeah. Yes. Hey, you want to get started? Yeah, that's more like it. And then punches him in the space. <laughs> I'm like, That's If you're that ridiculous. anxious to travel the cosmos, 
then yeah. I will gladly accommodate you. Yeah. And then freaking is punching out of space. He just punches Zod. him out of space. And, and yeah, there is freaking Mongol in orbit. He yells Zod and just says, I'm going to come for you and feast on your bones. Uh, and I'm telling now, you, it's just, now it's just Mongol out in space, like the last episode of Firefly with that freaking bounty hunter. Like, yep, here I yeah. am. Yeah. Just floats through space now. And then the best is you have Metallo, who still thinks he needs the last word, who says from behind, you can't attack Mongol. <laughs> he just says it. Then he, gone, kind of dis- then he kind of disappears. But yeah, that's Supergirl. He has Supergirl. He's holding her up. And that's what I'm like. She, he's like, your time has come. And no one can stop it. So I'm like, why? I would guess that he put the rest of the Super League into the Phantom Zone with no intentions of them ever getting out. This no, to him not, should no. be the end game that they are never going to return. And but why not put Supergirl? Because now it seems like he's just gonna kill her. Like like I'll tell you, what's the like I had an idea to myself, or maybe like he wants more Kryptonians out and about yeah, for when he yeah, builds yeah. a new Krypton, whether it's a House of L or not. You know, because you know this is not his freaking big enemy. You know, a freaking no. Kal El. No. This is somebody different. So I'm like, then I started started thinking. No, he just wants to beat this one to death because yeah. he still is a House of L. Yeah, it looks like he just wants to kill her, and then it seems off. Why not keep and, a blind and, Superman out that can't it's so do anything? Funny. At, at this point, I, things were getting so wonky. I started like yeah, you know, daydreaming about other things. Yeah, and I'm I'm looking at this thing here. I started thinking of the movie Man of Steel and all this stuff. You know how we always have the whole Superman S on the freaking symbol? Yeah. Like, what's yeah. the S stand for? Oh, this isn't an S. This is the symbol of like hope, hope on my Krypton yeah. type of thing. I'm like. Why does General Zod have a big Z on his chest? Yeah, What's that stand for, jerk? That, that's what it means, asshole. <laughs> it's funny. Alphabet, what is this? Yeah, I don't know what the hell. They, you know, these symbols are there. So, but yeah, I, I, actually, I have to admit, I, my mind went to the gutter. I actually, having no idea that he was going to get his wife and kid back, I thought that this is when Krypton is about to return, baby. (laughs) Let's go. We are going to start to repopulate Krypton one kid at a time. And I I was, I don't know what he's doing because it confused me. Like, why didn't he get, but really it is only so that she can come back after what happens to to hit him. But it, it just, there's no reason. For her to be out there, uh, but that's when the battle armor comes busting okay, through we, the wall. We, we talked about what is it last issue or two issues ago? How we we got to see the Kryptonian flyer and yep. we got to see the and Kryptonian the battle, battle armor. armor. Yeah. These two were yeah. very specifically yeah, like we had talked a checklist about in on the you. fortress. Yeah. Exactly. So last issue, oh, there's a Kryptonian flyer. They're gonna use that. Yep, check that one off. Check this one's that. battle armor. Yeah, it's almost like they're fighting. you're you're going through the fortress of solitude in this, and like John's asking stuff, and they have Kalex there, and it's like, hey, Kalex, what's that? Oh, don't. Don't worry about that. Hey, Kalex, what that? Oh, uh, that's something your dad found. Hey, Kalex, what that? Oh, that is the Kryptonian battle armor. Okay, I think we're going to deal with that. Then, hey, what's that? Nothing. What's that? Oh, that is the twin Kryptonian flyer. Oh, all right. I think we're going to use that as well. It was that forced. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I love seeing the Kryptonian armor. And if anybody hasn't seen it before, but has been dealing with some of the things, it is very much like the Hell Bat suit and stuff oh, like yeah. that. The, it is really Superman's cool. Superman's Hell Bat suit, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, it is. It, it's really cool. And the fact that John is in it makes it even cooler. But he doesn't know how to use it. He he is really going. He's flying on the seat of his pants here. He goes in, but yet he hears that voice again. You have and, the and voice. It's so strange. In the the last issue we had when John was walking around the Fortress of Solitude, we had a strange voice that was in a green dialogue balloon, yeah. and it was just kind of like, 
like, hey, John, come over here. I was kind of leading him through. And then it just went away. I'm like, well, that was an odd addition to the yeah, book. Yeah, I thought here John see- was crazy. He's crazy. Exactly. And, but here we see the green dialogue balloons come back again, and it's telling John what yeah. he needs to do to yeah, work telling the Kryptonian what to do. battle armor and stuff like that. So now, it's this, this weird voice that's just helping him out. Yes, and it leads to, we see by the end, it is Mr. Oz. It's Mr. Oz giving him directions. This has led to a lot of people to say that they think that this is Jarrell, that, right. uh, that Mr. Oz now is Jarrell. And I, after reading this, I can certainly get on board that. I really can because of the fact that he knows how to work the Kryptonian armor. He really does try to calm John down and tell him, you know what, even like the way he talks, you're not alone, young one, and stuff like that. And the real re- the real thing, I think, is you have to realize, like, it is Mr. Oz. Yes, he doesn't want Superboy to die, I no. would think. He, do- he wants Superman. He's very concerned with Superman. So this would lead to him coming back. But it also seems like somebody who would have something against Zod as well. Like Zod, he really wants to bring down Zod uh, with, you know, all of these things. So I can go with it. I-, I still don't know. And I'm telling you, I am done making up theories and oh, yeah. guessing. It's just such a... Uh, yeah, because up until this point, we really have been dealing with Mr. Oz and Superman, except yes. for him taking Tim Drake. Tim Drake which, is the it's the thing that's it's kind of the which one doesn't belong because exactly. yeah, you have him. He took one of Doomsday, these not yeah, like it is. and he took Doomsday, took Prophecy, uh, and he's been real concerned with Clark uh, even since the New Fifty Two Mixelplex. So it is very Superman, but then. The one that doesn't belong, that really doesn't. And the whole thing, now again, you say that he was talking about hope, and you could go back to that symbol, and it is the House of L, and all, you know, wherever they're going to play around with that. Uh, yeah, but so, still. Uh, I just want to know, like, why does Jorel have an eye like cable from freaking X Force? That's true, what's, too. What's and, well, he, it's, shit's gone wrong, Eric. Shit I mean, goddammit, Krypton blew up, for Christ's sakes. What, what do you think? But, the uh, thing is, the, even if it is Jor-El, there's no way that I think this is Jor-El from this universe. No, no, I don't either. I think he's from another universe. I think that that would be easily explained, too, the way things are going crazy here, and especially how prophecy in that multiversity uh, story, multiplicity, yeah. where he was grabbing all the different Supermen from different realities and different you know timelines and universes universes and multiverses i and when he said you know what you have a good idea it's just not time yet uh that would be and most of the thing and i think bleeding cool had an article all about this a couple weeks ago and they said they even said to the point where somebody had leaked it to him so i'm sorry if this is a spoiler but we don't know so i'm not saying this as an authority or whatever it's just Uh, talking out of school right now but what they said that it is mr oz trying to grab all the versions of his son and make the best version going forward Forward, which, in fact, would be basically all the continuities. They, they, they're saying it in a very roundabout way, but to me it's to get all the continuities and really end the reborn deal and have it the best Superman, the Superman we always had all along and from every continuity, but we'll see. We'll see what which goes on. Which we essentially on. have, though. Yeah, I know, but really we don't know how it's been or, or exactly because they're not showing us. That's why I think they're not showing us the inconclusive evidence of how this world of Superman has changed, that we want right. to see more evidence. So I think that they're waiting. Now, they say all this, and a lot of people are waiting for the doomsday clock in November, Jeff John's story, but it is, in fact, October is when Mr. Oz and Superman, quote-unquote, fight. So we'll yeah. see. And that kind of throws me off a little, too, that it seems like two issues 
issues of them fighting, but we'll see what's going on. Now, you, you ask me why the only way that Superman will fight is basically if he takes John. That would be the thing that I would, you know, would probably put him over the edge. But, yeah, you have this. You still have, you know, Zod now is fighting John in the Kryptonian armor. And then Supergirl comes through and even Crypto gets in on the, you know, the attack. And they're just beating the shit out of In the meantime, you have poor goddamn Blank is just sitting there bleeding out of his eyes. He's having problems. And in the, in the, uh, in the what's it called, in the Phantom Zone, everybody's just beating the crap out of each other. Uh, uh, and then it just leads. And yeah. here's the twist, though. The twist to me is weird because you have the Eradicator in, and the Eradicator is talking through blank and blank. all that. But in the meantime, bleeding out of his freaking eyes, yeah. nose, and mouth, and ears. Yeah, yeah. He has Blank's a whole, just he going. But in of... the meantime, Superman is pretty much beating the crap out of Eradicator now, telling him you can't use your. He's like, no energy powers, just me and you. They start battling, and then all of a sudden, a rock hits Superman in the side, and there's Ursa. And yep. I'm like, what happened? Like, what was the deal here? Like, you, they sent those other two. You sent uh, Eradicator and Cyborg Superman. Cyborg Superman doesn't seem to be on, on the plan. They no, go in, and then Ursa just tr- kind of finds them. I guess maybe Blank is involved as well, signaling to them, but it really, like, out I, of I don't, nowhere. I don't think he'd be able to at this whole That's thing. That's what I'm like, saying. Like, out mind, of nowhere. Like, you, you got to go have... find my wife and son. Don't worry. You ain't going to have to look hard. Yeah, you're, you're not going to have to look hard. In fact, don't even look. Have a fight with Superman, and they'll show up because that's what happens. Superman is about to, like, bash the head in of Eradicator, and they get hit in the side of the head with a rock, which is weird in the Phantom Zone. But, yeah, it's, there it's she is. It's also weird the whole idea we're really pushing these energy powers with Eradicator when yeah. the last time we really saw him before the Revenge Squad, he was all about sucking people in and eating them. Yeah, he was. He was about like, eating we've them really and taking away them in. That. Including crypto and yeah, uh, yeah, it's actually Ursa, wife of Zod, and then she says, "Mother of his son, Lorzod." So you have Lorzod and Ursa, and this is when Eradicators basically like, beam me up, like get yep. us out, hear me, telepath, let's get out. And it, it's funny because then Superman's like, "It isn't an army once it's you." And uh, mission accomplished, bring us back, and that's all it was. And it really seems like a switcheroo. Uh, from what that we didn't thought, need to be switcheroo'd. and it didn't need to be switcheroo'd, and this whole thing seemed very non-existent. Like I said, you're having a fight in the Phantom Zone for just Ursa and Larsa to, to show up. They just yeah. show up, and you know, you would almost think that they could have just walked somewhere, and you would have had, you know, if to me, like you, you really didn't establish this link between Blank and uh, Eradicator. Because, like you said, even Eradicator, is, he shouldn't really be able to be, you know, linked to. You would no. have thought that the, all they would have needed to do was get blank to try to get a hold of Ursa. And say, Ursa, come to this thing and we're going to zip you out with the, with the Phantom Zone projector. There really didn't need to be any reason, it seemed. Because it no. seems like blank, like, they never set up anything. If they would have set up something where blank had to have a physical contact with somebody before they went in. And that's where they have the contact and things like that. Okay, I can get just that. Just the idea of just blank having the freaking ability to freaking do it weird. into the Phantom it's Zone. It's all just weird. And then when you get this, like, this is the really end. Because we really don't know anything about blank. No. Except for, yeah, he's a telepath, but. Yeah, and he wants to paint a tapestry of of blood and death. But it like you you start off the story, and usually I would think it's like a mystery, Eric. You start at the end and work backwards, so you you have this end. And it just doesn't work to go backwards to to go. Oh, that's what. Like usually at the end of these stories, you're like, that's why he had Mongol. 
No, there's no reason. That's why that's Metallo why was. Metallo, yeah. That's why they, because they were recruited. Oh, that's why Metallo. No, they weren't no. recruited by Zod. Freaking yeah, Cyber but that's what I'm saying. That's what makes Zod it even worse. Like story. Well, again, then, and they went to get Zod even then. But why even bother with that beginning then? Because I'm not saying Zod in his own deal in the story. I'm talking Dan Jurgens, like well, how he got. And they went and got Zod. At point, Zod was like, screw you. I, yeah. I'm not going to be with you. He really was like, no, I, I don't want to do any of this. I'm doing my own shit. And I don't know. And then kind of begrudgingly went. Now we get the idea he had this plan, but it's just weird that this was the plan. I, yeah. I just don't get it. But yeah, then you have uh, Superman uh, come out at, with the Phantom Projector. They all come out. They get out. And, you know, there's where Zod is with his wife and kid. And that's and he's where he's wounded I now because Crypto bit the hell out of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crypto attacked him. And like you said, Supergirl. But yeah, Blank looks like he's dead. And oh, then, yeah. Uh, I, I don't see Blank surviving. It's like nobody no. really says anything about Blank no, being dead. He's laying there, just blood yep. running out of his freaking eyes and nose. And like, he just really, I'm sorry, he doesn't look past that, but he looks like he's dead. Nobody says anything about it the rest no. of the issue. Yeah, and, and uh, as they come out of the Phantom Zone, Eradicator oh, does useless blast. He was. Yeah, Eradicator does blast Superman, so he can't really stop them this quick deal. And it looks like Zod's like, let's kill all these people here, me and you and our son. Let's do it. And then Ursa's like, no, 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 you're injured. We'll, we'll just go away. We'll, we'll battle for another day. I'm like, really? And that's right, where... Man. And that's where you have that look between Superman and Zod. But it wasn't anything like – Zod wasn't saying anything. Zod said, no. let's end it. Ursa's like, your wound, it needs attention. We'll save it for – you know, we'll battle another day. And then you have Superman and Zod looking. This would have been the perfect thing to say like, you know what? I would do – I would have done anything for you two. Like this is all I want is my wife and son. And then have Zod and Superman look at each other like, god damn it. Like Superman's like – I hate you, you motherfucker, but I know what you mean. Like, I, I, you know what? Just go with your family for now. I'll, I'll fucking, I'll pretend this didn't happen for two seconds. Just, I'll give you a two-second start. Just leave because of that. But there's Superman, and then they just fly away. Yep. And Superman's just nothing. And I wish that you had something to actually, you know, have a little connection there for a second before they kind of go back to and the I'm, deal. I'm, I'm, really, I'm, I'm sure we're going to, like I said earlier, I'm sure we're going to like talk about it in future issues and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. It would have been nice to have this I would have had a little bit. Because I it would have worked yeah. well. It's yes, usually it something we see really in the well. Superman book. To have it here would have been really nice, but yes. and we could still have it, but it was just odd to come to this conclusion without having it at all. And yes, and in the meantime, like like you have Zod, Ursa, and Lorzon, and, uh, or Lorzod, and, uh, then you also have at this point you have John who was in the battle armor. He he, you know Superman wants to check on his family, so it's almost like a, a sudden truce of you go deal with your family. I'll All deal right, with ours. We'll, we'll fight when we're not around the family. Yeah, yeah. Like this is time not out, the you know, even time. yeah timeout. Even with Supergirl involved, like you know yeah. what I mean. Like I he wants to check on everybody. Plus he wants to get all the other guys back. And they just, I thought it was a missed opportunity because it really could have been something kind of cool. But they bring everybody else out. Superman gets the projector, brings which, everybody, which is, which is but odd Cyborg Superman. It's so odd because when we see, you know, like uh, like the uh, Lorzod, Ursa, and Eradicator Superman get out, and when yeah. we see the rest of the Super League get out, it looks different than when we started because yeah, we no know. longer have this bridge to the threshold no, to the no bridge. It's just like, oh, and that's the why they're right there. Break. 
and it upsets me a little because now I'm getting to the point again where Blank may have just been able to call Ursa because it seems like he could do that and she could have just come to this edge and they could have gotten her out, you know, that it would have been a lot easier than what we got. It seems like the rest was just to fill the the pages. But yeah, you have Cyborg Superman who Superman's not letting him out. And he no. says, listen, no, you've the shit millions. that you've done, you've killed millions. You're not coming out. Uh, you know, I'm going to try to find a way to maybe make you human again, but until then you're there. And this is funny because they have the Oblivion Stone dangling again yeah, I'm so like, that you what is- see going on with this oblivion so explain it please there's because i'm telling you the whole thing is we had the explanation about him becoming cyborg superman again all i want to know is how he became human again before so he could become cyborg superman yeah i want to where are the transitions and now we were talking about say a mongol or a uh you know metallo not being used now i'm like i'm looking at this i'm like steel what did you do and why were you no. there, Lex? You know what Lex's biggest thing was the to Super me? The didn't do anything. You know what You know what Lex's biggest thing that I thought they were trying to give you a little wink-wink is when Lex goes into the Phantoms and goes, you know what? This could be useful. I'm like, yeah. what are you getting at? Like, that's going to be a story down the line that Lex tries to take over the Phantom Zone or something or use it for his own deal. Who knows? But yeah. he did say that. I'm like, ah, that's all you got. Steel and Lana did nothing at all it just it really was you know very lackluster having these two teams go at and then you go and that's where the idea it's amazing the idea is awesome yeah the execution was off and john's like hey mom what what was that voice that was helping us and she's like i think you're going crazy listen listen mommy drinks but you hear voices. Who's the worst one there, little Johnny? But he's uh, like, no, there was somebody whispering. The whispering man, he helped me. And he's like, there was nobody else. And that's when you go to uh, Mr. Oz, and he's sitting in his little deal with his robe. And it's weird because they really are pushing a different look for him in that robe. Like, it even looks like he has a beard in there and, like, weird stuff. But he's like, ah, oh, Lois, I hope you'll expand your way of thinking before we meet. And, yeah, and that's basically, you see, oh, my God, uh, it was Mr. Oz. And, well, Whatever, and then you go and you see Zod, Eradicator, and Zod's family with a planet that they want to take over to start their new Krypton. And yeah, I, I like that ending. I think it's oh, pretty yeah. cool. It's a cool ending because they seeded a really cool idea for a future story, which I do want to see. Yeah. It's just that in order to do that, they completely gave up on the freaking arc that we were dealing with. Yeah. And I'm like, what? why? Come on. This and, is and the do you, most do you exciting think... arc we've had so far yes. in my mind. And you just completely threw away all the opportunities we yeah. had to do you see think a new there's story. people in that city already do you think that there oh, yeah, is definitely. people so you think there'd be a barber maybe like a hair cuttery you think maybe, because yeah. so has so got to get his son over there get that haircut ridiculous it looks so ridiculous what are you talking about that, that's, that's the latest fashions head. on krypton that, yeah on krypton krypton's no longer around krypton's hey, look, been look, gone for they a while are taking a new krypton Jank. he wants to be the freaking the creator of trends and fashion Fucking on jenkos were, were big on krypton too eric they haven't been big since uh, they better do still big. no they better do something <laughs> eric because that is the worst haircut i've ever seen in my life he's got to go down there and get a barber. Uh, the thing and do is, something you don't know. He was born with a disease. He's prematurely bald on that one side. Yeah, maybe. He actually looks like a. He to me looks like Harper Row. He really does. A it, bit. I, it looks like a super powered Harper Row. 
But yeah, the ridiculous haircut. That, that's funny too because you have Zod, Ursa, and Lorzon there, and they're like looking off, like, "Oh yeah, we're the the king, the prince, and the queen of this." No, there's Eradicator in the back. Can I be involved? He's like Shut up, Eradicator! There. I'm telling you, they're gonna ditch him soon. He's just back there, like trying to get it. He is basically photo bombing this cliffhanger, and I don't like it, Eric. And I don't even understand the whole idea how he still has power because the last time we saw him too, we released all the souls of Krypton that were powering him. Yeah. I don't know how he has any power left. Well, and then also we didn't even say at the end, Superman comes out of the Phantom Zone and still is – he's not blind, which makes no sense because it was being in the Phantom Zone and being intangible is what they kind of said cured that. But it doesn't cure it. When you come out, he should have been blind still, but he is. I I never understood why he was blind in the first place. So whatever. you know, It was his hope. That was was his greatest fear. The Black Vault exploited his biggest fear, which is not to go blind. It's to not be able to help his family, Eric. And you know a blind man can't help. What happened to Superman and Zod when they were in the Black Vault? I don't know. Their greatest fear... It's something we don't know. Actually, you don't even realize Zod now. The problem with this new Krypton, he's impotent now, Eric. He, he is. He can't have kids. So there you go. No new Krypton. There's going to be problems. He's going to have to be involved in a cuckold, Eric. And, and look. And he's going to be looking through the closet while Ursa has to replay or repopulate new Somehow Krypton. Somehow she's just banging Eradicator. It's not doing nothing. Yeah, that's what, why would they want Eradicator there? He's a sexy guy. He's got those freaking 90s looking glasses. He looks like he probably says, bra a lot and remember last issue he didn't have those glasses as much as they are no, now, now like they're big goggles yeah they're time. back to being the 90s bra glasses but what did you give it her daddy because of the whole problems i had with the phantom zone the freaking the idea that we could just toss away superman's blindness which i didn't understand why yeah. we had to make him blind in the first place it's like you know him being overpowered was one thing i could see that but to make him blind you know he was already overpowered. You didn't have to go make him yeah. super handicapped, yeah, it man. Was weird. It was it weird. It didn't make sense. And like this to throw it away, there was a lot of missed opportunities here. The fact that Metallo and Mongol had nothing to do with this entire arc, it was very just disappointing in the end. And I love the art, though. Yeah, and yeah I love a, the art. I love the things we saw with, the, like, you know, it's Ursa and friggin' uh, like, Lorzad. I'm telling you, I... I think it's odd that we decided to go that route instead of the, the Phantom Zone army, but yeah. I like that because it seeded things. But in the end, I'd have to give it a 6.4 out of 10. Yeah, uh, my problem is, like you said, you have uh, a cool concept, a really cool concept, this Revenge Squad versus the Super League's really cool. But then this would be like, hey, Eric, I'm going to give you this car. This car can drive oh, 3,000 miles an hour. Yeah, you're going to love this well, car. It's so cool. And then you go and, and basically say, oh, by the way, we don't have any gas, so it doesn't really drive. And that's what having Superman blind was just ridiculous. You have where everybody wants Superman to fight all these villains, and you make them blind, which isn't the reason the Super League showed up anyway. They would have shown up as well. Then they show up, you have nothing to do for them, and then also had half of the team of the Revenge Squad with nothing to do as well. It really became nothing of what I wanted. If you would have told me at the beginning, or we said, you know, what do you want to see? You know what I want to see? I want to see a lot of villains and heroes beating the crap out of each other. And then at the end, in my mind, it would have been Cyborg, Superman, and Superman, you know, at the the end on top and fighting, but whatever. But it really twisted and hey, turned. At least that. we didn't have all these villains and all we got to see of the battle was one splash page, huh? Yeah, yeah. That would, that would not be good. Or we no. have some crazy side villain of Superman that's like a joke and we get his origin. Eric, <laughs> I don't want that either. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it just seemed like it was one of those where we didn't get what 
I wanted, and no. we didn't get a lot of anything at the end. You do have a nice thing. I like the idea with Zod and his wife and son and Eradicator. It's really all. cool because it I works really like well that. with what's going on Superman. Uh, it seems like they want to put Cyborg Superman away for a while. That's the only reason he'd be in the Phantom Zone to yeah. me. And yeah, Mongols there, but you don't have anything to do. So he gets smashed into space. Blank's dead. But really, at the end... Who knows what happens you, to Metello? Yeah, I don't know. And then, yeah, Metello was there just talking shit still. And you have that little Mr. Oz connection. But really, I thought this was down. I didn't think it was a great... Uh, you know, finish to this arc that ended up really being a whimper than anything really cool. So but I, I, would give I it, really I love, love the art. art. I love the art as well. I, because of the art, I'm going to go six, eight. Uh, but yeah, it's actually a disappointing six, eight to me. It's very disappointing like, because I, think, I really I, thought I we were going to get more. I wish Patrick Zurcher could be on this book every issue. Yeah, I, I really consider art. him the main love action comics Zod artist. Too. And I, I think just it's love a yeah, it that I really, really like a lot. But everybody in this look great. I, I think it looks really, really good. All-Star Batman number 12, Eric. Oh, yeah. All-Star Batman number 12. Your mouth. Just got done that action comics. How about Don't that action you, comics, Oh, Jim? my goodness. What tales that would tell, Eric? Action Comics. Revenge Squad. Oh, my goodness gracious. Couldn't believe it. Ended Wasn't up as a much family of a revenge story. Squad, huh? Some revenge it had. The only revenge is on Zod. Now he's got to watch that damn kid. <laughs> freaking, he's got two anchors on him now. You know what Zod, I'm talking about. Zod, it's time to go out for a pack of smokes, yeah, huh? Yeah, really. You didn't see the beginning of this whole story. He's the one that put him in the goddamn Phantom Zone. <laughs> he got sick of their nagging. All-Star Batman number 12, written by Scott Snyder, art by Raphael Albuquerque, Jordi Belair, and Steve Wands. Steve Wands, Eric, he doesn't have a sexy brother. He does not. I really have been enjoying the first Ally arc, but Scott Snyder slows things down this issue with a bit too much exposition. I get it's a pirate story, Eric. I don't need constant reminders of it. We do get some answers and a cool cliffhanger, but something just felt off this issue. Even Raphael Albuquerque's art was a little bit down. Oh, yeah, the backup made me think that Batman would do well in a Metal Gear Solid game. Eric, there but is that's about it. Yeah, uh, this issue was down. And I'm it, telling it, you, I hate as to soon say as I it, open the damn book, I freaking know this issue is down. Just looking at that stupid face that Bruce has underneath the cowl when the fucking yeah. mask is all it, messed it's up. It's very like, much uh, Raphael Albuquerque is trying to grab on to that magic that is Riley Rossimo there because that's all I could think of. It looked no, like the Riley neck's not Rossimo. long enough. Yeah, well, you can't really see the neck because of the cowl. Believe me, it's there. Uh, but really, the whole thing is. Not not a ton happens. Uh, what nope. happens at the end, I think, is pretty cool. But to get there, you're going through a lot and a lot of nonsense. And where I really think that it points out that this is a down issue is you actually seem to figure out here, you know, it's spelled out who the first ally is. Yeah. And even then, I just, I just was... I was bored. The pacing is so off. There's so much monologuing in this and the narration just dragging the story down. It, it really did. So it, it, You, you want to talk about dragging the story down. It's like the dialogue alone just took yeah. me out of the story from where we were. I'm telling you, up until this point, I'll be like telling people, you know, if you don't like All-Star Batman, wait till you read that first that ally arc. Yeah, and, and I'm still happy right about it. We still have two more issues to go for this arc and then the end. Uh 
you can still pull it out. You can have one issue in the middle. This is pretty much the middle issue, and you are going to get out. It looks like we're going out of Miami. It gets you there, but it starts off, and right away you have that dual cliffhanger from the last issue where Alfred got shot, and it looked like Batman got, ex- you know, he's going to die in an explosion in Tiger Shark's underground submarine casino. And yeah, that sounds like underwater a lot of fun too, Eric. But yeah, uh, yeah, underwater. I mean, it's a you know a submarine. Yeah, I got. But yeah, you don't get really anything with Alfred. You well, the have whole explosion, there, so. I don't really get anything out and of yeah, either. Yeah, that's the this, problem is you, you go, this, this is thing. where yeah, what, I hate cliffhangers on? that leads to a cliffhanger that looks like a whole submarine was in flames. Explosion. Like, I, I'm and telling now you, it whole, just seems to be nothing. People thought that that Nightwing freaking cliffhanger, how we resolved that when the freaking Tiger Shark expo- uh, sub exploded there, yeah. we thought that was nonsense. I think this is more nonsense because well, this yeah, is like because the Wonder Woman number 27 fucking bomb where nothing happens at the yeah, it's like, not where explained. it goes. No. It's very odd because basically it's just compromised the submarine. Water's coming in. You have Batman there going. And it's also funny because you see Batman and Tiger Shark and they're there. And then later it makes it seem like Scott Snyder wants to up the ante. So he does mention, oh, there's a lot of people there as well. But how Batman gets out and saved, I'm guessing that the rest of the people are dead because I think they all flew They've out already the back drowned. end too. Yeah, that's what I, it's just, it's very It's not only that, the fact that, you know, we've seen Tiger Shark a lot over the past couple of years, now recently in Nightwing, and like, you know, he just shows up every now and again just to give a smile to our faces. Now he only talks in fucking pirate jargon. I know. And it's. What the fuck is that? And even with the case that that would be something that would have been kind of a cool type deal that Batman would have known if other people were around and somehow Batman didn't want to let anybody know what he was saying. Well, kind of like they were doing in Bane Conquest where Bane and him were in issue two where they were were catching up the languages so they could have a secret conversation. But in here, it's just a gimmick. And I don't get what you're getting at with that gimmick. But yeah, like Translated from the the Argot of the ancient sea people. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. And it seems like it was led because you have... Tiger Shark laying there, he's bleeding out. He, he spells out that he has his heart outside his chest. Uh, he has to be dead, if you ask me, but he's talking in symbols, and I guess that's supposed to be and the then Batman stops. realizes. Yeah, well, that means Batman, I guess, realizes what he's saying. But we so go he does back to talk. it. Yeah, and says, translate it from the Argot of the Ancient Sea people. And I'm like, well, what? What do you mean? And he's like, my freaking heart. I can see my own freaking heart. Batman just, you know, really, I have done some street surgery. And really what you do, if a guy has an organ outside of his body, you punch it the fuck back in. Because that's what it seems Batman does. If you come across somebody with an organ outside of their body on the street, you keep fucking walking. You don't stop and do anything with that goddamn shit. You punch that organ back in and you, you teach it a lesson. You say, I'm going to punch you, body. Heart. You're get it again. Don't you do this again, Heart. Stay where you're supposed to stay. Stop it, Heart. Why does Batman look terrified this entire goddamn issue? I don't know. It's, and it's because of that. Anytime you have that cowl half off like that, they always go with that. And like I, I think that that was something we saw a lot in Monster Men, and I hated it then. Uh, but yeah, they're talking and they're fucking jargon. They're fucking <sighs> see people. 
Fucking sea people, Aaron. And the sea people, I got you. He says, listen, uh, we got to do something. We got to get you know out of here. We got to use your cables, the tow cables. Uh, Tiger Shark says, no, no, no. They're just for show. They're not going to work. So he ends up going down, and there's these missiles, and he's going to attach the cables to the missiles. And then and he says – The thing is, it's, it's kind it's of a hokey way to get out of this. But the it's thing is, much. I think it's kind of a clever idea because we have these tow cables that are just for show as, freaking, uh, as Tiger Shark tells us. Batman has a plan, though, because they do have missiles that will react to sound because, you know, you know what? It's way yeah. too much because I'm trying to explain no, it's too this. Much. And like, but anyway, hopefully there's hook- not a fucking Primus concert across the Bay, Eric. There's going to be shit going wrong because the all it's reacting to, sound, to is, all is Alfred screaming. Uh, yeah. They're in the Bay of a city. Uh, hopefully shit isn't going on in the city because those <laughs> missiles are going to go a different way. Plus, is, I'm, if I'm you get me... I'm trying to explain me, it and say it's not that bad. No, things, it's I too don't much. like this issue because of what we got here, and I'm just trying to have it make sense yeah, to everybody who's no, listening who didn't much. happen to also, read it. it is, it's a bit convoluted. I like the idea convoluted. that we eventually get to, though. The we're, idea, like, we're, we're gonna tow to, the to me, to the you get those tow missiles. cables and attach them to two missiles, and all this is going to do is rip the fuck off the back of the submarine. There, there's no way it's going to lift the submarine, submarine that all of a sudden – that there's no way that the cables – no. The, uh, two <laughs> missiles shooting up into the sky? Plus, where are they going? Up to the bat jet. Yeah, they're going to hit the bat wing because there's Alfred. He's flying around, and Bruce says, listen, Alfred, scream. What? And then you have to have the explanation. Shit has gone wrong here, Bruce. <laughs> Pick up the pace. You, you just got to do what you got to do. You can't explain the whole thing. And the, Now, come on, Alfred. These missiles, they're made. And it is – when people get upset about Scott Snyder's writing, this is what upsets me yeah. is this over-convoluted explanation from Batman while shit is going wrong. All and of not sudden, only that, the over-complicated goddamn narrative that really doesn't seem yeah, to go anywhere. That's just like, really hey, is I bet Batman really liked pirate stories as a kid. Let's yeah, talk oh, about it. Oh, he loved them. He loved the pirate stories. But yeah, this fucking, these two missiles go off. They're going to fucking go and, and hit the goddamn Batwing because Alfred's screaming. He's until like, they're ah. not. Yeah, until they're not. And then they go. They miss because I guess he stops screaming. He just starts guess, talking. Just but at this day, point... At this point, we're told that they actually would react to a heartbeat. So the the closer they get to Alfred, the more he's fucked. Because now it's just going to react to the Batwing to the engine. fucking Batwing sound. Yeah, I don't know. There, there's shit going on. Did you go on stealth they... mode, Alfred? Don't fucking yeah. sneeze. No, but like I said, I think it would – this whole freaking submarine is compromised. You see it ripped apart and stuff. I think that it would just have ripped off those cables and they'd be done. Uh, but, but then it goes Don't worry, through... everybody, because Batman's safe because of mermaids. No, they, no you're wrong. Captain <laughs> Batman save oh them because he gets on the intercom. These people, <laughs> I was out at that point. These pe- it's Titanic all over again. I want to see the old couple laying in the bed together because th- th- everything's gone wrong. And he gets on the intercom. Captain Batman, we're going to get out of this. You hear me? So hang on to something and think of someone you love. And let's way, do this. I'm Captain Batman, Batman. out. What? And then he tells – that's when he tells Alfred what he's going to do. Yell like you know you used to when I didn't listen to you. Get going. It goes. They go out. Batman, unfortunately, seems to go out the side. He, yep. Him and the money are floating down. And you get that little narration about how uh, – through this whole thing, how a pirate stories go. And sometimes the pirates get on a ship they're not aware of and it gets taken over. And then they have to prove their worthiness. And when they do and they step up, they actually show that Just they're like worthy. Just like in The Princess and, Bride. And, yeah, and the actual 
actual, you know, crew will treat him as family, and that's where you see. Scotty, do me a favor. Just reference the Princess Bride. I'm good then. Oh well, yeah, and then you the get Dread this Pirate whole. Dread Pirate Roberts comes aboard. Yeah, I don't think it's the up. Dread Pirate Roberts because uh. Dread Pirate Roberts just kills everyone. He's, He's saying that everybody. Batman, Batman just showed that those mermaids. Now they realize, you know what? This guy's worthy. I'll save him. It's nonsense. It's complete nonsense. You have these spliced-in mermaid ladies with the breathing mask go, and that's who saved him. Because they didn't I'm go like, full what? gill with this goddamn Genesis engine. Yeah, and also because he sh- they they must have seen that Batman was a good guy who did you know tried to save. Honestly, what I think is, oh my himself. god, it's Batman. We need him to help us because now we're mermaids. We need someone no, to help they us don't turn care. us back. They're gonna go off and live under under the sea. They're they're over in fucking I don't know. They're going to Atlantis. They're not letting them in. They're not pure. Go uh, it's trouble. These mermaids movies. are in big fucking trouble. They are not going to get a job, Aaron. They're going to have to go to SeaWorld or something. But yeah, then we go back in time again and we see Alfred and he's talking to Briar. And Briar's explaining that there is this kind of covert thing that the crown does in England where there is Project the upside Nemesis, down crown. Uh, yeah, where you have the whole deal where he is going to be kind of this that you're going to help the government but in the meantime you're not it's kind of like a suicide squad it's, it's green it's, lantern renegade is what it is yeah and I, I think it's also suicide squad type deal that it, you know you're going to do some good for us in the meantime everybody's going to think you're bad and if you get caught we're going to say we don't know anything about you alfred yeah. doesn't want to do it and briar in the beginning briar says what was it that you were you know tagging all over london and you, you know you have that lang but then when alfred's like fuck this i'm out uh, there is a little thing where Briar does say something interesting when he's like, listen, I injected you with a tracer that I can trace you indefinitely. And I will just so you don't talk, but I'll leave you alone. We won't bother with you. We just have to keep an eye on you. Make sure you, you know, I told you too much. It's weird that he yeah. tells him too much before Alfred agrees to anything. Uh, but then as Alfred's walking away, he says, it's sma- it's a smash clock, isn't it? And it's a weird progression of this. Now you're pushing my buttons. Yeah, and it's weird because when he says, but it's a shattered clock, isn't it? He means that tag. And it's a weird way to spell it out because well, – that's the biggest. It is a weird way because I didn't understand that yeah. dialogue at all when I read this being that, a shattered clock. I thought yeah. he was reminding him of his father's broken that's dreams what, that's that like he had for that's the thing that I think gets lost in the translation that when he asks because that's the first thing he asks. Hey. What's that, what's that thing you paint around? And then he, fuck you, I'm not telling anybody, you know, that's my personal business. And then as Alfred's walking away, you you see, he knew it. And he's like, but it's a shattered clock, isn't it? And then that's when he goes into, your father spends all day winding clocks for the rich. It's a smashed clock face, isn't it? And when I went back, the problem with this, in this issue, where I would say to Scott Snyder, of any, he may disagree with everything here. I actually think he might agree with me. They never showed that tag in this. Well, that's issue. the thing is, we you had the thing where you know it. Tiger Shark's freaking chest is open with that tag. You never see it from a good angle to see what exactly it is. It's and, just an and open wound. And the thing wound. is, I went, I went back to to look at it from, and really, I went back to the first issue of the arc where he was painted. Yeah. I don't think that people remember what that was. And you look at it, I'm like, okay, I can see it. I can see that it's a smash clock, and that's where Briar must have seen that. Then looked into Alfred's, you know, what he's doing. He sees, oh, you know what? That's a smash clock. The His father's working for the Waynes in America. He's their butler. He's doing this. So he has the way that he, that's the end with Alfred. Yeah. You are an angry young man who hates what his father does. I'm offering you something that is bigger than that. Something that you can be your I'm own man. I'm offering you have a future a where you're just not yeah, you'll have fucking a purpose. And, and when I wrap my head around that, 
I like this middle part with Alfred. I really no, did. That is that's better the, than what I took from the yeah, whole goddamn thing. Yeah, that's the only thing. Because not seeing that symbol again really threw me off. Yeah, they should have had I don't it. remember what it looks like. He should have shown it to them. He should have been like, what is this? And shown it so people will remember. Because other than that, you just think, oh, Briar's this, you know, how the fuck does he know? Or oh, what is he going on with? Well, you know what? But it's it not seems... properly conveyed. But talking to you about it, you just up my score 0.5. Now, see? Boom, Eric. Freaking, I'm solving crimes and fucking spitting out rhymes here. But nothing's but no, going to save I, I that agree. Captain Batman bit. No, that, that's terrible. And you and also have joke. the whole thing. Right before this all, he does show, Briar shows him, like, this is the upside-down crown, the crown of thorns or whatever. And I, they're, Scott Snyder is really going with symbols yeah, in this. A so too much. It's just, yeah, it is a little too much. But then you go off, and there is more talk about pirates and Robinson Crusoe and scars, and it's Alfred. Not enough about Princess Bride. It's, yeah, it's Alfred patching up uh, Bruce. Now, I know that Tommy Elliott was captured, and he's there. I just, it just seems weird to just have him tied up to a table. I think it feels odd that we didn't deal with fucking Tiger Shark having his fucking heart out, and like, yeah, you know, did yeah. anybody help Tiger Shark? How could it? I, I would assume uh, he has to be dead. He Bruce punched him in. The, he punched his heart back in. He showed that heart who was boss. <laughs> but after that, he was right there with Bruce, right? Yep. So wherever well, Bruce actually, ended no, up, because Bruce ran off to go do the tow cable missile yeah, I deal. Yes, but I would I would expect that he's now bled out, and I I even so? got the idea. Here's the I also the got the idea. Face down. If if I'm going to be uh, somebody who's going to read between the lines, Eric, uh, and put your three fingers up, put your index finger in your other two, and read between those lines, Eric. Just do that. Right oh, right. I just flipped uh, myself off. What I would guess you is when me, you saw the, when you saw those mermaids. <laughs> going that was the whole thing with that narration was when when a pirate showed he was worthy they became family whatever i actually thought that they were showing that these mermaids were like fuck you tiger shark you had us captive whatever i'm going with this guy who was helping people and now tiger shark's dead which we know he Aww. isn't it's just he's just pushed out right between the lines there uh, but alfred oh, sitting did it again. there <laughs> alfred sitting there and talking about you know, hey, you know what? There's scars here, and I'm next to Tommy Elliott, who doesn't have anything but these scars. You can be proud of him because you're a survivor. Then he seems to inject some adrenaline in, in Bruce's heart. He jumps up and says, I got it. I got the Genesis engine. I grabbed it from that mercenary before the blast, and I want to know when the hell that now. happened. I want to know when the hell that happened because it did not seem like that would have happened because nope. that guy freaking sliced Bruce so he couldn't move, cracked the goddamn thing in the that uh, the mermaid aquarium and then got out and the thing was blowing up. I don't know when, but we'll go with it. That's yeah. fine. There's more issues in here uh, than just that, but he has it, and Alfred's like, good. Let's get the fuck out of here. We're going back to Gotham. I don't care what you say. We're getting out. We have to leave. And Bruce's like, no, no, no. The the mission is, you know, we we have the mission, but we also have the war. And, you know, God we got to get this. Why don't you ever listen to me? Yeah, we got to get this knight. This knight guy is going around killing people. I have to go. This is part of this. And he says, no, no, you can't. And as we see and as he tells Bruce, he's the one who pretty much perfected this night. This night was made because the whole thing of this M6 or whatever the states say in England with these uh, MI6. The MI6. And, yeah. Uh, the, the people who were doing this program that he was involved with, with this first ally, who seems to be Briar, by the way. Uh, it, it was antiquated. Yes, Briar is the first the ally. Deal. Yeah, they have to up the deal. So – 
Alfred and Briar kind of became friends, it seems, and they actually and they perfected got this, this freaking black they ops program. This this knight who now is uh, ripping through everyone, and he says, "So you know the knight you're fighting too well. I helped build him, Bruce. I trained him to be him." And that's when he's like, we're leaving. And Batman's like, no, 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 we have to stay. I have to do this. Then all of a sudden, a helicopter shows up, an Apache helicopter, it looks like, Eric, and it starts blasting them. It starts you know, this shooting. This part threw me off so much, too, because we had the black the and white. This is the part where I think the art is the worst. Yeah. Uh, no, actually, I think the beginning's the worst. Uh, well, I'm yeah, saying the art debatable. here with Penguin, I did yeah. If it wasn't for the Penguin the already wearing a Hawaiian shirt earlier, I wouldn't have known it was him. I would have thought it's somebody else showing up. I, I never about that black known. mask mask, huh? Yeah, well, yeah, and then you have black mask behind him. But when he first shows up, I'm like, oh, I guess that's Penguin because he's got that freaking, you know, Hawaiian shirt. But it's I'm off. saying the part that really bothered me from everything where Tommy Elliott and the black and white gang were all in it together. Yeah, they were in it everybody together. know that Bruce Wayne is Batman at this point? I don't know. They're saying that Tommy Elliott came to Miami posing as Batman. Bruce Wayne. Bruce, Bruce Wayne, I mean. Then, then Batman shows up. They think that he, I, yeah, I don't know. think that he was posing as Bruce <laughs> yeah, Wayne. But, but that's yeah, freaking... the Bruce Wayne. Now Batman shows up with Alfred. You would think that Tommy Elliot would know. You would think. Oh, so, Tommy but... Elliot does know. I just would think that the rest of the freaking yeah, black and white they guy would, would figure just the shit out by now. Batman is now there. I don't think because even Alfred or uh, Penguin even says, "Oh, and, I guess and you and your Alfred's buddy Bruce there. Wayne." The fucking Bruce Wayne's I butler know. is there. I know. But yeah, well, I, I'm telling you, I, I don't think that they're looking into it. They're going to kill him anyway, and they, they end up saying, you know, hey, you and Bruce, you're in Bruce Wayne's freaking apartments here, you know, this casino, whatever it is, this fucking hotel, you know, yeah. hotel, and you're in the cheap things, and it's it's too much again. I'm like, I, I don't need this dialogue about how this is, you, you see the reviews, people don't like it. Uh, but Tommy gets all out of there, goes where Bruce is shot up and laying there. Alfred is hurt, and Tommy like Bruce, appears can't to get a break. The, yeah, he appears to get the Genesis engine, and it seems weird because I don't know why. Because of Detective, I'm thinking it's an orb or whatever, but it seems to just be something that's like a little thing that's on it's his belt. It's a tiny belt. thing that fits in his goddamn utility belt. Yeah, I, I want to know because there's belt. all those freaking little pouches. I'm like, how does Tommy know exactly where the fuck I this goddamn know. thing is? I don't know. He goes is? right to get it. He throws the belt off and then gets on the helicopter with the black and white gang and then smell you later. And as they go, uh, they, I don't know. I guess it's the penguin says, you know, to the people, let her rip, and you see the wrecking ball, which I don't know why a wrecking ball's there when this hotel is just a the grand opening. You there. wouldn't have it's this. It's the grand opening. I do not think a wrecking ball would still be there. And when the wrecking ever. balls start first showing up, I think Alfred or Batman might say, you know what, maybe we shouldn't be here because but there shouldn't be wrecking balls that, right outside the fucking grand so, opening of the hotel. You have this, and I know that I know that Bruce just woke up. But at some point, they, they were there earlier with yeah. Tommy Elliott. And I think that Bruce, who is the owner, would have been like, what's this wrecking ball doing here? I got I got to call somebody. You know, hey, I, I actually own this place. This is a grand opening. There's no wrecking ball here. I don't – what do we have, fucking Miley Cyrus? She's going to fucking do her fucking She's going to come in here. like that wrecking ball? Yeah, what I got What's going on? But yeah, uh, it starts doing and, – and now I have to admit that the book, I, I really – get tired of books that end with cliffhangers that are supposed to make us believe that the main character is dead every single issue. And we had we, we had the blowing up of the submarine last issue. Now we have the destruction of the Wayne Hotel 
it's just too much. Uh, it starts to lose its. And now I'm desensitized to these cliffhangers. It, Especially it since we came into this and it didn't seem like the sub blew up all that much. No, next next deal, they'll be at the Howard Johnson's eating breakfast, Eric. We, <laughs> how'd they get there? I used to think as a kid that was the fucking Rockefellers would eat at the Howard Johnson's eating the breakfast. That's the motor lodge, Eric. I used to get ice cream. I I believe when I was a kid, and I don't know if they still do it, but we would stay at a motor lodge, a Howard Johnson's motor lodge, and when you'd go and eat, kids would get a free dish of ice cream. Mm -hmm. Boy, I thought that was the greatest thing ever. I'd go vanilla though, Eric. I would go. I always go vanilla. I'd go vanilla, and it was was like a a friend, a vanilla bean. Vanilla, like a French vanilla type yeah. deal. And I don't know why. I think that started my love of free food uh, because I would eat that. And I think your gluttony started that. Just because it was given as like a free thing for kids, it just tasted so much better. It made me so And that's happy. why that you is, never grew up and, and now still my, demand free ice cream. That's one of my few happy childhood memories. Uh, but yeah, that's the main story. It ends with the hotel going down. We go to the backup. It's Raphael Albuquerque rewriting the backup. And basically, I'm not going to go that much into it. You have Batman on stealth mode. He's taking out a bunch of guys. And I kind of like the art in this just before the way it is presented like the with the Batman, the shadowy and the yeah. freaking like the scratchy goddamn pencils and shit like that. I'm like, yep. this actually plays out really well, way more than that freaking uh, main story did. Yeah, and then you have Vic, uh, the girl who realizes she's figured out that Batman is involved, and basically that's, and that's about it. it. There isn't much to it. Uh, those weapons and all that stuff are still going on, but they, they're trying to heat. Batman's trying to stop this deal while the bad guys, Vic, and her family seem to know now that it's Batman, so we're going to have to figure it out. Uh, but that was it. But I ended up, Eric, I gave it a 6.9 uh, as a... Uh, total deal i think that if i was doing it right now i probably would have given it a 6.5 even a 6 i really have some problems with this issue i think well, that it was overly dialogued i think that, oh yeah it was so you heavy. know it really just didn't do much yeah you get that whole thing with the black and white gang at the end kind of doing that that twist ending which is okay because i like the black and white gang i want to see more of penguin i want to see more of penguin though and stuff like that uh but other than that not much happens and really uh, I Captain said, Batman. Now, I said the, the main thing that I know that I did not have a great time with this issue is it looks like we learn who the first ally is and possibly what it means going forward with Bruce in this night. And I'd had no reaction to it whatsoever. No. I was just like, okay. And okay, Briar. And cool. I'll tell you, maybe it's because of these cliffhangers with this, you know, everybody's going to die every time with a cliffhanger that it makes the story not that important to me anymore. I'm because telling that you, almost seeing, seems like it makes no consequences. That it's I'm telling you, though, fucking seeing Batman survive all the shit that the freaking Black Knight did to him in the last issue and then yeah. all the stuff leading up to this where he gets a fucking shot and all this other stuff. I'm starting to go with Dance and Mike where he's a fucking meta for all the stuff for the pain and fucking punishment Maybe he's going through. he is fucking a nonsense. meta. Wait a minute. What did you just say, Eric? Meta? Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, Thank what you. would you give it? I'd, I'm telling you, like I said, because of your explanation yes. about that whole goddamn shattered clock and stuff like that, I did go up 0.5 higher. So now I'm going to give it a 6 <laughs> out of 10 because I wasn't a 5.5 <laughs> yeah. for what I was initially given and believed by reading this issue alone. I'm still I'm still looking forward to the next I, issue. I like the backup yeah, I, Raphael Albuquerque is one of my favorite artists, and this art, this issue, is way off. 
And I said – I was talking to some people about it this week, and I don't know if it's because his art is better suited for these action scenes, but even those are off this issue. It seems like but he's when, just trying different styles. Yeah, and when everybody's just standing around talking, which there's a lot in this issue, it really is off. It's like like you said, maybe he thinks that because – the issue had a lot of dialogue and not a lot of movement and things like that. The art had to have the stylistic feel to kind of tell the story along with it. But boy, it is off. I, I don't like it at all. But I uh, like the backup yeah. art. Yeah, yeah, I did too. And I just hope that next issue uh, starts up something good again because I do think that there's some cool things in this arc. Uh, well, yeah, I just it started think out this strong. Issue got away right from two it. issues, and this one just fucking from... brought everything down for me. Yeah, well, that is the end of the first section, Eric. And we're going to go off to mail section number two. It's mail with Eric. Hallelujah, it's mail with Eric. Oh, yeah, it's mail with Eric. Hallelujah, it's mail with Eric. Oh, yeah, it's mail with Eric. Hallelujah, it's mail with Eric. Oh, That's right, it's Mel with Eric. Get the hell out of here, Jim. Uh, 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 uh. On and on and on and on and on, on, Eric. On. Mel section number two, starting with Calvin Jackal. The Jackal's in town. The Jackal's back. With a few days to kill. Hello, Jim and Eric. I was not planning on sending in another email for a while, but after last week, I had to write in again. To little Petey from New York, I'm sorry my mail upset you so much. If I had known you were so sensitive, I would have phrased my email differently as to not hurt your feelings. Oh, he's so shapey. A diss war is started. (laughs) East Coast, West Coast. I figured somebody who emails in every week bashing on Reggie and even calling him a douche last week could handle a little backlash. You seem like the kind of guy who plays Call of Duty online, talks trash, and teabags everyone you kill. Then some 13-year-old calls you names and teabags your body you would instantly quit and cry under a blanket. Again, I apologize. Pete, keep your chin up, kid. I'm <laughs> going to tell you, Pete, but it's probably responding like, I've You've never been played Call of Duty. <laughs> You've been jackaled. Probably he's like, I never played Call of Duty, and I have not written in in a while. Uh, Pete had a little problem. He seemed to be a little down on comics lately. So, yeah. uh, Since I am emailing in, I may as well throw out my $25 do-or-die pull list as well. New Superman, 4 bucks. Action Comics, 10 Detective Comics 16. Oh, I guess this is a... <laughs> like, Detective Comics cost 16? Where the hell do you live? Red Hood and the Outlaws, 20. And Deathstroke, 24. So that's a pretty solid right. 25. Are you checking the math over there? No, uh, no, no. He did a pretty solid deal. I'm two, actually, this was off. Read that goddamn list to me again, because the numbers threw me off at first. New Superman 4. Okay. Action Comics, yep. another 6 bucks, 10. Detective Comics, another six bucks, sixteen. Red Hood and the Outlaws, twenty. Deathstroke, twenty-four. That's He's a in. solid list. Yeah, that is. To Jim, Eric, Red, I'm sitting there. I saw Action Comics ten. I, I do. What do you live in Australia? I'm What's telling you, th- these numbers started coming out, and I forgot all about the titles. Like, what is going on? What is that? A pull list for ants, Eric? 
That doesn't make sense. <laughs> to Jim, Eric, Reggie, Brandon, Trevor from Millionaire, and Chris. Show's amazing and continues to help me make it through my week. That's why we do what we do. Eric, sure is. And the next one is Gigi says, what's up? The most electrifying man in podcast entertainment. Jim Warner, America's sweetheart, Eric Shane, the deep oh. eclectic sex voice of Red Jay. Damn you, Jim. When you said that Eric and I were both pussies, I couldn't stop laughing in the office. (laughs) I guess the truth is funny. I swear your show sends me to laughter oblivion all the damn time. I have tears in my eyes from laughter. It's funny, too. I would love it if G's like there. He's laughing. He's working at his fancy job, and he's laughing. Somebody's like, what are you laughing about? He's like, what? Oh, this guy on this podcast just called me a pussy? Ah, (laughs) you're, You're fired. Oh. I am also beginning to think I that Eric it. Shea is my brother from another mother, as I also tend to cry from movies involving sons and fathers. Yeah, it's terrible. Daddy! Daddy! He called him Daddy. Fucking must Real be Steel because... is the worst, because there's nothing really overly sad about that movie. Fucking as soon as Hugh Jackman and his son start doing shit together, I fucking ball like a baby. Really? Yeah, you wish. You're like, where were you, Daddy, when I had my son? Why didn't you teach racer? me how to box? Why didn't you teach me to box, Why Daddy? didn't you tell me to dance All in front of people because you did was box me in the ear. <laughs> you boxed me in the corner. Yeah, all he was doing was out looking for box, Eric. And that's the truth, it's right? The truth. Next thing you know, little Eric, Sh- little Eric Shays, they're on the stoop waiting for Daddy. Daddy's out getting box. <sighs> it must be because I realize that every single portrayal of father and son is ten times better than my relationship with my crappy dad. Daddy. You, you know what it is with me is that I see those things, and it's almost like you going to see uh, freaking uh, eight-legged freaks. Right. Th- this shit that I'm it's seeing so is so over the top. It's, it's ridiculous. It's so way over the top of whatever my dad would do. It seems like it's fucking nonsense. <laughs> like, wait a second. He Kids actually don't talk acknowledged- to their fathers. Wait, Hugh Jackman acknowledged his son was in the room with him. Uh, you got me there. What kind of bullshit are you, you trying to I would, cry, I would cry in a scene in a movie if a father came downstairs and said, get get out of my way. Because that would be like, holy shit. Oh he, he's actually recognizing him as an actual human being that should be talked to. Uh, oh, Jesus. Now Eric has just put the video on. I don't need that. Oh, my God. He's crying. There's tears. Eric. Are those tears of joy? You are, uh, smoke, smoke just got my eyes. How much all... do you fucking smoke? During a thing. You have come on the video. I'm Xing you out. I can't take it. That's a distraction. I can't take it, Eric. That sexy fucking fucking video. This is my good side. This is my good side. The the, the thing is, every time you go on that video and pop up, you're smoking. Uh Uh-huh. I wish that this computer had a... uh, uh, camera, I would go and I'd show you a little of the, a little of what's going on over here. The fucking train wreck uh, going on in this room. I, I would actually like to take you on a video tour of this room and you, you'd laugh. Uh, right next to me right now is a huge flashlight that's one of those like you could beat the shit out of people. It's like right. almost like a baton a as well. I don't even know where that came from. I have a bowl of cherries. I have my phone and two empty cups of coffee. There you go. Good. And then you'd see my fucking mug that you get to I've got two empty packs of cigarettes. Yeah. Oh, I can tell. Every time. That time you came on, you're smoking seven cigarettes at the time. You are in flavor country, country. my friend. It's a big country. It's a very big country. Uh, I'm also beginning to think Eric Shea is my brother from the mother. Where am I now? See, this is what happens. (laughs) After hearing about your conversation regarding the new female Doctor Who, I thought I would do a top five female counterpart characters in pop culture. What are yours? Well, if I didn't know Eric Shea. 
I know that Elvira would have to be one of them because he told me she is a pop culture she icon. She is a pop culture is icon. Number Jim. five, The Bride of Frankenstein. Number right. four, TX, the female Terminator from Terminator 3, Rise of the I hate Shades. that one. Number three, Red Sonia, counterpart to Conan the Barbarian. Number two, Supergirl. Number one, Batgirl. Uh, is Lucy on your list, if you would No. Care? Lucy. What? No. What is Lucy the fucking female counterpart What about of? Princess Leia? I don't know. He's like, I don't know. Well, yeah, I guess. I didn't even know what he was talking about. I don't <laughs> think... Then what is the... What's Doctor Who the counterpart for? And we're talking about the female counterpart. Well, I'm saying, like, you know, you had Missy... Yeah, Doctor Who is not a female counterpart. That's the character. There's no we've counterpart. Had, we've had a Gee, male... Gee, this, this list is bullshit. Bullshit! Because I think this is nonsense. What is your counterpart list, then? I, I don't have one. I did so not. Know, don't I don't have one yeah. top of my. How about um, she rada he man? No, that doesn't count. I mean, no, it doesn't count. I don't think that's the case. There you go. How about that? How about Tila? Is Tila a counterpart to somebody? Oh uh, no, not really. Maybe Evil Lynn, but I don't really see it. God damn! I don't. I don't that's have any list there. right there. I don't have any. Princess list Leia. You know who Princess Leia is a counterpart to? Oh. Prince Leia. Oh. Actually, it could be Luke. Luke. It could be Luke, it's, it's yeah. Luke. How about, uh, I don't have any list. <laughs> I don't like this list. Uh, how about uh, that new, did you ever see Sexy Bot? No. That's the, uh, you, you never saw that? That's that's the female the, Transformer. The Sexy Bot. How about, uh, you know, Sexy Smurf? What's Smurfette? Is Smurfette, Smurfette. the uh, counterpart to every other Smurf? Is to every other. Yeah, there you go. That works for How me. How about Summer in uh, Rick and Morty? Is that a counterpart to Morty? No, Summer? absolutely not. No. How about we have... Now, you, have, you uh, could have, if there's a female Morty there in one of the multiverses. How about Round, Ronda Rousey, who is a counterpart to Destro? No, we have like the whole thing. Like there'll be ca- the original Captain Marvel and then Miss Marvel. How about that? Oh, man, that's great. This, this list is falling. Spider Man and then Spider Woman. Yeah, but that's that's too easy. I know yeah. it is, but you're not coming up with none. Come on. How about uh, the uh, that lingerie football league is the uh, one to the NFL? How about that one? How about the I, is, WNBA? Is the AFL the freaking female counterpart the, to the I, NFL? No, no, that's not the female. How about the WNBA to the NBA? Would that work? There you go, Ben. That how works for about, me fine. How about Reggie Miller as the, the male counterpart to his female sister? Oh, gee. <laughs> One week a pussy. The next week he can't come up with a list that interests me at all. He did not spark anything on me. I thought it was a very good list, G. Thank you. Oh, did you? No. I don't agree with that TX thing because it's fucking bullshit. I, I didn't, but... the, the problem is, G, you made me not get my – mind wrapped around the list and then i had to defend myself by yelling at you that, that is what i do <laughs> oh i know exactly what I, I, I didn't read this beforehand i'm just like what is this list oh gee you know gee's done it again he better come <laughs> back stronger next next week come back with a better list <laughs> next one is brandon brandon says sup fellas well football Stop, season Brent. is here training camp has started when this part of the year hits along with reading comics i feel whole again I bet you Brandon wouldn't come up with a list like this. Me and Brandon don't come up with these lists. You know, we live our lives. We don't live through lists like you and G. And she's oh. right. He's right on with you being brothers. You're brother in arms right there. I can start spending too much money on gambling, fan duel, fantasy football. Is fantasy football the male version of fan duel? Is, is I, that it? 
I don't know what that is. Drink on Sundays without criticism. I think he's. it's now almost Sunday. Brandon is in the chat. I think he's already fucking started on this Sunday drinking tonight. And just have an excuse to be a degenerate several times throughout the year uh, with the Buffalo Bills serving as my built-in excuse. Now, the one thing I'm never mentally prepared for and you think I would be used to by now is the mental abuse and anguish this team puts me through and has on my emotions. It's basically me letting that scummy, sleazy ex-girlfriend back into my life, thinking it'll be better this time. It won't be, but I'm so damn ready for it. It being football and not crazy, angry ex-sex, just to clarify. He says, work, news, and Gotta love that crazy ex-sex, though. So the people who make the big bucks at our office have decided this week to announce in a meeting that it's become mandatory for all first-shift employees to choose a month in the fiscal year and work third shift to help with volume and deadlines because we're shorthanded and backing up. I just think this is weird because he's saying that everybody has to decide to work at night. Though he hasn't spelled out that the third shift is a different job, though I think that would be it. But why would getting people work first shift to actually work third shift on a, a for it a month? Up another spot that's open up. Yeah, yeah, but nobody's gonna go in his spot then. No, that's what I'm saying. I, I'm agreeing with you with this. Yeah, it, doesn't that seem weird? It's just like. Mm-hmm. What, working at night's going to be, I, from every time I worked at night, shit never gets done at night, Eric. No way. Hey, just, I, we have a guy working at night now. That's what I, was I hear the of. guy just stands around bitching and moaning all night. Oh, so you can tell me when you start. come in and nothing's fucking done. Yeah, I come in, he kind of does a little bit of the job I do, and I come in, I'm like, this motherfucker hasn't touched anything. And then I got to do double the work, and fuck that. This, this guy's lazy. And I mean so me. Needless to say, this went over like a fart in an elevator, while a lot of people initially acting tough, but eventually caving. I have decided the best course of action here is to ignore the request. My, that's what I would have said. I would, I, yeah. I would say like anything when people are like, oh, I what do you think's going to happen in November? And we'll see in November because Brandon will probably even shake his head yes. By then, they'll probably have seven other meetings. And when they say, this is where I don't get it. Where is the meeting like, listen, guys, this is going to suck. But you're all going to have to work seven days a week, one month. Now you get shit done. There's two extra days being worked. There's just shifting to third shift. That sounds like they want you to learn, you know, the other side, right? To learn how unless the other you, side Unless lives. there's not a third shift, now they're doing like 12-hour shifts to get rid of the third shift. Yeah, but shift, that's so what it doesn't two. say. It doesn't say like you have to work your well, regular shift and then third. Why does that third, brought the those... freaking manship when the bank smell like Band-Aids? We don't, yeah, we're never going to find know. out why. I got more word on that, and nobody knows. He actually got a hold of his old friend who was friends with this girl and said, "How? why does she smell like Band-Aids? And then the guy told Manship, you should know better than most. And the Manship said, I'm fucking confused. But yeah, Manship <laughs> so right now is Manship. working. Manship sent me an email. He's working like 17-hour days. That's how you get shit done, Eric. Much like my girlfriend just asked me to do something, I just flat out pretend I didn't hear her at all, even though she knows I very well did. And I will deal with the consequences when they're presented to me face-to-face, oh, yeah. not in a mass meeting. How would the most epic work dodger I know, Eric Shea, play this situation better? Eric just wouldn't show. You ignore it until yeah. it goes away, and when yeah. push comes to shove, you do not show up that no, day. No, you don't show that first day and then see or if maybe they that say week. anything. And if they do... Then you say, oh, I didn't realize it was this week. Oh, Oh, my. I'm really hoping to just slip under the radar unnoticed here. That's what what we do. Speaking of farts, I was walking in from break yesterday going up the stairs behind an old lady we call Toes because she wears flip-flops year-round and has the nastiest toes you ever saw. I think the last time she could reach her toes was 1964. My toes aren't that bad. Uh, they may have some, you know, I might be called Edward Scissor Toes now and again, Eric. That's, that's pretty bad. The point. 
So you get the picture. Anyway, I'm walking in. She's in front of me. Pretty much every step she took up the stairs, she was farting right at me. Totally crop dusting me. Now, this is the problem. This should stop after step one, Brandon. Yeah. you got to stop. Let her go. Give her a wide or berth. call her out. Yes, Shame her. Total, total alpha move there. She's probably the one who decided it would be a great totally idea to put us all on third shift. Bennett, Brandon. Goddamn gross it. bitch. It's it's only common courtesy to at least glance over your shoulder before just ripping an entire series of farts off. No Thing way you is, know she all She glanced over her shoulder and stared on the entire time <laughs> doing it. Licking Power her lips. <laughs> Going, ooh, <laughs> is that me? <laughs> Uh, here's his books. Flash, I'm mind-fucked on the series right now. I want to drop it because it's not been a great run overall by Williamson in my eyes. Plus, Reverse Flash again acted like such a bitch. Once he lost the upper hand this issue, one to- one on top of his reason for being mad to begin with, I lost all respect for him as a comic book villain. However, this negative Speed Force Barry is finally something interesting uh, in the comic out of this arc, and I'd like to see where that goes. But the tone of this book isn't fun to me overall, and I don't see this leading to fun. Overall tone of that book in general has not been fun. No, and now we're back shame. to Moat Barry. But I'm still interested in a way. I know that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but at least New 52 Barry did crazy shit and it had a feeling of fun to it. Final note, the inconsistent art in this book kills me. I hope Porter stays on. It looks like it for a while, but I never buy the series in a trade for that reason alone. Action. Well, that ended. I have to say how amped I was uh, at Cyborg Superman being back and how legitly scared I was for Superman at the beginning of the arc. Oh, yeah. This may be the arc that started the best but ended the worst for Action Comics. The whole Zod story should and could have just been a separate arc altogether because his interests uh, never aligned with anybody on that team and only took the shine away from who I wanted to see, Cyborg Soups, not Cyborg, Me too. who was just featured in Suicide Squad for a long while. This feels and reeks of I have to wrap up and cram my two ideas into one arc going on here because this got so sloppy after Zod was introduced after really thinking we had something special on our hands. That's the other, that's the thing that threw me is that Zod seemed to be like the last second edition and even like in the book and editorially and then and like, even sudden, getting a hold of freaking, you know, uh, Rob Williamson to find out how we're going to get Zod out because I need him over here, so we yeah, got to do yeah. something over yeah, there. Yeah, it's crazy. I still have no guess for Oz, but whoever comicbook.com thinks it is, you can wholeheartedly count it on being 100% untrue. <laughs> I'm taking a Donald Trump approach with this. Hashtag fake news site from here on out. I'll make them my CNN enemy. You can count on that, and that was talking politics. Detective, this remains a very strong arc, and Satana continues to be one of my favorite female characters I want to read more about. She's got that whole good girl with a bad side down pat, and I fully yeah. support this initiative. That bat, bat's real suit that Luke pulls out at the end gave 10-year-old me all the smiles in the world. Now I think I need to buy Nightfall continuity of it all be damned. You got me again, DC. Good play. Batman, hashtag Batman is not a meta. Go fuck yourself. Comicbook.com and bam. Mike <laughs> Jets, Brandon at BMUR3660. Winner of the Marvel Minute, Eric, that they're going to talk about. I'm reading. He actually put that because I never know. And I'm yeah, reading it like a moron. Deadpool number 34. And I, I apologize, G. Uh, that, that list was good. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't know what it was all about. He I got had this, on the I defense had, immediately. I had like these, all these ideas of what I was going to tell about the list. That, I don't know. The whole Doctor Who being a female is what threw me off. I, I get the idea of what you're saying now, that that just piqued his interest. Yeah. But that's like me eating a, a fucking steak sandwich, and then that made me think of a list of my top five deaths in fucking hey, porno. shit happens. It doesn't happen, Eric. It's not the, I need a progression that I can follow. 
that list ended up being the Brian Hitch of lists. I, I didn't know where I was going, and now I'm throwing shade again. Don't want to throw shade, though. Uh, you I still and love G, you, G. You and G are still pussies. That's just, that's a given. From now on, that's what you are until you're told otherwise. You just live with it. Uh, but I'm we're good. Gonna go, I've been told that my, my entire yeah, life. I know. I know. We're going to go off now to more books. Oh, oh, hello. I know, right? Whose balls did I have to fondle to get my very own movie? I can't tell you, but it does rhyme with Pulverine. And let me tell you, he's got a nice pair of smooth criminals, Gananda. Anyway, I got places to be, a face to fix, and oh, bad guys to kill. All right, how we doing, guys? This is Marvel Minute. I am Brandon, as always, joined by Trevitt. How are you doing, Trevitt? Uh, not much. <laughs> so we are bringing to you guys this week Deadpool number thirty-four. Um, so that won the vote. It, it was kind of a tough week to uh, determine what books to throw up there. I don't always want to put X Men Blue up there because that wins every time when, when that yeah. uh, that goes on the poll. So so we mixed it up with with some things you don't usually find. Uh, Punisher was up there and Thanos. I remembered all three this week. So how about that? Um, <laughs> I was hoping Thanos was going to win. It came in. It was second, not a close second. Yeah, but it was second. yeah I know. It, that's like the um, I think second time we put it up there, and it it gets a solid showing, but never enough to win. You know, and it's always hovering around thirty percent, which which doesn't. <laughs> yeah. <matter>. So, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah. I, I mean, is Lemire still writing it? What is? It's on what nine? Yeah. Yeah, Lemire's still writing it. He's writing it all the way to issue twelve. So. Oh, all right. So, yeah, uh, that's his last Marvel work coming out, I think, right? Yeah, the last ever. So, um, off to DC. Off to DC, yeah, he goes. Uh, but this is not uh, Jeff Lemire. This is Deadpool 34, winner by a pretty substantial amount this week. Uh, so, Deadpool still has a, a big following out there, I guess. A bunch of people buy this book or at least follow it. Digitally, because I don't see it in the poll pictures that pop up too often. But um, uh, me neither. Yeah, we got writer Jerry Duggan, uh, pencils by. You know, we got a hell of an art team this week again. Uh, I'll probably again get half the names right, but Matteo <laughs> Loli and Mike Hawthorne. They're on pencils. Christian Dalla Vent Vasaha Vici Vicia. I don't know. Um, Vecchia. And Terry Pilat are on inks, and then colors are Ruth Redmond. So I know I at least got the person that does colors and one of the the pencils right. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so two out of five. If we were playing baseball, I'd be all right. But um, other than that, is Marvel Comics production, and we'll get into our blurb here and tell you what we think about Deadpool 34 and if you should buy, borrow it, or forget it altogether. I think this is the first Deadpool book we've had on here, at least since we've been doing things together. I might have done one or two when when I was soloing it. I think you are correct, because I've never read. I don't think I've ever read Deadpool up until this point. Yeah, 
So, so this is our first Marvel Minute Deadpool in a long while. It's a Secret Empire tie-in. Uh, so here we go. What do you do if you find out? Oh, fuck. I'm like Eric here. I can't read my own blurbs. <laughs> uh, what do you do if you find yourself unknowingly and unwillingly tricked into working under Steve Rogers, who then duped you into murdering a close friend slash ally? Well, Deadpool is about to fill us in on the ins and outs of that situation in this arc here. And let's just say things are getting ugly for him. Unbeknownst to Hydra, Deadpool is on a quest to take down Hydra Cap, but also has a hell of a lot going on in his personal life to deal with first. Does Hydra offer vacation days next on the Marvel Minute? Uh, so, yeah, we, get, we got Deadpool. Uh, he is working for Hydra, but kind of betraying them at the same time, like just doing busy work and not really uh, doing what he's supposed to do. Uh, who's this guy at the start of the issue here? Uh, Do you I know have, him? Does I, he have a name, or is he just some clown? I think he, I, I have no clue who he is. I think he might just be. Because I think clown. Deadpool mocks his name later on, but but I don't know what his real name is to really get the joke. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you, you've been a little more into the Secret Empire stuff than I have. I've just read the main series, so I don't know if this guy has been like in the Steve Rogers book or anything. No, it, no. I'm okay. Because he, he looks flat out ridiculous, like uh, like it's a Cobra Commander mask with the mouth cut out, an, open, uh, an opening, um, with giant red bug eyes. Like like he looks a little over the top, and, and Deadpool doesn't take him seriously at all. Uh, he he walks in the room sailing, saying, sailing, saying he's finally picked up one of the big fish, and, and this is Trapster, uh, Paste Pot Pete, whatever other name he goes by. Uh, not, not a big fish, so to speak. You know what I'm no, saying? Definitely not. Um, and Deadpool is also naked and looks like he's covered in honey, uh, with his mask uh, honeyed over his jock. I, I don't, I don't really know what's going on here. Um, oh god. Yeah. So, so you see, Deadpool's naked, scarred up body there. Uh, not, not a bad start. And then he comes. Uh, Jesus, could you make a little more noise? Jesus Christ. Uh, anyway, Deadpool goes walking outside here. Um, he's bringing Paste Pot Pete or Trapster. He's bringing him to jail. Uh, and this, Hy this Hydra guy who we don't really know the name of is um, telling Deadpool, listen, en enough of these clowns. I want you to get me Maria Hill, uh, which is the gist of uh, his motivations moving forward here. Um and then we God. suddenly. Well, go ahead, man. Sorry. No, I was just gonna say, like that. Uh, you know, you said he looks like Cobra Commander. The Deadpool makes the the Cobra joke. Yeah, <laughs> that's what made me think of it a little bit too. But I, I don't know if this dude's name has something to do with Cobra, or so that could be part of the joke. I don't. I don't know. But um, yeah, Deadpool does kind of make a Cobra Commander. Maybe this guy's goes by you know hydra have sometimes snake related names or uh you know the serpent society i, I don't know uh but anyway then we we is this a flashback or the art changes um, here and, and they don't really I, give you a timeline of when this happens so it's no. weird and and you know they make it a point like you know in the regular story it's it's colored regularly in this it's only black white gray and red you know yeah I think this is almost like um, 
what Deadpool was dealing with before he got Trapster and, and really started, you know, full on just doing these side missions for, for Hydra. That's what I took out of it. I don't know, because, you know, things like colored black and white usually are past events. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but anyway, because, he, uh, well, because he killed Coulson, they got into this fight. So it had to happen um, around issue 31, 30, no, 32, 33 or something like that. It had to happen around then. Yeah. That she, he, that's when he killed Phil Coulson. So. I, maybe this is a flashback of like a couple issues ago or something, or they're just showing that they got into a fight. Yeah, because she last issue she was uh, like picking up on uh, the fact that Deadpool was lying to her, and um, you know she she started like hunting him down to to really get it from his mouth about what happened to Coulson because she knew something was off. Um, and this is when she catches up to him, I guess. Did it look like this? Did it have like this coloring in the last issue when they dealt with each other, or is it just this issue? I just read like a very detailed summary online. I didn't thump the oh. issue or anything, to be honest with you. I just I just know the events that led up to this moment. Um, so I I mean, really, the majority of the second act and a large chunk of the issue is, uh, you know, Emily Preston. And Deadpool just going back and forth with each other and slugging each other. Uh, she, she's a longtime friend of Deadpool. She's um, his daughter's caretaker. So Deadpool goes over there to visit all the time. And, and she happens to be uh, an LMD. Uh, she was killed by a zombie, George Washington, and in some event way back when. <laughs> yeah, she's got a crazy history. And her consciousness was put into the uh, LMD through, through, you know, Shield Tech. And uh, she still worked for Shield, and she still has her family and everything. Um, and but because Deadpool, person. yeah, because Deadpool helped get her into this body, she's like you know paid him back by keeping his daughter safe and stuff. Um, so so that's basically the sum of their relationship here. So it's it's really a big emotional moment that they're going back and forth with punches here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's really weird, like, that she's a friggin' life model decoy. Like, even if her yeah. consciousness is imprinted on it, it pretty much is, like, just a copy. So it's not like yeah. actually her, but technically it is her. It's yeah. Well, it's, it, it's the whole consciousness thing, and she's in essentially the same body she was in before. So, you know, you can just basically say it's the same. <laughs> in, yeah. in comic book world, that's basically just the same person come back to life, you know, I guess. Uh, yeah, Black Ant is like that, too. He's a life model decoy. Yeah, so so that's what we got going on here. Um, Deadpool is just getting his butt kicked all over the place. He he's taking blows. He he's really in bad shape, and they're they're going back and forth talking. You know, I'm trying not to swear because my daughter's rolling around here, and then she's gonna interrupt me and <laughs> slap my hand and all that nonsense going on. Uh, she starts approaching him when when she really thinks she has him on the ropes. Um, and Deadpool mentions as, as he's got this grenade pin pulled off in his hand that, you know, you should have never got close, which is basically like a double entendre, a double meaning there stating that, uh, you know, she should have never got close to him as a person. And ever since he's tried Man, to go good, like things, things just keep blowing up in his face. Um, and also meaning, you know, you should have never got close to me here in this fight because now we're both going to be blown to pieces. Um, but yeah, you got anything to add there? 
Well, when I when when I saw this happen in the book, it was uh, I wanted to go. I I flipped back a couple of pages to see if you know the artist decided to like put in a moment that you like you know that you wouldn't notice maybe in a smaller panel where he like grabs the grenade or something. Yeah. But uh, I didn't see that at all. Yeah. No. Deadpool's <laughs> that always kind of got. Yeah, he's he's always got a ton of grenades and bombs and, and stuff in his pouches, I guess, because uh, he pulls them out all the time. Uh, but anyway, um, you know, I, I really like the art in this part, too. It's like this black, white, and red thing going on, and the only things red are the sky in the background at some points, Deadpool's costume, and, and uh, Preston's lips. Pretty cool touch. Yeah, this uh, looks great. Yeah. But anyway, this grenade goes off. They both get blown to pieces, and then you you get this big black page with some, um, you know, binary writing on it, and then um, some computer programming lingo that that basically states the LMD is booting back up. And uh, Deadpool puts a total pause to the reboot, um, and we turn the next page, and we <laughs> we see you know a really in rough shape looking Deadpool all, all scarred up and his costumes all torn to shreds carving up the uh, yeah he really does <laughs> he looks like a zombie uh, carving up the life model decoy to pull out the power, power core and he, he um, you know they're still talking a little bit she wasn't supposed to come awake at this point in time like Deadpool put a stall to the process but it booted up anyway so it's even a little more brutal than it's supposed to be. But yeah. uh, when he pulls the power core out, she, she passes on or, or powers down. And then it looks like he also, because he also pulls this black part of the machine out. And it, that, I think that's the, you know, memory drive or hard drive. Like our consciousness missed. or something. Yeah, that's what it's stored on, I'm pretty sure. Um. Because if you've read Deadpool 2099 at all, which is, you know, like the future of where Deadpool's going, uh, Preston is still is around. Book? Is that a book? Like, was that a book? It comes, it was coming out every six issues. So every six issues of Deadpool, the regular series, oh, was one That's of the cool. 2099 issues. Um, so it came out over a period of time. Yeah, I, I don't know if they're still doing it or not. I haven't paid super close, but I did read uh, most of those ones when they were coming out because I thought that was a pretty cool concept. But um, forever, I remember yeah. in Apocalypse Wars where they were like at the end of time, and it, you know he was one of the only people alive with Apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he ages. Like he technically, his healing factor just is like Wolverine. Like they just go on and on and on. You know what I'm saying? Forever, um, mortals. But. The next scene we get before the art changes back to normal is Deadpool wheeling just a box into a closed, uh, I don't know, like a FedEx or UPS place. He blows open the door with his gun, and he's like, listen, ship this to this place. I've double-checked the address twice, and if <laughs> anything happens to this box, I'm going to kill you. Um, yeah. He, he doesn't tell us where he's shipping it to. Uh which is interesting. So I don't know where this is going. Maybe to couldn't be to the family's house. That would be too crazy. I think it would what be going this? back to Shield to put it back together or something. I don't know. Did you see the signs on the door and it says "Ship your pants"? Like shit your pants. <laughs> yeah. That was a TV commercial, wasn't it? It was like some um, Sears or something. The Kmart commercial, I think it was. 
<laughs> yeah, shitty I don't company, know. like going out of business. If they had that, or what do you we'll ship your pants? Like, oh boy. <laughs> when he first gets to that counter, what do you think it says on that sign on the wall? Because it ends C K I N G. So, like, what? How many possibly combinations of words end with C K I N G? You know? Yeah. It's like uh, putting everything from something to judge. You. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that means either. I think skunks to fudge. Is that what it's supposed to be? Because you would never want to ship a skunk. Why would you want to ship fudge? It's going to melt in the mail, you know? Fucking um, everything from skunks to fudge. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fucking hilarious. There are a lot of good jokes. There's like some funny quips and one-liners in here. The humor's pretty good. I liked it. Uh, yeah, but after he drops his box off, he then goes back to the Preston residence, so like her family's house, because they watch his daughter. And Deadpool takes his daughter back with him uh, to D.C. I think is where he lives in that area uh, right now. So his daughter doesn't really want to go, but but she ends up tagging along, and Deadpool takes off. He still looks all jacked up, like uh, yeah. In that bottom panel when she's on the motorcycle hanging on to him, his mouth, he looks all zombified again. He does. Why is uh, his mouth open like that? <laughs> I don't know. I know. I've never rode a motorcycle. I hate those things. But I know you don't want to ride down the street on your motorcycle with your mouth dangling open. You're going to uh, be getting flies bugs. and mosquitoes and shit in there. Yeah, yeah fuck that. Anyway, uh, the art goes back to normal here. Yeah, we, we're back with Trapster and uh, Deadpool. They've arrived at the jail. They're going to drop Trapster off at, and, and now we get the hint that this is all a big setup between these two. Um, so Trapster jacks up Deadpool in, in a staged fight they have. Uh, Deadpool makes it look like Trapster gets the upper hand on him. Um, and then these random just, you know, thug Hydra guards come strolling in in the classic goofy Hydra uniforms. So you know they're going to get dispatched in no time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, <laughs> those uniforms are really freaking goofy yeah they, they start getting glue gunned by trapster I, I don't know how else to explain this weapon he has it shoots goo it looks like a thing you I have on double dare or something you know what I'm saying yeah I, I think it is glue <laughs> I think that's what he does I think he shoots glue at people <laughs> yeah so he starts gluing these hydra guards and, and Deadpool is, is playing dumb at this one point uh, you know tricks this final hydra guard into getting glued and, and he takes off. He, he's got bigger plans in mind and runs to this computer room to find out. This part's a little confusing. I think this is what happens here. He finds out where a prisoner he, he wants to, he needs is. And, and that happens to be this dude named Blackout. So then Deadpool goes to track down Blackout um, after knocking out Trapster with like this erase your memory drug that he gives him. Which is hilarious because yeah. the whole time Trapster thinks that it's like a sanctioned mission. He's like, "You're gonna call Steve Rogers? He thinks yeah. he's gonna get paid and be the yeah. Hydra hero." <laughs> yeah. Every every time they they did like another part of the plan, Trapster's like, "Are you gonna call him yet? You're gonna get me paid?" Yeah. Like, he's like, "Trust did, me, did man. I get like, I lie to you." Yeah. <laughs> uh, in the long run, Deadpool knocks uh, poor Trapster out. So now Trapster's stuck in this Hydra jail. Um, and he tracks down blackout, but that that's the end of that. Like you don't see him get blackout out of there. You, I would assume he no. stashed him somewhere so he can 
come get him later. You know what I'm saying? Or something like that or yeah. got the information he needed. I don't really know what happened. I don't show you. What would your guess be? I I think, I don't know. You know, I, if he did stash him away, where did he put him? You know, because they're still in the prison. I know. So. And he's walking out alone and, and Blackout would still be in there unless he's got some, because Deadpool back in the old days would have that invisibility thing, wouldn't he? Or he would just teleport. He Maybe he teleported him he out teleported, of there. Yeah. Maybe yeah. he could teleport him through a wall. You don't see him do that much nowadays, but he could do that. I mean, that is we used to be yeah. powered, part of his power set. I remember when I used to play uh, Marvel's Ultimate Alliance. That was one of his powers. He could like short yeah. teleport. I, lo I love that game. That was one of That's the best the PlayStation game. 2 games. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, game was awesome. Off the heels of the X-Men Legends games that I loved too. Those were sweet games. I and never got try, to play those, but I always wanted to. If you try to find them now, they're they're they still cost like 40, 50 bucks. Like you're not oh, getting yeah. those bucks used at uh, at it's like, GameStop. It's like Goldeneye, like the popularity. Like Goldeneye is still like yeah. fifty bucks, which is insanity. Yeah, sixty four. I know our Mario Kart sixty four game broke. Um, ask mommy, McKenna. Mommy will put it on. I'm doing something right now. I can't do it. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we broke Mario Kart 64, like one of the little chips in the cartridge came out, so it won't work. Ah. Uh, and you go to the video game store to try to buy it again, and yeah, it's a, that's a full price Nintendo 64 that's, game. Yeah, um, that's expensive too. All the real popular classic games, even like certain Zelda games, they're like ridiculous. Yeah. Same price that they were when they first came out. Yeah, I got a, a on, uh, you know, like the M-rated copy of Conker's Bad Fur Day. You, you can sell that on eBay for like 70 bucks. Um, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. I, I'm pretty I sure I that, that's what I think someone in the, uh, the Gift Fresh crew actually told me that. Anyway, maybe I'm lying. I don't know. Uh, sometimes I make things up. But what I did find out yesterday, back to this blackout dude, is he has Dark Force Dimension powers. Now, I, I'm not really entirely sure what that means. Uh, but from what I understood, from what I read, like doing a quick wiki search is like, he can literally access the dark force dimension whenever he wants. He can uh, like use energy, dark force, energy blasts and, and shit like that. So this blackout ha has that type of power set. So I'm, I'm wondering if Deadpool is going to start sneaking some heroes out of this dark force dimension. Man, cause he thinks like, uh, he feels like he back the wrong horse with with Steve Rogers. Yeah, he you know? was basically tricked by Steve into backing Hydra. He didn't really know when he yeah. was sent to kill Collison that Steve was Hydra yet. And it was after he killed him that he found out. Um, and and that's that, since then, he's stayed working for Hydra, but wants to kill Steve. Okay. And he, he's got Dark Force. Yeah, you looking I'm it sorry. up? Yeah, yeah, he's got dark force manip he can manipulate it, so he yeah. could probably do whatever he so wants. I think well, this is dome. just a wild guess on my part, but I think Deadpool's gonna try to start getting some heroes out of that dark force dimension, evening the odds, and then go after Steve, you know what I'm saying? Or set a trap or something. Yeah. So that's where I think this is kinda headed, which is pretty interesting. Um in the end, Deadpool, you know, used Trapster as a pong oh, all along. Uh, he, he leaves a memory list and in the Hydra prison, um, and the issue concludes with Deadpool leaving the prison, stating to that goofy Hydra villain from the beginning, yeah, 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 I'm going after Maria Hill, don't worry about it, while under his breath stating 
he's going to use Maria Hill to basically lure Steve Rogers out of, you know, into probably some public forum so he can capture him, kill him, do whatever. And, you know, add uh, Deadpool to the list of people that want to get rid of Steve. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so, just, I don't know. Did I, you, you I, still reading about black out there? Isn't he crazy? I've like never really heard of this dude in, in much power, detail besides that. He's like a joke villain, you know, his power is insane. Like he can create portals to and from the dark forest dimension. He can use the dark forest, like a green lantern ring. He can make constructs and fly on and fly. Like he could do, he sounds like super powerful, but the only problem is that like it makes him lose his mind and, and it drove yeah. him to like a catatonic state. But, yeah, he uh, looked like he was in a. Now this is a Hydra prison, and they've got a bad guy locked up. So this is weird because, you know, they're using the dark force dimension to keep good guys locked up. Um, but I think this is why this blackout dude is is because he's a threat to what Hydra wants to do. You know what I'm saying? They don't want yeah, him even toying with any of that. He's a so, he's a high um, threat because he could probably yeah. take that dome down. So yeah. Yep. So I, I think that's kind of what's going on. That's, that all seems very cool. Uh, the last page is just a preview of the cover for next issue and some of the signs in the background. I just wanted to mention it for this reason because uh, one of the signs is like Deadpool saved us all. So you get the hint that Deadpool, you know, is trying to reverse the, the favor of things in the hero's, hero's side, not, not Hydra side. Uh, even yeah. though he's one of the Hydra Avengers, you know what I'm saying? And... Um, then there's this other sign that says, this is totally how Secret Empire ends. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> and he's got Steve, uh, like, strapped to the hood of this old old school, like, parade car. You know, I don't know what it is. It looks like some sort of old Chrysler or something. Um, the funny part is now he wants to stop him, but, like, he's conning them into, like, letting him have access to him like this. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, uh, even the summary in the beginning of the book was was really enough of a story recap to get you caught up and up to speed about what was happening here is a little oh, jarring yeah. when you when you hit that art change and and you takes you a minute to really figure out what's going on and if you don't know who this emily preston girl is and have any background on her i can see why you would be a little lost in all this because they don't fill you in on any of this like uh deadpool is a lot like the harley quinn book where it's Firmly in its old own world of continuity, like did I say it right? I know. Continuity. <laughs> continuity, and uh, and basically, you know, it it doesn't hold your hand as you jump into an issue. So you're gonna have to do a little bit of research to get you know everything out of the issue. But this is a really good tie into Secret Empire if you're reading the main story. Uh, you get some background on Deadpool's stance on things because you've seen him pop in and out of there a couple times on Hydra's side. So you see he's not fully in support of Steve Rogers, and that's cool. Uh, I don't know. I really enjoyed this issue, and I, I think I enjoyed talking about it a little more than I enjoyed reading it by myself, too. So I'm going to lean towards a buy for this. I really like the art. The story was cool. I had to do a little work to... to fully enjoy it but after i did that work and read it again while i was you know creating these notes i i'm like wow this is really kind of cool there's a lot going on here uh i wish they gave you a little more info on blackout like i didn't have to do all the legwork as far as that goes but i think that's because it, it's just you know our guesses might be leaning towards what 
what Deadpool's planning on doing, so they don't reveal it all here. Um, yeah. But but I really liked it. Jerry Duggan had a good sense of humor, and, and you know, not nothing felt too dialogue heavy and and you know serious, even though there was serious stuff going down here, and it was a good mix of everything. And and the the giant art team did an excellent job. So I'm leaning towards buy. What do what are you looking at? Uh, I really, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was, it was funny. It was good. It had some action. Um, I really liked the art, it, both art. Uh, I liked yeah. the art in the normal story and I liked it when it flipped to the black, white, gray yeah. and red stuff. Um, I'm a sucker I, I didn't, for that. I like, I like when they do it for Bill's highlights a lot on the Bill's website, but all blue. So just like their jerseys are blue and everything else is black and white and it looks yeah, awesome yeah, yeah, too. Yeah. I used to have a camera setting on my, um, on my phone that did that so you could take yeah. a picture and it would just highlight all the blue colors in yeah. the room. Was I love that. Everything I'm a sucker for that. So yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, me too. That. I used to take pictures with that freaking filter all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I really had a good time with it. I read issue number 31 when, when uh, Coulson died uh, just to check it out because there's a Secret Empire tie-in. And I, I got to say that the funny thing about Secret Empire is I think it's it has like the best tie-ins of any yeah. event ever because yeah. They're just all, they're all so good. Like Doctor they're Strange, in, they're, they're really taking advantage of the premise more than the main story is. I, I feel like that's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They really are. They really are. It's very, very good. Like they're, they're all benefiting from this event. The only thing that's not benefiting is the event itself. And, yeah. And <laughs> but um. Well, and it's a shame too because a lot of people jump off of books just because it's a tie-in and they're not reading the event. They just don't want anything to do with it. So I think. Yeah. Uh, in a lot of cases, some people are missing some good stories with their favorite characters. You know well, what I'm saying? Or some even in the case of, like, say, X Men Blue, for instance, which has a tie-in, but he's using the tie-in to tie, like, to further his own story anyway. So his his main yeah. storyline's not taking a break because of the event. He's just weaving it into his story, and and they're all they're all pretty much doing that, and they're doing a great job. Yeah. Um. But the, the, and this they're the opposite is, is of the Civil War II. Yeah, they're the opposite of the Civil War II tie-ins. Yeah, most definitely, because the Civil War II tie-ins weren't that great, or they were just boring, yeah. or they just tried they to were, beat about the event. Nothing really <laughs> happened, because yeah, not that great. But uh, you know, this makes me J Jerry Duggan does a great job on all new Guardians of the Galaxy. I love that book, and and reading this book uh makes me want to go back and you know maybe test out issue one all the way to thirty yeah. because. If if it's this well balanced and this, you know, it's funny. It's it's got everything you want. Keeps my attention. Doesn't make me want to fall asleep while I'm reading it. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's definitely worth checking out. It's a it's a buy for me too. Yeah, it's a really good book. And I'm not one to uh, be inclined to to read Deadpool. I kind of yeah. like a Deadpool like Harley Quinn, like the, yeah, like a goof that I really just don't care about. But yeah. but um, this makes me change my mind about that. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, and, and usually my problem with the books is the Harley Quinn and Deadpool books is that the other characters like their guest star characters are always then goofy too. And they make yes. characters that aren't Ugh. goofy, like goofy. And that's what drives you crazy about it more than anything I hate else. That shit. Yeah. Um, and it seems like it exists in its own little world. And, and I don't like yeah. that either. I like that. It yeah. belongs to the larger universe. Yeah, me too. Um, but yeah, this is the Deadpool overall, the book overall, since all new, all different is kicked off and, that's where the, the number one in this series starts from, stems from. Uh, has been very good. I've read a lot of it, probably up to issue 23 or 24, and I stopped at when the $10 issue started 
I didn't do any of the ten dollar Deadpool issues when those started happening. Is when I jumped off. So um, I read some of the Deadpool and the Mercs for Money, the one by Colin Bunn. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, that uh, was good too. I read that until it got renumbered at number one again. Uh, yeah. So you know, there, there's always been a reason for me stopping where I've been at the Deadpool books, and it's not <laughs> been because they were bad. I've always enjoyed what I've read. So this is more of that. So we recommend you guys buy it. Uh, that's going to be it for our Marvel Minute this week. Uh, if you guys are looking for us, you can always find us on Twitter. I'm at bmer3660. Where are you at, Trevitt? Uh, you can find me at Affernatict, and I wish it had some numbers at the end of it because I always feel like, I don't know, after I say it, I'm just like, man, it'd be cooler if I had some numbers. It would just end better. Yeah, I, I didn't want numbers. I tried just regular Beamer, and it was taken, I guess. Uh, so I had to put it always, numbers. It always most feels of the numbers I always use. It always feels weird to me after you say your Twitter uh, handle, and it has the numbers, and it feels like that's like a proper ending to a to a Twitter ha- handle for some reason yeah. to me, and I just feel weird after like this little moment of silence after I just say Affernatic. <laughs> yeah, you're you're the I'm the opposite of you. So, uh, but that that's it for us this week, guys. We got Marvel Madness coming up uh, tomorrow. We talk a few more uh, books for you, not Deadpool. So you're gonna get four different ones. So tune in there if you want to hear some more Marvel talk. But we're out. Uh, McKenna, you want to sign out for us? Hopefully you heard that, and we are out of here, guys. Later. Time to make the chimmy fucking chongas. Not often a dude ruins your face, skull stomps your sanity, grabs your future baby mama, and personally sees to four of your five shittiest moments. Let's just say... It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Exco, give it to ya. Fuck way for you to get it on your own. Exco, deliver to ya. Knock, knock, open up the door to spread. With the non-stop pop out and stainless steel. Go hard getting busy with it. I got such a good heart. Hey, where's your duffel bag? God damn it. I'm going to do this the old-fashioned way. With two swords and maximum effort. Hear the music. I'm a wolf in sheep's clothing Only nigga that you know who can chill Come back and get the streets open I've been doing this for 19 years Niggas wanna fight me, fight these tears What do you think of Deadpool? Deadpool, Deadpool fan. Yes, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm That's an okay what Deadpool fan. Just heard a bunch of Deadpool talk. Deadpool number thirty-four, to be exact. If you say so. Do you like Deadpool or I don't know? 
I know. What are the other ones? There was at one point before we started the site, you were getting that one book with all the. Different- oh, the Deadpool core. Yeah, the Deadpool. Yeah, like panda, uh, a panda pool, friggin' yeah, uh, lady Deadpool, head pool, kid Deadpool pool. Was my favorite, right? That was that from was the friggin' the zombie universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked head pool. I remember when you would tell me about them, and they just make me giggle. It's just well, like when anything you, know, you just have anything and just call it pool afterwards. That made me giggle. That's why I bought like, the damn book. It's like when you call anything or like stink or. Exactly. Uh, next thing you Not have a He-Man, He-Man character. character. You got a He-Man character. We we sit there at work and you come up with new. You know what? He-Man the thing characters. is, the, the, I don't think that was the Deadpool core I was reading. I think that was uh, Deadpool uh, kills Deadpool or that Deadpool versus. Deadpool I can't remember Deadpool. what it was. But that's, remember, yeah, it was right before we started the site. Though you were getting that full pull list with a bunch of Marvel things. I had a all lot the time of Marvel. I had IDW, Dark Horse. Yeah. I, I was spending six like gun gorilla. Every week. You got right before yeah, I got you. a lot of weird all shit. All of those things, yeah. And I, used to I have would an go, eclectic taste in comics before we got busy doing yes, DC you only. Did and I remember I would go on and I'd find like a book. I'd see some sort of review or solicit, and I'd go, "Hey, there's this uh, book about this uh, gorilla." That's like in the old west. You're like, I'm gonna get that. It's, it's a dystopian yeah. future with an yeah. like a freaking gunslinging gorilla. I'm down. Yeah, you were down. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's just like when we're at work, you sit there and you're like, "Hey." Well, you know what I'm going to do, Jim? And I say, what, Eric? What a great idea are you going to wow me with next? And you say, I'm going to make a He-Man character that's actually a Scarecrow, and I'm going to call him Scare-Or. And I said, that is great, Eric. You, That is superb. That's and then not say, a bad then I'm going to make I'm going to make a wooden guy, and he's going to be called Wood-Or. Wood-Or. And then I say, you know what? That's still pretty good, not your best. And then you said, I'm going to make a guy who's made out of iron ore, and they're calling him ore ore. And I said, now you have now, <laughs> you've broken the code, Eric. Thing you is, you know, like everybody, number one everybody might think you're joking, which you are for the most part, but I did come up to you this morning at work and say, you know, I got a new idea for a He-Man character I want to create. No, it's it's a, this morning said, at work, you, it, you said they're okay. Character. His name is Gore Thriller. Yeah, Gore Thriller. Then you go off, and I'm doing some stuff. I see you're doing some stuff, and I can see. I'm making faces at you that oh, you yeah. can't see, or I give you the finger. And then all it. of a sudden, I see you walking over. I'm like, oh, what important information does Eric Shea have? And you come over, you're like, hey, think about this. Uh, I'm starting to think of the story, uh, Manny Faces. No, it, the, you know, the Headmaster it, Saga. The, the Headmaster Saga. And then you're telling me, and then I'm sitting there, and really – it doesn't matter. Whatever you say is always going to be more interesting than the shit I'm up to. So I'm like, huh? So Manny Faces, what is up with that guy? You're like, he, he's well, an Manny actor. Faces, yeah, thing is, there's not a lot of backstory, but you know what? I've had my own headcanon yes. going on. Now dig this, man. Yeah, you start telling me, and then you're telling me about the actor, and then I say like, huh, does he have a son? That t-? And then we go, and then the no, next Mechanic you know, had a son, though. Yeah, now everything's going. And then you're like, Mechanic, he's not important to have any sort of backstory. <laughs> what the <laughs> heck is going on? Then the, the boss walks by and hears, and then at one point, uh, wrong turn came over and talked to you. And what would, what did he talk to you about? He said something. What was it that infuriated you at the well, end? Well, he was talking about – he kept saying stuff that was wrong over and over again. And as he was walking away, I was wearing my goddamn sleeveless freaking Elvira T-shirt yes, today. Elvira and like t-shirt. so we walked past. He saw my Green Goblin tattoo on my arm. And he's That's like, what nice Joker tattoo. And I, I had to stop. And I'm like – I turned around. It's fucking Green Goblin, you goddamn Philistine. And not yeah, knowing you the fucking yelling. boss was yeah, down that way. He, yeah, the boss was right there. You didn't see him. I'm like, the boss is right over there. You're like, I don't know. The boss is just like, 
uh, what the fuck have I hired here? There's people yelling Philistine. There's a guy yelling. And basically because the problem is that that the guy has a tattoo of the Green Goblin and the other guy thought it was the Joker. And really, in Wrong Turn's defense, number one, he's a moron. Number two, that shit's been stretched. I don't even know what it is. To me, it looks like a green Santa Claus. Looks like a green Santa Claus to me as well. That's because I had bad parents who let me get a tattoo on my arm before my body stopped freaking growing. And then, yeah, that's what happened. Now you have a green Santa Claus. It looks like the Grinch a little. You have the Grinch on your arm if if you ask me. Looking at it right now, I can't see very well, but it still looks like the green goblin to me. You think it looks like the I think it looks a little like the Joker. I like you you had an Elvira tank top on. You come in with this tank top. Makes me giggle. Every time, so I saw you. So I roll up my sleeves and walk <laughs> over to you. I'm walking all like a tough guy. The gun show was You town. know what the funny thing is? I couldn't. I can't see very well, as everyone knows. And as you're walking up to me, I actually thought to myself, "Holy shit! Me and him wore the same outfit today." <laughs> yeah, you have a black <laughs> shirt with Elviron. I had a white T-shirt, and I rolled it up. I was doing my uh, my tough guy strut too. So then later, wrong turn comes up to you, and he's like, "Hey, hey, who's on? Who's that on your shirt?" And then he kiss. Uh, uh, then we're talking to the one girl at, at our work and we're just at, you know we always say hey do you know this person do you know that person and then there's some like gimmies like I said do you know who Elton John is and she says I may have heard of him I'm like I gotta get the fuck out of here seriously I, man, I, I here. hate but, this so much Yeah, it's not like Elton Neither John of them knew who produced Elvira anything was. in a while like, but this should be pop Elton culture icon Jim yeah, yeah Elvira I told you you're like they, you got so mad, you're like, I hate these people here. They don't even know who Elvira is. I said, what? What, are you going to be mad next that they don't know who Morgana the Kissing Bandit is? <laughs> you got to calm down here, Eric. Sometimes things haven't been around for a while. Now, I got mad because of Elton John. And yes, you can say he hasn't had a hit in a long time. But you still hear a lot of his songs on the radio. Of course I don't I do. see Elvira that much. I do not see I, I know that she's coming back with a comic book. But again, I'm not going to get mad at a 19-year-old who doesn't know who Betty Boop is. I, I'm just not going to get upset. If I go up to a 17-year-old at work and say, hey, how about that Jack Benny? And Why they just look at me with a blank work? stare. And I'm like, come on, Rochester, he's there. You know, you got it. You... Rochester. Yeah, Rochester. Dennis, Dennis there. Dennis Day. You Dennis Day, Eric. You Dennis Day fan? Not anymore. No. When I was no, a kid, I was. Nobody is. But yes, uh, we're going to start off. This now section, and I always ask you. Now I am too. That's why I'm talking very quietly. I am a depressed man. Uh, What is, what uh, what would you call this section? What is this this section called? You're going to christen this section what? This is the not so great section. Huh. I was going to say it's the not so wondrous section of Justice Beatles. I think I like mine better. Really? I thought I had it. I thought that I was coming up with what you would say. You know what? You've now sparked my interest in making up a three-headed He-Man called Wondrous Justice Beatles. That's what it's called, Eric. It's, it's called not called that. Three Bad. How about we? How about that? How about we have Horror Host Or? And it is a guy who has. He looks like Joe Bob Briggs, and he has a TV in his stomach. How about that, Eric? And then when you see the TV... Cellar you, Dweller Or. Yes. Cellar <laughs> Dweller Or. Uh, horror Out Loud Or. 
Or something else. Or something I else, like something else. like our first book, Eric. Uh, what is our first book here? Our first book is Wonder Woman number 27, written by Shea Fontana with R5, Mirka, and Dolfo, Romeo Fajardo Jr., and Seda Tamafante. Part two of the Heart of Darkness arc shows us there isn't much of a story here after all. Wonder Woman saves everyone from the bomb at the wedding reception by covering it with her body, but Etta is still hurt by a piece of shrapnel, which makes Diana take her to Dr. Crawford instead of a hospital, and we find out this was Dr. Crawford's plan to get Wonder Woman's DNA all along. Getting super strength and curing her genetic disease, the doctor fights Wonder Woman, only to have it all taken away by the lasso of truth, and in the end, Wonder Woman watches the entire series of Friends with Etta in the hospital. There you go, Eric. Uh, Do you think that her grabbing Wonder Woman's DNA could be considered a wish, Eric. I, I no. need to have the King Butcher in every book that I read. Oh, yeah. uh, you know That's what? A weird thing to say. And, and before we even go on, I, I do want to say just me and you uh, as a team, Eric, uh, and maybe even a partnership, maybe Ooh. life life partners, maybe All right. our life mates. Uh, behind the scenes, we said we really want Shea Fontana to do well. We really Very, do. We I want really her to do. do well just to show – that, you know, uh, there could be some people. And, you know, you go even to the social justice warrior in both of us, Eric. It is nice to have a woman writing Wonder Agreed. Woman. And it is nice. And I, I actually was hoping that she would show that this book actually being good or great, maybe great, would actually show you that the DC Superhero Girls book, you may want to look at that. You know yeah. what I mean? You read Don't this and like, it. huh? Because instead of people throwing shade at it, like, oh, they're getting the woman who did that book doing this book. Instead, you're like, holy crap, you know, this is so good. I might have to look at that other thing. Well, it seemed I like half the goddamn podcast we listened to us was like, you know, okay, Greg Ruck is over, but can't wait for James Robinson's run, like forgetting yeah. about Shea Fontana completely. Yeah, like, yeah, we, it we're right not going to do that. And the first issue where I heard a lot of people did not like it at all. I thought it had some promise, and I thought it had some promise because it was changing up the game a bit. It was a little more action-packed. We're going to get some characters, and we did give her a wider berth uh, for what she had to go through to get onto this Well, even when she started writing that first issue there, you know, Greg Greco was only at issue 19 of his run and didn't know how he was going to end yet, so she did not know exactly what to do going in. And what she did, yes, Etta was not mad at Wonder Woman. I could say okay. Yeah, I'm we were like okay because um, the information she had going in, she is writing a book, yeah. and I want to see what happens next. But after this issue, I don't know it's, anymore. Well, here's the thing: we have this issue. The first issue we gave a bit of a pass. I think we both gave it. I think I gave it a seven, seven five. I gave it a seven. Right I yeah, think I you're think, a little higher than me. Yeah, I think I may have gone seven five, or maybe we were tied. I, I can't remember. But whatever it was, we we're like, you know what? It, it, there's some promise here. Uh, yeah, we loved the stuff as a little girl. We had, you know, oh, that was a little. Fast. The little doll and stuff like that. We Maybe. thought, you know, I thought this was going to keep going. Uh, it does have a little bit of a wink, wink here. Uh, but besides that, it was kind of, it had some action. I, I really thought that it was going somewhere. And this issue is not good at all. It no. really is. It isn't. It hurts me to say that. I am still going to give Shea Fontana. We usually say we give people three issues. This is where the next issue, and it's, it's unfortunate that her time is... It's only five-issue run. Yeah, yeah, it's only five issues, so it's going to end quickly anyway. But 
I, I don't like this issue for what it gives us, but I'm still going to leave my full out, hey, I don't like Shea Fontana. Oh, you should wait till James Robinson until the next issue. I'll give her three issues, as we always say that we usually do. Sometimes we'll even give an arc, but yeah. this issue is just not very good. I'm telling it you, really from where isn't. we left off, we had a little thing like things going forward. Like last issue, we had Dr. Crawford. We found out she was a little sick. She was going to work the night. And then, you know, Wonder Woman had all this, like in my mind, like we argued a little bit about it, but the weight of the world on her shoulders for everything she's seen with all the battles yeah. she's been in. So we're working on deeper, like delving into her psyche and shit like that. I'm like, this is a cool concept. I get behind it, but ev- this is pretty much, it really feels like it's, this is a two issue arc almost for how yeah. everything is wrapped up. And, in the, and end the of this. weight of the world thing seems to have just been tossed aside. Like I know I completely gone. Yeah. I thought it would anyway, but that doesn't mean that that's good storytelling. Uh, it's just like out of nowhere. All that was, was to set up so that we we meet the doctor, Dr. Crawford. Is it Dr. Crawford? Yeah, it's Dr. Crawford. Yeah. All that was was to meet Dr. Crawford. And even then, you have her being sick. You had that other asshole doctor who walked away. Who we don't see any in this issue. we don't even see him any in this issue. And it seems very silly what happened because in the end, what Dr. Crawford really is up to, you get the idea that – she might have even been able to go to Wonder Woman and try, you know, hey, Wonder Woman, they seem to have enough of a rapport. A you know. They have rapport because at this point, when Edda is, is dying, Wonder Woman goes right to Dr. Crawford. I mean, Dr. Crawford is somebody that she really would trust her best friend's life with. She goes right to her. And you, you get this where I think that if Dr. Crawford said, listen, Wonder Woman, I've been working on this thing. I have this, you know, deadly. I have an ex- expiration date. I'm, I'm going to die. I have a death sentence, as she says. Uh, I have this idea that if I can use your DNA, I can do this. And Wonder Woman, yeah, at the end, she's like, you're messing with things that you don't want to mess with. She may have said that as well. But she yeah. may have thought, you know what? I have a little connection exactly. around this She'd universe. She'd go out of her way to do something to save yeah. Dr. Crawford's life yeah. if asked. And maybe that would have been a better story. But it starts off where you had Wonder Woman with uh, the little girl underneath Destiny, the table yeah. at, the re- at the reception, Destiny. And they saw a bomb is going to go off. So you find out here it does go off, a bomb, and you she shields everyone. Now, I will say – I won't say the site. But there is a site out there that the person really made this issue – about how this why do people keep writing stories about people taking guns into temples i'm like well like, first off this isn't a gun second off it's not in a temple it's a reception no, and that's the third thing is, it's a comic had, book we had the wedding last issue it was outside now we're at a reception hall where there's a bomb and it's nothing like that you know yeah this person turned her fucking review into this goddamn like moral a outcry and i'm like thing. it has nothing to do with no, anything that's going on it doesn't and it's a comic book with yeah. wonder woman and when you say to me if i say to you listen we got to stop bringing guns into temples. You'd be like, okay, what Jim's getting at is there's a lot of, uh, you know, people who get upset at other religions. You know, they're not tolerant of other religions. That's why, oh, Jim's saying that there's this religion that hates this or that, whatever. It's not what this is about. No, this is and if all you said about, that, I'd tell you to shut the fuck yeah, up. Yeah, but this is all about a story where this this explosion in this bomb it, it, it's actually, to me, it's kind of worse because what this woman is doing, Dr. Crawford, is setting up everyone to die just because she wants to get Wonder Woman back. The and problem I'm telling is, you, I don't see the correlation from A to B to get no, to this point. Because the worst is, Wonder Woman was there two days ago. She, she, she was, was there, there earlier that day. No, no, the day before, I think yeah, it, the was, day before. Or it was. Yeah, the day before. I'm saying, I even gave it two days, but she was there. 
she was there and was talking about going off with Etta to this wedding. Uh, what what Dr. Crawford does, she could have done it any time. She could have waited till the wedding was over and actually call Wonder Woman on the phone and say, Wonder Woman, oh, my God, I have problems. They got me. And then hey, Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman freaking – I said I was working late tonight. Can you come over here? I need a hand with something. Uh, yeah, hey, Wonder Woman, I'm working late. I'm hungry. Can you get me a burger? And then Wonder Woman would be like, no way. Cholesterol's a killer. And God stop on the burger. Stop on a burger. Yeah, try a salad, Dr. Crawford. Ooh, wait, you body shaming me, Wonder Woman? Oh, my goodness. Where's this issue going? Moral well, yeah, outcry. That basically, it, it is a roundabout way because what happens is is this bomb was set by Dr. Crawford, which we knew. Last yeah, issue, we, we had, had Destiny under say, the table. Oh, a, a woman I was playing hide and seek with. She seemed like she was sick. She, she put seemed this like here. she was sick. We only had one other person, two, issue, two panels before, coughing. Yeah. And then Wonder Woman go, you sound sick. You better get some rest. Well, it ends up that uh, everybody – that's the other thing. The bomb blows up under the table where Wonder Woman and Destiny are. Wonder Woman shields the bomb. The bomb blows up. Destiny's fine. Destiny looks like she uh, wants to go out is, and play. I, I was immediately dis- disappointed right when this book started because we start out with the boom and we see that Wonder Woman has covered the bomb, taken the explosion into herself and like, you know, freaking we saved everybody. Happen. That's not and any – yeah. No, then Destiny, who was right next to her in the end of the last issue, she's fine. She's fine. And the entire reception hall is falling apart. Seems like people are hurt everywhere. What the the fuck happened? The problem is Wonder Woman shielded the bomb. If you tell me that something – the only thing that possibly could have happened is the bit – knocked her up and the table would have fallen over because Wonder Woman takes it. The person, the two people, now Wonder Woman is a, she's a metahumaner, actually. No, she's, she's a not. goddess. She's uh, a demigod. She takes the, she takes the brunt of it, but the girl who is right next to her is fine. And actually, like, I don't know, somebody's got to warn her about being too happy in weird situations, but she's <laughs> all, and, and then, but then Wonder Woman comes out and the whole, the whole reception hall is falling apart. And I, not only that, it's the whole thing. Like, if you look to, like, she is running down a hall into another room, and it seems yeah. like this other room is more fucked up than the room yeah. that the it bomb was actually sense. in. I'm like, what happened? It doesn't make sense. And, and then to the point where people are, there's glass everywhere, there's shrapnel, and all uh, a chandelier falls because the building is now, the integrity of the building's messed with, the cake, the poor cake. Eric, it's going down. The walls are coming down, and they're looking. She's looking for Etta, and Etta is there with a spike in her. Uh, that she's got shrapnel. I'm telling you, Wonder die. Woman in my mind does not stop running this entire time. Like for Etta to be at a place where she got shrapnel, it seems like this is the longest goddamn building in the world, yeah. and Etta was all the way on the other but side. What was it? Because it didn't say. Hey, I set off seven bombs. I, no. There was this one bomb that they found, uh, and Destiny's fine because you get the idea. You don't want to kill a kid no, in a book. No, you're not killing so children. Right hand Destiny over and then go look for Edda. Like you said, down like seven hall, you know, go down seven rooms and then to the right. And yeah. there's Edda somehow shrapnel. I, I don't understand. And she grabs her and then says, and it, this is the, the issue itself is so forced because then she's like, I'm going to take you on Edda. What about the hospital, Diana? 
No, no, no. No time we, we to go to the hospital, even though I fly. What, what the hell does that mean? We yeah. can't wait for no, hospitals. You're not, I'm, not waiting. you got to get to the hospital. Instead, I'm going to go to Mega Ulta Tech. Now, I don't know, but this is a city. This is D.C. Uh, there are the hospitals around. And yeah. the fact that you go into Ulta, Mega Ulta Tech, number one, you don't know the doctor's even working at that point. you got to go through, like, the front door. you got to well, do this. Thing is, the this is not an emergency that- room. Like I said earlier, how like I thought it was like a day later, but the thing is, we knew that like I don't know if it's a fuck up. She was going to work. Go back. She was going to work, gonna work through the night. So this yeah. might be the same goddamn day. But here's here that's so yeah. I guess that was the call out that she'd be there, but you don't know she she might be in the bathroom. I know you are. Right. You, you don't have a weak bladder, and especially <laughs> maybe she just drank a Java a monster. If she drank a Java monster, she is now having a, a goddamn fucking she's Hershey. Blowing that goddamn toilet she, up. She's got a goddamn chocolate fountain going on in there, and there's going to be problems. The the thing, it's not even the doctor being there that gets me. It's sometimes the, you got to clean yourself out. Sometimes you do, but it's the whole concept of instead of going to a hospital that has an emergency room where Wonder Woman flies right in, they are going to immediately grab at and. And start helping her. They're going to start trying multiple to bring doctors her. work on her at once. Yeah, or call an ambulance. Then they're working on her as well. But you know, she flies her there. But she should just go to hospital. But it, again, it's all forced because they go in. There is Doctor Crawford. Doctor Crawford said, "Oh, good. You know what? Bad luck. Must have hit then just the right angle to puncture. But she'll pull through." And then now I got to check you out, Diana, because you were in an explosion. Yeah, and she's like, "Oh, you can't go anywhere. I got to check you out. I got to see if you're okay." And touches her hand. She puts on a glove and then touches her hand. I think she's going in for it. She's a proctologist now, Eric. The, the problem is, is uh, as Wonder Woman, as it's going, both of her hands are on her shoulders. She does not know what's going on then, Eric. But she goes and grabs her arm, and then that's where the big reveal. Who, you silly woman! I have the cloak and dagger because I knew you wouldn't let me pop you with a syringe full of sedative. Well, why would she? And I, no I just want to know, though, because in my mind, this is Wonder Woman. Uh, like, you know, a syringe would not pierce her skin. Yeah, Neither that's what's funny, too. tiny needles on a glove. And then she says, like, oh, you know what? They tried to get out of that with, you know, I was trying to do this. I was working this out. I was working on an Amazon strength sedative for years, for years. All she had to do was go up to Wonder Woman and say, listen, I I don't want anybody to know because you I know got some you, I could I could get in trouble not in trouble but they may let me go because I have this illness now obviously you see I'm walking around sneezing up a storm and all this yeah, but it's really I gross. I do have a a, a a fatal illness a genetic disorder that my yeah, mother gave me a genetic disorder there's something wrong with my genes. Uh, and it's not that they're too tight, Eric. As she says, I, I want to find I ended up, and it makes sense. She ended up being a doctor that works in Jean. To, uh, you know, we don't know her, though. So No, we, we, know we have on? Dr. Crawford last issue, and she just seems to be the regular physician here yeah, who gives she people seems goddamn like checkups and freaking physicals. Now, and, you here's know, like, what I get. Here's where I want to ask you, okay. You have her as the regular physician. You had her where last issue even almost made it so like, oh, you know, you're going to have that checkup. Why didn't she just do that why didn't she just say you know what and she could even work she has years to set this up she could have said like you know what i really think that we should check diana so or we have to put her blood on something to get blood 
That's all well, she even needs. that's the whole thing is the, the blood is like we had that doctor talk to Dr. Crawford last and the other doctor saying, hey, did you check that blood sample? Yeah. And nothing ever came of that. Yeah, this is where this whole thing. Unless it's going to show up later in the arc. And I again, don't know, you, but it's just you have a thing where, oh, Diane, I know that, you know, you don't really get sick or anything, but you're heading off to this place and you, you need some shot. You could work out something that you get a blood sample. This is, she's the doctor where Wonder Woman kind of works. Uh, you know, all this, there's ways to, to get it going. Uh, but yeah, and then you go back where she does give her that sedative. She knocks, she's knocked out, or she's falling asleep, and she thinks back as a little girl. I love seeing her as a little girl, but yeah, she you don't thinks get back. anything here though. No, but she thinks back, and it's like a whole thing, like where they're talking to her in the dream, and like get up, warrior, and she wakes up, huh? And then she, oh, finally awake, and there you have Dr. Crawford. Now she looks, you know, she's all bulked up. She's she all Amazoned like, out. Yeah, yeah, she's Amazoned out. She looks like she's in the WWE. She's ready to body slam some people. And then it looks like she's like, ready to turn in the rampage or some shit. Yeah, and yeah, really. And then she just starts fighting. She just, again, this is, she went through step A to step H. And, and it's weird, too, because they try to say, you know, this whole, like, this Royer Maze disease that she has, it yeah, can start yeah. affecting the mind or something like that. Yeah. And we never really get the idea whether it is no, the disease acting out or the power of the Amazon. Well, even that, doing. I don't so even they, know. They play both angles. They make you want to think that she's different. But we don't know her from before. So how no. can we tell if she's different? This is, you know, I'll even say this is where I get and I, I get upset at the jokes and riddles where people are like, who I'm scared of this Joker. Well, I didn't see the Joker six months before. He might have been worse. So yeah. with her, I can't you can't give me a basis of, and oh, my it's... God, she's out of it or she's not acting herself. If this is Dick Grayson and all of a sudden he's beating the shit out of everybody. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I kind of think I know him. This woman who spent fucking years and wanted to blow up a reception yeah i i, I think she's a piece of shit i think yeah. she is and is and we, very we selfish that, we get that pseudoscience and i spliced your strength yeah. power and speed yeah. into my own dna i'm like how'd you do that like yeah. i'm telling you i'm the how rocket you surgeon speed? i don't know how things go down it's like i took parts of your dna which were you know isolated somehow into your strength freaking speed and power yeah. you know power yeah. and i put power. it in my own dna so yeah, now i have instead of instead of saying you know what you know, you meta, just the meta human thrown out there again, but you, you, even though she isn't, but people like you, just say that. People like you always seem to be able to heal faster. I've seen you. You've come back to here for me to look at you and have had a bomb. You just had a bomb explode on you. Something has a healing factor. Some reason your DNA and have her do that. Don't go, I just spliced your speed power and that. Why would that affect a genetic illness? Why would that be? I wish it was something that, you know, your power type deal would interact with mine and it will heal what I have wrong or it will make it better, not a power speed. What? Now she's big and strong. She can run fast. She's going to die next week still, Eric, because she yeah. still has that disease. You didn't, and you didn't freaking, you know, splice her immune system into you. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Just go you go hokey. I know that you would have an issue. No, we've just already like, gone fucking hokey, all right? Yeah, but yeah, I'm saying just like, you know what? All these years, because she says years, all these years that I've been helping you, whatever, you always walk away from things unharmed. There has to be something in your DNA that will help me heal like you or not be able to be no, hurt. It, it's just Zeus's sperm that made me. Yeah, no, well, it doesn't matter. Her DNA is the speed and the power and the, it's not. And then the, the doctor starts going psycho out of nowhere like, you've always been against me from the beginning. Like, the, what, you mean last issue? What are we talking yeah, about here yeah. at the beginning? You, you just said you've been working on this 
Amazonian sedative for years. For I think years. you're against me, bitch. Yeah, really. So then basically what happens then is – And that's the worst part because – This know, is we, the worst. Because the thing is you know, we just had all of Greg Ruckers run. And I know yep. that's what Shea Fontana had to play with as she was yep. going into this whole thing. So don't do it this way. You have to have the lying and the truth thrown at us yep. in this because we were just dealing with it. I'm yep. like, God, Don't do that. Damn if you're going to do this because what happens is uh, Wonder Woman wraps the lasso around her. And because – that DNA is a lie. It's not her own it's truth. It's not the truth. It, it, it splice, unsplices something, tells me somebody is dying really a horrific death, which happens. She kind of does. She better but, become the incredible melting yes, woman. She, could, she should melt. What should have been is that Wonder Woman wraps the lasso around and says, this isn't you. This isn't you, Doctor. Yeah, you know what? I don't want this to happen. I don't want it to be like this. And then work out a way to get out of that. Uh, but yeah, it, she should basically melt. But she doesn't. Yeah. What she does is get out. She's crying. I don't want to get sicker, weaker. Uh, you know, I thought that this was what it's going to be. She goes and gets a, a syringe of something and injects it in herself. And now she's gone. There. She's yeah. done. <laughs> I'm like, what, what just happened? What, I what don't was in there? Know. Drano? I, I don't understand. Like, Just why would this be sitting around? Why would that be sitting around? Uh, it's it's the final know. solution, Eric. Uh, but yeah, then you get this whole thing where I think that Shea Fontana then wants you to be like, oh man, Wonder Woman, she still cares for people who tried to kill her because she's hugging her. And then the lights go out. But then Wonder Woman goes back the next day, goes to Arlington General Hospital. Now she'll go to a hospital, Eric. Yeah, before now she there's went. time. Yeah, now there is. And this is where – and the best is is she goes – and it's to see Etta, who now is in the hospital. Yeah. It's just why wasn't she there in the first time you see Destiny? Like, hey, there's – hey, I like your little dolly, you know, and I like that. I like that that was the only thing in this issue that I'm like, you know what? That's cool because now this girl can be like, Wonder Woman likes dolls. She liked my dolls. And then she could have the childhood Wonder Woman didn't. But yeah, then Wonder Woman's like, hey, Etta, I got the whole collection of friends. I, I heard this <laughs> really? was your favorite show. Your brother told yeah. me this is your favorite show of all time. So I bought the collection you probably already own. And yeah, we're gonna yeah, sit down and watch already it and eat seen cookies. every episode, but and yeah. I'm not gonna sit and watch it because I do not like Joey. I'm not Fuck a big no. fan of Chandler. How you either. doing? Hey, how you doing? Uh, yeah, and so she goes in to talk to one of them. Now we get a couple extra. Uh, it, we have a couple panels to fill. Hey, I brought you cookies. I made them. You made them? Well, not really. I ruined those and bought these. Okay, whatever. And then you see what's going to be where there is a hit out for Wonder Woman, one dead or alive. And there you have a villain saying, I'm going to go with dead. There you yep. go. Eric. There you go. Do you know who that I, villain is? Do you recognize the villain? No, I actually have no idea who that is. It's weird. It actually looks like a combination of a future Robin, a girl Robin spliced in with, with the Hawk Flash? Girl. With Hawk oh, Girl. I would say First, the Flash. I don't know why Hawk Girl. Maybe it's the how it dips on that thing, but you're Maybe. right. It does look a little like Flash as well. Okay, Robin, Hawk Girl, Flash. Bam. Yes, Robin, Hawk, Flash. That's a good name. I'd go with that. That sounds – or Robin, Hawk there's Girl, two, Flash, two or. There's goddamn birds in it. You can't have Robin Flash a Hawk Girl or. There you go. You have that. Flashbird. No, now it's a He-Man character. That's all I'm doing. Or, I'm making you a new character. You do not have to work on any more. I have solved it for you. What did yeah, you do? Yeah, well, as it turns out, though, instead of making He-Man characters, I was reading this issue, and I was so goddamn disappointed. I never wanted to be this disappointed in this book because I, know, I, didn't I wanted Shea Fontana to succeed. And I'm telling you, you're giving it three issues, but after just seeing, you know, this move, like from our first no, issue. No, what I'm saying, yes, this, we and, didn't oh, love the first issue. That's the problem. No, the first I issue gave, was no I gave 10. Him, 
a wide berth because I knew this is the first yes. thing out there. You're going to set some stuff up and it's going to like, we're going to go from there. The first issue set up, you know, you kind of have to go with, you know, if there was some terrible shit, I would have to say that. But for the most part, it was a nice issue. I like okay. childlike stuff and it just set some stuff up going forward. And actually, don't you. The thing I was really into was the you were fucking looking into it. of Wonder Woman. You were really looking into it a I lot. Was. Like, you were grabbing for things, because that's how much you wanted to like it. I thought that you were grabbing in a little too deep, and I still think that, especially after this issue. Uh, but, yeah. But yeah. I really still like the art in this issue, even though yeah, the I like first the couple of uh, pages with the freaking bomb, you know, the aftermath, didn't make yeah. a goddamn lick of sense to me. No, but it even didn't, with but that, that seems to be I what like they were given. Yeah, I like the art, but the story is just fucking nonsense. It's just, you know, you get the point A to point B, and I have no understanding of how we even – like you. No. How was it Dr. Crawford? Check this out. I know Wonder Woman's going to this goddamn uh, – this wedding reception. Yeah. I'm going to place a bomb there, and instead of taking Etta to yeah. the hospital – and for some – I don't even know why. Like how would yeah. she know that Etta would be injured? The whole thing is like she wouldn't take a civilian to Dr. Crawford because Etta is a part of the picket. She has clearance to be there. Normal yeah. people don't. So how do you get from point A to B to get Etta there no, to no. get to Wonder Woman? How did she get know that Etta would be hit seat? by shrapnel? Because I it seems know. like that bomb no, no. may have killed to the everyone and killed yeah. them. Well, Wonder Woman wouldn't go back. Maybe she'd go back three days later, Honestly, which I, would be I, the I normal think. thing she'd do. She could have put think, that glove on at any time. I think I went high on this. It's just because I really enjoyed the art, and I still want to like this arc, but it's, it's yeah. going to be very hard going forward. But I gave it a 5.5 out of 10. Yeah, I, and even, like, I would have went better with, because Edda was there with Dr. Crawford and Wonder Woman. Give something. You're there. You're almost like a, you know, a Z-list Dr. Poison here, uh, exactly. Crawford. That's and what I, you can, I'm sort of like, who's Dr. Crawford? Because it's coming off almost like a Dr. Poison. Like a Dr. Poison. So instead, when they're there, have something where you have that glove and you have some sort of slow-acting poison. You, you grab Etta. Hey, Etta, what's going on? Tap her on the back. She's poisoned. So at the wedding, she falls deathly ill, falls over. Ah! And then Wonder Woman's like, oh, no, I don't know what to do and takes her to the, you know, to Dr. Crawford. There you go. You well, have it even better if you than what set the whole thing up where, you know, you have Wonder Woman confront Dr. Crawford because she, like, you know, say in the first issue, Dr. Crawford, she's sick and she starts saying how she has this. Yeah. And Etta gets sick because of something at the wedding. You take her to the hospital. You find out she has the same thing. You go and confront Dr. Crawford yeah, and there you have you to show down. Yeah, didn't you think that you were certainly led to believe that the mean guy doctor – had done something to Dr. Crawford. They were doing research. She was exposed to something that was going to end up being something that should not be exposed to. Uh, and then the next thing you know, there might be a zombie outbreak if, if it's not I contained. Don't know. Something was supposed to happen. It wasn't this. I give it a four out of ten. I did like the art. Yeah. It's just I, I couldn't go high on this. It's just there's too many – uh, jumps and they're not and jumps there's so, leaps and, and it, bounds it of, is so weird you know, for, what's going for how on. i felt about rating this book because i didn't want to go too yeah. low but i knew i couldn't go too I know. high and you can that's the thing you can go with the art the art's pretty good like you said it is a little confusing with the bomb exploding but it i don't think that that's the art's fault it's just that it doesn't make sense in the story uh but the art's good and you have little diana which we always love and looks great uh so even so most of my score is all heart. Uh, the, the story is nothing. And Nonsense. It can be like we have later on we'll be talking about Batgirl. You can tell me that that's nonsense. And it was. It doesn't affect anything. You can still have a fun little issue. I think that the problem is Shea Vontana was coming off that 
the you know the little kids book. The, DC I superhero say, girls, yeah. I always say it's DC super girls for some reason, but DC superhero girls. And I think that she, because of that, she doesn't want to have a nice little issue. You have destiny, which could set that up, but I think she might be afraid. You you want to go, go a little heavier route. than you yeah, usually do. Yeah, I can't go that route. Or people are going to be like, oh, that's all she can do. Or this is an important book. We just had Greg Rucka. I actually would have rather have done that. Do a nice issue. Do something that's an all ages deal. If that's your you know bread and butter but right. with this it seems like she wanted to go that extra step be a little darker be a little more like that and i don't think in her mind she has that mindset to do that it doesn't make sense there's a lot of jumping around and doing that and my suggestion to her would have been go with what you know and have some fun with it and give us a wonder woman that is just a great character who has hope and love and and work with what you can do uh, because it did seem she was like trying to overstep her bounds so that she doesn't people don't just say oh look at that she can only do that so i think it hurt it but we're gonna go off to the next issue eric you ready because everything that i just said about wonder woman everything i just said about wonder woman it's like tenfold in this book it always is i hate it uh, I traded it. It is just the League of America, and I I'm traded, so happy I traded this it. book for Batman. I'm still not that. I don't care. Uh, only because I am with everyone with this. You know, there's a, a few occasional people that are other reviewers I don't talk to that love this book, but I have not had anybody complain to me yet and say, and nobody did with you when I say, you know what, this book is garbage. It's got. You know what the most complaints are on the site or messages I get, uh, you're going too high with yeah. this score because it is complete and utter garbage of storytelling and character creation. It is garbage. It, it, I want to take it out every Tuesday night, Eric. That's my garbage night. I need to take it out, Eric. Somebody needs to take out the garbage. I'm telling you, the thing is, you're happy about it. I'm just happy I don't have to write about it anymore yeah. because it was, it was infuriating. It's kind of just... Kind of just goofy. And this issue, uh, just to set it up, you have the King Butcher. The King Butcher is he, – uh, he came to Vanity for uh, with a weekend to kill, Eric, and he is killing dreams and not much else nope. that doesn't seem to be that bad because these people are getting I, I dreams. And you. in the end, the worst part of it at the end is that it, the wraparound and the final you know, kind of twist is that – the might beyond the mirror is making these dreams come true to set up a sort of invasion of some sort or opening up a border that's going to cause problems. That's okay. Why isn't the King Butcher telling them? The King Butcher at the end makes it seem like, you know what? Shouldn't we help these humans? Like all of a sudden he's become a good guy, but he shows up with the bravado of an asshole. And oh, yeah, he shows he's the up worst screaming and yelling. He has Batman there, who he seems to kind of get well, the, the gist I of who it's he is. One of those things like a bully. You know, a lot of kids, you know, they're 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 like fathers or mothers. Like say they're like they're like you know mean to him or they hit yeah. him or something like that. And then the, the freaking bully he takes it yeah, to a younger a kid, something yeah. like that, or a smaller kid. This is what it is. The Lords of Order bully fucking King Butcher rats. So now that he's on the mortal plane, he's gonna start fucking bullying yes, everybody else around. At the and end, at the out end, of nowhere. I'm going to pull one of your things. At the end of the day, I just want to know. At the, the end of the of, day. At the end of the day, why don't yeah. the Lords of Order just go after the might be on the mirror? That's the problem. That's the main problem. And the problem out. There's two problems, big problems. The might be on the mirror is causing the issue. Yeah. And we don't know what that is. Nope. We have no idea. We have no idea what the might be on the mirror I think the is. Lords and now, Order would, though. The Lords of Order should. But instead, they go to vanity 
and they attack the dreams through the king butcher is sent there to attack the dreams now eric if i'm not mistaken mo i think that i have the idea of what the dreams are you have a guy who does not want to have fibromyalgia i got you okay his dream is now destroyed we saw the king butcher so the hell with him he's gonna have pain all the time you know and it's a real thing he told us so yeah, I'm going. I, I with still it, don't believe him, but whatever. I'm still going with it, Aaron, because he told me. But yeah, you have that. Then you have a guy who had his childhood home restored. The king butcher showed up, and I think the term was ganked it from him. Ganked and it right now, from him. And ganked it means he destroyed a little section of the side. Yeah, a section of the side of the house fell. Okay, there's another dream. Now we also have the dream that is the uh, what's his name? Is it Caden, the mayor? It's, yes, Caden, the mayor of Vanity. Caden, the mayor has wished to have. A a law passed without any problems. Now, number one, you know, I'll step aside here. I I'm guessing Caden's a pretty good guy, right? I would think so. That's what we've been led to believe. Have we seen that anybody in Vanity are assholes? Yes. Vanity is, uh, it, vanity is just a terrible place. We have seen it's that. It's a terrible like, uh, place. We're told we haven't seen it though. Oh, I saw. We saw it in the uh, the Ray Rebirth number one, where it was that asshole guy who seemed to be against gay guys being the yeah, mayor was of just, vanity. But that's all we had. But the problem is, where I'm t- asking you is, where is the where are the wishes of I want to get rid of these fucking foreigners? I <laughs> want a wall around my house. I want my neighbor to die so I can fuck his wife. We've never gotten anything from what I see in this, besides like what you said in that rebirth number one, where yeah, there was yeah, yeah. one guy. I, I'm just trying to throw shade. The your actual <laughs> wishes that we got, there was none bad. So when no, Caden, when Caden, who I am supposed to believe, and I really do think is one of the best guys in vanity, right? I agree. He is trying to pass a law. Do you think this law – the best is at the end when the King Butcher is dead and they're like, okay, all the wishes go, your law. The law is actually to allow pedophilia in vanity. Oh, God, There's nothing. Who knows what the law is? Yeah. But what it is, I am sure that it is good. I'm, I'm sure it's sure, do something to help the people I'm of Vanity sure it's in the supposed long run. to help. It's, it, maybe it'll stimulate the economy. Maybe it will allow people who, if he's walking down and he's a gay basher, that he's not allowed to do that. Uh, whatever it is, it seems good. So why just him needing a wish for it to pass seems like utter nonsense. But what the real nonsense to me is the King Butcher shows up as if if these wishes are allowed – the order of the universe is going to go down. I really think that Dr. Fate and the Lords of Order may have something else to worry about than a guy who wants to get rid of his fibromyalgia. Uh, this should not be well, the thing, the, is, the that, thing we, that they're we worried never about. Get, we never get to see it because the story is not fleshed out. But no. there's got to be a monkey paw situation going That's on. That's what I mean. That we and never I said in my see. review, without seeing that, there really isn't much of a threat. The King Butcher is not killing people. If you tell me that we have one of those crazy things there, if you die with your wish, you die in real life. Oh, oh no. no. He's d- destroying the wishes, and then they're dying. They weren't. It's just the guy has fibromyalgia again. The person has to restore his fucking childhood home. Possibly Caden's bill gets vetoed. Which, honestly, he might have insurance. Who knows? Yeah. And Caden's bill gets re- vetoed. Maybe it takes – to me, it seems like it's just going to take a little longer to That's the pass. thing. It's just I don't, nonsense. Even know, I don't even know how you take that wish away because it was already passed, so it's already done. And You know, you can't yeah. really take that away in my mind. And the other one, the other one that I want to spell out is that the Ray's mom asked for a new family, yet by the end, I'm not so sure it was a wish because – 
To me, you have the mom say, I want to wish, I want a family that's not a burden. I want to do. To me, you want to go full out. You want to have this be a wish that Steve Orlando, make her not know who Lorraine is. Make her replace him. Not just have a new family now because when we get to that point, it's utter nonsense. It's the stupidest thing I've ever seen in an issue where the Ray comes off as a fucking asshole. And that's the problem. I, I've read and this is the and character heard, that he's really pushing. Yes, and he's I've pushing read and to heard that he actually, time. the Ray is supposed to be almost Steve Orlando talking to us through the Ray. This is the everyman guy that we can all, uh, you know, see and do. And this is the guy who is going to stand up for what's right. And he's not going to let. Uh, he's an asshole. I hate him. If the Ray was right here, I'd punch him right in his fucking face right now and not feel anything bad about it because through the whole arc of this and even before, he comes off as a prick. He comes off as a guy who only thinks his way is the way to go and he's a clashing liner. with Batman. But uh, the problem is. I've never seen in a, in a comic a guy claim he's so right so many times when he's not. He, he's utterly just completely wrong in half the things he's doing. Batman is not coming off as a dick to me. Batman is coming off of a man of reason that should be Batman. And it's and just honestly, nonsense. you know what the Ray comes off to me? He comes off to this, this younger generation that goes online to social media and they yeah, just say something without yep. being informed and they're nope. so matter of fact, this is what it is. And yep. then you say something, they're like, well, that can't be because of this. Oh, well, I, I didn't actually read it. I just yeah, and not even that. Like, no, he's even worse. It's like, hey, you know what? I'm trying to think of something stupid. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I saw a guy uh, downtown today, and he kicked a, a, a homeless guy. And then I'd be like, "Wait a minute! I was I was downtown too. Uh, that was just a I, don't, I can't come on. They were filming a commercial. Or something. I don't know what yeah. it would be. And then he'd go, "No, it wasn't. Even if it was, it, it, whatever Says the, the argument is, and you say." No, no, you got that a little wrong. It wasn't that. Yeah, I, I think you read it. Or I'll tell you, there's been there was a big thing in the sporting uh, world the last week where a guy actually reported in Sports Illustrated a story that was put on a Twitter. It was one of those fake Twitter accounts. Like it would have been angry Eric Shea, right. and that you know somebody has that account and has like you know what, not on my watch to have this, that, or the other thing, and then they reported they actually took this fake account and actually wrote a story based on it and when they were called out and said hey by the way that was a parody account that wasn't real yeah says you that's basically what they, yeah. and now i'm just thinking about how much i hate people on twitter so am i that's all Again, I'm thinking this about is, this is comicbook.com. Like it's comicbook.com saying yeah. officially Batman's now a metahuman. And when it was called out and Scott Snyder actually said, no, 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 they kind of went back on it and said, well, it's a matter of semantics. You piece of shit. Is it? No, you were wrong. You jumped to a conclusion without any information, called it official, and that doesn't allow you to just, you know, fucking ride roughshod through the fucking Twitterverse. It's yeah. nonsense. And that's what the Ray is doing to me. But we'll start with it, Eric. We go off, and the issue starts with Ryan. He's trying to get a hold of Ray Palmer. And I won't even get upset that an algorithm looking for a signal is what will find Ray Palmer. I think it's complete and utter nonsense. You're, fine. It, it, You're trying it is to find a guy. Nonsense. 
have this where he has an open line of connection, and if anything gets you know through, there you go. You you have a signal for Ray Palmer. You are talking about the microverse that he knows nothing about, and he has an algorithm that he puts in. This is only it, it, it is computer mumbo jumbo that he's using to say that he is doing that, but it, it's a means to an end. Exactly. It's fine. It's just to the, get us to point A to point B. From the where problem we is, go to is find at Ray. the last issue, Batman and the team left to go to Vanity and specifically said, "Hey, you guys have some, you know, you have you're, some." You're going to go to the guy who trained Animal for Man. Killer Frost. Go powers. to the guy who trained Animal Man. There's never a, like anything here. Like, man, that was a dead end or whatever. It seems to me like Ryan doesn't care and he's just no, doing it. In my Caitlin mind, everybody up. left. He's like, "All right, I'm not doing that shit." Yeah, I'm he's like, for "Fuck the rate. you!" And then Caitlin shows I mean, up and's like, "What Adam, are you doing?" I, I always fucked it up because of Ray Palmer and the Ray. Yeah, yeah. Ryan is all pissed off. He's screaming at the control panel. Yeah, Ryan, I want to try for lost data. Lost data? How does that find Ryan? Or Ray, I mean, now I'm getting screwed up. But yeah, she's (laughs) like, and then she's like, listen, you know what would get your mind off it? Going back to what you're supposed to do, curing my heat sickness. And then she just says, biofission want to go to Africa. And they're going to go off where we do see Freedom Beast, and yeah. we love Down Freedom the, Beast. Uh, fucking Mandawe. Yeah, Mandawe, and Mandawe was actually in the Midnighter book, Midnighter yeah. and Apollo. I think was it Midnighter Apollo or just no, a regular Midnighter? No, it was just Midnighter, Midnighter I believe. Okay, Dominic yeah. Mandawe so was in that. This yeah. is a character that Steve Orlando obviously has an affection for, and he's there. Well, they go there, and it is a bunch of nonsense that he talks. He's like, "I have a think tank. I usually do biofusion, but we're going to do biofission where I'm going to isolate the damaged genes. I'm used to going to the red with the life web now." At this point, why I get angry, really, is because you have Vixen on the team who can really have already checked out. And honestly, the thing is, what she does later on looking at the King Butcher, it's essentially the same thing that Freedom Beast does here. it's exactly what Freedom Beast does here. So why haven't they gone through that step? First, say, hey, Vixen, can you look at me and see? I've read this because. Look into the life web. I heard Kate, you could do yeah. something with that. Caitlin Frost seems to have researched and know about, she knows the biofission. Yeah. So she must have looked into what Freedom Beast does and she should know. Wait, you know what? That's kind of what Vixen does. Maybe that's the first step. Let me see because what he does, he gets on his, his helmet and he's going to yeah, look yeah. into her, into the life web to see. And he sees that she has issues. And it's funny because she's like, hey, you do have a connection to the red, but it's phagic. You're generating little to no life force of your own. I am sorry. Now, here's the issue. He's like, hey, I, I cannot fix your DNA with my hands. And even if I could, I wouldn't know if I would. So now he's and basically that's the thing saying because I'm telling you, a freedom beast's main power is he can take two animals and he can combine them together to make a chimera fucking yep. which he can control. So going into this whole thing, it's almost the idea where you know since it's usually he fuses animals, he's going to try the fission where he was going to try to take away the ice part of her to leave just yeah. the Caitlyn Snow part behind, and he's like, I can't do that because it could t- like you know tear your mind apart yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah. So pretty much, I'm useless here. Yeah. Good, wh- good why day, wouldn't man. They, obviously they would have had to set up a meeting. Call up. Hey, you know what? This is the idea. Maybe you can look in. You can kind of do this biofission. Yeah, biofission. Okay, Caitlin says it, biofission. And then when they get there and he looks, it's only to set up that she has this phagic connection that's a a parasitic connection. And I don't even really know what any of that means. That's what it means. That's all it is. I looked it up. You see Ryan and Caitlin Snow standing together, and you know she is just white and black while Ryan is giving off all the heat signature and stuff like that. I'm like, I don't see any connection to the fucking red at all in Caitlin Snow. But like you said, the the main issue is at the end – 
Freedom Beast just says, I wouldn't do that anyway. So why no. the fuck did they go to Africa? Why did they uh, why, go why there? Did we, why did we go to fucking the trainer of Animal Man like yeah. we're supposed to? Why? Because then she says, what about merging me with something that could counteract my sickness? So maybe you're there and you, you think of something that would have like a, an animal that gives off some extra heat. Something right. like that. Oh, a hummingbird. You know, the hummingbird's actual body temperature is 109. I forget what it is, but it is I, I, higher. I want to say like because, bats as well, maybe. Because yeah, they or have something the high like body that. Temperature and then he says, he says, merging its mind with your own. What if you, what if you, the core of you was lost in the process? I would have said, why the fuck did you tell us to come here? Why are we here? <laughs> Why are we here? Because you just said you just put on your goddamn helmet and look, told me what type of power connection I have to the red, and then said it didn't matter anyway because I would have just sent you off. So you're and, not going to add best. me or take away from me, so we're fucked. Yeah, that, there's no other issue. They show up and he goes, huh, uh, usually I do biofusion where I fuse to, but you want biofusion, so yeah, let's see. So what happened if they looked nope. and she had her feet were connected to the red? Would he have done it then? Because it doesn't seem that he would. And then the best is they're there. And then Ryan's like, we tried. Now, what did you do? <laughs> Idiots. Why, why are you there? It is, it is just, just now. Just hang loose and wait for Vic to get back. four pages of fucking nonsense. Jesus Christ. I'll go old square. ay 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 there you it's go, baby. nonsense. And then they go back outside of Philadelphia where we did leave uh, the King Butcher and the team looking in the window at uh, the Ray's mom with her new family. All of a sudden now it's full out battle. Fucking Vixen's knocked out. Black Canary's out cold. And I'm telling I, you, I actually spent this time too looking for us in the background because if it made sense for us to be in a comic book anywhere, it would be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're from Philadelphia. Outside of Philadelphia. We're outside of Philadelphia. There we are. I, I think I heard this shit going down the other day outside of Quakertown. <laughs> uh, I actually, uh, the other day, uh, we heard what appeared to be, or it sounded like, a uh, a car wreck. And we're like, yeah. holy crap, me, Ethan, and Ray, or Zach ran out. Couldn't find anything. And I don't know if you heard, somehow some guy ran into the hospital uh, and started shooting things or something or shot a gun in the air. I think that's what we heard. I didn't heard. hear this I at all. It. I heard it. I don't know. Maybe I made it up. Maybe. I no, I didn't. I heard that. And I was like, holy crap, that's what we heard. But we go here where you have the King Butcher. Now, uh, what we were let, what I was left to believe at the end of the last issue would have been one of these, like, you know, I, I would even say that uh, the King Butcher was kind of like, uh, we were going to see the monkey Paul now. No, in you my mind, it was almost team. like at this point, when we jump back in this, it would be the ghost of Christmas past. This yes. is what it would have been like, you know. If, yes. you know, this if, is you know, why, like, here's the thing. Hey, Ray, look. This is why I have – because it seemed like you think all the dreams are great. Look at this one. Now all of a sudden, let's go full out You know, uh, back to the future. The race starts fading away because the mom didn't just wish for a new family. She wished for a new family to replace the Ray. Because she wanted a normal deal. This is why when it went back, I thought it was in the past. We had that whole thing about the stars. I, now, obviously, it was the few, It was the present, I mean. So you yeah. have that. But now they're just fighting. They're just fighting. And yeah, and it's Steve Orlando has such a problem where he cannot get any – he can't get the whole team involved in a book. So no. he ends up and with even shit not, like not this. Not only that, just – you know, he doesn't remember what he did last issue and he just jumps no, in without explaining does. anything or just changes things completely from what he had last issue. Like, why don't you write this in one single fucking shot yeah, so you know what's going on. He always gets the cliffhanger to the next issue, and this is recent especially, 
where he Supergirl. fucks up. Supergirl was poison at the end of the second to last issue. The last issue, it starts. She's no longer poison. We we ended up uh, contacting him on and other people too, contacting him. Hey, by the way, Steve, you had her poison at the end of one issue. At this issue, she didn't get poison. What's up? And he said, it appears that the effects were temporary. Oh, yeah. You. you know what? It appears that you don't know what the fuck you're doing. And so you have this where you are left to, okay, what happened here? Because they were making it seem like the Ray should have been like really devastated because he still seems to be seeing his mom having a new family. But instead, they're just fighting. And, and Lobo is just yelling and screaming. And I, I'm and telling you, I just want to know, too, because we look and the last issue, we looked in the window. We saw freaking Nadine, Ray's mom, yep. with her new husband, her little son, whatever. Yeah. And right outside the house, now we're fighting. This whole neighborhood looks torn apart. And then there's just Nadine standing there with no family yeah. Yeah. in a rubble. I'm like, no. what happened? That's what I said. That I told you there is a panel that will make you giggle so much because it is the most ridiculous thing out of nowhere. She's just standing there in rubble. Hey, there's and then, I'm, that, and it's not only that. It's not only that. Because it's after the Ray gets hit and knocked down. Nadine's yeah. standing there right next to him. Next time we see fucking Nadine, she is running to Ray. I'm like, yeah, what happened? Yeah, she's running to Ray, then she's she there. She is far away. I I'm just like, like it, too. You get, such, you get such great dialogue as, I mean, this, if anything screams Batman, is King Butcher. If this is your will, then you and the Lords of Order aren't welcome here. Oh, okay. Thank you, Batman. Yeah, and then King Butcher's like, why? Because you've spoken. I actually like that. But then the King Butcher says, and, uh, you know, I always like a little background of a character. And, you know, you have some monologuing a lot with villains. Now, I will point out again that really the King Butcher, besides fighting the JLA, has not really done that much bad. He nope. has taken away dreams and wishes that, don't that really in the mortal normally realm. they wouldn't have been there anyway. This yeah. is not taking away people's civil liberties. He's not taking away people's, you know, jobs. He's, He's not, not doing Lord anything Havoc, like that. He's sake. not even killing the people. He's just saying, listen, you wish this. People don't get wishes. Like, really, he should just say, it is the Lord of Order thing and it's causing chaos that he's saying. No, but really, I'm he's like, you, listen. He, he should show up, take these away, shit in one hand, wish in the other, see yeah. fills up first, fuck up. Yeah, really. And and it will go back to last issue when when – uh, Lobo walked into town. He said, you know what? Wishes, fuck them. You know, you do shit and get yeah. what you want. You know, that's what they need. I wish, you know, what? Is, but he says to Batman, he's talking about how, you know, his background. And he says, Eric, I used to speak like you in the age before Partheria split twice sevenfold. I hate you. What, what, what does that mean? What does no, that, no, why, no. Why? No, the best is, I'm telling you. I uh, like for some reason Steve <laughs> it can't Orlando be best was then split twice sevenfold. No, no, check this out. Steve Orlando, in my mind, somehow had like flashcards he was going through, or he yeah. has one of those things like you know a word of the week that you a have word, to try yeah, to work into a goddamn thing. Yeah, he has them on the refrigerator, the make yeah. a sentence words, the exactly. magic words. And because then we, when we get to goddamn Black Canary later on, and they're like you know we're like uh, what the hell yeah. is the goddamn oh, word? Because we're getting there. Because that's where you see. I'll just get there quick. Because that's where a blast. shit shit is going wrong. People are getting fucking thrown around. The you know the rays getting tossed, and now the rays moms just walking willy nilly through a uh, rubble. Uh, it looks like vanity is completely destroyed. No, now is I would say right now. I would probably say that getting rid of fibromyalgia. Yeah, that's that's getting rid of a little chaos. The King Butcher now, to me, is supposed to show up here almost like the the trope of, hey, me and you are going back in time, Eric. Make sure you don't 
fuck anything up. Don't yeah. step on a plant. Don't kill this. Don't you know? Don't throw a coin out don't when fuck we're your doing mother. this. Gotcha. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do it. You have the King Butcher now. He is just destroying the town. He is throwing the heroes around and destroying the entire town. That, to me, is posing a bit more chaos as well than a guy who no longer has fibromyalgia. Uh, but, yeah, you have the mother there, and all of a sudden, she just disappears. And that, yeah. she's right next to Ray at one point. She's like, Ray? And then you go through a panel, and now she's – it's like one of those where now she is 15 feet away then. Son? What's going on? And Ray's like, Nadine, Mom, and he, he wants to play this whole game that we're like, oh, you know what? They're not close or whatever. But it's still, you have Canary there, and she's like, listen, Ray, eyes on the Magic Berserker, family meeting after. Okay. And then he, he's like, uh, and Vixen hears that, right? Yep. Ray, eyes on the Magic Berserker, family meeting after. Vixen says, I know that tone. You've got something, don't you, Canary? Yeah, Canary. Of had, course. Yeah, what Canary has is a stick up her ass about the Ray seeing his mother. That's all she has in that. There's no other thing. That that's like I, me I saying. I just love the outrage in her face as yeah. it moves on. He's not from here. Yeah, I'm like, all right. what is this Captain Obvious just showed up? It's nonsense. <laughs> I'm telling you, we're at work, and Wrong Turn comes up and says, "Hey." I saw that movie Friday the 13th Part 17 with the leather face. And you go, wrong turn. I'm sick of your fucking nonsense. Get out of here. I know that tone. You got something, don't you? Yeah, you got a coronary. Over It's the most ridiculous thing. And she says, of course I do. King Butcher keeps mentioning our plane and his flesh. Keeps mentioning. He said it once. Yeah. Eh, Vixen, he's not from here. Oh, really? You you don't think he's from here? Oh, my goodness. And then just says, check him with the totem. See if he's connected to the life web. She does. Oh, his crown is, but nothing else is. That's his anchor. Which Let's is weird attack since it. we just did this with Freedom Beast. Yeah, we just did it. And, uh, yeah, it, does he think that we need that setup? Because all it does is make it ridiculous that they went to Freedom Beast. Yeah. But, yeah, they're like, huh, that's like ballast. Looks like that. And I like this. Oh, he, that's the thing. It's ballast i'm like I, I that was such a weird thing for her to say, say like, an anchor. it's the only part of his connect it's only the part of him his crown is the only part of him that's connected to the life went like ballast or yeah. an anchor yeah or an anchor why why I'm ballast like, and why, why even like, have sorry, that? that ballast right now there, the best in my me, mind then. it's his word of the week that he has to put in something yeah and the best <laughs> the best to so me then i'm like is, i don't know what that is they're like hey none of us could get close enough to face him eye to eye Right? Except for that's Batman. what she that's what Vixen says. Yeah, except Batman. And then that's where Ray says, eye to eye. Good idea, Mary. Let's follow me with this and don't blink. The next thing you see is she just attacks him. You don't get a plan. She just attacks him and then the ray comes and fires in next out time. of her eyes yeah. at freaking, you know, the into the goddamn Yeah. Yeah. King Bush well, and the thing is, what the fuck is going on? It'd be it'd be really cool if we knew anything about the Ray's power set yeah. because I'm telling you, we started working a bit in that Ray Rebirth number one, which I'm telling you, we got a few things that he could do. 
And then as the series progressed, we saw some other thing like, I don't know what the no. Ray's powers are. Apparently, and, and he you can know do what? anything because, he wants at any given time. And because what's missing in this, uh, Steve Orlando wants to push the powder keg nature of this whole thing. Uh, instead, he has just completely neglected the teamwork part of it where you might have seen this. I'll even go. You have not seen the Wonder Woman movie yet. In no. the Wonder Woman movie at the beginning, Steve Trevor sees uh, the Amazons use what they call the sh- they shield. And they put a shield and they – I forget. I always forget a, a key or whoever it was, jumps off the shield and then goes in the air and shoots some arrows. Later on, because Steve Trevor saw that, he does the same thing where Diana has to get up on this tower. He yells shield. They do it and she does it. And you're like, you know what? That's pretty cool. Steve Trevor learned that. We also learned that that was a thing. It was a very good setup. I really liked it. There's no setup here. You never had them training. You have 11 issues now. We haven't seen them like how they have in Detective Comics, the mud room. You would think that Batman would have set up a training room and they would have worked on this. And when they would do this, we would have learned the power set at least of the ray. From all the bullshit he's gotten from this team so far, I think Batman's just like, you know what? I don't want to deal with you fuckers when I don't have to. I wouldn't either. I'd be done. I'd be done. You know what? I I think I – Kind of done. Did, did I even say the blurb that I at the beginning? Because I had a bunch of things that I don't even I don't think even I remember. ever – I don't think I got to it because – and in my blurb I said uh, – I'm going to look because I, I think it like, well, I put that Batman – why would Batman put his ass – I'm going to read it now, Eric. The King Butcher's dead. Long live the King Butcher. Actually, screw the King Butcher in this book. Steve Orlando keeps giving us a team that I hate doing things – or that I hate doing things I could care less about. Who would have thought that Batman would put his ass on the line to form this team so they could go stop the King Butcher from killing the town of Vanity's dreams? Not this guy. I just – basically, like you just said – Batman has put his fucking ass on the line for to make this team, and all it is is trouble. They do nonsense. He d- doesn't even seem to know what he's doing. And they they're just doing. bitch it's about just terrible. It's just terrible because what happens then, the Ray does pretty much attack and take down King Butcher by uh, you know focusing on the crown he, in he the middle of the all this. He takes the crown and transfers it in the light. And as the freaking yeah. Ray says, what of this power says, because I'm telling you, he can do anything he wants to, it yeah. seems like, in this book. He can turn the crown in the light, and usually he goes and reconfigures the thing like from light to back to like your know, material object. He's like, "What if I don't?" So he just spreads the light out, so he doesn't have the, the crown's not physical anymore, and it's just gone in the lightness, yeah. which you know gets rid of the King Butcher's anchor to this world. Yes, and and yeah, and in the middle of this, you see the King Butcher. He's getting ripped apart. He's, uh, you know, what's going on? Uh, da, da. And then you go to just a panel of. The Ray's mom smiling, Nadine just smiling, and uh, the Ray saying off panel, that's what I think is called an ass kicking your ass. And then the mom's like, Ray, I didn't believe it, didn't want to believe it, it's you. And then they go back to the fight. Yeah. Yeah, and then he's like, then you get such wonky of no creature, no mortal material can check my power. Uh, mortal materials, my body, my uniform, I turn mortal materials in the light. I'm, I don't even know what you're talking about. And that's when he says he's going to get the crown to make it disappear. He's not going to bring it back, and then you're going to disappear out of this existence. And then the fight's over, and Nadine comes in as uh, it looks like Lobo's looking at her ass and says frag bonnet. I think and for some reason Lobo has sexy. normal like has like Caucasian skin tone. Yeah, he has Caucasian skin. He's just sitting there. And then uh, Nadine says that his mom, Ray, it's been years. It's me. And he's like, I know, Nadine. 
Dean, last time I saw you, I was breaking out of your house. And then she says, how could I know, Ray? You blinded the nurse. What, what is how could I know what? How could I know, Ray? You blinded the nurse seconds after you were born. Also never brings up the fact that you reminded me of pretty much got rid of his dad. Uh, I'm telling you, it seemed like his father exploded because he had the same light illness yeah, that yeah. Ray has. And I don't know if the dad just used this metal because he wanted to fucking hightail it out of there. Didn't yeah, want family. So, hey, oh, my God, I exploded. And he just went yeah. invisible like Ray did when he yeah. had, like, you know, left the house. I don't know. Yeah. As far as Nadine knows, fucking Ray's mom – if if her kid left the house, he'd be dead. Yeah. So she and put she her says, entire life on hold because yeah. of this to keep him so safe. So she sees him out and about, and she's like, listen, how could I know? Meaning, you know, when she says, I guess, how could I know? It's basically that you could go out and about yeah. and not die. You couldn't understand. I kept this in the dark for your own good to protect you. Protect me? And then she says, and you hated me for it. And then he's like, you wished for a new family. Yeah, you abandoned ours. I diverted the course of my whole life, and you just ran away. It hurt, Ray. It hurt me. And she's like, listen, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How could I know you'd be a hero? No. You know, you're safe. Y- you and your family, Mom. Enjoy your wish. And I'm like, Ray, you're a dick. You are a fucking asshole because she did. She threw away her entire life to do what she thought. Maybe she was wrong. Yeah. And maybe she wasn't, but, but from, from the what evidence she, saw, she was given up to this yes. point because she was born blind as yeah. a nurse. His father seemed to explode in front of her when he was in the light. And, and then, then when he had his friend Caden came over, yeah. he blinded Caden. I'm like, yeah. from a goddamn flashbulb on a fucking Polaroid camera. Yep. There, yep. there are a lot of problems. So all the evidence points to, I got to keep you in the dark to keep yeah, you safe keep because you're my safe. baby boy and I and love yeah, you. She, it wasn't like she ever bit, like she was in the dark too. She sat there. They didn't have windows. She sat in there and basically at what seemed to be in the Ray uh, rebirth issue was, oh, you know what? He's a kid. He doesn't understand. He doesn't understand what she's sacrificing to do this and try to keep him in there and whatever. And she just also, she thinks in my mind, either he goes out and he dies or he's going to kill somebody and go yeah. to jail or they're going to take him away obviously he she blinded the nurse or he blinded the nurse when he was born she probably hightailed it the fuck out of there with him or they would have taken him away then she has done a lot and he just like no enjoy your own family you left you left her years and years ago it's what is she supposed five to do years at this point yeah what is she supposed to do yeah, she wished sit, for a new sit family. Sit there and over you, Ray. That's because what she's she wants to do, a right? family. You, you abandoned her. You left her. You left her high and dry after all she did. Yeah, you know what? The wish, that's the thing. I'm not even convinced it's a wish, though. I think the King Butcher was fucking with it. I think that she just went, found a guy, because the, the kid looks old enough to be that age. She went and found somebody, fell or in love, and had a not, family. The guy had a kid already. They got married, and yeah. bam, new family. Yeah, she, it's not like he was there. And and Zenos, actually, the, the benefit there, or the, you know, him, he does kind of spell that out. Ray doesn't listen. Ray no, doesn't listen at all. No, part but, of it. They're there, and they go, you know, enjoy your wish. Then they go, and Caden's like, listen, the mite that was cast beyond the mirror, uh, this notebook is filled while I dreamt of the mite. You should have it, Ray. So I'm like, why? Why would that be? Because that seems like that goddamn dark poetry we had last Seriously. year. And, oh, the King Butcher's gone. All right. Until he finds a new crown, at least. And they're like, hey, we're going to investigate the mite, Caden. But in the meantime, the wishes and the wishers are safe. And this is nonsense because it seems there has to be somebody out there that wished for their neighbor to become a rabbit or wished for, you know, Eric Shade to have gonorrhea. Uh, unfortunately, it not you, everybody is good. 
And this is what we never got. You never got the the thing where you thought there were some stakes. You know, it never became that because if they don't stop it, somebody might wish for Batman to be dead. Yeah, you, you know, something like that, or the whole town to be. Or like the mic behind the mirror, she might go to Jess. And be like, you know, what do you wish, Jess? I want Eric to marry me. All of a sudden, I'm a fucking puppet. Yeah, I can't control my destiny. I'm trapped for the rest of my life. You, you, Eric, why would you need that? That is inappropriate. Oh my goodness, that. it's already happening. Listen, Eric, you don't want that mic. Don't let the mic beyond the mirror to get a hold of of her. You hear me, Jim? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Have fun. Oh my goodness! And then she'd I say, like "Listen," she'd say, she, "She would say right away." She's like, "Listen, uh, hey, Jess, I don't know what the might be on the mirrors. Jess, wait a minute, I'll even, I'll go yeah, full do, out. Do the deal. I'm gonna full out." Jessica, what do you want? Do you think I should get rid of Jim? Edit that out. Oh my goodness! Oh wait, now I'm not him. <laughs> oh my goodness, Eric, she wants to edit me out of existence. That's Cut what it that out. means. And by it, I mean Jim. She, she's like, listen, all I want is anytime Jim talks, he can only talk in successive door slams. I think that wish happened a fucking like, a couple weeks ago. Wish is over now, Eric. I just called Thank you God. an asshole. That all it was was you're an asshole that whole time. See, that wouldn't make a good podcast. Me Not talking in successive door swing. Uh, and here's the thing: as the issue goes on, Eric, what can't that door slam sell? Uh, they go, and you have the whole thing where the wishes are going. So there you have the Ray goes over to Batman. He's all happy with himself. Hey, big guy, we won, Batman. And then Batman's like, we did. And now the wishers and any damage they cause is our problem, you motherfucker. And then this is where Ray becomes ultra dick and says, you think I don't know that? You can't stand it, can you? Can't stand that I give people the chance to be good instead of assuming they'll be their worst. And I went Batman to say, what are you talking about? What is just, this coming I from? I just want Batman to pull the goddamn one punch out and put yeah. Ray on his fucking ass. It says, and you know what? This time I was right. How are you right? How are you no, right? All no Batman right. says is, you don't know what everybody wished for. You have no idea. You, basically, to me, he's saying to Batman, all the people in Vanity wish for good things. See, I told you. All Batman says is, you know what? The damage that these wishes cause, it's on us, buddy. We're I'm fine. telling you, that's the thing. Is say, say all the wishes are like, we had the fucking, let's keep Caden out just because I, I can't come up with anything yeah, interesting. Yeah. But we had the guy with fibromyalgia. He keeps his wish. All right. I, I don't hurt anymore. Now I can go back to raping people like yeah. I used to before my fibromyalgia. I used to rape a the lot guy, of people. The guy people. with the shout at so home. Good. Now I can get my rape dungeon back in I the basement. I knew you were going to go dungeon. Everything's a rape. And hey, you know what? It's funny. My my buddy uh, Johnny, he, he was out of the game for a while with that fibromyalgia. Looks like he's back. Come on, Johnny. My house is in. You know, the rape dungeon. Exactly. I got it all stuck. And now and now we go to Nadine. Nadine has her new family, new wish, everything. I'm like, oh, I have this new family. I love it. Her son, future Hitler. Yep, it's Hitler. <laughs> Stalin and Hitler. His name. I don't know. 
Stalin Hitler is con. It's just nonsense. It's it's complete nonsense. It, there's got to be a monkey pole aspect. It's like, like one of these. Yeah, says. and and it, yeah, he he. That's all he wants to know. Listen, there might be somebody out there that didn't wish for something great. We don't know how many people got wishes. We don't know. Uh, then Batman's like, listen, you know what? Uh, I'd like to think like that, Ray, but that's a luxury I can't afford. I agree. Neither can you. Believing in a finer world isn't enough. You have to build it. Okay. So Batman Boom. decides to go back to Kravia and go and visit Lord Havoc. And it, this is the best. This is probably all of this nonsense just leads to this to me because they go, hey, Havoc, who are you again? And uh. then calls him Batman the next panel. <laughs> Who are you again? They And then they piped the news in. My people ratified a new constitution. Every Kravian reviewed the draft through their device, their damn phones. Oh, well, okay. Well, what's upset? And then he says, but I'm sure you haven't come to mock me, Batman. Well, what about the Batman never introduced himself, never said no. he was Batman. He says, who are you again? And then names of Batman, the next deal. Uh, Steve Orlando can't keep his cliffhanger to the next thing. He can't keep a panel to the next panel. I, I don't know what he does. I really think that he is a stream of conscious writer, and he is now the Ed Wood of comic book writers. No. Somebody went to him and said, listen, you said, who are you again? And then say Batman the next. No, no, no. Yeah, print it. It's good. Nobody will care. It's great. That's what it is. He said wood now. Right. I'm telling you, though, the fuck, the thing is, when we had this whole thing, you know, we get to the back to the mic behind the mirror because, you know, this is something that Lord Havoc talked about apparently at his coronation or whatever. Coronation. And I don't even remember anything about the mic behind kinda, the mirror I before this I kind of remember arc. us saying, what the hell is he talking about? But the whole thing is, you know, you waste you, – like, you had the mic behind the mirror and you waste your wish on armor. I'm like – no, the armor is kind of a thing that Lord Havoc has this whole time, you know, in old continuity and yeah, everything. Yeah, he's always had just, that armor. And then, like, but Lord Havoc's like, no, I didn't waste it. You don't know what I wished for. And, yeah. like, Batman then goes off and, like, it really devastates me. And I don't yeah. want to say it breaks my heart. It gets me very <laughs> fearful for the future because he says, I'm going to save Angor. I'm like, yeah. you're, you you're going to go that? to Earth 8? Yeah. Do you want to see gonna that? You're going to go to Earth 8 and you're going to save Angor at, because that's impossible, Batman, because Angor has been destroyed. Yeah, that's get, why he says you'll never see it because he knows that's not true. But he also says at the best, too, it's like he says you wasted your wish. The, the might behind the mirror came and wasted you. wasted the wish on armor. Like you said, he's always had that armor. So yeah. he's like, no, no. Is that what you think I wish for? So that's throwing out the thing that, oh, no, he wished for something else. I do want to also wonder that you had – uh, the King Butcher. He's a big bad guy, right? He's a bully. He, he's a fucking badass. He can do anything. Why didn't he go to fucking Lord Havoc? Instead, he's fighting the wish of a guy with fibromyalgia. Yes, I in said, vanity. he's a bully. It, why, why didn't he show up with Lord Havoc? Because the extremists were there and they might do something about it? He's a pussy. He's just a pussy. I'm telling you, Lords of Order might want to keep fucking other universes in check from entering ours yeah, and fucking that, taking it over. That would probably... That's the thing. Especially Lord Havoc, wishes are involved. Lord in Havoc it. is from another universe he's from another multiverse you have this and wouldn't that upset the order of things more than a guy i i keep going back to it because we don't have a lot of wishes that had fibromyalgia but this is where i also go batman has no idea of this might be on the mirror well oh my god i came all the kravia to find out you know what did you do and what you get this and you said that only to say she visited me to her. The might visited me. For some reason, I think they spelled it as a woman. I, I don't know why. In my mind, too, for some reason, it's a woman. But he says, the might visited me. Wait a second. Through all of this, you're trying to find out who the might beyond the mirror is, and she visited you? 
uh, why are you going to Kravia? Why are you are you just there to taunt? I mean, now we see. He I mean, is know. this like is this like Ryan and Caitlin's trip to Africa where it has no fucking point? Yeah, yeah. Well, you're now telling us that everything you're trying to find out is something that you were over when you went to to Vanity. And, you know, you had Caden and all these people. Why wouldn't you say, listen, you know, uh, we got to watch out because when this happened, it was real strong. Or why, why isn't there a personal connection that you gave your team about what this might in the mirror with these wishes might be? And well, he says, a powder keg, and the worst is it's supposed to be such a huge thing because you know that they want you to think that he would wish for his parents to be back. Uh, so he's like, hey, I got a wish, too. I turned her down. I just wanted you to know that. Why, why would why would he care? Why, why would he give one fuck? Because she visited you and you waste your wish on armor. You might the might visited me too. I want you to know that because I turned her down. Oh, and now and, I'm going to go save Earth Eight for some reason. Yeah, and then says I'll deal with the might. Then I'm going to do what you couldn't because he thinks Angor is a country or a city. He has no idea. He saw it on Wikipedia and he threw it out there because now he has forgotten that Lord Havoc is from a different. He's from a different Earth. He just he forgot. It just Earth has Eight to is be. just called Angor. That's the planet's name. Angor. Yeah, Come on. Yeah. No, I'm telling you, he thinks it's a country. He thinks it's somewhere that he can go and go. Like, what are you going to save? What, what, like, in my gone. mind, somehow, like, he meant to say Krabia? Yeah, I Maybe. think so. I think so. What, is he going to start building the fucking planet back? I, I, uh, I, then you go I, to the Realm of Order and it makes it even worse because there you have – you have the King Butcher has gone back. He's called back to the uh, the uh, Lords of Order. They tell him, listen, you fucking failed. You know what? You didn't do right. But then he says, you know, with each – they say, with each wish granted, the summoning spell becomes stronger. The might beyond the mirror must not make the purchase in the mortal realm, whatever it is. I, whatever, I, 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 I want to know who that. started the summoning spell. Yeah, Why don't we but do that's, that, I guess Order? that each wish is uh, the summoning spell for – the might beyond the mirror and something bad's going to happen but we never got that before this so that actually is where i think that the king butcher would have hinged his attack on like hey batman you know what it's not just about these little wishes you may think that these wishes are pretty trivial and we should let it go but each one is the next step in a summoning spell of something that is going to come and fuck us all well, up that, that's this the, is the thing is I, the way i understand it just from the whole thing is that the, sum, the, the, the summoning spell is all about summoning the might beyond the mirror, okay? Yeah. And if for that to happen, like, you know, the, part of the summoning spell is for people to go and make wishes, which makes the spell summoning strong, stronger. stronger. And then, so somebody has to have activated to have started that summoning spell to get the might behind the mirror out. So why don't we just fucking cut to the chase and go after whoever did the spell? Yeah, I actually think it's just the might beyond the mirror is getting the summoning spell themselves. Yeah, I think that's what it is because that's why uh, if we say she, all she can do is try to gain almost like it would be like American Gods where she's there. She's stuck beyond the mirror, uh, but she is a wishing demon or whatever it might be. And so she's going and she needs more and more people to uh, fuel her power by granting wishes, which ends up making her more powerful to be able to break free of, of this prison of what she's going to do because then, well, then it says, we, we know, just need the mirror master to come in here well no what we need to do is go after the the might be on the mirror there's no reason to stop you know like you said i agree cut to the chase you are the lords of order go after you know all this 
it, to me, it seems as if way back we're going to find out that the Lords of Order imprisoned her in possibly their version of a And that's the whole zone. thing. That the Lords of Order, whenever they do this whole thing, whenever we have this idea, you know, we have to keep order because that's what we do. But we can't be involved because then the Lords of Chaos will get involved and then it'll yeah. freaking this could be bigger than it ever but, should be. So it's the whole thing so, is having the Lords of Order like in general. They would have already bullshit. imprisoned this might yeah. be on the mirror. And now that might be on the mirror is getting a little, you know, a little bit of more freedom wiggled through to be able to, because again, I think it makes sense where they don't really, they see her, she can only be in dreams. They write the stuff to push that whole thing. I think is what also grants her some power because of all that shit they write down. Cause remember she has them write down all the stuff about how powerful it is and how yeah. great she is. They're just writing things. Somehow that is working to me to give her strength back and she's regenerating to the point where she will be able to cross over again and we'll see but it's just it's nonsense and then it all ends with them just saying you know what shut your mouth king butcher you didn't do your job you're fired and he's gone he's done so then you go to the sanctuary and you have fucking Zeno shows up tells Ray he's an asshole Uh, Ray doesn't want to listen and says you know what you don't know how it is and then the basic thing, I love it too, because Zenos is like, listen, at least you can go talk to your mom. He, first off, he doesn't want to. But second of all, he's like, I have, you know, my mom and my parents and my, you know, my fucking brothers and sisters. Y- you could still call them. You, they might be able to leave the town to come and talk to you. It's just the it's, town it's, it's that a hates vill- It's a village, so in my mind, they don't even have phones where Xenos is from. That, that's not, it wasn't just a, a shit. I mean, they had factories and shit. It was just run down. Uh, they can travel. I mean, I don't know why Batman doesn't let them live in the sanctuary. They they seem to be okay. It's just the town hates them, so we can't drive back to the town. How about I meet st- the I next still go town? that Xenos is from another country that had a small village that Aegis was before he There's went no to that. There's no way. He says that village again. He's like, you saw that village. They hate me now. Uh, there's no other village. It's that village that we had because he says I was making weapons for him, and now they hate me. They think yeah. I'm an arms dealer. That's what he was doing there. They I don't think know he's the only from there reason. To a new town. Yeah, what's that? Why, I why he moved would on. they? They never spelled that out. No, uh, but I'd say this saying "village" though just throws me off. It's like you know, there's towns and like there's not a, like you know, you have the village of Limeport down the street, and I don't really think of that really as a fucking thing. Yeah, but thing. even that, he says, you know, you have. A, he doesn't even say you have a family. My family's, uh, you know, uh, you know, to half a world away. He just says I can't go back there because if I go back there, they think I'm an arms dealer. It's just nonsense. It's complete and utter nonsense. And with a name like Xenos, for some reason, I think he's a fo- like from a foreign I, I, land for I some reason. I don't get that at all. I, especially, it just never has spelled out that, and, it, you know, he gets to basically, he says, the only way, reason I can't go home is because uh, I think, they think I'm an arms dealer. They yeah. don't know. The only reason I work with Aegis was to stop him from killing them. And I think those are the people who were in that village, that they were there. If, if they weren't working, if Aegis said no, they would have killed everybody in that village. Uh, but yeah, you get that. And then uh, they hug. They're like, oh, hug it you know out, bro. I'm going to hug it out. And then at the end, fucking Ryan gets word, signal found. Oh, my God. The search algorithm. There it is. It's Professor Palmer. Oh, Professor Palmer. He's the missing info. There he is. <laughs> the missing info. You're missing uh, it. I give this a 4 out of 10. The art's okay, but at points it gets really shitty anyway, and there's nothing that's going to save this. This is utter garbage. It's nonsense. It's complete and utter nonsense. I hate it. Uh, what What would you give it? 
The art's not bad. Uh, it can't save the story, and because of that and all the nonsense we've gotten leading up to this, where it's just you know one fucking bit of nonsense after the other, I have to give us a 3 out of 10, and I think yeah, if it continues like this, I'm just going to keep going lower and yeah, lower every I, goddamn I week. I, I could have went out. lower as well, and I'll just tell you, it was written by Steve Orlando, art by Neil Edwards, Sandu Fleure, Hi-Fi, and Clayton Cowles. We were doing our new version of what we do, and I completely forgot to go into the end. It was just like America number 11 there. But that was a four out of ten. You say a three, and I. Think I I'm just, both I'm just right. sick of. It. I'm telling you, like even though I got, you know, gave it to you to write the review yeah. for, it's like you know, it just wears on you when you it, read it, it because it just doesn't seem to think that you know where you have a Brian Hitch. He's an artist. Uh, he has some big ideas. It seems yeah, that he gets just from can't watching. convey it the way he, he wants to. Yeah, he just can't convey it. He doesn't end a story. Steve Orlando writes this in Supergirl as if he fucking gets hit over the head with a shovel halfway through and, and his memory's gone and he starts writing shit. Like you said, just that Angor thing. No, no, honestly, like what you said, he, he is the Ed Wood of comic book writers. Yeah, he just like, says, you know, de- the, people don't care about the details, just do it. No, and I think that when you say that was split twice sevenfold, by then the editors are punch drunk. They don't know what's going on. So when there's he says no Angor, they don't book. want to – these editors – that Angor is another thing. But there's Steve Orlando. Oh, I'm going to say – I think that Steve Orlando actually does mean the other Earth, but he has no idea what he's saying. He has no idea what he's doing in these things, and he has Supergirl, a character that I love, and a fucking Justice League book. <sighs> Let's get on to the next one, Eric. Let's go. Let's let's cleanse the palate with what I hoped was going to be your favorite issue of the week, but it wasn't. Why, no, it was why not. aren't these books in the end of this podcast? Why aren't these the last three? I, I don't know anymore. But I because don't either. Like, they're too big, I guess. I don't know. But Blue Beetle number 11, written by Keith Giffen and J.M.D. Mateus, with art by Scott Collins, Romuald Fajardo Jr., and Josh Reed. Jaime and the Scarab are bonded again, and with that, we run down all the characters that are prominent in this book to see what their lives look like now since the story began, and really, they look pretty much the same. The whole issue really boils down to a new villain that was working for Brenda's aunt, Ladama, coming into power and going after Jaime, and the fact that the Scarab now talks to our young hero. Oh, I fucking just totally fucked all that up. Our young hero, which I've been waiting for this whole series to say. Yes. Uh... I had high hopes for this issue. I grabbed it when we got the review copy and I looked through it because we were trying to figure out who was going to be, you know, or what was going to be our spotlight. Yeah. So I was looking. I'm like, okay, let's see. And I'm, I look and I see a little joke at the beginning. Uh, I thought that was cool. Uh, and then I saw that the scarab, and I, this is just me flipping through, and I saw the scarab was talking to Jaime. So I'm like, okay. These are two things I think Eric can get behind. And yeah, I Eric told likes you, I said, a good joke, and Eric I'm wants like, the fucking scarab talking and behind I, it. Actually, the joke I, I was afraid you weren't going to appreciate, and then I told you what it was, and you laughed. And I'm like, yeah. oh, this is good. Finally, we're going to get a movie. And then you read it. You, I know your score because I looked. I'm like, oh, that's that's a shame. And then I had to read it tonight, and God damn it, it took me forever. It took me so long, and it's not – Exactly the Keith Giffen. Hey, you want? Why do you look so blue? I don't look blue. I look red. Red. I read a book. A book. Book them, Dano. And then you there's scene and scene. Yeah, but instead it's just packed with word after word that says nothing. It says and nothing at all. Nothing. Nothing goes on. But yet this is such a jam-packed, wordy issue. And those are the issues that at the end I feel exhausted. I really did, and I. 
I ended up reading half of the thing, and then we had to get on and uh, do a segment, and I had to go back to read it to get there. And I said to you, I'll be right there. i got to finish this. And it took me forever. And again, I felt exhausted. Oh, that's the thing. You sent me a message like, I'm going to make a coffee. I'm like, all right. And I'm sitting here. I was like, 25 minutes past. I'm like, making a hell of a lot of coffee. That was the half an issue. It shouldn't take that long. And I'm like, I'm telling you, I started drifting, and I'm going because it's just – you get a lot of words to nothing. Now, it is a new setup. The problem is, is we already know that Keith Giffen and Jam Mateus are going to be off the book in October. They're gone. And Scott Collins, they're going to be gone. So where I would have liked to say, okay, listen, they had that Aryan fucking thing that lasted forever. Uh, it's now done. Okay, we're, we need to get everybody on board again. Let's go. But I have a feeling we're going to get that in October anyway. When a new team's always going to want to come in and kind of set things up for themselves oh, yeah. and do that. It's like uh, we always say the the worst thing to do is to be a uh, football player or any sport where a coach gets fired and you were that coach's guy. Well, next thing you know, the coach is going to get rid of you because he doesn't need the last coach's guy. So I do think that when the new team jumps on, uh, I think it's uh, Sabella who's going to be jumping on right yeah, he's going to, Yeah, he's going to have his own little start and things. So this makes it even more ridiculous. But really, nothing really happens. It, it like really I'm telling you, we, we, at the cliffhanger last issue we had where it looked like Jaime bonded with the Scarab again, defeated Arian by taking the Scarab out of him to bond with it. And just kicked the shit out of him. When Ted told him to calm down, we had he this couldn't. whole cliffhanger where the scarab's like, there is no Jaime there Rash. No There's only Jaime. the scarab. And so scarab. we jump into this. I'm like, that's a cool cliffhanger. Yeah, that and this cool whole thing was just a joke that Jaime was fucked with. I'm like, okay. You know yeah. what? We just said this. We it, just said all this fucking hokey, overblown nonsense. But I can go for a joke yeah, right now. Well, and if you're going to go with a crazy cliffhanger – it's kind of a funny joke to do it like that because we get – we'll have issues where Bruce Wayne looks like he has just gotten fucking decapitated. And the next issue, they don't even deal with it and they, he's driving downtown. You know what? Yeah. And there's never – this is a funny Good thing reference. I got out of that. Yeah. This is a funny reference to a crazy clip. Not a ridiculous cliffhanger because it's no. something that we thought might happen. But it's kind of – it's very funny to me because it's kind of poking fun at the whole that Jaime actually created the cliffhanger as a joke. So yeah. it's funny. But you have this, and, and really to me, you have the fact that the Scarab's now going to be talking to Jaime. You wonder, what does Ted Cord have in the future? And this book, does this issue, does not bode well for me. Of what, no, because, because the whole thing is, is we have, we have Ted Cord in this book, because when we start this, started the series out, instead of having the Scarab talk to Jaime, like we classically do, which is great because you have the character yeah. bantering back and forth with somebody, here we had it's Ted Cord like doing Jessica it It's almost like Jessica with the Green Lantern ring now, exactly. for people who haven't been involved with that before Rebirth, but it's fun. It's fun because also, and I know you, and, you, know, Jaime you comes like off the looking wonky. Crazy. You like the wonky version, too, that's a little oh, yeah. off, that argues with them and does crazy things. But, you know, we're, we're probably not going to get that. But I like to have them because basically that is set up because it's a solo book and you have to have him talk while you already have Ted. But, yeah, he's not in this issue much. He really isn't. No, he takes off to go do other things. And then, like, you know, at the end of the issue, we find that Jaime has talked to the, uh, is talking to the yeah. Scarab now. So to have the idea where Jaime will now talk to the Scarab and Ted Cord, it's a little too much. So yeah, it really it's a little like 
little Ted too might much. be leaving this book. And, and that's why I think that this issue, if anything, is is to catch, you know, to get people on board with some characters, but also to show you Ted's you know, not long for this book. I, I really don't. Believe, and yeah. even to the point where uh, he wants to go to eat. Hey, you want to go to eat, Jaime? Me, you, and Terry? And and Jaime's like, no, nope, not hungry. I'm like, ooh, that's like a diss. Jesus Christ, because he's always hungry. Also, I think that they did a thing where you did have Dr. Fate show up, and I think this puts the – kind of puts a the end of that whole thing from Rebirth, where the Rebirth It, it does, but the thing is, all it does is say the exact same thing we had in Rebirth. Like, you know, yes, you had the Scarab. You showed yourself to be yep. mighty formidable with it, but it, like as long as the Scarab is bonded with you, the fucking Earth is in peril. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. And okay, then I think basically – uh, we will be watching, or I will be watching, and I think that they did want to show you as well he's not going to be a regular figure yeah. in this book going forward. So I think you have that. What they do seem to think or say, which me and you both like, looks like Kevin Coe will be uh, exactly. with Kevin Omac, and Omac. I really like that. I really like that. If if this book goes forward, and even I think it is Chris Sabella, uh, they go forward and he keeps Omac, and you almost have a Team Blue Beetle. Uh, I'd be all for that. I think that's fun. I I, I would really enjoy that. Uh, well, that's Ted, the thing is, Kevin Coe is very similar to like the to Jaime Reyes in the fact that like is. he can he has this freaking power within him. Now the scarab like is constantly trying to overtake you know Jaime. It has this possibility that it could at some point. Yes. Brother Eye con- does. Brother Eye controls Omac. So yeah, when he Kevin Coe becomes Omac, he is no longer in control. Brother Eye is the fucking I mean, one basically, driving. Basically, he is a um a techno mohawk Hulk. He yes. gets, you know, he and gets he activated. Awesome. He O-Mactivates. And then that. the next thing you know, you can't really control him. But I do like that with Jaime. Jaime's a good guy going forward. You, you and we do saw, have his mom and, and dad who are issue good. Or the one before that, that, you know, Jaime is able to connect to Kevin Coe's, you know, psyche yep. underneath the Brother Eye freaking programming and actually reach him, which is actually uh, puzzling Brother Eye. He wants to know more about it. This is cool developments I want to see going yep. forward. But essentially yep. – we got. We're just getting in line. Like, okay, you know, Brenda and Paco. They're still arguing. There's still a lot of sexual Ooh, attention. Those two are like, uh, you know, I was gonna say salt and vinegar, which I guess they're really good on chips. They're like they're oil and vinegar. Together. They do. They and out. also uh, they have that. Uh, and it's just yeah, like you said, it's to remind you of some things to see what's oh, going forward. Hey, check this out. Now that everybody in El Paso is like back to normal, they're not the freaking insect horde anymore. Hey, look, there's there's uh, Jaime's father Alberto going back to the freaking yeah. garage. Ooh, he's got wait, work on. He's a hard worker. He's going right Blanca, back to work. She, she's a doctor. She's got patients. She got to check on Milagro. She's yeah. going out with Tina. Freaking, you know, to freaking uh, go back to school. Yep. Everybody's lives. Everybody's are back fine on track. now. I will say we have until October. I really would think that by the time this is over, even if it's just in September, that last issue, we only have two issues, uh, I would think that uh, Demetrius and Giffen will do uh, Terry and uh, – What's her name? Are gonna get uh, Terry and Tina? Tina. Terry and Tina are gonna go back to their regular time. I do not just think, like three thousand. I time. do not think that a new writer is gonna come in now. Those are Giffen and Demetrius's guys or gals. Oh, yeah. yeah, these are such crazy characters, and they're really they're stopping. They're gonna stop with the old wink, wink, nod, nod, and just basically spell it out. Where Tina, hey, I'm from the future, and we're trying to get back. And then at the one point, you have Ted who Which says, "I don't even understand." 
understanding exactly because previously, like, you know, the future I come from, it's not a great future. So I'm like, why would you want to go back? Yeah, but it seems like that's what's going to happen. And yeah. They're going to go back. And that's going to Ted, help. I think that that's Ted's last thing that he's going to be doing in this book is to help. Because maybe go Ted back. gets sent to the future with them. Who maybe. Knows? Well, she, if the, he was in the future with them, but it was a different Ted. It was, and knew what and was it was a different circumstance. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. But, but even still, uh, I think they're going to be out. So I would not get too, you know, close to them or get Absolutely because not. they're going to be gone. But you have it was just weird back. having them in the first place. It was, especially Tina, who is like the Batgirl or Batman of the future when uh, yeah. all shit goes wrong. Uh, but yeah, and then you have basically Jaime going back to his normal days. Yep, goes to school, out. sees Brendan Paco arguing like they always do. Freaking Kevin Coe, he's now going to school. He's not private no more, so it's going to yeah. be a new interesting. He's cool. There. Let's, let's hang hanging out, out with Naomi. They're hanging out, Eric. Yeah. And this and that. There might be some we, double dates coming. Then we go to freaking uh, to uh, Brenda's aunt, freaking uh, Ladama. Who you see, she's being, you know, the bad self that we have she's not really seen a lot of. You know, she, we saw. she is, yeah, she was like the freaking big villain of Blue Beetles, and now she's going to be taking a stance, and yeah. she's all upset here because of Dr. Elliot, or just an Elliot. I always want to say Dr. Yeah. Elliot. Yeah. Uh, but he was working on something for her, and it looks like there was an explosion. They're not able yeah. to find Dr. Elliot, no, but this explosion seems to have turned him into Ghostfire, a new villain yep. that wants to take the, out Blue Beetle because he wants to make his mark and take over El Paso. I'm like, just set your fucking sense. sights higher, man. Yeah, El Paso. El Paso. Uh, I'll even say, though, and the art is pretty good. Uh, I think it's a little down from what we got before. But what got me was where you have Kevin Coe shows up. And like, hey, Kev, what's going on? Settled in yet? He's like, oh, hey, Jaime. Uh, one day at a time. That's my favorite sitcom. Been a while since I was in public school. And they have that whole thing that you even said. It kind of hints at the whole project that he was involved yeah. with. And it's okay. But then out of nowhere... Brenda and Paco are fighting, and Brenda looks like she is a dude there who has the biggest fist I've ever seen, and it threw oh me my off. God. I actually hairy here's the thing. What the weirdest thing is because we kind of got that whole thing. Oh, they're fighting, and they they disappeared for a bit. They talked, and when this first started, without knowing right away, I thought that that was a bully who had hit Kevin, and I'm like, wait a minute, that's not, oh, that's Brenda. I was like, and that's God Paco. Damn it. Yeah, that's Paco. I thought it, I actually thought it was Kevin at first from the progression of what was going on, even though he is there when you hear the power or whatever. Yeah. It just was such a weird thing to say. Like, you said my my aunt's weird. Well, how dare you? She's and then weird, she brother. is. She is weird. And then yeah. she's there, like you said. And, the and this new whole villain. thing, this whole progression, you know, we have this we're we're leading to this whole new villain aspect of Ghostfire. But we have to find out for, you know, Ladama, like this Dr. Elliot, fuck, I can't talk. Ladama has to find out about Dr. Elliot and how they can't find him after this explosion. And they, like, her fucking boys, her men better get on this and find him. But we have to go through this weird progression where her servant, her manservant, talks about how he loves her. Don't say that to me. I don't want to hear the L word again. And it goes on and on. And it's fucking nonsense just to get to the fucking idea that Dr. Elliot is now Ghostfire. And it's even a weird progression to get to that because you it have is. this explosion. It's so and then you weird. have this guy inside. I'm like, is that Dr. Elliot? Because he just yeah. out of nowhere, he wants to kill Blue Beetle. I'm like, I don't understand the motivation here. Yeah, I don't either. I really don't. And like you said, it just seems to be, hey, I want to make my heart mark on El and Paso. Then, like, and then know. we just keep seeing this thing where it's almost like a dream state that yeah, goes like fires a dream state in, that it's where he like, keeps killing Blue Beetle over and over again and, in his mind or in this alternate reality well, that's and not what's exactly weird the physical to me, plane. What's weird to me at this point, you have this, and yeah, you don't get the – you, at those points, the scarab bubbles, but you have just 
reintroduced the scarab on Jaime. So you just reintroduced it. He made the joke, but they even said, I want to check this out because the scarab could overtake him. And then all of a sudden you have this before really knowing who this, you know, villain is. And I actually thought this was something wrong with the scarab. Until then I'm realizing like, okay, it isn't. But no, it just seemed but like it's it was. at the bottom of each know. page. And yeah, I'm like, I didn't it's, know what was going you on. Of course you wouldn't. There's no reason that you should yeah, for no. the progression of panels. El Paso will be yours, he says, Eric. But then this is the other thing. You have this whole thing where you have this new villain and he's yelling and screaming, El Paso will be yours and you're going to do this. And then you go from there and I, I'm like, okay, that's it. That's a cliffhanger. Woo. And you go back to Jaime in fucking detention. And, then and he, he gets still... detention because he had an outburst during class because the scarabs started talking to him. He didn't know what was going on. So yeah. he got detention. And now he's in detention. Yeah, talking it was to the, the classic. It was the classic that if you were a ghost, yeah. ghost Eric, this is Ghost Buddy, our new comedy. And ghost I'm in, Dad I'm too. at work. I'm at work. It's Ghost Friend. And uh, we're at work. And you're like, listen, Jim, you better do that or I'm going to kick your ass. And then I yell, no, I'm going to kick your ass just as the and boss, the boss walks by. Yeah. yeah. Th- th- all it is. What'd it's you such, say, Werner? It's such the hokey stuff. You know what I mean? And that's, you know, it's just really hokey. Uh, but yeah, well, you get the idea that Jaime's going to talk to the scarab, which is a, it's a great yeah, thing. I like that. I've been waiting the whole series because yeah. I really never thought we'd get back to that. And that's the great dynamic that you need for this book to work in my mind. Yeah. And we get back to that. So I'm happy as hell. And as our issue ends, the newscast is talking about we had Blue Beetle on the scene. Is he a new superhero for El Paso or just another threat? And we see that Batman's watching news news as well. He's like, I'd like to know, too. I'd like to think Batman is running. At this point, full speed away from these, away from the bat. It's so ridiculous. But Bat-wing. again, you throw make, Batman. Make course for you, El Paso. You throw Batman in in a book. You know that's going to help. But I do think that the Scarab talking, like all the things that they were going to try to do, Keith Giffen for Rebirth came up with these ideas. Hey, you know what'd be cool. Let's throw Ted Cord in as well. This is going to be awesome. And we're, we're awesome. going to make the Scarab legacy. mystical instead we're of We're going to have the Scarab mystical. It's not going to talk. And now they're like, okay, this is not working. We have a new creative team. And now Keith Giffen's goal and job, and now JMD Mateus as well, is to set up the new writers. Because now you have the Scarab talking. Now that is, if you're going to go, you know, people, you're going to have Jaime Reyes as the Blue Beetle. You have to have the scarab talking. That's the legacy, not Ted exactly. Cord. Throwing Ted Cord in there, it may be, become the thing that's like, oh, that the sounds cool. The legacy of the character Ted Cord is there because yeah, he was le- the Blue Beetle, but, but no. But then not you go and he's not. He's not the Blue. So you you've ruined that. So get that the hell out. Which it seems they might. Uh, and you have to get you have to get Jaime in line to what we're going to get going forward with the new writers. It's just funny because me and you both, and you'll agree with me because you've said it a hundred times. I would have preferred if we found out that in October it's canceled. The last issue, of September, Batman is heading over there because he thinks that Jaime should either be on the JLA team or the Teen Titans. And exactly. I'd be like, you know what? Get Jaime in order and get him the fuck over to those books because that's right. awesome. Now let's have some fun with him. Because he'll, he'll as much as I want kids. a Blue Beetle solo book, what we're getting right now is not the Blue Beetle no, solo book no, I wanted. So and I don't get think it's one we deserve. So get him in something else so the character is not lost again yeah. for years upon years. Yeah, and you have like Lobo. We think's going to leave, and I know you want like a Simon Baz. I believe in, Simon in Baz will be on the team to take I over for Lobo. That, 
I think that uh, Blue Beetle would be pretty cool only because he's so much younger than everyone else. Uh, you know, Ryan is even older. He's in college. He's a yeah. graduate student even. Uh, so I think Jaime would be pretty cool as this younger guy. And, you know, you'd get the joke. Steve Orlando would be like, hey, hey, kid, aren't you supposed to be in the Teen Titans? And, you know, exactly. have all that. It'd be, and then maybe it'd be at fun. one point put him in the Teen Titans if he doesn't cut the like mustard for fucking JLA. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so we'll see. But uh, this issue is just a lot of nothing. It really I'm is. I'm telling you, the thing is, I didn't mind the art. You know, there, there, oh, the it's the normal okay. art that we get from Scott Collins. So, no, you know, I think it was odd. odd. I think it's you down. see her just because Brenda looks odd for some yeah. reason. Oh, no, I'm telling you, I think that Scott Collins is like, okay, I could take 100% of my efforts in this book that I'm going to be off in September, or I can, you know, start working on some other shit. And I, I yeah. think he might have done that because there are even the stuff where you see El Paso and things shit just and even just characters sitting around together. It just seemed a little off because this is a book that every time we talk about, it, I'm like, boy, it looks fucking good. It always looks good. The colors are a little dulled in this issue. You have these weird fucking dot uh, borders so that the whole page doesn't have Wait, to be filled. I'm saying that's what you have that normally in this book, though. Really? I just didn't yeah. even notice. Maybe it's because the art, it just is not good in this to me. I, I actually think... You found your, your eyes wandering yeah, this time? Yeah, I'm telling you. Usually you have it where everybody looks cool and you have a lot of detail. This did not have detail at all to me. And I just didn't like it. The stuff but with I, the I, Blue I, Beetle I really, suit is yeah. good. And Batman at the end's good, and even Omac at the one point. I'm sorry, I, I just really think this is what we normally begin. So I'm saying it's, yeah, it's decent art for what we get from is. Scott Collins. And uh, but the story, like I, I'm still excited for the idea. You know, we're moving forward now. We're gonna get freaking the Scarab talking to freaking Jaime again. We're gonna have Ladama taking a more prominent role in this. Even though I, one thing we skipped over that really makes me worry for next issue. She says. We're going to get Rack and Ruin on this case. Yeah, like, I, if I, you I, remember yeah. Rack and Ruin, there's two yeah. fucking stupid characters from the Rebirth issue. I'm like, yep. fuck. Yeah. Fuck, I don't want to see them again. Yeah, but I, I, it, it's weird, too, because it, it's weird. This is a monthly book and always was. And to even think back that long, it was a year ago since yeah. we had Rack and Ruin. And I wish that we never had Rack and Me Ruin. Me as well. And when and I saw Rack it. and Ruin, I just shook my head. And like, so I, I gave this book a six out of 10 because the, the things we got here, like, make me think for the future. Like, I, I, I'm at least happy with the progression yeah. we're going and on that, like, hopefully on the way to, but it's not a great issue. It's never yeah. been really that yeah. great in Blue Beetle. We've had some ups, but mostly downs. And this is just another, like, just in the middle downish issue. Yeah. I, I would give it a 5.5. That would be ever, all I would do. So. I just 5.5. I'm done, Eric. I'm done with this book. We're done with this section. We're going to go off to – what are we going off to? The next mail? Is that what yeah, we're going sure. off to? Yeah, sure. I don't I know I was just anymore. handed a note again. It I always throws me off. I have a note here to read, but we're going to go off to the next mail section, and then I'll see Possibly you. Possibly something else. I'll see you there, Eric. All right. See you later.
good evening and welcome to Crossover Corner, where universes collide, continuity combines, and shit, as our esteemed host Mr. Werner has been known to say on occasion, goes wrong, uh, sometimes hilariously so, and at other times horribly so. I'm your host, Jeremy Dore, and we're here to discuss two issues today, uh, the first being Batman and the Shadow, issue 4, and the second will be Planet of the Apes Green Lantern, issue 6, uh, which is the climax of uh, that series. So, uh, some exciting stuff lined up, but we're going to look at Batman and the Shadow uh, first. Batman and the Shadow has just actually been, uh, well I say just, a couple of weeks ago I think now, uh, was confirmed uh, to have a follow-up uh, series. So, Already, they've decided that uh, this issue, that this series, is a success, and they've decided to uh, to go for a second series, which uh, which is kind of which is kind of interesting. Um, as is always the case with this title, uh, the uh, creative team has stayed the same throughout, and it's exactly the same as it was for the uh, previous three issues. Uh, Scott Snyder and Steve Orlando are providing. The story, uh, the script is by Steve Orlando. Uh, that is confirmed in the credits. I, I think I'm right in saying that that doesn't uh, that credit doesn't appear uh, in the previous three issues. I'll have to go back and check, but it's certainly there for this issue. So the script is definitely uh, Orlando's script. Uh, the art is by Riley Rosmo. Uh, colors by Ivan Placencia. Uh, letters. Uh, by Clem Robbins. Uh, it's published by DC Comics and Dynamite, the owners of the two respective properties, and uh, the price is $3.99. Uh, I suppose the, the big question is, is it worth that money? And uh, I will let you know in a moment. Uh, we'll start off with uh, with the intro to the review that uh, that's up on the website, and it starts like this. Well, we're halfway through this pairing of two of popular fiction's most famous vigilantes, or a quarter of the way through considering the recent announcement of this series' follow-up mini, and things are heating up nicely. Last issue saw a couple of significant revelations about the nature of the Shadow's relationship with Batman, and it also left Batman tied up in an underground cavern surrounded by a gathering of his most vicious enemies. Well, most of them. Where's Kite Man? A burning question for all of us, I'm sure. This means we're probably due a huge fight in this issue, doesn't it? Yes. Yes, it does. Uh, that's exactly what it means. And that's exactly what we get. Now, I, I will be honest. Uh, I really quite enjoyed this issue, uh, despite the fact uh, that there are problems with it. And I do have uh, some minor quibbles with it as it were but there are there are some some interesting moments uh and the action uh is portrayed pretty well um so i i'm, I'm not going to go through it in in a massive amount of detail because because i think you know a fight is a fight is a fight <laughs> at the end of the day uh we start off with um batman strung up in uh, on ropes with uh his villains gallery i suppose um sort of surrounding him it's told we're told sorry that the uh the setting for this is uh, gotham's tomb now this is a reference to the 
warlock who lived in Gotham and uh, well who lived in the settlement that became Gotham shall we say so I'm guessing he's probably about three or four hundred years old and uh, the city grew up around the tomb and took on it took on his name and so he's again I, I I've said this before and it is one of the interesting things about Snyder's run on Batman um sorry dancing Mike but but there are interesting things about Snyder's run on Batman and one of the things that does interest me is uh, what he does with the city of Gotham and he tries to make it um a kind of coherent background um and he he sort of created a sort of secret history uh, for it and he's uh, utilizing that here uh dr gotham uh, has actually been uh, a character in comics i think i'm right in saying he was in the old shadow pact uh, series uh, that was pre new 52 which is quite a while ago now I'm just feeling old. That's terrible, isn't it? Uh, so anyway, Batman's hung up. Uh, lots of purple on display, because uh, Dancy Mike likes that. Uh, and um, he's being menaced by the Joker. And uh, it's all it's all reasonably good here, really. I mean, I mean Rosmo's art, I think, I'm kind of into my... I, I, Rosmo is a good artist, I, I, I will say this now. I... I, I you know, in terms of the way he draws figures, uh, his use of perspective, his use of panel layout, I am quite happy to accept that Rosmo is a a very good artist. What what always has been a question for me in the back of my mind is whether he is a good Batman artist, and um, I'm still not a hundred percent sure. But I think one thing he does really well is he really portrays the grotesque Batman villains very very well um, and um, you know the, the, there is there is something quite unpleasant about the way the way he draws uh, people like sort of man bat and uh, clayface and and what have you it, it's it's quite nice there's a kind of there's a strength to those characters and the way they're drawn it's it is good um, this dialogue is a bit pants, really. Um, it's okay. It's just I, I, I'm kind of I'm bored now. I, I, I thought I thought Orlando did a pretty good job actually uh, last uh, issue of uh, of, uh, of doing a good job portraying the Joker. To be absolutely honest with you, I, 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 I thought he did pretty well here. The, the kind of appeal is wearing off just a little bit. Uh, again, we got this whole thing, you know, Stag and I are peak predators, prime examples of evolution. Um, really? I, I mean, I, I know that, that that was kind of something that was mentioned last uh, issue, sort of, you know, this whole thing about them being apex predators and what have you, which is, you know, I, I can kind of see where we're going here. But, but to kind of repeat it to Batman, it's kind of just asking for... You know, for Batman to take the piss out of out of you, really, which he doesn't actually do, because he says the stag doesn't have family. Yeah. Um, J Joker says we're practically family, and and Batman says the stag doesn't have family. Whereas, you know, personally, if I was, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, personally, if I was Batman, I would just turn around and say, you know, you're just a pair of freaks, the same as everybody else here, uh, and kind of try and trash talk my way out of it. And he he doesn't really do that. Um, Joker says, "Blood brothers, then, uh, but the blood's all yours." 
Okay. We carve out your heart, the car goes wild, and we shove off for Shambhala. And Batman's reply to that is, good luck, people say I don't have one. Which is, you know, as as a rejoinder to somebody threatening to cut out your heart is is kind of okay, I guess. Um, I'm not really sure. Maybe Maybe I'm being too harsh here. I might be. Let me know. Tell me if I'm being too harsh. Now, the next page after this is actually quite good. But for some reason, Joker laughs when Batman says, good luck, people say I don't have one. And he says, ha, you don't. And he starts laughing. And, you know, it, it's it's not that funny. You know what I'm saying? But what I do like is is the next page. Or Joker's sort of surrounded by by these villains, all of whom are laughing. Apart from the stag, notably. The, the, the stag just kind of stands there, you know, looking impassive and, and strangely disturbing as a result. Uh, and he's laughing. And uh, I'm not sure whether it's Rossmo or whether it's Clem Robbins, but whoever is doing uh, these ha-ha-has, these... Um, uh, the laughter behind uh, the Joker does a really good job here because, uh, you know, you can kind of... It, it, this is one of those interesting things about comics. That I, I, I think, you know, we, we kind of take for granted, really, which is you've got this sort of visual rep uh, representation of um, laughter ringing around these uh, these villains. And um, it's, it's, it's quite cleverly done. And through the use of colour... Uh, the Joker's laughter turns into the Shadow's laughter. And you don't see the Shadow on this page. The Joker's laughter is yellow. And about halfway down the page, it starts to turn orange and then red. And the Joker has stopped laughing by the penultimate panel. And he turns to, uh, well, it's the Penguin next to him. Now, I have issues with this, actually, which I'll, I'll get to in a minute. And he goes, oh, that's not me. And it's like, yeah, this that's actually really good. That was like a really uh, and 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 you know what I'm kind of glad they did that because because you've got two characters here the Joker who is you know you know the the, the the sort of iconic Killing Joke cover with you know the laughter on that and and then you know but the Shadow does that as well and uh, he does it in a very different way and, and for very different reasons and I, and I quite like the way they brought those two things together there I thought that was pretty cool and it is actually quite a good way of building up suspense. Uh, which which it does, and then the shadow turns up, and you know it's a it's a two page spread. It's the title spread. It's fabulous. I, I mean, I, as I said, Rosmo is a great artist, and here he does a fantastic job. Um, it just it just looks great. Um, you know, the shadow's uh, cloak coat is sort of billowing out behind him. Uh, the red. Uh, ends of his scarf are trailing behind him. Uh, he's got his guns out. He just looks badass, uh, and uh, he looks quite annoyed actually as well, which is good. Uh, so yeah, it does it does look pretty pretty amazing. And so then the fight starts, and what you've got is um, you got the shadow blasting away with you know with his guns. Uh, there's no actual indication of him hitting anybody. And then this is the problem when you when you have something like a, a supervillain team up, uh, you know, for Batman for Batman and the Shadow to fight. The Shadow has guns, right? 
so he's blasting away no nobody can die right because because they're all recognizable villains so nobody can die he can't kill the mad hatter he can't kill the riddler it's just it's not going to happen so where do those bullets go do you know what we uh, oh sorry my my apologies my apologies he he bl he blasts away at the ropes time batman okay uh so but we we are going to face that that same problem again in a minute sorry my my bad um we are going to face that same problem again though and uh we'll talk about that in a minute uh, batman's kind of response to being rescued by the shadow is to say i'm going to have to talk to alfred about his knots which is quite funny um shadow says stay behind me fool it's your heart the stag wants and then batman comes comes up with possibly the most stupid line uh of the issue uh, and that is I don't hide behind killers now there was a a time back in the day in the late 80s early 90s <clears throat> when I believe it was Mike Barr writing Batman and uh, he used to hide behind killers all the time he used to grab hold of um, of villains uh, usually kind of low-level goons fairly obviously and he and he would use them as human shields while other goons were shooting at him, and uh, so he hid behind killers quite a lot then. But anyway, new continuity presumably. Uh, then we get uh, oh dear, I don't I. You see, this is the problem with with Orlando's dialogue. I think I think at times it can be quite good, and then at other times I I just don't know. Uh, 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 sorry, at sometimes I do know, uh, and it's it's very obvious that it's 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 pretty poor but at sometimes i at other times i'm not 100 percent sure uh, because there is a part of me that quite like that quite likes cheesy pulpy dialogue so i i'm gonna leave this one up to you this is what the shadow says <clears throat> the weed of crime must be plucked batman okay your garden grows wild I kind of see what he's doing there. I would have these... Uh, see, that's the problem. I would have these creatures dead. That's a little bit old-fashioned dialogue, I suppose. We'd be facing two instead of 20, if not for your childish rules. Um, that's actually... I quite like a lot of that. I, I like the... Uh, and do you know what? When he says, your garden grows well, he's not wrong. I mean, I, I, know, I know, obviously, Batman kind of... You know, there's a lot of people in Arkham right now who, you know, uh, you know, would still be out on the streets if it weren't for Batman. You're quite right, um, but you can't kind of, you can't sort of argue with his logic, which is that, you know, if Batman was a bit more lethal, uh, you wouldn't have to have these kinds of confrontations with your old enemies because they'd be dead enemies. You know. Uh, anyway, Batman responds by saying, what, you're not up for a challenge, and then they get stuck in, uh, basically. And, uh, you know, Rosmo does a pretty, pretty good uh, job here. Uh, you've got sort of Batman preparing his fists, and you get, you get like a, a panel from his point of view. So he's facing off uh, Man-Bat, um, the Ventriloquist, the Riddler, the Scarecrow, a couple of others, and he's got his uh, fists out ready to fight them. Uh, the Shadow, on the other hand, uh, he's facing a uh, couple of villains I don't actually recognize, to be honest with you. I think one of them, actually... One of them is Magpie, and the other is Clayface. I'm assuming that's Clayface, um, because when the shadow shoots him later on, uh, the bullets go through blast holes in his body. 
there's a big problem with that, isn't there? Because Clayface is currently working with Batman at the moment. I've I've said before, and I mentioned it in the in the review that sometimes when you're looking at crossover comics, you just kind of have to go with it um, and just you know kind of accept it, kind of accept what what the writers are doing here. But every so often, things like that do jar. In any case, th- there is another nice line of dialogue, actually, he, uh, when Shadow says, you say I wasn't your teacher, Batman, yet you bring me such gifts. And that's, that's again, that's quite a nice line. And it's um, it's accompanied by uh, a great shot, uh, a great pick of um, the Shadow blasting holes in Clayface. And I have no idea what the Riddle is doing on the floor there, but never mind... Oh, sorry, uh, Batman's just thrown him on the floor. There we go. Um, okay, this is all pretty good. We cut away um, and we get... And again, Rosmo does this really well. There's a very kind of cinematic, uh, kind of energetic way of, of presenting this. Um, so uh, Jim Gordon's on his way uh, to where Batman is. Uh, it would appear, and we, we find out uh, at the end of the page, bottom of the page, that Alfred has called uh, for help. And um, so is uh, Montoya, um, her partner, uh, Bullock and Gordon, in the car, and there's about four or five police cars, squad cars behind them. Um, it, it, it's And again, it adds that certain tension, um, particularly when... Gordon says this, there's a number on my phone, Harvey. I don't know how it got there, and I can't call out to it. The last time it rang, we were too late. A madman broke Batman's back. Ten minutes ago, it rang for the second time in history, and trust me, I don't plan on being late again. That that kind of, that ups the stakes a little bit. Now, if you're a Batman fan, you might think to yourself, that's maybe a bit rich that, um, you know, Orlando and... Snyder are claiming that this threat that Batman is facing is on a par with Bane, but it, it, it does inject that certain you know level of suspense and tension into the into the issue. Uh, then we are back at uh, at the fight. Um, there's a nice shot of uh, Batman uh, punching Scarface out, which is the ventriloquist's uh, doll. And there's also, I, I mean, I, I said again, I mentioned this in the review. We, we get a nice kind of four or five panels of the shadow fight facing off against Kai, uh, also known as Hellhound. Who's uh, he's, he's a pretty, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's he's a pretty minor uh, Batman villain, and yet we get quite a bit on him. Um, the shadow faces off against his two kind of uh, feral dogs who are kind of attacking the shadow and the shadow kind of faces off against them and sort of just stares at them and says no and they back off and that kind of freaks uh kai out um then you've got uh the batman fighting uh the penguin and magpie uh now again is a magpie is magpie a killer i don't know i i thought she was more of a of a thief than anything uh, she's aim- she's armed with a knife though anyway and so is the penguin the penguin's armed with a knife and i think this is this is a problem for me that you've got all these sort of batman villains and they're not acting 
hundred percent in character that that you know in, in to some extent they're almost interchangeable and I think there is there's a there's a bit of an issue there I, why isn't penguin kind of i don't know menacing him with like a flamethrower umbrella or something like that you know you know what i'm saying it, it, it's like okay you've got these characters here you might as well present them in a sort of way that is kind of consistent with their already established character and their their mo um and they don't do that uh, or they do with some but not with others right? i mean i think you know the, the, the kai hellhound thing is really pretty cool but you know we don't see for example scarecrow uses fear toxin we don't see uh, penguin with a with his sort of trademark umbrella you know it, it's it's all just a bit mm, it's a little not, it could be a bit better shall we say put it that way right um okay th th this bit i don't i don't this bit i don't really get th th this is they're at the tobacconists club uh this is gordon and bullock uh with all these posh people uh smoking oddly, <laughs> oddly enough fancy that at the tobacconists club and then suddenly from nowhere really um the man bat kind of appears oh no sorry it's not from nowhere he, he he kind of blasts the doors open um which do we actually get a follow-up to that because we're because we're back to the fight again and i would say no no we don't because the next time we see gordon and bullock um they're in the rain confronting the joker and the stag after what i'm about to talk to you about so that bit just didn't make much sense to me but anyway um we get back to the fight and basically what happens is is that uh the joker uh has a knife and he's about to stab batman in the heart uh the shadow uh, tries to kill the Joker by shooting him and instead of la allowing him to uh, Batman tries to save the Joker and as a result um, the shot kind of slightly deflects off Batman's presumably armoured costume and hits the Joker in the shoulder and one of the villains says holy he shot shot the joker batman saved him that's it i'm out of fear which yeah you know, i'm not i don't know yeah okay whatever so the, basically the idea is is that that then means the rest of the of the villains have gone um you which is tremendously convenient in narrative terms and then you've got uh the stag uh comes in as batman's kind of concentrating on the joker uh the stag comes in and uh stabs uh batman in the heart um right so there we go and um, batman is dying basically uh the the shadow kind of um tries to protect batman uh the stag and the joker disappear the police fire on the stag uh you see they do warn them actually to be to be fair they don't just gun them down to be fair but they but they the police fire on the stag um you see the bullets hit him there's four or five bullets hit him 
while the Joker makes his escape in the confusion. The next time you see them, it's the you see the stag has this kind of mysterious regenerative power, and it's never been fully explained yet. Or it might be later, I don't know, but it's it's not explained this issue anyway. So the next time you see them is uh, is in Gotham Hospital, where uh, the stag is removing um, the bullets from. Uh, from the Joker's body, uh, but not his own, I don't think. Anyway, uh, we're back to the Batman in the Shadow, and the Shadow is lecturing Batman, because that's exactly what you do to a dying man who's just been stabbed in the heart. Um, you know, he says, it's, it's your fault, you're so stupid, Bruce. That's what he says to him. While he's dying, after having been stabbed in the heart. Man, that's that's a bit harsh, that. Uh, anyway, Batman is still conscious. Of course he is. And he asks, um, or tells really, the shadow to cauterize the wound. I'm going to be honest here. I'm not, I'm not a biology aficionado. I know nothing really about biology. I know about photosynthesis and reproduction. Yeah. And that's about it. Uh, I'm going to suggest though, that if you are stabbed through the heart, Cauterizing the wound is not going to significantly repair the damage done to the one organ that is responsible for pumping blood and therefore oxygen around your body. I'm just going to throw that out there. But this is comics where the rules of biology don't apply. So anyway, um, cauterize the wound. It will hurt, says the shadow too right and then batman says if you did train me then you never then you know that's never mattered do it um and so we're back to this whole kind of thing of batman not really believing that the shadow has kind of been responsible for shaping his career uh, throughout his life and he even even as he's kind of passing out he says you want to know why i'd save the joker I told you, Cranston, you think our lives are more important than theirs. That's how I know I was right. I know I didn't learn from you, because they all are. They all are. And then he he goes unconscious. Um, okay. I don't know whether we're ever going to get this resolved, to be honest with you. I, I'm not entirely sure how we can, really. Uh, the whole kind of issue of whether um, the Shadow really did um, sort of shape batman's career whether he really did mentor him for the purposes of this story i'm prepared to kind of entertain the idea but i think if, you, if you're really kind of going to try and retcon however many years of I mean, well there's a good uh, point right there how many years of continuity are we actually t talking about but anyway it doesn't matter if you're going to going to retcon decades of batman continuity which i think is 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 what that would entail then I'm not sure I'm okay with that. Uh, but anyway, uh, we, it doesn't get resolved this issue. And I doubt it'll get resolved next issue either uh, as well. So there we go. Anywho, uh, we end with... Um, I, I've got to be honest with you, the ending's kind of anticlimactic. Uh, because you end up in the hospital. To be absolutely honest with you, for a moment or two, you think, well, maybe this is Batman, but there's, there's dead bodies everywhere. So you're thinking, no, I don't think it is. Um, and you end up with um, the Joker uh, being presumably helped, attended to by the stag. I don't know how long this procedure to remove his um, 
to remove the, the bullet took. I, I honestly don't know. There's still no explanation about how the stag managed to survive. And for some weird reason, before they go to Shambhala, you know, because I, I, if I was there, if I was the Joker and uh, and the stag and I wanted to get into Shambhala, I don't think I'd delay. I think I'd get, I'd get there straight away. If, if I had what I thought I needed to get to Shambhala, to get to this mystical place where, I don't know, I don't even know why they're going to Shambhala, actually. Apparently it's nice this time of year. Skiing's very good. I don't know. Um, I would go straight away. And, and apparently stabbing Batman through the heart does the trick. Um, so it's just a matter of, of getting there, isn't it, really? What I wouldn't do is waste my time deciding to kill Margot Lane, who is probably in her 80s by now, and I'm not sure what the point of that all is, really. But that's apparently what we're going to do next issue, uh, because we end with the Joker uh, drawing a smiley face on a conveniently placed picture of Margot Lane, who just happened to be in a newspaper that happened to be in the room that the Joker and the stag are using. No sign of what happened to the previous occupant. I hope he managed to get uh, his money's worth out of that newspaper. That's all I have to say there. Um, okay, on the site, I think I gave it 7.8. Is that right? I was going to give it 8, actually, but... Um, there are too many niggles, really, for, for me to give it a full eight. There are issues here, definitely. I, I, I think, you know, um, they're playing fast and loose with continuity. Uh, the portrayal of some of the villains was great. The portrayal of others was not. Um, that said, I, I'm, you know, look, as, as, as a comic reading experience, you know, as, as the actual kind of ac action of... Uh, of reading the comic, it was really good fun. It was it was a fun way to spend fifteen minutes, however long it took me to read it. It's probably about that actually, fifteen minutes. And you know, do you know what? I know uh, the guys um, have said some things about Riley Rossmo's artwork, and I and I understand where they're coming from. But for this series, I think he's he's his work is pretty good, and and I'm I'm enjoying it. I've got to be honest with you, I'm enjoying it. I think his his uh, panel layouts are really interesting. There's there's a bit where kind of uh, where Batman is uh, is falling unconscious, and the panels get kind of smaller, and uh, they they sort of form a spiral shape down towards the bottom of the page. It's a nice kind of visual touches here um that work they they work really well and uh, i think he's having a blast drawing the shadow as well if i'm being absolutely honest with you orlando's dialogue is okay uh, this issue there's nothing too uh, sort of horrendous really and some of it might be quite good i am beginning to worry actually that i'm losing my capacity to uh, to critique steve orlando's dialogue properly uh i'm beginning to worry about that but uh, as as far as i can tell there's nothing too too bad uh this issue um so yeah i i'm, I'm kind of a little disappointed 
we're heading to Margot Lane next next issue. Um, to me, that's a that's a potential kind of lessening of tension. Um, but you know, we'll we'll see how things go. So at the moment, that's a seven point eight out of ten. Um, and you know what, I would cautiously recommend it if you are interested in you know some aspects of batman's character being um sort of examined i suppose by the creative team they're they're really pushing this whole batman doesn't kill thing as being the the defining uh difference really between him and the shadow and um, that is interesting uh what they do with it i'm not 100 percent sure because we've we've had a few issues now this and things potentially have have come to a head here but they're not quite resolved yet what happens to batman now he's been stabbed in the heart who knows um we will have to find out uh, next time uh, fairly obviously uh, the fact that there is a <laughs> there is a second mini series in the works does rather suggest that he'll make it past this issue um so we we will just have to see uh, but anyway that's Batman and the Shadow issue 4 and uh, we'll have a short musical interlude and then we'll be back with Planet of the Apes and Green Lantern part 6 just uh, set aside my uh, guitar there for a moment and uh, we'll move on to Planet of the Apes Green Lantern issue 6 uh, written by Justin Jordan and Robbie Thompson with art by Barnaby Bahenda colours by Alex Gumerez, uh, letters by Ed Dukeshire and it's published by Boom Studios and DC Comics and it will cost you 3 99. So, this crossover series has been a lot of fun the last five issues. We've had a fair bit of action, a fair bit of humour, and last issue in particular, some genuine pathos. The creative team have, on the whole, done a good job of taking some of the more memorable or important elements of each franchise, mixing them together and producing a story that manages to hang together pretty well, while at the same time being very entertaining. In some respects, that's about as much as you can hope for from a crossover event like this. The big question is, can the team tie up the various plot threads and deliver a satisfying conclusion to all this? There's only one way to find out. And indeed there is. The first thing I want to talk about is we have a very nice Dan Mora cover. 
which kind of tells you everything you need to know about what goes on in this issue. Uh, there's a picture of Cornelius as the universal lantern, weird kind of different coloured uh, forks of electric lightning and energy are coming out of him and on the ground there is Hal and Sinestro in the foreground uh, both of whom with their Green Lantern uh, costumes on and uh, they're kind of looking tense and ready to spring into action as you might expect Pretty decent cover, actually. Dan Moore is a good artist, actually. I like Dan Moore. Last time I saw him uh, was on the Grant Morrison book, uh, Claws, which is uh, worth checking out. That's from Boom as well. Right. Um, last issue we left, Atrocitus was about to kill. No, he wasn't. He was about to uh, take the ring off Cornelius's hand. This is the universal ring, uh, which is uh, essentially a a cheap knockoff of the Phantom Ring. It's the, the kind of Green Lantern ring you'd find down the market, going for about a tenner, pretending to be a different kind of more expensive ring, maybe. I don't know. And uh, basically, he's about to cut the Universal Ring off uh, Cornelius's hand, and he gets interrupted uh, by Sinestro, uh, who knocks him out with a battering ram, as you do. He basically, Sinestro basically, uh, is about to kill uh, Atrocitus uh, when he in turn is stopped by Hal Jordan. And basically you get this kind of page or so of a standoff between uh, Sinestro and uh, Hal, uh, which gives the other Green Lanterns uh, a little bit of time to recover, although they don't tend to recover that well. Um, Kilowog grabs hold of Dexter, but he's... Uh, Dexter's free uh, within a couple of pages of that. Um, we, we never quite see how, but but, uh, but he is. And basically, while the Reds and the Greens are kind of fighting one another, Cornelius, uh, who is now dressed as a, as a Red Lantern, if you remember the, uh, the Universal Ring, uh, it changes the costume of its wearer depending on the emotions that it's feeling, uh, that the, the wearer is feeling. Cornelius is is kind of dressed as a red lantern, but he's beginning to change, and and we get this gets signalled by uh, the fact that he begins to speak in black word balloons with red lettering uh, on it, uh, which is is probably I guess the most uh, portentous combination of colours that you can get in in comics when it comes to uh, to speech bubbles. So he's obviously, he's things are going bad here. Uh, shit's going wrong, uh, as uh, as Jim would say. The the other lanterns don't really, they're, they're too kind of caught up in their own problems, so the greens fighting the reds. They don't really notice what's going on with Cornelius. And we, we kind of aren't, we don't get to see very much of that because um, our attention is diverted to Ursus, uh, who's got a helpless grod in front of him, and he he commences to do something horrible to his head. And we don't see what it is, uh, because Ursus's body is in the way, but there's blood spurting everywhere and what have you. This, this doesn't look good for everybody's uh, favourite super-intelligent gorilla. Um, so that's uh, that, that doesn't look good. Uh, and then Zaius... Uh, makes an appearance now what's really interesting here is is to <clears throat> to the creative team's 
credit. Um, they do. They've they've kind of kept Ursus and Zaius sort of. Uh, they're there. They, they do kind of have a role to play, but it's it's very much in the background. And, and this is an issue that actually sees the apes uh, begin to uh, sort of assert some agency of their own. Up until now, uh, it's it's primarily been sort of Cornelius and Cornelius's sort of cohort of um, uh, of good apes, for want of a better word. Uh, who've been kind of making most of the running here. Uh, Zayas has been kind of uh, caught up with uh, with Sinestro uh, and essentially has been used really uh, to kind of ask Sinestro the kind of questions that we as readers want to ask. Um, and that's okay up to a point. But, but now he's beginning to come into his own. He has a plan. Uh, and you remember suddenly that this guy is Zayas is actually quite intelligent uh, and quite cunning, and uh, so he and Ursus kind of get together. They they have a plan here. We don't find out what it is yet because the Reds and the Greens are too involved in fighting one another as they're fighting. Well, actually, what what, what happens in the next page is that the uh, two Reds, uh, Nova. Uh, who, of course, is the mute love interest from uh, Planet of the Apes uh, in the the original series, or the original st uh, film, I should say, uh, together with Lucius, who's a he's a good ape. He's kind of uh, Cornelius's henchman, uh, one of them, uh, his assistant. Uh, they head into Ape City and begin to sort of reek, as Red Lanterns, they begin to reek this kind of horrific sort of vengeance really it's obviously they're kind of blaming the the whole of ape kind for the way that humanity has been treated in the past uh, and they're sort of killing people indiscriminately um, so even though the individual apes that they're they're, they're kind of attacking uh, may not at all have been involved in in personally um, sort of enslaving men and what have you. Um, there is that they they nevertheless are held responsible for what what their their race has done. I'm tempted to get all political here, but I suppose I better not really. It's only a comic. Yeah, keep saying that to yourself. It's only a comic. Yes, it is. Uh, in any case, it, it, it is an indication that that things are going badly wrong here. If you remember. Uh, the Universal Ring likes to replicate itself. Um, it likes to reproduce itself, uh, which is why um, it, it's easy for Cornelius to hand rings out to to uh, whoever he wants to. Um, and and the last couple of issues, uh, the, the the plan of Cornelius has, has basically been to to bring some kind of peace to the ape world, to bring sort of humans and apes together. Uh, and now it's almost like he's had a moment of revelation or realization that this world used to belong to the humans and now obviously it belongs to the apes. And, and he's aware of this kind of cycle, uh, a cycle of history, a cycle of uh, the rise and fall of civilizations. And, and he sees it as a cycle that... that uh, they can't break out of. And so rather than perpetuate that cycle, he decides it would just be best to end it, uh, and uh, which is which is what he tries to do. So he becomes, um, I suppose, I really want to use the word apotheosis here because it's such a great word. Um, he, he's, 
he becomes kind of a, yeah he becomes a sort of avatar of the of the universal ring and his uh, the various if you remember I, I kind of said a couple of uh, issues ago that these cracks had started forming uh, on uh, Cornelius's uh, skin and on his uniform and what have you well and what's so interesting about that is nobody kind of nobody commented on that in the in the book uh, but it was there it was kind of a deliberate uh, sort of uh, bit of foreshadowing if you like of development uh, on, on behalf of the creative team and it comes to fruition now because he suddenly is uh, is neither a red lantern nor a green lantern nor any kind of lantern particularly uh, but he is I guess a universal lantern in the sense that he is now kind of clothed in a sort of off-white energy with lots and lots of different strands and threads different colored threads mainly red and black uh, kind of coming off him uh, as he announces that he is going to become a shatterer of worlds. Uh, okay, that's interesting enough, I guess. Uh, what's interesting about this? Um, what's interesting about this uh, outfit that he's wearing is that it does remind me of the way Volthoom uh, was presented in the uh, in the Third Army arc back in the New Fifty Two. There's, there's there's a kind of um, it looks like there's a visual kind of callback. It, it, it's not identical, but but there's a, there are similarities there. Um, so there's, so they the the kind of it looks like the various threads are almost like veins running through the the, the costume. It's it's quite interesting, and and onto uh, the skin as well. And Lucius and Nova has become similarly affected, as do uh, all the <coughs> excuse me, uh, as do all the other. Uh, ring ring bearing lanterns. Then uh, something really weird and quite disturbing happens, which is which is that um, Nova and and Lucius rip Atrocitus in two, um, and it's it's just it's kind of gross, but also a little bit sort of uh, how can I put it. It's not what I, I mean. This is this is not an adult comic book, you know what I mean. So I, and this is probably as as uh, as gruesome as uh, Barnaby Behenda uh, can make it. Uh, but there's lots of sort of blood flying everywhere and, and what have you. It it, it looks pretty unpleasant. Uh, the Reds kind of completely lose it, um, as you could kind of imagine they would. Um, and it's sort of a bit of a chaotic free-for-all, really. You've got Ursus's troops who who start to fire on Cornelius. Uh, then you've got Sinestro and Hal uh, trying to work in unison uh, to, to restrain um, Cornelius. That doesn't work. They're, they're using these construct chains. That doesn't work. So it's it just like there's this big free-for-all really and it's it has the potential i guess to be quite chaotic and difficult to follow but actually the the, the plotting here is is not too bad um because hal sort of falls to the ground and zayas is standing over him and uh, zayas basically like i said this is where zayas kind of comes into his own and he basically says i know what you need to do and um you know, Hal kind of goes, oh, okay. And uh, Zaya says, you know, those devices that you're wearing that allow you to be unaffected by the by the journey that you've made here, 
you know, what would happen if you put them or one of them or all of them maybe uh, onto Cornelius? It would, you know, would it stop the phantom ring from, uh, <laughs> just call it the phantom ring again, uh, the universal ring from working? And and that's what they decide to do. And it does work. I, I mean, what's what's good is is there's, there's some really nice kind of dialogue here. They don't just sort of stick it on, uh, they don't just stick uh, these devices on him. There is a there is a battle. They have to get through his kind of defensive shields and what have you. Um, and there's a great there's a great line, and, I, and I, I've used it as the uh, title uh, for my review on the site, which is where Gardner Guy Gardner quotes Dylan Thomas. Now I I, I like Dylan Thomas. I'm a, a big uh, Dylan Thomas fan, and uh, it's from one of his most uh, famous poems. Uh, Guy turns to the Reds, the Red Lanterns, and says, "Come on, you Red Pansies, rage, rage against the dying of the frickin' light." And I really do like, I really do like that. It's a very Guy thing to say, and I think I, I, I've said this before. Actually, I think um, one of the things that the team gets spot on here. Uh, is the, the the broad characterization of um, the the lanterns, particularly Guy Sinestro as well uh, to a point, and Hal. Uh, they're they're all sort of recognizably you know those characters, and I think I think that's a fantastic sort of moment for for Guy. Anyway, the, it works. The plan works, and they end up uh, with Cornelius subdued. Hal's kind of worn out. Sinestro is the only person with a functioning Green Lantern ring, which should immediately ring alarm bells in your head. Um, The reason he had to be the one, I guess, is uh, they needed somebody to to catch them when they fell. Because at the end of the day, if if they take these uh, devices off their their wrists and arms um, and put them onto uh, Cornelius, then there's nothing to keep them aloft, basically. Uh, so, so Sinestro does kind of come in and, and rescue them. Then he takes the ring. He takes the ring off Cornelius's hand. Um, and then there's a really weird kind of moment where, where Zayas is prepared for this. I'm not entirely sure how, actually, he's managed it, but that's worry. He, he grabs, grabs hold of uh, Sinestro and starts choking him with a yellow uh, sort of strap around his neck and uh, which you know Jeff Johns made a point didn't he about I don't know when he first started uh, his run on Green Lantern before the New 52 that uh, the whole yellow impurity thing that that was gone that had been sorted out the whole point here is that Sinestro is using a ring from millennia ago uh, from thousands of years ago, um, when the unnamed Green Lantern who was sent to Earth uh, to protect, uh, or to bury, I should say, the Universal uh, Ring, uh, she didn't have uh, that kind of new ring with the impurity sort of taken out of it. So the ring that Sinestro is wearing is actually vulnerable to yellow. Now that is actually quite quite a neat, clever little little ploy there um 
it doesn't last very long because at the end of the day, even without his Green Lantern power, Sinestro is still pretty formidable as a fighter and he gets free uh, from Zayas pretty quickly. The, the, the only issue is, is that during the course of the struggle, he's dropped the ring and Cornelius has picked it back up again and he wants to do the right thing this time and he sees that the ring is bad. He sees that the ring needs to be destroyed. Uh, he saves uh, or stops Sinestro from battering Zayas and then he heads off into uh, the sun where he destroys himself so it would seem and the ring and that's it and basically uh, Sinestro is left with nothing uh, Sinestro remember is the guy that started all this right and, and one of the I suppose one of the weak things about this is that you're never a hundred percent sure exactly what he's going to do with it he, he mentions uh, that he had prepared himself for the universal ring so unlike cornelius who just happened to be passing and picked it up uh sinestro had prepared himself in in some way for the universal ring and he does talk about you know bringing peace through order so it, it's sort of like a kind of uh proto-fascist kind of mentality i guess this, this idea that if he's in charge and he establishes order and what have you then that'll bring peace is piece of a sort i suppose there's there's a nice line again I, a guy gets some great lines in here he says but sinestro is 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 kind of surrounded by the other four lanterns which is uh erisia Kilowog guy and hal uh and hal says i'm gonna need that ring and the yellow one too and guy says but please make us fight for it I am begging you. <laughs> it's like, and he says, he says, you killed Walker. Give me an excuse. The science cells are too good for you. Uh, and and that actually, this is a good point, really. It, it reminds us that at the very start of this series, Sinestro has killed a bunch of, of lanterns, uh, one of whom was Blees, one of whom was Saint Walker, one of whom was Arkillo. So in this version of this a Green Lantern universe, uh, St. Walker is dead. And um, this obviously is something that has affected Guy quite a bit. So on the one hand, it's kind of funny. On the other hand, th th there's a serious point sort of being made here. And they just go back to their original Earth, uh, they, sort of their original universe, I should say. They leave the Planets of the Apes. Uh, Zayas uh, comes into his own here. Uh, and he kind of pretends that uh, maybe they'll work something out. And it's it's the kind of sort of slightly vague promise of reformation that very often does end up satisfying the hero as he flies out of town. Uh, and of course, it's all a ruse because uh, once they've gone uh, through the sort of chronoscape portal or whatever and um, Zayas kind of turns to Ursus and uh, and says it would appear your ruse worked Ursus and Ursus says so it would seem and they've got Grod uh, they've, they've got Grod uh, he is strapped to a, a slab uh, there is a uh, there is an art issue here in the sense that the very first time we see Grod it looks like it's Hal Jordan but it isn't uh, because the next panel, or next two panels, I should say, uh, tell us that it is actually Grodd. So that looks like an art mistake to me. But anyway, um, he's uh, made some kind of incision in, into 
into God, uh, God's head, and uh, he he wants to know more about this earth that God is from. Now that's interesting because, well, the 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 last two panels are Cornelius, who we thought had had been destroyed in the heart of uh, of the sun, uh, waking up in Metropolis. And the reason we know it's Metropolis is because the Daily Planet building is looming over him. And he says, I I live. And there are a bunch of people surrounding him, looking at him. He's obviously kind of just materialized or landed from out of nowhere. And he says no. And he says no in that old red on black uh, speech bubble, which suggests that and he's still wearing the universal ring the universal ring is is on his finger so that does suggest that we are heading for sequel territory and this time it will be set in our universe so that is tremendously exciting if you if you've enjoyed this series which to be honest with you by and large i have i have enjoyed it um it's been it's been fun um i'm i quite like uh, the Planet of the Apes series. I'm not a huge Green Lantern fan, but I know enough about about it to kind of to kind of go along with it. Um, and um, yeah, I, I think as as a whole, this series has worked pretty well. I think as a, as an end to this series, this issue does a really good job. It does it does really what you want um, at the ending of a of a series like this to do. It wraps up the the various different threads uh, that have been going on in this story. Uh, it brings them together quite nicely. There is a sort of a, there's a moral and sort of I want to say philosophical, but but there is this kind of an ethical uh, sort of resolution to this that that sort of Cornelius of his own volition realizes. I mean, he's been having people say, "Look, you know, you can't have the ring. The ring's bad for you," kind of thing, all the way through the series. But of his own volition, he voluntarily gives it up uh, and sacrifices himself in the process. Uh, I mean, there's no indication that he expected to survive, and I don't think, you know, that it's clear that he didn't. Um, so. Yeah, I, I, you know, there's a nice kind of, you know, things matter in this to to a certain extent, um, and it it's it's worked pretty well. I gave this an eight out of ten. I think it's pretty good. Um, I think it's a good, a good finale uh, for the series, and if you are interested in just a fun, kind of interesting collision of two really quite different. Uh, franchises then this is not a bad comic to pick up by any means I, I, I've I've enjoyed it a great deal I think Guy in this is fantastic uh, so is Hal actually up to a point um, and I think you know the, it, what's interesting is, is sort of the earnestness if you like is all on the ape side it's on Cornelius because it's their planet uh, and the things that that they're dealing with matter to them the, the, the lanterns are very much kind of outsiders um, and so the kind of the weight of the, the kind of moral weight, if you like, of the story is borne by the apes. And I, and I kind of like that. I, I think I think one of the things you have to say about that original Planet of the Apes series is it does build up this this sort of reasonably complex kind of society. Um, and there is a there is a there is a kind of oppression 
going on with it. But there is also hope in in the form of sort of Cornelius and Zira. Uh, and this series has played with that and kind of examined that quite in, in a quite interesting way. And with, you know, with Zira's death uh, last issue, with Cornelius willing to sacrifice himself this issue, th- these guys are, are heroic. You know, they, they are they they are prepared to put their lives on the line. And there is something very kind of engaging and interesting about that. In any case, it looks like we are headed for a second uh, series. I, I don't know whether that's been confirmed yet, um, but it wouldn't surprise me if we do get one at some point. I guess a lot of that depends on sales uh, for these issues, which I have no, <laughs> no idea how well or not they've been doing. Uh, but certainly the writers have left the way open uh, for, a, for a second series. And if um, if one does appear, I, I will certainly be reading it. But uh, anyway, that's me done for now. Uh, I'll hand you back to uh, Jim, Eric, Reggie, and everyone else. Uh, you take care. Uh, thank you very much for uh, spending your time listening to me uh, chunner on and uh, I'll catch you later. Take care. Bye-bye. Eric, I don't understand why you just can't admit Jim is the man The time on the podcast is here The voice that we all want to hear So here we go It's mail section number three going on right about now. We're going to start with Hakeem, who says, What up, Jim, Eric, and the entire Get Fresh crew? Doop, doop. What's up, Hakeem? What's up, Hakeem? I'm looking. Here we go. Get Fresh crew. Classic. Classic. I'm not going to comment on anything regarding this week's poll, mainly because I'm writing this email on a Wednesday morning and still did not head to my comic store yet. And I'm one episode behind, still listening to 132. I just Mm. wanted to give you guys three subjective opinions of mine I can only mention in an email. I realize that if I mention any of these points in person, I'll more than likely get shot in this community. (laughs) Let me know what you guys think. Number one, Eric Shea's an asshole. It's true. That doesn't make any sense now. I, I, Hakeem thinks that all these opinions that he's going to give right now would get him slapped silly. 
Oh. Slap fight, Eric, but I don't agree. I think that most people, especially the Get Fresh crew, boop, boop, I don't think they're doing any slapping, Eric. But number one, I honestly was not that impressed with Christian Bale's Batman portrayal in the Nolan movies. Great movies, don't get me wrong, but Bale's performance and interpretation of the character was off to me. For one thing, after Batman Begins, his whole motivation for being Batman and retiring from the character seems to revolve around his love of a woman, Rachel, which is fucked up. Bruce Wayne does not stop being Batman because he's heartbroken. If he ever stops, it's because he is no longer physically capable. Furthermore, his fight scenes were underwhelming as fuck. He acts more as a sad Bruce Wayne rather than one who was driven by rage. To add salt to the injury, Batman's voice in pop culture was changed from Kevin Conroy's perfect voiceover to Bale's cancer throat. Sure I was. don't care how many Nolan fanboys I piss off, but Bale is not Batman to me. Sorry. And I think that this email would have gone uh, worse for Hakeem maybe a couple of years ago. Yeah, now it's I don't the think that many people off. care anymore. Yeah, no. and I, I really do think that it's kind of one of those where there are people, oh man, he's my Batman, but still, they're not going to fight you over it. No. So number number two, we're people living are too in a world. busy fighting whether or not Ben Affleck's a good Batman or not. Yeah, yeah. Number two, we're living in a world where I'm told Donner's Superman movie, 1978, is the best superhero movie ever made. Now, I'll good tell one. you right now, uh, it's not. And people say that to be pretentious. That's what I say. That it reflected Superman perfectly. Now, I think it's a really good Superman movie. I don't think it's the best superhero. It's a terrible Lex Luthor. I like Superman. Yeah, yeah. That it reflected Superman perfectly and that DC should go back to this version of Superman instead of the one portrayed by Henry Cavill. Well, here's my opinion. That will shock the narrative. Donner's Superman movies might have been amazing for their time. However, they did not age well for me. I'm with you. And I saw them in the theater. And yeah. I don't think they aged that well. I found the stories to be crap. <laughs> Superman flying against Earth's access to turn back time is probably the dumbest and laziest twist I have ever seen uh, right after Batman and Robin's Batman. You should watch the, the Donner cut of Robin. Superman yeah. 2 where Superman they do it 2 again. Superman has the same thing. You the want to talk cut. lazy. Yeah. yeah, the Donner cut had the same exact God, I thing. I hate that Donner cut. I hated the way Reeves played Clark Kent to be a clumsy, idiotic buffoon. That's That was the classic yeah, that, that was version. character. That worked yeah, for me. Yeah, I very much prefer how George Reeves, Dean Cain, Henry Cavill portray Clark, a character who plays it low-key in the Clark Kent persona, but still respectable and assertive. In the comic books, Clark Kent is who Kal-El is, and Superman is what he can do, and I never got that impression from the Donner films. In Superman 2, him throwing an S at Zod was laugh out loud. Stupid. Oh, that was the worst. Eric hates that too. I find that he mentioned S. that this week. I did. Yeah, we were talking about different things. I find that people who gave a lot of heat to Snyder's version where uh, Superman had to kill Zod to be world-class hypocrites, specifically because in Donner's film, Superman crushes Zod's hand while smiling, kills him by throwing him in the pit, and then celebrates by taking Lois for a super dicking, whereas at least Cavill showed genuine remorse for having been forced to kill Zod, yet I'm told Reeves plays the true Superman fuck off. It's just because it was the first movie like that. That's yeah. all it was. And unfortunately, people – and also you'll have uh, young guys now or gra gals who will want to go on Twitter and try to prove that they're so fucking fancy that they want to say that that's the best one, and they don't even believe it. Just <laughs> You're going by these people. It didn't age well. It really didn't. Uh, you Johnny, know, I, guess, like, I still I love like the first Stamp as General Zod. Yeah, I, I liked the first one. And the second one actually was something that Superman 2, as a kid, I loved. I loved it. I oh, remember well. I, I saw it in the, the theater, and then it was on HBO or something. And I just watched the hell out of it. I watched it over and over and over. I don't think I'll ever watch it again. 
I really don't uh, because it didn't age well, and there is goofy stuff to it. Uh, but at the time, it made me believe a man could fly. Me as well. <laughs> I, I did like it at the time, but it, that was because what That's other Superman movie were – yeah, what, what else was I going to watch? I loved the George Reeves TV show, but again, uh, that's not on you know all the time anymore. Right. And even, even, then, before you see Michael, even before Michael Keaton's Batman in 89, though, fucking Batman 66 was where it was at. Yeah, because that's, that's my Batman. Yeah, that's my Batman. That's goofy as hell. You, we said before, we both love Batman 66. And everybody, I don't think you're going to find that many people are going to say, oh, I, I think it's garbage. Because the the thing is, for what it was doing, I think it did it well. Uh, yeah, yeah, did it age well? No. But also we said, me and you who loved it, I can't watch more than two episodes oh, in a row. Oh, you cannot Because it just shit. gets it gets goofy. too overblown. Yeah, it's just too much. But, you know. Number three. Tom Holland. So right now, Hakeem, I, I agree with you 100%. So uh, Tom Holland annoys the hell out of me as Spider-Man. I'm constantly being told that Spider-Man Homecoming was the best damn Spider-Man movie ever made. But to be honest with you guys, I left the theater a tad underwhelmed. To me, Tobey Maguire plays the best Spider-Man. Andrew Garfield plays the best Peter Parker. Now, this might seem like a subjective opinion, but when I mentioned this at work, no joke, I got a death threat from one of the Marvel bros and was ordered to see the movie I, I, again. I, I think you <laughs> should go to HR. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would do. And I want to go to HR about the, our lazy fucking co-workers that are making me work too hard. But yeah, Hakeem really should go. There's going to be trouble. Uh, again, it's not a very popular thing to say because of how it ended up, but I liked Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man. I did. It, it ended up being shit. I liked it at the time. I actually I I like Andrew Garfield as yeah, Spider-Man. I like Andrew Garfield a lot, too. I hate Tom Holland's jerk off voice i can't I'm stand it. i haven't seen a lot of tom holland because i haven't seen spider-man homecoming yet but i liked him enough in uh captain america civil war captain and i can't america wait to watch civil the movie war, i i wish i was at that airport so i could slap him silly he annoyed me so much by a goddamn and place was that not pretty much the big action scene that and it yeah. was also that he fucking ruined it all for me i was gritting my t- fucking my teeth grinding i mean just going because he was so fucking annoying I like this fucking talk. That's, that's him. That's my impersonation of him, Eric. It really, you, you he hear told that, me Tom so. Holland? That's you. Yeah, me, yeah, me, me, I'm Spider-Man, baby. Me. <laughs> I like that. Sound like wrong turn. I hated him. I, I actually, at this point, I have not watched the movie, and it's because of him. I cannot stand him one bit. I thought it's because you I, couldn't find a good stuff, a good stream. No, on I could have had a stream today. Uh, okay. There was a stream today, and I started pirate. it up. And I heard his voice, and I turned it off. And I said, I cannot li- literally, legitimately uh, watch this with me being able to say, okay, I'll get over this because it's his goddamn voice and his jerk-off look. Can't t- He does not look like Spider-Man to me. And that voice is just so fucking annoying. What about you guys? Is there an opinion you have that goes contrary to the narrative when it comes to comic book characters aside from Tom King's Batman? Well, me and you didn't like Midnighter, and it seemed like everybody oh, loved that book. That was goddamn we like Midnighter and Apollo, uh, Eric, with uh, the Burnside Batgirl. But really, Akeem, you just got to sit back because sometimes if you really think this. Now, I think Tom Holland, 
Hakeem, me and you will be shown to be right. Uh, I do think that most people, till the end of time, will be in love with uh, Christopher Reeve as Superman. You're not going to yeah. win that I fight. still love Christopher Reeve as Superman. I'm yeah. saying the movies don't hold up, though, but I think he looked uh, great in the role. But a lot of times when you go in, you, you have these things. I, I said, I, I still really like Tom end, Welling as Superman, At too. the end of uh, Jokes and Riddles and, you know, three, four years from now, when people are like, oh, man, that, that didn't do much, then I'll smile and say, okay, because I saw a lot of things go down in the New 52 that people were gaga over, say, a Burnside Batgirl, and now I can't find somebody that says that that was good. No, you they couldn't go the anywhere. Up. Eric actually was shamed on the internet because he didn't like Batgirl of uh, Burnside. And now, like I said, it's hard to find and somebody. I'm now, the all you winner get, now, yeah, now all you get are people like, man, I why does this Burnside shit keep going? Uh, because what happens is the people who make the most noise, they've now moved on to their next thing. Because the problem with the people on the internet and the social justice warriors, you're only going to be a social justice warrior is something that gets you fucking attention and you, you can crow about and get people under their skin. The, yeah. the minute that it's not the big thing anymore, they disappear. It doesn't disappear. work out, you stop. They disappear. Yeah. Yeah. And when, when the fight goes down, this is why a lot of people where they saw that I was talking to Poison Ivy League and they're like, why? You know, why are you doing that? It's because she doesn't change. She's going to fight for that goddamn character until the day she dies. And if she doesn't watch out, she's going to have a heart attack soon, Eric. That's going to come soon. But at least she is fighting the fight for what she thinks. She doesn't just shift back and forth. I see these people's Twitter accounts, and basically there are a couple people that I know and follow on Twitter that I know the minute I see a story hit, I know that that's going to be pinned to the top of their goddamn Twitter with them fucking crowing about it. And then, then two weeks later, when they're proven to be wrong, they, sh- they they're not there. That's it. I'm, I'm sitting here trying to think of something that I might be, you know, like like I'm or done. dislike that's contrary to popular opinion, man. I can't really think of anything off the top of my head you right now. You think that this dark universe is going to work out? There, I don't there think you go. that. You I actually hope think that. that the Bride of Frankenstein is a movie that people are going to want to watch? Oh, all the kids want to hear about the Bride of all Frankenstein. All the kids, uh, you know, are talking about the Bride of Frankenstein. I don't know why this podcast is becoming just the let Jim yell about the, the younger kids. I sound like an old man fucking yelling from my porch. What do you mean it's become? It's been that for the get-go. No, it hasn't. I'm young at heart. Actually, the people I'm yelling at are not really the younger kids. They don't know better. It's people fucking my age or close that all of a sudden they have this vehicle called Twitter or Facebook. Now they think they're goddamn fucking, you know, political activists and stuff like that. These fuckers are just sitting there. They don't do shit. All they do is open their mouth. That's how they get involved. That's why I really respect when you hear, like, later on, uh, you know, you'll have a football player, and five years after the guy retires, you find find out that that guy was funding, you know, something, but he, he told people, listen, I don't want it to get out because that's not what it's all about. I really respect that. Or they go and watch, or they go and visit sick kids, but don't bring a press crew with them because that's right. not what they're doing it for. That's what Twitter is. It's like a soapbox. That's why you look at Twitter. Look at our Twitter account. You don't see shit like that. Oh, absolutely I'm not. getting a little I more of a short fuse lately, and I, I do kind of jump in a little bit. But, you know, hey, I'm not it, yelling. It's, it's not really a comic book, but Fifth Element is a terrible fucking movie. Yeah, I, I hate that, too. I do hate that. I'm trying to think. that. Uh, uh, what's his name? Stephen Colbert is a fucking hack. How about How that? How dare you? you How about that? podcast over. What? Yeah. 
please. I can't stand him either. I can't stand him, and I, I don't know why he ever became popular. There you go. And, and you know what? One Direction is not a bad band. You don't, you know, look past the fucking nonsense. You can enjoy some songs. Debbie Gibson is a fucking gem, Eric. Nobody says otherwise. Nobody. And Debbie Gibson, greater than Tiffany. Every day of the week. That feud is over. I have just ended it. Now you're getting me thinking about things that that I might be able to think of. Pepsi Uh, is better than Coke. No, I like Coke better. But also, I don't really drink the regular. I only drink diet. Me as well. Diet yeah, Pepsi I, is better than Diet Coke. Yeah, yeah, I like How's Diet that? Coke better. Yeah, you. I think that's pretty much fifty-fifty. He-Man's <laughs> yeah. better than Thundar. Ooh, now you're talking. No, Thundar yeah. is better. Thundar is better than He-Man. How about this? Monster I don't Squad think... is better than Goonies. Yeah, that that's definitely uh, okay. How about this? Right. Fucking the one of the worst movies ever is The Breakfast Club. It's nonsense, and nobody that I knew growing up, I was the perfect age to see that movie, and nobody I knew thought that that movie was good. They thought it was ridiculous, it was cliched, it was fucking not... Don't give me this, if you like the 80s, you have to like Breakfast Club. Bullshit, Eric. There you go. It's nonsense. It's the most cliched movie ever. It's fucking black and white cut and dry of these groups and things like that, and at the end of the day, nothing happens. They, they don't become friends. Of course they don't, Jim. Of course they don't. They're the, the breakfast club. It's freaking uh, the 16 Candles is a million times better than Breakfast Club ever hopes to be. Because Jake you know, Ryan it's let just his girlfriend a, get raped. It's just a goofy, funny movie. There you go, Eric. There you go. How about, uh, I don't know anything else. We do have a lot of things that we yell and scream about. I'm trying to think of us at work who, where we yell about stuff. Okay, uh... What's his name? Should have been Lex Luthor. That's another one of your big things. Oh, Billy Zane should Billy have Zane been Lex Luthor. should have been Lex Luthor. Yes. Uh, Dumb and Dumber is better the second time you watch it. How about that? I don't think that's true. I hated it the first time I watched it. So did I, I and I still hate it. No, I actually liked it better after I watched it a couple times. Uh, there's a lot of movies like that, but that was definitely one of them. The first time I watched it, I fucking hated it. Next email's Taylor. We're, we're done. <laughs> Taylor says, hey, Jim, Eric, and Reggie. I'm listening to last week's show on Batman Beyond. Mark wrote in about the Sonic comic. I've never read a Sonic book, but wanted me. I wanted to ask you guys what your favorite non-superhero comic is. Uh, mine is The Paybacks. Uh, that is a series that was at Dark Horse and then yeah, went yeah, on yeah. to be at uh, – it's at Heavy Metal right now. Uh, I would say that yours – do you consider – the preacher a non-superhero comic yeah preacher's not that. a superhero that's probably okay. now you know what elf quest is my favorite non-superhero yeah, like comic uh for him it's calvin and Hobbes, which i do love calvin and Hobbes as well but i consider that more of a comic strip than a comic Me as well but i have the all thing, the it's books. weird i've never really read calvin it. and Hobbes. the thing is it was huge it so when i was growing up everybody loved calvin somehow i never read it i just stuck with my garfield and that was it yeah i never got a i'm i'm not a tattooed man i have not gotten ink Eric, uh, at a point in college, I almost got a Calvin tattoo. Oh, you would have been the worst. I'm glad I didn't. I have all the books. I'd make fun of you every day if you had a Calvin tattoo. I love Calvin. Was it Calvin pissing on something? 
No, I don't no, think so. That's it just would have been him fucking doing something. I don't know. He would have been standing there, staring at you, giving you the finger. I don't Pissing. know. I often show my students random strips because most have never even heard of it. My first ever Christmas present when I was three months old was a stuffed tiger named Hobbs, which I still have to this day, nice. and is one of my most prized possessions. He got that probably while I was in college thinking about getting probably. a tattoo, Eric. I've also been listening to some random episodes, and on episode 129, where Jim reviewed the first Jokes and Riddles book during Rent and Raves, you said Dancing Mike sent in two raves. One was apparently throwing serious shade at you, Oh yeah. but you only played one. Did I Missed the other one at some point. You did not. Me and Dancing Mike talked about it, and we decided not to play that. It one. was best for everyone just to forget yeah. it ever happened. Yeah, it was. Uh, Dancing Mike had an issue with me, and uh, yeah, I think at the end of the day, I just said that on purpose. By the way, Eric, to get him mad, uh, we both <laughs> would have looked like assholes. So I think he he made the right decision. I've forgotten to tell you guys this: at the end of my college career, for our last presentation, we had to create an artifact that described us as a person and as a teacher. Since I am a history nerd and history teacher and a comic book nerd, I combined the two. I made a little book where I used historical fiction to tell the story of a couple history events combining with superheroes. I also photoshopped about eight pictures and combined them with comics in history. If you are interested, I'd love to send them to you guys. If I, if not, I totally understand. I'd like to see them. Yeah. Uh, just send them in an email. I'll show Eric. I'll pass it on. My a couple phases were a picture where Superman and Shazam are attacking Black Adam. I photoshopped Winston Churchill's head onto Shazam, Franklin Roosevelt's head onto Superman, and changed Black Adam into Lex Luthor's body with Hitler's head. I also <laughs> have one where I took a picture of John Wilkes Booth shooting Lincoln, and the Lincoln wearing the Batman costume with the cowl off, and both and Booth looks like the Joker. My you should have had freaking Booth be freaking Maxwell Lord and Abraham Lincoln Ooh. was Blue Beetle. Yes, my other picture, favorite, is a picture where Green Lantern and Sinestro are fighting, and I put Castro's head on Sinestro and JFK's head on Green Lantern. Let me Sounds know if cool. you want to see these, and I can email yeah. them or tweet them or Slack, whatever, however you want to get a hold of us. Uh, yeah, send them to me. Eric, have you ever seen the movie Forget Me Not? I don't know. What, what's it about? It's a really good B-rate horror movie. The story is really thrilling, but the special effects are not very good. Overall, a really decent movie. More of a thriller than scary. But so if it's one of them things you'd happens. find on Netflix, it's one of those like, you know, Hulu and Netflix and all these yeah, streaming yeah. services, they have so many just bullshit fucking B-movie kind of things they throw. I end up watching so many, yeah, but you they watch- all just run together. Before I jump in the comics, I wanted to see if anyone in the Get Fresh crew boop, boop, do, do. would like to do a fantasy football league. Ooh, we're actually no. we at, at, Taylor. You have to get a hold of Brandon. We're all we're already working some things up. Uh, I believe that you, Brandon, could use your help. So get a hold of B Muir, and he'll let you know what's going on. I would at be more three, than six, happy six, to set six, everything up. He knows Brandon. He, I'm sure, I know. He knows him and talk him in the. Slack. It sounds weird I, to say B Muir. Hey, B-Mure I don't want other people. Three, he six, doesn't six, need zero. unsolicited fucking. You know. It's on every Thanks. email. <laughs> I just need emails of people who are interested. I know I've tried doing something like this before, March Madness, which I end up his March Madness that I never knew. You know what happened to that? I forgot all I, about that. I, I, every time I go to do it and then I say, I want to start it at the beginning of a month and then I keep forgetting. We still are going to do that, I promise. Let me know, anyone that's interested. And also, it's I go to do it, and then the next thing I know, I'm doing six reviews, or we're yeah. recording that, and yeah, I just never end up having the time with the Patreon. It's it's even worse. Yeah, I got to record like four shows tomorrow. 
Me and you are doing two. I got two others I got to finish. Let me know anyone that's interested. I've done leagues before with even 18 teams. So we can have as many people that we want to play. On to the books. I did not hate last week's books as much as you guys did. Batman 27 was okay. Still the best book of this arc by far. I can kind of see that. I, I still hated it. I enjoyed Nightwing. What do you think was the best book of this arc so far? Of Batman? No, no, of uh, War of Jokes and Riddles. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I guess maybe the first one because it seemed okay. like it seemed like something. Even though I had all those problems with, I think I still gave that a six. Yeah, and I think the others, I'm just around that. I think they're all the same. Okay, it's just boring. I was just curious. Yeah, I don't even remember what happened last issue. Uh, the, I, the kite man. Oh yeah, that was nonsense. That's <laughs> complete other nonsense. I'm glad. I just want to see the war. Yeah. I want That's to see the grand. I want to see the scope of it. I want to see it in general of everybody involved. And I'll give you a little hint. I don't think we're going to get that next week either. Uh, I enjoyed Nightwing, and I'm glad that Defacer is out of the picture. You want Legacy, bring Dick and Barbara back together. Although Aquaman wasn't as good as the last issue, still enjoyed What about it. Dick and uh, Starfire? And this book would be, definitely be on my do or die pull list. Super Sons was awesome. That was my favorite book. And yeah, Green Arrow was nice. It was okay. Green Lanterns wasn't very, very good, and Batwoman was garbage. Well, yeah. I think he's right along with us. I don't yeah. know why he thinks he's a little more positive. Uh, Just that Batman, I guess. Superman man that book was pretty dull and nothing happened but i can't believe you guys didn't even talk about the cliffhanger ending i for one am so excited to see what happens will superman make it back before breakfast what are they eating for breakfast are they making breakfast or going out for breakfast if superman shows up late for breakfast will lois be pissed how many mimosas will lois have during breakfast at least 10 this cliffhanger has left me with so many questions about this next issue no right, i'm not fucking around was, this that book that was the sucked. only thing of any goddamn importance in this whole issue is superman going to be back for breakfast he says no i'm just fucking around this book sucks to yeah. end, I will leave you with that. And I heard a lot of people talking on podcasts and saying, oh, well, you know, it is a one-shot. Oh, no, it isn't. No, it's not. And believe me, oh, God. I've read Next Issue. You've read <laughs> Next Wait. Issue to me. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> to end, I will leave you with this question. Fuck. Who are the top five characters you wouldn't mind seeing getting killed off? For me in no order, in particular, would be John Stewart, Azriel, Garth, has has he always been had laser vision to yeah. face her? I'd like to say Simon Baz, but since that won't happen, I'll say fuck you to Greg Ruck and kill Ferdinand. As sure. always, have a great week and thank you for everything you do. I actually was thought, thinking about this today in the shower, so was I. and um, I don't know that I wouldn't go with Simon Baz. I was actually really thinking about it and. I do want just one Green Lantern. I'm thinking maybe Simon De- – De- Jessica dying would be a big thing though too for us. I don't think yeah. – Simon Baz seems like it would be a big thing. Well, that's thing. the thing is in this list, who would you not see like – not mind see dying? Like I don't want to see anybody die. That's the whole I thing. I don't want so Garth this list was to really die. Hard for me. John Stewart, they were going to kill him in the New 52. Yeah. Uh, I think that they do have to trim the fat on the so Green Lantern books. Uh, so John Stewart would be okay, but I just I don't have enough of a connection with him so far. Well, that's in the reason Rebirth John for all this is mean. the odd man out. Where you know if he since he's not killing anybody anymore and doing like killing yeah. people that need to be killed for the greater good, there's not a lot interesting about him. No, so like that's, that's he's he's my number five, John Stewart to kill. Yeah, I. How about we do a combined? So yeah, uh-huh. number five. But I'll even go. You wouldn't mind Azrael dying, right? My number four, Asriel. Yeah, Asriel might be on there. There's just this, this, you know. honestly, my list is comprised of people who don't do anything or I just downright hate. 
So then, the you know who's on my list? Is Lobo on your list? Because he'd no. probably be on mine because he does nothing in, in the JLA. And he's just going to disappear and not be in yeah. anything anyway. Uh, well, I like the really, exactly you that. really want to go with who I really, really wanted. To, it's the Ray. Kill him now. He is number so one, goddamn annoying. The Ray. Yeah, number one would be the Ray. Fuck that uh, guy. I'm trying to think of others. I, uh, how about, you, want me, you want me to tell me my other Superboy. No, you go. Tell me the rest. Number three, Fire, because Ice is at least dating Guy Gardner is interesting. Fire has okay. nothing going on and is just a boring character who never does anything without Ice. Number okay. two, Dead Man. I think he's a useless goddamn character who and all he does is possess already. people. He's, exactly. Just kill him again. How about this? Can I have number one or two and three? I have number one is the Ray. Number right. two is Rack. Number three is Ruin. <laughs> Can we go there? I really think, and people would be mad, and this is not – actually, the way I went with my list, it wasn't like that I was annoyed with them. Or I actually went with who would have the best death and what it would mean. Like and, the and biggest how, impact? And one would be Ted Kord in the Blue Beetle book. He, they keep pushing that heart attack stuff, and if he died, I think that would really screw with Jaime. Uh, you know, Have him die in a way that makes Jaime a better hero or want to be a better yeah, hero. It would work, it would work better for the not character. Really doing As that for much. us, we've already seen Ted Kord die, and it would be more shocking than anything that you could get there, this right I, now. But again, we, you say that, but 99% of the people, it seems, that are reading DC Comics right now have no idea about that. They only know Ted Kord from this series, right. and it's really been pushed that he has heart problems uh how about dr fate sure which one uh khalid or fucking kent nelson khalid damn right let's kill him off fucking useless i think he's dead to everybody anyway right dead to me yeah uh you could always take a ride tim drake oh i actually almost (laughs) put him on the list it's fucking around That'd be funny, but yeah, as always, have a great week, and I enjoy everything you do. That's the end of mail section number three. Uh, we're going to go off to more books now. Now's the time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say. We'll find out if he thinks the books are good or bad or just okay. Now's the time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say. We're waiting to hear all Jim's scores. We don't want to hear Eric Shay. Hey guys, how Come are you on, doing? Uh, how hello, you doing, comrades. How are you oh, doing? Oh, hey, Reggie. How are you doing? Uh, Yes, How I am a perfectly be? normal American citizen, uh, Reggie Pavlov, and I'm very glad to be on the uh, In Russia, tonight. comic yeah. book read you. That, that's know, what happens. I don't know about Alice in Russia. Uh, I am only uh, from Minnesota, perfectly no, normal American No, you know Minnesota. State. That <laughs> accent is West Virginia. I can uh, tell only, my accent. If only I could do <laughs> accents like the great Jim Warner. Let, let's have one. We haven't heard. We haven't heard you throw one out there for a okay. while. Jim, what, what would you like? I got. I Let now. Me I have hear to get a Belgian accent. Well, here's the thing. You know, when I come to the party, I need more than that. I am a method actor. I cannot just okay. go Belgium. What type of Belgian am uh, you I? You are a Belgian chocolatier uh, and. Okay. You are wearing uncomfortable shoes. Uncomfortable shoes. Belgian. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let... <clears throat> Chocolatier. Hello, love. <laughs> there you go. 
Do exactly you need exactly some exactly. of the chocolates? Is that what you're here for? Because I really don't want to walk very far. My shoes are hurting me. How's oh, that? Is perfect. that good? Love? Yeah, I'm perfect. Now, if I was a Belgian uh, royal who would never be anyone who would get higher up in the deal but is a socialite, I'd go like this. Hello, love. How <laughs> you doing there? I'm heading to the party. There you go. You see Very the nice. difference. It's a subtle difference. But mm-hmm. and and really that that last one was a Belgian but actually had a lot of Austrian heritage in their family <laughs> line. So that's there, why it's there's a whole, whole backstory. That's there why it sounded a little right. different. That that's the only reason it sounded different. But yeah, little that, that was in now that one. I know that you love those, but I have to admit, Reggie, for once I may be the first off most positive guy on your books uh, mm-hmm. this week. Uh, because I did not kill myself or want to kill myself after reading your three books here. Uh, I have to admit it. Uh, I will say that the one thing that I thought was pretty good, uh, for the most part, the art in your books was pretty good. Uh, but yeah, Thank I saw, you. and you. yes, you did a very good job. Good job, Reggie. <laughs> you did a very good job on these, Reggie, with the art. Yeah. And, uh, I, I don't know. I think I'm going to be more positive than Reggie on most of these books. And that usually you may does be. I wasn't, happen. I wasn't super down, but I, I, this was a very even week for me for my yes. books that I review. So well, uh, you, obviously you're going to be doing Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, Suicide Squad and Batgirl in this section. And you'll be surprised at the book that I like the least. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, yeah, Why don't we just get right to it? Uh, like my, right like to my it. friend uh, from Czechoslovakia would say, Hello, loaf. It always works. And you kick it off with what? We're talking about Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, number 25, written by Robert Vendetti, art by Ethan Van Skyver and Jason Wright. Kyle beating on you is my favorite thing. Bean it, bean it. I love to see all the bruises and cuts I can bring. Bean it, bean it. I wanna put on my, 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 my yellow ring. Bean and burn it in you. Bean it. You hid the truth about our future offspring. Bean it, bean. It's the excuse I need to put your ass in a sling. Beady, beady, I want to put on my, 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 my yellow ring and burn it in you. Beady, I want to put on my, 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 my yellow ring and pummel you too. Boom. Some Casey and the Sunshine Band there for you. That's right. my mom was a huge Casey and the Sunshine Band fan. Uh, that man there possibly had one of the best white man afros ever. That, that's he all really I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it at that because unfortunately I think I saw him later in life and he lost his hair like most people who had right. the best white man most afro. Men. Do yes. have some hair loss. That's isn't that right? That is uh, true. But no, are you with me? I wouldn't me? know anything about that. Oh, no, right. Eric Shea, well, uh-huh. he knows all about it. A little too much. Uh, <laughs> but don't you agree that guys at in their early twenties who have the white man afro almost all go bald for some reason? That hairstyle. I'm gonna have to look at William Cat right now. It, see, it seems to blow it out. Yeah, Maybe it's. it's I'm telling you, William, I'll tell you something. When I was yeah. a young man, 
I, I could grow a pretty good white man fro myself. Could you? And, could you? But I'll tell, you, I'll tell you, I can't anymore, Eric, because like most men, <laughs> my hair has thinned. <laughs> oh, yes, I'm sorry has. to hear that, Reggie. That must yes, be a, a hell of a burden to bear. Most, that ha- it's something that happens to most men. Oh, I'm looking Thank at Thank God I'm not most men. It's huh? funny, too. <laughs> I have a complete different deal. He, Casey, in the, he didn't have the white man's fro. It's everybody else in the band had actual fro's, but he did lose his hair later. He actually had a long, uh, kind of a Bruce Jenner-esque hairstyle back in the day. Uh, so, actually, yeah. I'll tell you, people, it, look like, up Casey and the Sunshine Band. He looked a lot like Bruce Jenner back in the day. For some reason, I thought he had the white men fro, but I was wrong. I don't wrong. think we ever saw them together. That, no, that, that is true. I remember seeing, I, I like, a... Dancing on Air and stuff like that, all those crazy TV shows where they'd have the bands come in. And my mom loved Casey and the Sunshine Band. She was a huge fan. a great band. I I hear that they put on a hell of a live show. That's a lot of dancing at that show. Um, I can imagine. I mean, it's pretty much all dance music. So That is true. Bruce Jenner. Yes, he does look like Bruce Jenner. Uh, Are you looking at him? I am. It doesn't he look just like Bruce Jenner? He looks exactly like. Do you see the one where they're all sitting down on a bench? Yeah, and that's he's what I'm looking at right there. now. Yeah, yeah, he looks just. like I had to blow it up. I'm like, that's that's no way. That's not Bruce Jenner. Yeah, it looks like Bruce Jenner. That that's that's that. And now we're done. Thank you. See you in seven. So long, everybody. Let's get on with this uh, because right. I I like this issue. I, I saw your score, Reggie. I think that you're a little low, uh, but. I think I like Casing in the Sunshine Band a little bit more. Uh, now, why I know that I like this Well, I'm going to tell you, one of, the, one of the reasons I'm a little low, and it's, it's not that low of a score, which okay. I won't reveal no, yet. No, no. The reason, I'll just say it up front, I really didn't like some of the art in this issue. Well, here's really, the thing. Say about Ethan Van Skyber, you know, a lot of the proportions seem off the faces. There was, uh, uh, Hal looks a little face too. looks retarded. How uh, looks like he's been working too much on his lats, or not even his lats, his delts. He he is crazy, and there is one panel where Hal is like leaning over. I think he's with John at that moment, and I actually thought I'm looking at right now. I thought he was missing an arm. It was really, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, all of a sudden, I'm like, Jesus Christ, he's been doing shrugs overtime. And I, a lot of people do a lot of curls and things. That, he's doing shrugs, and that's all. And that's because, it. Jesus Christ. Uh, what I was going to say, it's funny you say that, Reggie. And maybe you're on to something with what I was going to say is I actually thought that I was more entrenched with the story in this issue than I have been in a, quite a while in this book. And because yeah. of that, I didn't even notice the art as much as I usually would because I was more into the story. But now that you say it, I, I will, I'll agree with you. Some of the proportions it, are off. It didn't take the score for me, but it, it, it really dragged it down a little bit. And, and definitely some of it is I expect a lot more from Ethan Van yeah, I just felt like he was a little off well, this issue. And I'm going to be a little Eric Shea here, and and I'm I'm not saying like young Sexy. Eric Shea. I'm oh, talking about like what he usually says. I actually didn't like the comments. coloring in this book, except for some big splash pages. I was yeah. okay. It did seem a little dulled out, which is usually Eric's you know complaint with a lot of these Lantern books because he wants them all to you know they they should pop. But some oh, yeah. of the, the the yellow seems to be popping way more yeah, than the, the green, green does not. 
Yeah, the green seems to be very like low key some dude, and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, it's it's a, what that's what you want on a date. Some dude is that what you just said? <laughs> sub dude, sub dude. Okay, I thought you said some dude, but yeah. Uh, the other thing, I'll, I'll just oh, did, before we get into the nitty gritty, as we say, uh, the only other thing that I thought was a little off in this issue and this arc is you you built to this big finale and it was building up as a trial, which obviously we don't get, uh, but also. Sornik just seemed to uh, explode really quickly. Eric has a theory that it's more of the ring affecting her, but if it is, yeah. I would I would have liked to see more indication of that to show me just why she's that angered about her future son because really the whole point of this is and it really gets me at the end Sornik gets mad and says, you know, hey, look, Kyle, one of the Green Lanterns murdered Sinestro's heir with you can you can fix that. This is that's yeah. in the future. Right. That that didn't happen yet. Like he was and, not and born. Even if you go into the nitty gritty, Sarko was back to destroy both the Green Lantern yes. and the Sinestro yes. Force. Yeah, he yeah. saved I, I you. I think she's got to be possessed or somehow. Because again, like also that's what Aaron to, thinks. To complain about it, you know, Sinestro's heir being killed. I don't think that would be her. Well, I just main I, thing. Except now, I think she's been taken over by the fear. And well, that's the that's fear, what Eric Schmuck, thinks. Eric fully is. thinks that. The problem <laughs> I have is not with her though. It's with Kyle. Kyle only has to step up and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're yelling about this. This was a time traveler from the future, and it's this and that and the other thing. And and I would love it if somehow Sornik was not privy to that info, but she saw him disappear. When shit went wrong and she wasn't going to do this, he did disappear. She had to have had this idea of, you know, something's weird here. Plus, yeah – Kyle ended up killing the heir to Sinestro, correct? That's what she's claiming. Sorna can go off and, and have sex with anybody right now and produce right. the next heir. And even that, as far I, in as she does, you know yeah. what I mean? I didn't, yeah. I didn't go back and really she look at it, but Earth. I don't remember Kyle being the one who killed Sarko. No, but that's the problem is she doesn't really know. I thought that maybe it wasn't. Playing... No, no. She, I think she's more mad because she knows Kyle knows who yeah. Sarko is. I, I actually and, and Kyle he he didn't kill Sarko, but he drew attention to it. By bringing Sarko's body back to yeah, yeah, Oa he demanded to bring her back. Yeah. Now I happen? would have liked to have had a, a thing in here where you did have uh, uh, Tomar II killing Romat Rue, and we, if you didn't know why or the circumstances, I thought that would have played out really well with Sarko and Kyle having this duality of of you know two kind of yellow lanterns getting killed but for different reasons and whatnot but it never happens but yeah sornik whether or not she is possessed by you know the yellow entity sinestro in the ring uh i just don't know why kyle doesn't open his mouth and doesn't he dummies say, the hell up he doesn't say yeah, and goddamn doesn't thing say, the entire like, issue about whoa, whoa, whoa. and should have said it last issue yeah, it's just it's so weird, right? But we'll we'll start it off. Do you, because... do you open your mouth to Tanya a lot? Is that what happens when she, when you don't agree with her? Let's not get into that. Yeah. Now, <laughs> well, here's the thing that I will say. You know, I do have at least one nut left. If she, if she. I fight the battles I need to fight. If she starts yelling at me that I was supposed to take out the trash. And I realize, you know what, I can, I can fight this, but why? It doesn't matter. Then I'll just go with the, you know, who cares? We can put it out next week. If she came and said to me, like, all of a sudden, I had an illegitimate kid. Like, I'm telling you, I will stand up and say, whoa, whoa, you're nuts. This is not how it went. But, yeah, I fight my battles. What I'm saying is 
Kyle right now, this is a battle he should be fighting. He should yeah. spell, out, spell it out and to the point where we'll he might even have some recording of things that Sarko said that the ring record something that would, like you guys said, would show that, number one, Sarko was not there with good intentions at right. all. And he's from the future. And the only me, thing... And he hated Sinestro. And he hated, yeah. It's weird. From the beginning, me, I got the idea that simple. he was weird, that he loved him, but hated because of what the yellow Lantern Corps became, and I, I don't know. It, it just, but she can go and have an heir. She, she can go and have a kid. Well, you, all you gotta do is find out when Sarko was born. Be like, all right, he was born in November, so then we just gotta fuck in March. Yeah, you know. And and I'm telling you, screw Kyle now, fine. because that's the funniest thing too. She's like yelling at the Yellow Lanterns, like, look. They, they're Greenland. They killed Sinestro's heir, you know. I want them to all sit there and start doing the math. The Yellow Lantern's like, wait a second, you've never been pregnant. You're as like, who are you talking about, heir? And then she'd have to explain, like, well, not a smart bunch. Yeah, well, I'm saying it. It's like, yeah, yeah, well, it's kind of in the future, and it doesn't. And so he did nothing. Well, he kind of did. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't hold water drop? at all. Yeah, it, it doesn't hold water. But you start off, and, and I love, I I love Hal in this. I love, I even like John. Well, uh, I love Guy. Hal's the guy and, he always was. The uh, you know, ring yeah, first, I like ask him. questions later. Yeah, I like him. But I, the, this book, the one thing it really has, it has really figured out the amount of Guy to put in a book and to make him just great. Because he is. Just that little bit that he's in is so good. But yeah, yeah. Hal's defending Tomar too because those yellow lanterns have come to, you know, they want justice. It's fucking, Blah. you know. Yeah, they and, might as and well have shown up. core law, it's eye for an eye. You know, yeah, I, they, I don't they, want, it's not just a matter of they want to come in and kill because they're bloodthirsty. That's their justice. Yeah. Well, Whereas we didn't see. Just have to have a trial. You didn't see off panel when they showed up, they were in a pickup truck with uh, oh, baseball yeah. bats and playing banjo music. You didn't see that when they showed up for, you know, to, to, to have the boy. Yeah. So they want him and, and Hal's like, no, no, no. You know, we have to go with the way things go. We're going to have justice and they don't want it. And I agree with them. Uh, this is where I really do. Uh, it's a little quick and forced, but I fully see how these cores, they, they were ready to break up anyway. But yeah, yeah you have a very, big thing they have a difference of opinion on a very major thing of what to do with somebody who kills someone it's it is a somewhat kind of interesting uh diplomatic situation yeah. you know, where it's yeah. like all right this is this was going to come up eventually and here it is you know now you have yeah. to rectify two judicial systems one of which is just kill the guy that killed you know yeah 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 i, yeah, I, I don't mind it but then in the meantime how show or a guy shows up carrying a sexy woman that happens to be kyle <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it was a woman, a, a strong woman. Look at but, the first one; it looks like he has boobs. That's yeah, what I'm saying. There's that's what I'm saying. Really and, and, yeah, he said, "There's guy," and I'm like, "What? What lady got hurt?" And then even the second one is like, he's very fat. Like, oh well, that's Kyle. I get oh. it. But even him, like, he, I know he doesn't want to spell out like, "Oh, it was Sornik," but they're like, "Look at him; he's been hurt." And like, he says nothing. He just stands in the back, and I it just. But yeah, the whole thing is basically the Yellow Lanterns want vengeance, and uh, the Green Lanterns guy, and well, then they're some saying Yellow like, Lanterns. "Look, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah." Well, really, it ends up being okay. Here is awesome because when 
when they find Kyle has the, you know, Archillo's the first one to step up and say, like, who did it? We yeah, were yeah. warned, and he's ready to wreck I really like that aspect. Uh, yeah. And, still, like, yeah. Archillo is such, he's one of my favorite characters that, you know, Jeff Johns introduced once he started doing the Skittle Lantern deal. And just the idea of this whole character change where he is, the, like, the big, bad Sinestro Corps member, but he is willing to make this work, and he's going to fucking yeah, kick whoever ass did this. I am like... I really like Arkill. He's one of my favorite yeah. lanterns of all time at this point. Yeah, and he's about to kill all those guys that were trying to get at, at Tomar too because he thinks they did it. And they're like, no, no, it wasn't us. It wasn't us. And that's where Sornik shows up. And she says, I branded Kyle Rayner. And I guess that brand's going to stay. I, it's crazy. I'm guessing. It, it, fucking, yeah. it just changes the character so much. I'm not, not like, you know, this is going to have repercussions with him emotionally probably at some point. But just the whole change, whenever Kyle Rayner's going to be shirtless, he's going to have that Sinestro Core yeah, brand. Yeah, he's going like, to have that Sinestro that, Core Brand. That's gonna it's be crazy. there. It's gonna be so weird for like. Yeah. I'm sure they'll come up like you know Saint Walker to come up and heal something him. Okay, will you're good now. Yeah, yeah. something will happen. Those things never, that could have ramifications go forever. I mean, no, he's yeah. not. He's just gonna sit and draw his cartoons and his comics. Tattoos for like, pussies. Yeah. I go yeah. for brandings. Brandings, but yeah, uh, that's when Sornik says, "Listen, you know, I did it, and I did it because uh, he hid Kyle hid this the truth from us. There was another uh, of my bloodline, a direct descendant of my father Snestrom himself, and it's weird because she doesn't spell out pretty much that it was hid like her, like, hey, that was my son at this." point she's just kind of you know kind of beating around the bush just really going saying, on the though. name the, of sinestro the preponderance on sinestro's air does not sound like sorenek plus you know she looks all weird she's got I don't know. You she does seem possessed. I'll give her. you that. Something's going on here. I, you know? I know. I ever ever since we saw her brand Kyle and call him an alley rat the last issue. This is. The way I've taken this whole thing is that when we saw how Jordan become that pure you know energy of will. And destroy Sinestro before when the whole like the, the, the series first started. Sinestro had the embodiment. He had Parallax within him. So at that moment, he was Parallax. So when this energy went out and destroyed it, it seemed it displaced it. So now Sinestro, in like as it is right now, it seems like he is Parallax, which is the entity that goes to all the rings, powers all yeah. the rings from the power battery. But uh, we so, see Sinestro on the last on the yeah, last that's the two problem. pages. We so. see him. exactly. The thing is, you don't see him doing anything though. You just see his body and his ring charge. Maybe in my he's mind, like the consciousness is of, out yeah. there. Exactly. The and, problem like, is, if like, that's the case. I'm going to be pissed because we've not seen anything that would spell it out except, like you said, the alley rat. The, this the issue, alley rat, the way she shows up, her eyes are black like Sinestro. Yeah. She has her arms behind but her she's back. she's Sinestro posturing. Yeah, I'm telling you, though, but they're not giving you any inkling. Like, you and, would get a hint because they're going away until October. There's a thing yeah, with yeah. – but it's not the even like this is going to continue next issue where you would think at one point – she would say – they'd say something like somebody would come up to her afterwards when they leave and they'd say like, hey, Sornik, and then she'd like for some reason wouldn't even answer to that. Something weird that would take her up because no, – No, I'm saying in my mind this is just like how Jordan when he became Parallax where he was infected by Parallax but he was still how Jordan. It was just his emotions were taken over and he became yeah, what he thought was Yeah, but when that happened, you probably saw right away that something was off. I don't think that no, she's you that didn't, off. No, you didn't see something was off until Jeff Johns brought – like, you know, came on and said that this is what happened. Yeah, I, I – At that point, no, it was I mean, Jordan But you crazy. knew he was Parallax at that point. Well, no, yeah, and he had a whole new outfit. You know, you, yeah, you, you had a different like, look about him. Because to me – 
I, I don't. You know, we can speculate. Yeah, no, the only they, thing that I think that you're saying is, when, is something. Is, yeah, well, is when she's her, saying not, about Sinestro and all that, it her. doesn't throw me off at all. She's trying to get the Yellow Lanterns to leave. That would be the only reason they're not going to leave for her now. If she's like, oh, if she starts yelling about Sinestro and stuff, they get all fired up. That's all yeah, I. Yeah, and that, it's just the whole thing, you know. The but what's way getting she, her so pissy in the first place? That's the thing. You know, this seems it just seems uncharacteristic of her. It sounds. It seems uh, very uncharacteristic. That's the whole point. Is that we've yeah. had a like this big like you know like a uh, development of her character throughout the Sinestro series that we had in the New Fifty Two, where she hated her father. She yeah. came around to her father's side a bit, but once he did the Fear Engine at the beginning of the series, she hated him again. Took. Yeah. Control of the whole thing, and the idea where she all of a sudden she's all about the era of her her father. So no, like I, I thought I think that itself. Like, I think she feels betrayed by Kyle. Her over. Yeah, I think she she feels betrayed by Kyle, and Kyle was one of the main reasons why she was going to try to make this work. And then he just lied and and killed her son that they were going to have later, and and she's just pissed. I we'll see. Because I really – I think that they would be a little more – you know, you'd get a little more hints for people who don't even know when, you know, uh, freaking Hal was uh, pa- Parallax, uh, Parallax yeah. and stuff like that. These are people in Rebirth. They're not going to know what happened, like you said, in the New 52. They're not going to know that she – this – all this is is, oh, the daughter of Sinestro's now up. Uh, She's pissed now, and now she's going to be, you know, the next bit. Her dad, she thinks, is dead, and she's going to, you know, go for it. I think that they would have been a little more, you know, forthcoming with something to give you more of a hint that's not just a hint for people who read, uh, you know, issues 10 years ago. It's just there's not that much to me that a new reader who just read this book would know anything different about Sornik. Uh, you know, we there's not even a point. care about new readers. There's not. Cars. I know, but I'm saying there's not even a thing where Kyle's like, you're acting different. You know, not even that. Not even Kyle's that. Not saying saying. He's, a to- he's a total. I mean, he has been browbeaten. This is what we call battered husband yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just I I I get the idea that again. I always we always have these theories, and ninety nine point nine percent of the time we're always wrong because we look too much into these things. I I guess I'm at the point where you have to show me something to get me, and it's not just her calling him Alley Rat. I need no, it's Alley Rat. It's the way she's presenting herself. It's the whole thing. It's so out of she, she renames herself Sarnik still... Sinestro. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that. that she's oh, obviously yeah. embracing Sinestro to some degree. There, it's a little. No, uh, I think she's embracing him. Weird. I do think she's embracing him because I think she feels very uh, slighted by Kyle, who she actually was falling in love with. Uh, that we maybe knew they were. Maybe it's get no together. more complicated than she's just on coke. Yes, and and also I would guess. I mean, I know it can change in the future or whatever. But you would think that once she realizes she breaks free of it or whatever with that, like she would have become a Green Lantern uh, a couple issues ago when Kyle kept begging her. She didn't want to. She kept saying, "No, no, no. I got to do this. I got to fix things and whatever." So I just I don't know if this is just the next progression of her having enough, and it's the way to get the Yellow Lanterns away because they obviously don't want this union anymore in this book. I think that. They've had some yellow this. lanterns, and, and this well, is they're this now is green, lanterns, really so there's that. no yellow lanterns in there, they That's convert true. to but, green. But, but so, the fact that some yellow lanterns wanted to stay yeah, behind, they said they said they, go, they I was want, like, This yeah. is a complex situation, you know, this really becomes. Almost verging on like boring political bullshit, but it isn't. It wasn't boring. Yeah, I don't want to put okay. it down, but 
if you read about this in the paper, you'd be like, come on, get it together, guys. It's but basically, it all leads. <laughs> all this just leads to the Yellow Lanterns fighting the Green Lanterns. They, you know, the of Yellow course. Lanterns oh, decide they're going to kick ass. And they start fighting. And then, oh, my God, that, that page where Hal is standing there, that back of his and that neck is ridiculous. So sexy. Uh, yeah. When he's like, so what now? I'm like, you guys stop doing those shrugs and, and lay oh, off the goodness. juice. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Nice. Uh, but, yeah, you have Arkillo and uh, – guy kind of like facing off and like you know what i we have a good thing going buddy but if this is going to happen it's going to happen and i like our killo says you know what I, i'm yellow lantern I, whatever happens i i have to be yeah. following the yellow lantern so i'm sorry about that but it's going to happen they start fighting and everybody's going but no one it. wants to swing first no you know? no yeah. especially guy, and guy, Arkillo. guy wants him yeah, to have I mean. the first blow our to... wants him to have the first blow so in my mind everybody's fighting they're just standing there waiting for yeah. whoever's yeah. to through the first blow and yeah, i like it and i like what guy says says you know basically i've ruined every friendship i've ever had so i'm not i'm not going to do it for once i'm not going to be the guy who ruins friendship and our doesn't want to do it either and it's pretty good. I, I do like that. Uh, but yeah, that the, they go at each other, and then all of a sudden, John calls out his uh, Katma freaking right. uh, override. And that's one thing too. It's like they throw the name Katma. Katma Tui was uh, John Stewart's wife. She was a Koragarian as well, and uh, she died though. The whole I'm trying to look for a way that this would mean something, like kind of like you know, it's you I just use the name Katma Tui. I, I know, but the whole wink. thing, like, you know, to be the override to the Yellow Lens is like, it, it just seemed odd to me. Because I just, I was trying to think into it, like, why would he use this for the override to the Yellow Lanterns? It just seemed odd. It just seemed like one of those names. Hey, uh, Katma, that's something that people can go and look up and shit like that. I'm, that's all. Uh, that's all. I, I know. I, I just was looking for a deeper meaning to it because, because you know, I don't that think John up for a long yeah, time. Yeah, no, because it's going to be done now. I mean, it's an override to the battery yeah, that I, they I built that know. they disassemble at the end. So I it's, think the continuity know. kids sidled up to the bar and said, yeah, "Pour I me think... a double shot of the Green Lantern Corps, please." <laughs> I think they're just giving you a wink, wink, so that you're like, "Ooh, that's, yeah, that's what all. he's doing." Hey, well, but yeah, and, maybe we'll be something more. This is one of those things. Which is what Eric thought was might happen and was worried was going to happen so shout out to eric he saw that possibility for john stewart to have control the yellow lantern rings the thing is like we have this catman protocol which does shut down the yellow lanterns from using it against the green lantern he calls it the green impurity like we used to have with the yellow impurity and the the green power battery but when we start like you know they, dis- they disassemble the main power battery for the Yellow Lanterns after the Yellow Lanterns leave. And in my mind, once that power battery is gone, they make a new one. There's no more green impurities. So it's like no. John says he won the war between them. Like, this isn't going to last, though. This no, I, just yeah, right I just now. think you he means the right battle. now. You just, yeah. The war is not over, John. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, well, he says. She's like, this isn't the end. And he's like, I know. You want to go? You stay on the straight and narrow. I just think he means this one. Yeah, because It's just it when he talks to uh, Ganthet and said at the end, he's like, you know, I won the war between the Green Lanterns and the Yellow Lanterns. I'm like, no, no, you did it, John. They're going to go off and they're going to build a new power battery. They're probably going to go to Quard and fucking build a whole new one. And that's where Sinestro and Alyssa Drac are. So everything's going to go back to the way it was. Yeah, yeah. That's wow. what's going to happen. Because, yeah, the, the <laughs> Yellow Lanterns just fly off. She says, come on, Sinestro, Quard, and me, they fly off. Off. Like like Reggie said, some of them decide to stay. John says, "That's a listen. cool aspect." I like yeah, that. Yeah, he says, "Listen, yeah. some of you who uh, you know believe in what we're doing, I know you're out there. You know, stay, and you'll be Green Lanterns. They do make them Green Lanterns. I don't it trust just them seemed, at all." It seemed like a, 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 you know, it's maybe a dozen. It's not like so many of them yeah, stayed yeah. that it was overwhelming, but something that seemed I don't know that would have really happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. It oh, yeah, seemed yeah. realistic to me, even though we're talking about 
green and yellow lanterns and all kinds yeah, of crazy yeah. things. But this well, seems just like, plus it, space it a, saves here, so that's great. Exactly, and I love space save from what we got before at the yeah. Starco arc. But the whole thing is like we had this great callback to what we had at the beginning of this run, where we had the fear engine that Sinestro was budding, and some of the lanterns, like the yellow lanterns, like we see here. They weren't about, you know, no. like they actually wanted to do good. They wanted to use control right. through fear, but the way Sinestro was going about it, that was a little too far for them. Like, you know what? Maybe we should step back from this craziness because this isn't what we're all about, everybody. Yeah, to me, about order, you know, that's to me, thing. what they were, what Sinestro wanted to do is basically a fireman who starts the fires. He yeah. wanted to cause the fear so that they can rule by the fear. They just wanted to be the order of the universe that that are feared, almost like a Batman who wants to be feared to, to have order. And yeah, they were against him. So I did like it. I, I don't know about them being Green Lanterns. I don't trust any of them. And I hope that there is a fail safe on every one of those goddamn rings that John has. There'll be a thing, I'm sure, but you know, I think some of them are going to be close you, they, It's too they, much they'll, speculation. We'll they'll, get, they'll get bullied. They'll, they'll get bullied in the lunchroom. People won't sit with them. They'll fucking, you know, tear yeah. the other way. Uh, but yeah, in the meantime, you have, through this whole thing, Tomar 2 uh, has been and and this is the thing where we're waiting for this twist with Tomar too, and there is none. He did what no. he did. He did why he doesn't want it. trial. He, he just wants to be locked yeah. up. And in, he, he, and he, was one point, to, he was ready to kill himself too. Yeah. Remember to to no, stop he the said, well, give well, him, suicide, but yeah, to me, stop yeah. the fighting. He was like, give give me over. Let him yeah, kill me. Give Let's me over. And and then basically says, listen, we don't have to waste money and time on a trial. Yeah. I'm guilty. Just fucking yeah. put me in. You know, put me in the side cells. And but says, you know. I, I want to do – I tried to do what I was supposed to do, and Hal through the whole thing is still a friend to him, and he's like, listen, I, I, I'm with you. You know what? You just did the wrong thing. You can't be that sort of thing. But he does say, listen, uh, goes to John and says, is there any way you can get his ring to go to uh, Zadarian? Because he wants yeah. to pass on that legacy. Fin, and, we need another thin head beak face on the yeah, team. Yeah, you yeah, always right, need do. one. Yes, and it will probably legacy. be you – know, yeah, yeah, and he wants it, and then we go, and then we actually see a call out. It seems to that annual. Was it an annual? Or was it just the regular? Yeah, I think story it was just a one shot with the grandmother. It was, grandmother it was after like the, the second. Yeah, it was like right after one of the arcs. Yeah, they it was one of those that at that point we're like, Jesus Christ, we're getting nothing, and now we have this story. But it's a nice callback to that uh, lady yeah. who ends up becoming a grandmother and telling the story. Like Eric said, never mentions the fact that Tomar too was a murderer and is in jail. But yeah, it's pretty cool. I like that. Revisionist history. Yes. And then, you know, John uh, goes to Ganthet and Sade and says, you know, you know, I I appreciate you guys staying out of this. And I said to Eric at work, I said, you know what? I really like that call out because they have been out of it. And at one point, I never at one point thought, where the hell are they? Why aren't they involved with this? I like that they stayed out of it because it was it's something new. It's not their business no more. Yeah, it was I, something I new. John was trying. Out, they were probably smoking a dupe. They had no idea what the hell was going on. They showed up and John's like, hey, I appreciate you staying out. They were like, all right, yeah. Dave's not here, that, man. That was yep. totally, that was totally, so you could learn better leadership, not because we were eating Oreos. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, and then you have, you have Guy, he's looking at the yellow uh Yeah, we got a little animal house here. Being like, destroyed. Uh, he, he's looking he's looking upset you see kyle there looking in the mirror where it says some of us suffered scars he's got that fucking branding uh and then you see tomer too he's in the he's he's in prison with you notice in kyle's bathroom he has uh towels monogram with the green oh, yeah, lantern he's got logo. the green lantern towels why i would i would have liked if he had some white lantern towels from back in the day he's like you know that was when he was fancy and he stole those yeah. towels. Oh, he's, he's like what am i gonna throw them away 
It'd be funny though. You don't realize, towels. Reggie, those are construct towels. They don't even oh, work. Really? They're, they're yeah. just like constructs. They're very hard edged and actually cut you if you use them. Yeah, I wouldn't suggest it. More of a squeegee, it. really. Yes, a towel. yes, it just gets you. But yeah, then Willie uh, Mays here. Yeah, John, yeah, John's <laughs> there, and uh, like Eric said, he does. Here's, say, here's another picture of John Stewart, though. I just don't like so this last weird. one. This smile looks so shitty. I don't know so why. Weird. He looks bad. He looks like I, that, I don't like that look. That if is you the know, worst look at John Stewart. I'm in my telling mind you, if you know uh, the Dallas Cowboys, he looks like Dak Prescott. But uh, you know, that's that's a not. deep cut. That's a deep cut, Dak Prescott there. But yeah, he says to him, and I, I actually like that he says the long war between green and yellow, will and fear is over, because that just shows that. The whole thing is all about him. It has been this whole time with him. Like all the, he had all the, you know, he's even the one, he's the only one who knew there was this override and stuff like that. He actually thinks he's won. Uh, That's fine. I I think that it's a little, you know, big headed thing to say. And you even have Ganthan and Sater, like they're not very happy. But he's like, I guess we're going to get to what you've been bringing your hands over. Like that's a weird way to get to the next arc, you know. Yeah. We'll see what's going on, but uh, we end then uh, with seeing that uh, in the antimatter universe, the planet Quard, you see there that it's Alyssa Drac and uh, Sinestro, and Sinestro is a burn victim. If you, yeah. he's yep. he's freaking completely. He's looking like a destroyed. pile of beef jerky. What do yeah, you think of yeah. that, Eric? You like that? It, it looks terrible, but this is well where they show up in Quard because like even Alyssa Drac points out that they believe that they were dead from what how Jordan did to them. Yeah. And it was um, when, like, uh, uh, Sornik started, like, you know, sinestroing out, and you saw the spike of her fucking fear. It seems that was the energy that brought them back. Like, they yeah. were just stuck in the freaking, like, the power of the fear. Oh, well, and, and like, remember, too, too that crazy yeah. deal in the beginning of uh, the New 52 that we talked about in the New 52 review, that he has that failsafe, that whenever something goes wrong with him, and that his ring will react, and they go. But that's when he was in the, the power, the power battery. battery. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's crazy things. But even then, he looks like he might be awake there. But he's just fucked up, so I don't know. But then the rings He'll light be up. Fine. He'll How do you know if worry. anybody's awake when their eyelids are burned off? I don't know. The yeah. one, the ones there, the ones close. So who knows? And he looks like he's going err like that. Fine. <laughs> he has but no yeah, lips, Jim. His his yellow ring just lit, and then she's like, "Oh my lord!" But that's the other thing. It seems like the way they're spelling it out is he has just kind of become something again that, that's why it's, it's I, a weird I, it sounds like he shoved the construct dildo up her the way she's it like oh be. my lord oh, she's got very, a hard on very exciting Boing. what did what did you give it reggie so i did enjoy the issue uh I, you know i thought it kind of did have some low points though i was uh a lot of yakety yak a lot of uh don't talk exposition back. and i wasn't it was unusual for me to look at an ethan van skyver green lantern book and feel like there were really panels i had real problems with uh but it was a good issue and this is a good series and i ended up giving it a seven out of ten okay i'm a lot higher because i just like uh finally we're getting i've been uh, you know bitching and moaning that we're not getting anything to move forward this moves things forward though it says next it's like a new god story but the thing getting the yellow lanterns out uh, i like because i think that they were running into a dead end with it anyway i i didn't want a book that kept going on and on and on about how we got to get along and we're going to do this and that together though I wish that during the time we would have seen more team ups and them going about and doing things, which we yeah. never got. But with this and the, the whole Sornic thing, the Sinestro at the end, it's pretty pretty good cliffhanger for this. Uh, I'm gonna go eight five. How about Whoa. you? Yeah, 
I, I like the art in this book a lot. You guys had some issues, but yeah, I, I enjoyed the Ethan Van Sky for the most part. Like Jim said, the Green Lantern, like the color, it's a little bit dulled out compared to the Sinestro, but it was still a bright book overall. But the whole thing is like, I really wanted to see more of the Sinestro core and the Green Lanterns working together because all we had was them come together, bicker, and now they broke apart. So we yeah, never really got to see I any of the thing. Out. Like they, them actually policing the universe. They're just, you know, where they went out and they were collecting other Sinestro core rogue members. And that's it. And then everything fell apart. And we didn't even get the trial. So every, it, it just all seemed too forced. And then, like, you know, whether or not Sorenak is, you know, possessed by Sinestro or whatever, or just uh, like the fear entity itself. It was just so out of character, out of nowhere, and just the fact that nobody, these friends of hers who have known her for years in the Green Lantern Corps, not saying anything about it or bringing anything up, it just felt wrong to me. And I do look forward to going ahead, not for the New Gods arc, because I hate the goddamn New Gods, but, you know, exploring <laughs> the whole Sinestro Corps shit further, I do look forward to, but I would give this a 7.5 out of 10. All right, we're going to go to the next book with Reggie, which is my least favorite book of Reggie's for the night. Whoa! Yeah, I didn't like it at all. I'm actually well, there was sick a, of this Not book. a lot happened in it, to be honest with you, but... Uh... Yeah. Whatever, Go there were, there were moments, it really is all in the dialogue, but we are talking about Suicide Squad number 22, written by Rob Williams, art by Augustin Padilla and Adriana Lucas. It's been a hard half day, and we've been chilling near a bomb. It's been a hard half day, standing around like nothing's wrong. But when we get home to you, the very first thing you do is send us to get the dark night. When Boomerang runs, everything seems to be right. When we catch up, all we do is threaten his life. Life, yeah, it's been a hard half day. We should be getting something done. It's been a hard half day. Even a board game might be fun. Because when we get home to you, the very first thing you'll do is send us to get the Dark Knight. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the thing I, about this I, issue, and the thing I just, I just want to say is, like, it's basically 20 minutes. Yeah. I, right? I, Isn't the whole issue about... It's not even 20 minutes in my mind. Hour. In one fucking room. Tim, why did it take me so long to read it? Huh? <laughs> no. Boom. I just, I, I'm to the point, and I want to just, Your like you're saying. literacy is not Rob Williams' problem. No, well, yeah. uh, unfortunately, I'm making it his problem now. Uh, you know, it, I can't read. Uh, no, it's not, it's just, it's the basic thing for me is I just was not interested. It's not interested at all in this. Uh, this, this whole series now, we're at issue 22, and I couldn't tell you that I have any reaction to this book at all. It, it's not even like we we make the joke that Dan Abnett seven. This is the Suicide Squad like six to me anymore. It's there's nothing that goes on in this book that ever excites me at all. And then we start up the next issue, and I'm like, here we go again. We're gonna get a lot there's of this. So we have England. so like in this in this one, I liked Enchantress. Fucking yeah. with like the shit that's supposed to be funny, it usually works on me, you know. That yeah, was that I, was supposed to be funny. I was chuckling. I wasn't. It wasn't belly laughing, you know. Yeah, but yeah. I was, I was also kind of like, all right. So they froze some time. They yeah, that, that's the fine. Blowing up. Now let's hang out for like twenty minutes. Yeah, and well, that's the problem with me. Is yeah, chat. like what's wrong with you? She she froze time last issue, and we spend the whole issue explaining what happens when she freezes time. And then we real, you know, and nothing. And then also you have Amanda Waller running down the goddamn road without her shoe. 
and a kid, uh, and then all of a sudden she's gonna have her an shoe epiphany. Fell off, Jim. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my shoe! shoe. And they they were stairs. pointing at me. The, the, the thing is, then she's gonna have an epiphany oh, because a little kid offers her a goddamn ham sandwich like a goddamn bum. I, you know, I am telling you, it's nonsense. It, it's Amanda nonsense. Says, no pork on my fork, kid. Yeah, and then, then you have, you know, Boomerang. Harley finds out that Boomerang killed Hack. But again, this is something that's been hanging on in this book now for 12 issues at least. She should have killed. She fucking killed every. She killed people for, like, stepping on her shoes. You yeah. know, she murdered two guards yep. in uh Bell Rev, because they, they looked at her funny. Yeah, or whatever. they looked she at her weird. Like how they, you know, she should she should have killed them. And I'm not saying we couldn't then, uh, you know, bring Boomerang back. That's already happened in this series. I, so I, I, like I, to I, me, I, for her not to not to kill him to me was just yeah. made. Yeah. No yeah. sense at all. To me, I think this book desperately needs a new team. We need some new blood. I'm getting really sick and tired of these same characters doing nothing. Look, nothing. Okay, especially Katana has had nothing yeah, to do with this entire At one point, I thought so Katana far. was actually going to kill Harley. I thought it would be hilarious. Whatever. And when they're like, they're going to cut off freaking Boomerang's hands, I'm like, yeah, do it. I want to see yeah. something like that. I want to see something different. Give me something that's a an oomph moment that I'm going to say, wow. Wow. You know what? That's fucking and, and, awesome. And this it's the craziest part is that it. we have all this stuff going on where we have Harley taking charge. You know, it's a complete character change for her, which yeah. I found interesting last issue. Here it's us standing in a room while she's downloading information. Yeah, downloading information while people freaking torn ke- apart by Enchantress and yeah. done by Magic. The thing is, the most like the thing I cared about the most in this issue was Amanda Waller sitting in a chair being interrogated by Director yeah. Carla. Yeah, and I'm like, okay. it's just them talking just with the whole idea and, and, about and, like what the what's going on with the worldwide Suicide Squad that Amanda Waller yeah. inspired. Now that yeah, I, I, that I don't mind interesting. that. But uh, like it's just them talking in a room in a blacked out room, and that's the most interesting part of this issue. Well, to me. and, and the, like, the thing with Harley. Bullshit. The thing with Harley that drives me nuts is they're there, and how many times is Deadshot or somebody else at that's your plan? So that's your plan? They keep saying it. I'm like, just shut the... F- I, I, just, I, I really... I, I wasn't... I was... And I, I'm acting like... Not acting, but I, I'm not even that angry. I'm just angry I have to talk about it because this book, by now, it just bores me. It doesn't do it. Like, we sit Every here time and it, we think it's found its footing, yes. it lets us down. And it, it, me and Eric at work, we have a lot of free time. We sit and talk about things. Sometimes we'll just say, hey, you know, what books do you think have improved in the last six months? Or we'll say, you know, what books would you – I think today, actually, there was the thing like, what are your least favorite books? We were throwing some books out. Right, right. This doesn't make it down to that list. No. But it, it's stuck in between. It's in, it's in this weird stuck purgatory where it is. It's stuck where it's never getting anywhere close to being on my pull list, but it's not bad enough. But no, yet, it, I it's don't care. And I will say it's definitely gotten better in the last six months. It has, but it's still, I'm, I'm it at a point. Better, I don't care. I would have recommended it to anybody. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of dull. And really, for the number of things that happen in this issue, it, it's, we pretty much have listed them all off already. Except we have. For the very I, end. I'm telling you, we're almost Amanda done. Amanda Waller is like, she joins up, obviously, with the people's idea. And she sends the Suicide Squad to go 
get and Batman and Killer you, Frost. Well, and that, like so I said, like though, the, the, the thing is that whole idea where you know Director Carla is turning Amanda Waller to his line of thinking yeah. and shit like that, where she does uh, tell the but suicide. But then the squad, kid yeah. wants to give a sandwich, Eric. That's what turns. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm saying that's fucking bullshit too. So I'm, I'm not stupid. even talking about it. But the thing so is, when we stupid. get like you know Amanda Waller on and she sends the Suicide Squad out, like, all right, we have this metahuman problem. We have to save the people. So I'm sending you to kill uh, Killer Frost and Batman. Batman's not a goddamn metahuman. No, what the fuck I, I are you actually, doing? The whole thing is, I actually is a think it's different. I think she's calling them to help her uh, to Maybe get rid of this. Go I don't the think people. And I, yeah, it's, no, I, I agree. It's too, I don't think she's just say following him totally. Maybe this is her way of a summer. No, yeah, the, wall is, the wall is not or so really, you know, like do something that she doesn't think is like. No, I think the thing is the wall yeah, is yeah. calling the two people that she has something on. Batman has already agreed to look after, you know, Killer Frost, Killer Frost. and she has a connection with him. So she's going to yeah. call him. That's all I think it is. But at the I same think time, what, I think that the red herring is that if you were going to take out the world superheroes, you would take out the, the smartest one first, yeah, yeah. Batman. Or, you know, if you don't or, get Batman, Batman's going to fuck you up down the line. Yeah, or if you want to protect them, you go to Batman first and that say, too. listen, I, I think what you're saying, that. Jim, is more like if she's going to capture them to recruit them, she's probably going to try to put a brain bomb in Batman's head. We'll yeah, see how that I, goes, you know. Yeah, she tried but, to uh, do that That's before, essentially just... what I think is happening. Um, you know, I, did, I don't love the art in this. I, I didn't, didn't like either. I'm telling you, I was very disappointed. It was all over the place, yeah. and, and really, it's just really open for the, some reason. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't the problem with the book. You know, I definitely, I'm okay with it, but it wasn't anything like Tony Daniel. Yeah, and there's there's stuff. not there's nothing really to go much into from what we saw, what we said. You have uh, Harley while the bomb is frozen because Enchantress wants to freeze time so that Killer Croc does not die. Uh, Harley just decides to start downloading shit out of the people's, you know, freaking uh, thing. She finds Network, out that yeah. Harcourt was with them all along and then finds out that Hack was killed by uh, Boomerang, which I don't know why they would have a record of that. It just, seemed, what is it? Is it a fucking <laughs> diary? Like, dear diary, that Boomerang killed him later on. It's just ridiculous for the them to have had a record. Man, there's no reason to have a record of that. It's stupid. But she finds out, and she's upset because, you know, that was a hack did, uh, you know, she was a fangirl of Harley's. That's the only real connection because, again, like you said, Reggie, she should have killed Boomerang because she has killed people for less. I also go the opposite way of also thinking like, eh, what does she care? You know, you go, but just let Boomerang go, and, and he's running out into the snow anyway. Just let him die on his own, which they do leave him to Basically freeze to do, death, yeah. which you know that's the worst thing to do if you want to kill somebody because it's not going to happen. In It'll the meantime, fun. you have Deadshot who ends up, uh, you know, he's going to experience pure hell by being ripped apart. I, I didn't even get what was going on with the art half the time. And you and have, I was actually mad, too, with the Amanda Waller, like going back to the director, Carlo, and he's giving a spiel about how the superhumans are like you know yeah. like we're the collateral damage of whatever so we got to take them out to have like take back our planet and we see the freaking you know the screens that we're doing we see the justice league we see the anti-monitor which was just odd to me no. <laughs> but then we see a group of villains and i'm like and lex luther's leading the charge of the superman costume like that doesn't feel right either yeah yeah just, you, you just, just don't want you just don't ever want lex to go bad again but I'm no telling i don't you, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm don't the most either interesting thing that's happened to lex luther in the past 40 happen. years 
Yeah, going I, to I just I'm looking at these. Jim, like, do you think one problem you have with this book is that Amanda Waller got a ham sandwich and you didn't? You didn't I want a ham sandwich, and really, <laughs> I, I don't think. Bummed. Number one, I think to myself. I would never pick up now again if this was a man who was laying in the in the street I don't think that family would have picked them up I, no. But it's a woman. They pick her up. They put her in the back seat with their little kid. Know. Who knows what the fuck this is? I, she could be a drifter. That uh, she doesn't have a shoe on, and she's there, and she's mumbling shit about people being after her. Now I'm Has afraid that yeah. Now I'm afraid that somebody's gonna come up and and knock the car off the road. My kid's gonna get killed. I'd be like, I'm letting you off here because they're like, hey, why don't you call the cops? I can't call the cops. Uh, yeah, you have to get out of the car. I don't want you here. Also, is teaching that little kid the worst lessons that you could ever teach nowadays. It's yeah. like, yeah, see, we look, see look, a lady. This book, uh, up, this, fucked up people from the street. Yeah. This book might be teaching you it's okay to help people on the street like this. The message we're trying to send is don't ever pick up dirty fucking hobo hitchhikers because no. they'll kill you. And don't, don't give them a anyone. sandwich. The sandwich, they're going to get a What's taste amazing- for it is that this is not the worst instance of child endangerment in my books this week. So yeah, that's... Yes, no, that's that true. That's true, but really, I so like I just said, you don't want the hobo <laughs> to get a taste for the ham sandwich because they're going to go back to the source and slice your throat. And that's what's going to happen. But even that, even with the director, Carly, you don't get enough of what's going on. You just get this really... You know, very generic, cliched, you know what? We work for the people. That's why we're called the people. You know, we're the people. And the people need help. You know, we're the people. And people, people, like, people. Yeah, I'm, I've had enough. And, oh, the meta here. I actually thought that they were going to start talking about the metal. And I, I was I, like, I here, we that, so like, here we go. Here we go. And, and uh, while I don't mind it being in some books, this one I would have I would have went nuts. I would have been like, you son of a bitch. Because he does even have that metal fucking eye thing that I don't understand. It may happen. I just, I, I just don't. You That's don't even get fashion. really how she really escaped and things like you know. It's so generic. It, it's well, she didn't escape. She he let her go. I think well, is the idea. she I think, I, unless I, she was on board, but no. Yeah, I. I but she looks get... escaped because she because she has to keep the people. Agenda under wraps. I you, see how, you see I wheels even, within that's wheels, the thing. folks. The art must Who's have fucking ruined me then, because I thought that she had a knife and cut herself out and ran out. I, I didn't know. Uh, yes, because I'm looking at it now, and it's just, I, I guess, yeah, you see, he has the knife. Uh, fuck this book. I, I fucking hate it. I really do. Now I'm past the deal. What did you give it, Reggie? Uh, I don't know why. I must have been feeling really good about it. Maybe I read a great book right before it, but on the side, I gave it a 7.5. Yeah. Looking at it now, I'd give it a 6.5. Yeah. I'd, I'd give it a fuck you five. Uh, yeah, there's nothing in this book. There. There's nothing in this book. What if you had gotten the ham sandwich? Would then I would have given it a 5.1. 5. 5. All right. Uh, now, wait a minute. Was Would this be, now I'm just going to ask you, is this honey ham? Is honey it, ham or, Swiss with mustard. Or is it Black Forest no, ham? Which one is it? Is it honey uh, ham or Black Forest I would ham? Do, I would say honey ham. And I think okay. Swiss with mustard. Or even, listen, you, you yeah. don't be, a little Dijon. Yeah, okay. Little you keep phone. going. Keep going. Because right now, you're up to a 6.5. Uh, <laughs> anything else in the sandwich? Anything uh, else? Maybe a, maybe a little seedless rye? Is that all right with you? I don't mind. Okay. You're going. <laughs> you're still good. Anything else? Is this the full sandwich? You want to keep going? Uh, you want to keep try? You want to try to get up to an 8? You keep going? Or Reggie, are you going to keep stop? vegetables off the sandwich? At all. Damn it, I, 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 I was, was waiting say, for lettuce. Now it's a just, 2. Just I know. Put, some, put some crunch berries on it. 9.5. 9.5. No, if you had the rye, ham, Swiss, Dijon, 
I'm in. Oh, I might actually go and buy that shit oh, to make it tonight. That, sounds, really nice. that sounds good. If you would have said Black Forest, it'd already go down. I don't like Black Forest ham. I had. I know because it's German, and you hate all. Yeah, Germans it's too smoky heritage. flavored. I do not like like in a turkey. I like an oven roasted, not a uh, smoked. I do not like yeah. a smoked lunch meat. So there, take that, Rob Williams. Well, I hate the word lunch meat. So anyway, what, what's your story? How about luncheon meat? Would you like that better? It's That's a little even fancier. worse. Yeah. Way worse. What would you give it, Eric? I'm telling you, I don't like this issue very much because nothing really goes down except for the Suicide Squad hanging out in a room the entire time. Yeah. I found the like the most interesting part, like I said, was the director, Carl Amanda Walsh, because I want to see where that goes moving forward. And the art wasn't great, but it wasn't terrible as well. So because of this, I give it a 5.8 out of 10. Yeah, I, 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 am the, I am now the highest on the first book, the lowest on the second. Whoa. What is going to happen on the third here? Could Can this be, be the tiebreaker? We don't know. <laughs> could I tie with everybody? But uh, Reggie, tell us about it. It is Batgirl number 13, written by Hope Larson, art by Inaki Miranda and Eva De La Cruz. Living easy, living free. Esme on my back, and I'm jumping off a tree. She's so little, past her bedtime. But I'm still in the mood to fight a little crime. Don't need a reason, don't need a cause. Hey, look, here's Catwoman, try to avoid her claws. Burnside life is party time. You can rock all night, although you're only nine. I'm doing child endangerment. Child endangerment. I'm guilty, child endangerment. Uh, uh, uh. Child endangerment. Come on now. <laughs> there we go. I, I so ended it with this my book. Let's just say in the beginning that this book does it is ridiculous and sucks. However, I think this has now crossed close to Anosenti comedy. I, I, I think that the problem is <laughs> it must because this is probably my favorite issue of this book really? since before oh Burnside. I because it was just a contained story. I think I the art that, yeah, it, is it the best art this week. Story. Oh no, that, I'm you, the art I have to agree. I was going to say it's the, the best art we've had the entire run Absolutely. of the series. Yes, it's and the best ever, art. in my mind ever since uh, Burnside began. Yeah, back it's, in the new it's the best so, art. And Naki Miranda, I, I don't know this person. I this they did a variant cover like two or three weeks ago. It was the first time I caught on to them, and I was like, wow, keep an eye on this shit. This is some. Yeah, and this issue looks terrific. It it's, really it's is great. great. If art, she so would stick with the book, I'm telling you, just the art itself makes me like this book so much more. She follows us on Twitter, so I actually it, talked it, to her. It and makes I like me her. like it so much more too. But the problem is, I got done this, and the type of story that we're telling here, it seems so far removed than from anything important in the DC comics to the point where. This feels like it's a uh, direct, like a, a digital first kind of issue because it's such a low key, childlike story. And I'm like, this is Batgirl. It's one of, now, in my mind, here's one of the, the best thing. freaking I'd members of the Bat have family. This. We have and not like, had any Batgirl stories that I've cared about now in over two years. So if they're going to make this I, book I into something like Harley, but this, you're not going to get it. 
they're not going to do it. All they're going to do is these – I take this a million times over her flying to fucking Japan and falling in love with a fucking villain that's going to live on oh, her I fucking agree. That's thing. Fucking and that's all we're going to well. get. If you but like end the stuff up, that we're doing in this issue is essentially in Super Sons last week, John and Damien going off and freaking saving cats from trees yeah, and helping yeah. freaking people change their tire. That's what Batgirl's doing now, it seems like, and that's infuriating to me. No, I, it's not infuriating to me because we haven't got what the story that you want probably in three years now. And we're not yeah, going no, to. I gotta, so I gotta say, Eric, you're, you're pining for yeah. something that's really. Yeah, this is not going to happen. I'm just, I'm just pining for Batgirl to be treated like a normal superhero. I want Batgirl to go to the, to be a senator again, okay? And that's been a long time since yeah, she did it, that. Like the they, late they, they're not going to give us that. <laughs> and if they're not going to, I at least want to have fun. And this is. It actually reminds me of like uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur and Marvel. But also, if you're going to say anything, I think that the way they can play this book. That is going to be a better way to do it is to turn it into a Harley-esque thing where it has its own little continuity going. You don't have to worry about it because they it have doesn't seem. They have little corner of Gotham, you know, like Burnside is. is no, they're not going to because thing. now next issue starts her going back with uh, Dick Grayson. I think that right. probably the Dick Grayson thing is the amount of issues where they want that all to be in a trade. They needed to have a one-off to go. I don't mind this because I was not infuriated. I. I know it's a goofy story. I know, and really, you have Catwoman like in Batman this. It's almost like Batman sixty six. Yeah, well, you have Catwoman in really, it. I'm telling you, when when Velvet Tiger's fucking henchwomen came out, I'm like, this is Batman sixty six. <laughs> it is, right yeah, here. and I I didn't mind. I'm telling. Well, we got if, that the last two issues too. If you're not going to get a Batgirl that's going to be important, I'd at least want it to be fun. And this is more fun than having her in a plane with Poison Ivy's fucking plant in storage and all that nonsense that we got. And there's a little girl that I liked. I liked her. A lot in this. The art was incredible. And she reminded I, me of Max a bit, too. Yeah, I really liked her. And the reason why I actually give a lot of props to Hope Larson is that she does have Catwoman in the book. And Catwoman in a book right now, as we saw in Batgirl and the Birds Batgirl of Prey, Birds Prey, it's yeah. a very sketchy proposition to have her in slow. there. This goes free and clear. There's no reason to be any upset because – and I, I'll, I'll tell you. There, this is paper thin, this whole thing, and to have yeah. it be about Instagram, but again, you don't have it Barbara. Barbara doesn't even know that Pixtagram what it is. So I'm like, right. okay, we're getting something here. Barbara Pixtagram. is not obsessed with bullshit, Pixtagram. I read, I read Batgirl of Burnside. She that, knows what it is. Yeah, and that's yeah. why I think it's better that we're like, okay, Barbara now, they're making her a older sister to this girl here. She's actually the hero who's trying to protect her. Now, again, this girl, right away, Batgirl should leave this girl at her house and then go and arrest her mother. Who's leaving yeah. her just there? And even though they also She's like, a oh, my, mother, come on, like my grandmom, she <laughs> falls asleep. And but even that, when the when the girl says, "Hey, my mom doesn't care about me," and Batgirl has no idea, and but lies and says to make her feel better, you know what? I think your mom's the hero. I just at the end of the day, this is and there you go with that. I I had fun. I had a lot of not a lot what, of fun, what about the I, thing I sent you early in the week too where No, uh, that's ridiculous. Back, Batgirl's it's like ridiculous. I thought a hut you live in South Birdside. She's like, Why well, I look poor and you know yeah. that, you know originally that wasn't poor. It was yeah. uh, the word black was there. Yeah, I'm sure black. the editor stayed I'm that black wow. and, uh, and then no, her make bullshit about like, Oh, Barbara Gordon told me about it. I was like, Give me a god. Yeah. Oh my god, when oh, she's ridiculous. Like, that's the end no sentence. I'm like and I'm sitting there, I'm like, you better, you're on a slippery slope yourself with giving away, who, like, your friend yeah, Barbara Gordon. Yeah. If anybody looks at you and just thinks about it, you are Barbara Gordon. Oh, your here's identity the, is if, 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 
I wanted to make this a little bit better than what I liked it. I would have liked it if this girl, almost like a Tim Drake, figured out right away that that's Barbara. Like, oh, yeah. Barbara, huh? And I would have like, okay, that's that's cool. This girl's not going to tell on her or anything like that. So I, I thought... Maybe she'll work it out, though, yeah. I mean, yeah, this, this I, really I, was a ridiculous scene to me. It's ridiculous. So this whole issue is ridiculous. Where all, basically, this little girl who is part of the coding club uh, that yeah. Barbara runs in Burnside. At the library. At the library. Also, it's just weird. Like, you must be from South Burnside. How can you tell? Because I'm poor. I'm like, it's such a weird... Why did she even say anything? Thing. She didn't even have to say that, but you, no. you had to remind people. But she's trying to find the a dog that was rookie. rookie. And when she said rookie, yeah, I'm like, you thought you it was the freaking the, the, yeah, police, so like the GCPD yeah, like the, pulled the like bat, bat suit. suit? Yeah. I thought it was the bat suit, and I was like, holy crap, this is crazy. Awesome, yeah. but, uh, rookie right. is a dog, a that they dog, found. a yeah. Instagram celebrity. And I got to say, guys, and I know that I know that you're very technologically savvy, so you'll do it right away. I follow mostly now foster cats. Yeah, I do too. Instagram, um, and it's fucking great. I'm telling you, this is, it's the way life should be. Yeah. I, I don't have a phone. I, I, I can't do the Instagram stuff. Yeah. The foster I, cat shit is very I follow dope. only dogs, and that's D-A-double-G. Uh, oh, you, yeah? You, you know, I'm from the Ag- street. You follow Snoop Dogg. Yeah, and in the meantime, you have this girl, and she's clever. She goes back to the house where Rookie was first found. And, you know, there's these little gang, these kids that are in this gang that kind of come out and they look like, you know, yeah. a little miniature version of the Road Warriors deal. Yeah, but this yeah, art right away. Trauma film. I was like, yeah. what the hell is this? And I don't know if Eric, if Eric thought the same thing, but right away. That's what I thought, actually, too. The class of Newcomb High, just little tiny yeah. kids. It reminded me a bit of the art and the whole style the of, of We Are Robin. It, it reminded me of We Are Robin right away, and uh, right. so I even like that. And they go on, and you know, Barbara comes down ba- as Batgirl and scares these kids away. And then they go on the look for this dog. And then in the meantime, somebody has snatched uh, Catwoman's favorite cat, and it just happens that they are—they were together, almost like they were celebrity couple. They were uh, part of an ad for this perfume, and they go off to find it. And the little girl—I like the whole idea that the little girl for right, the whole. I- I, li- I like that Esme is tagging along. I understand yeah. that was supposed to be the cute fun of it. I like, though, that she keeps so solving the crimes, wrong. though. Because so they're like, wrong. I know it's this wrong. Is not, I know. This is not the way. To, no, to no. Me, the typical, ba- Batgirl could have gotten this girl killed. Yeah, the typical yeah. comic book trope is that you, you decide between running after the criminal or saving the innocent. You protect the innocent, and that fucks you up with the criminal yeah. first. You know, that's a typical thing. No matter what. And then there's a way they could have. Batgirl could have dropped Esme off, for example, and then Esme could just come right out the fucking window. And yeah. you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying they should have written her out of the story, but putting her on her back—that was the most ridiculous. I just, fuck the only thing I that I could say to defend it is that at that point, I, I know that swinging around town is not exactly safe. Uh, but at that point, I don't think Barbara thought this was anything crazy. They were just going around looking for a dog. Catwoman's involved. And I like that Esme then figured out, like, the cats, because uh, Catwoman goes and, you know, tries to get the cats in this part of town to smell. Smell for Isis. For Isis. And they can't. And Esme is the one who's like, no, no, it's because the perfume. That's, uh, oh, you know what? You're pretty smart. And also it says, like, you know, but you know, Batgirl, uh, cats have a good sense of smell. Not as good as dogs and all that. I just liked it. I liked like the little girl, like I said, she did remind me a lot of Moon Girl in Marvel. Uh, I know, I know. You guys both went to your significant others and said, "Say, did you know that a, a cat can smell fourteen times better than a I human?" I did. 
I did I don't tell, tell them my that. girlfriend. <laughs> and then once once they went into this high rise, once the animals it. led them to the high rise, and they went in, and you had the uh, the tiger prints and stuff. I'm like, here we go. It's Velvet Tiger again, and yeah, she does it. And it so much. Yeah, it was at the end of the Burnside deal. But Velvet this was, Tiger was total Bill Dozier shit. I mean, she's, it she's totally even, was. She's yeah. just capturing celebrity animals yeah. just for the fuck of it. She's just yeah. like a, a kook that wants to have them in like you, her menagerie always, or whatever. Always looks hot though. I, I'm a big Velvet Tiger fan. That that is a good. That's one piece of butt. Eric, that, oh, there God. you go. But yeah, so she butt. even has her her uh, side that's characters. That's a nice that piece out. of butt over that, there. Hey, huh? that's a nice a piece of butt you got it going on there. Uh, but yeah, and then ask me again. She saves the day by saying, you know, grenade and throws out that that toy, and it ends up, you know, the dog's dog pile on freaking Velvet Tiger. I don't know what's going on under there. The dogs and cats. There's a lot of crazy stuff, and yep. Catwoman gets away. But really, she's not doing anything wrong here. No, so like she's said, her cat I, back. yeah, I don't mind that. I actually like it. Now it's ridiculous. Then the fire, the fire. I mean, look uh, how fucking lame is it? So you know, a you know panther or whatever a cat swipes back girl yeah, she's yeah, like yeah. ow and she can't catch her no fucking jump out the goddamn window what is wrong with she's you I, know, the the Again, I was just wondering what the hell she's even chasing her eh, there's no joke i, I, I better get my rabies if, shot if, I'm like, if you want to catch if you want to catch Catwoman. Yeah, go, go get her. her. You know what I mean? eh, they have to out. wait. The thing is, they're... right now, and it's, as far as Tom King's told us, everybody still believes she's killed 234 fucking people. We don't so know that do because, hey, I'm hey. going with what everybody tells me. I have to read between the lines, Eric, and she isn't known for that. That's the problem, see, you know. But the fire company comes to get Rookie, and they want to know if uh, Esme wants to make a pixtograph photo with him, and she doesn't want to have her mom find out that she's out and about. You know, that would be the worst, right? Because a little girl shouldn't be out superheroing. Uh, but they take a picture, which is the weirdest thing that Barbara's like, hey, I got an idea. Why don't we take a picture with our feet? Like, why? What is that? Because you want to take a picture because you want to be cool and show your friends. It, what? Hey, those are my feet. No, no they're sir. not. Yeah, but they Shut go. up. You're full of shit. She takes uh, Esme home and Esme says, you know, my grandmother falls asleep at nine so I can sneak out. My mom works all night and my mom doesn't care about me. And Barbara just says, no, no, she's a hero. She's trying to make everything right for you. So, you know, it, just go and, and go to sleep and whatever. And I, you know, good night and goes and then she's just sitting there thinking about things. And again, because we were done. I had a little bit of smiles and laughs. I, you know, even Velvet Tiger and like you said, the Bill Dozier stuff. Mm. At least I wasn't infuriated. At least I wasn't saying like, God yeah. damn it, Batgirl, why are you letting this guy sleep on your couch? Or why are you going after drunk drivers but are drunk? Why are you doing this? This actually is finally, if you wanted to tell me that that whole time in the Burnside run where they kept pushing and me and Eric kept going against it, that it was never a book for young girls. We, we really, not. and I I still stick with that, even though people will still say that that Burnside run, the new 52, was a run that's great for little girls. It's not. This is. This issue is. I know that you could. But even so, you have a girl, little girl being in danger. But if you're sitting yeah, no. there, that's what you dream of doing. You sure, dream sure. of I mean, going I, off I, with background. Plenty of little kid stories involve kids striking out on their own and yeah. having adventures. And so it I, just doesn't. In the, in the in what a hero does and no. I mean I, I guess what it comes down to is I have to readjust my thought of what that girl does because she doesn't act like the that's what girl. I said I, I when would, I'm so when I'm saying like to Eric to be. <laughs> until we end up getting a 
I mean, I'm talking a creative team change that we have, like somebody who comes right out and saying, listen, forget about this Burnside nonsense. Uh, we're oh, going my, back my, to, you know, you need a guy who, a guy or a girl, whoever the new creative team would come out and say, listen, I know that a lot of people like this, you know, lighthearted background and all this. Uh, I'm getting to back to the, you know, the the root of her and being a superhero and being, you know, in that. But again, I'll even point out when I was just saying that the whole thing where in the new 52 Burnside, the team Batman of uh, Fletcher, Cameron Stewart and Babs Tarr uh, would just keep saying, we're bringing Batgirl into the light. We want, we don't want a, a dark character based on dark moments and things like that. But yet their stories were just a different version of that. She was not a good person to me. This not she is. She's finally this. Maybe this is it. Maybe that whole Burnside thing. This is the one issue. That I'm like, you know what? This could have been what they were saying. And maybe, yeah. Again, that's not going to be an Eric Shea book. It's not. That's this isn't what not. you want. But if you want to make her a hero, that's an all ages hero, and you want her to be in the light, and not be worried about dark stuff and things like that. This is what they should have done. So maybe that's why. But I, I did like it. But what did you give it, Reggie? I gave it a six out of ten. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't know. If I'm, I'm on my soapbox. You fell asleep. I thought. No, I was like uh, just seconds before that. Uh, muted the mic to cough. But anyway, nice. I. Uh, you know, look through it again. The art, I think I like it better than the first time. Yeah. I really keep an eye on uh, Anaki Miranda. This yeah. is some incredible stuff. This last page, man, this, the way this girl's face looks, I just love it. Tell, just but the I don't, Velvet I don't really give a shit about incredible. kids or give a shit about what they have to read. And I didn't like yeah. a lot of the stupid incongruence of the story. I had fun laughing at the comic, which is a kind <laughs> of fun it. in itself. So yeah. I, I would, I'm going to bump it up a half a thing for the show and say a 6.5 out of 10. Okay, well, I say uh, if you actually, when we talk about stuff and we say, oh, uh, you know, that's uh, that's a Jim book or that's a Reggie book. If you really, really think about the books that I grab and there's yeah. stuff like the original Gotham Academy, like I said, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur and Marvel, when, when we all were Supergirl. picking Marvel books, Supergirl, stuff like that. These are actually the books that I really like. I like nice little issues that I have fun. And the only problem, the problem I think that with this issue is it just comes out of nowhere and it's there and you have to deal with it. But I can go with it. And like I said, if this was what the Burnside book was, it would have went real nice with the Gotham Academy. You could have even at this point, you could have even had Matt show up in this book. I mean, you really open up. If you're going to go full out, go full out. Go you see, full you have talk. children, so you don't hate all children, whereas no. Eric and I don't have that handicap. And, and, and I'll tell so you, much while I hate, hate strong much. women, you say, <laughs> I love precocious little girls and boys like that yeah. is my that's my cookie you know exactly. that's my fucking bread and butter like a damian wayne of maps uh, you know these are the characters that i really like and all of a sudden esme is like i want her in this book now i think that she's really cool but the problem is hope larson normally is trying like normally in this run i could go on forever Hope Larson seems to be stuck in this deal where she wants to show – she wants to have these darker stories. She wants to have this stuff that matters, but she can't fully go that way, and it's not good. This – all of a sudden, I think this is her niche. This is the kind of book that she should be writing, whether or not it should be Batgirl. Maybe it shouldn't be, and she has a, a book, Goldie Vance. 
I don't know if you're aware of that, Reggie, where she's I know like about it. I never this seen little it. girl, very much like Esme, who actually solves crimes in the hotel that her dad runs. And she kind of runs into runs afoul of the detective in the thing. Now, I only read a couple issues. I don't even know what's going on in that book now. But this is very much like that, and I really, really like it. I'm going to give it an 8-5. What do you think Whoa. of that? Yeah. I really, the art, to me, is near perfect. Especially yeah. for what it's trying to do and what this book is, I don't think I've seen art that is as good for what it's trying to do in a long, long time. It is really, really good. But Eric, what would you give it? I'm sorry, the art in this is the best we've gotten ever since the Batgirl Burnside started yeah. back in the Fifty Two. But even with that, the issue in the story we're dealing with, it just makes Batgirl a goddamn joke that seems like she shouldn't even be a superhero at this point in a world full of other superheroes who are out there making a difference while she's trying to find a goddamn little dog. I understand it's a one-off story, but if she was dealing with more important stuff most of the time, this would be a fun little like sidestep since this is the like you know the, mo the most interesting thing that she's done in her arc so far and just finding a fucking dog. I find it nonsense. And this is not the Batgirl I enjoy reading, and I just don't like this series at all. I give it a 5.5 out of 10. Yeah, I'm sad. My whole deal is she has been doing things that is supposed to matter, and it's been terrible. So I, I'd rather have this. I, uh, you have, like you said, we talk about Harley. That's her, its own book and off on the side. I'd rather have this Batgirl book be like this because we have not had her make a difference at all in, what, three and a half years? It, I'd rather have like it like this than book. have her yeah. dicking around with, you know, bad boyfriends. Well, what I would like, that's what I'm that's saying. Sure. They're only, we're only going to get one or the other. They're, they're not, this, this Batgirl, is, it's obvious this is not just the writer's. It's the editorial or telling them you cannot make her do anything that matters. You can't have her fight. You know, she ends up with the penguin in the book and she's trying to date his son. You know, that yeah. is a big overall she deal. Cool with she could have done the something. Does. They could have had her really make a difference. She's there in a book with the penguin and his bad son. And you end up, obviously, the editorial telling them, no, 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 this this is a book for young girls, and this is that, and you can't do that or this. Uh, I think that Hope Larson may have used this issue to be like, fuck it. If you're going to keep telling me to go this route, I'm going to go full out. I'm going to do it, and then we'll see what happens. But yeah, because of that, I didn't have to worry about her just being a fucking idiot. Out of, you know, when guys, any guy she falls in love with, because again, the next issue starts up with her falling back in love with Dick Grayson. And it's just going to be the same shit again. And I just, I like something different. So, but that is the end of that section. Those are your main books, Reggie. Once in every Welcome back to the Young Animal segment on the Weird Science DC Comics .com podcast. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And we have count them two Young Animal what? books. That's right to bring today. This is like a 
plethora, and one of them has been a real sleeper for a long time. But let's get to the <laughs> first one first, Chris. What, which one? What are we talking about here? Sure. Let's talk a little bit about Mother Panic number. Uh, we number ten or number yeah. nine? Oh, sorry, number ten. I mean number nine. You're right. Yeah, number yeah. nine. Whoops. Yeah, the other books are up to number ten, but yeah. uh, yeah, this is Mother Panic number nine, written by Jody Hauser with art by John Paul Leon. This is the third part and final part of a. Uh, was it Broken Things? <laughs> <Let me see. laughs> I don't remember the name of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, something like that. It's a co- uh, Victim Complex. Victim it. Complex. The last one was Broken Things. Yeah. Uh, now, this one we pick up uh, a little bit after we left off last issue. If you remember, Violet had uh, been on the pro- television program Impossible But True after uh, after deducing that – or after drawing a, a little bit of a parallel between uh, the other victims of the coroner bag killer mm-hmm. having uh, been on that show. So she went on that show. And uh, where we uh, start off, she's taken to hiding in plain sight in a dance club, hopeful that eventually that coroner bag killer will come a-calling. Uh She's, uh, you know, this uh, this dance club looks like it smells. Yeah. I, <laughs> this definitely looks like this. This is not the high class dance club she usually goes no. to. It's the this is the uh, blue collar club right here. Yeah, this is the the, the body odor club here. <laughs> and uh, she's uh, approached by a gentleman caller, but she sends him packing, and he uh, he dances away. He does. Uh, <laughs> now we. We jump into our first of two flashbacks, back to Gather House. Uh, this is where we see Violet, who is being called 17, if you remember. Uh, she's having a chat with Mother Patrick. Mm-hmm. The nun kind of lays into her for losing three sparring bouts earlier in the day, and uh, when Violet replies, she refers to her as Mother Panic. Mm, That's the name go. of the book. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the nun does not take kindly to this show of disrespect. And from the sound of it, Mother Panic is sort of a running rib around Gather House. Yeah, she, uh, she even says that vile nickname is forbidden. So this isn't the yes. first time she's heard this. And uh, so she backhands Violet, and we get the feeling that the worm's about to turn. Yeah, she's not going to be there for much longer in flashback territory. Mm. But now in the present, Violet returns to her home. Uh, that's just as Dr. Varm is getting ready to leave town for a little while. And she's, you know, kind of in love with Violet. And Violet sort of needs her to uh, handle the implant surgery as well. So Violet says, uh, was Varma planned for another doctor to come in and handle the implant surgery? Violet says, nope, you got to be the one to do it. So Varma reluctantly agrees to stay, perform the operation, because she loves Violet, of course. Another night, another hairdo later, Violet's at another club. She excuses herself and heads into the alley to take a swig from her flask. Just sort of, sort of struck me as weird too, but uh, it's why it, leave the bar to do that? I, you know, I mean, it's just, you know that 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 that's something that someone on a budget does. You know what I mean? But, sure. But maybe what's in that flask, Chris, is is not alcohol. So that's why maybe she not to do it. Uh, it's where she finds herself staring right into the barrels of the coroner bag killer's pistols. Uh, this character was given a name in the solicit, but we're going to ignore it because it's not in the book at all. Uh, He claims he's there to make her stronger. That is to say, if she survives this, she will come out of it much stronger. Stands to reason, even if it is stupid. Yeah, it's really making a big assumption. That's sort (laughs) of like, if if I raise my kid in poverty, he'll be a Picasso. That's that kind of theory. Uh, (laughs) So Violet beats the hell out of him, which is pretty satisfying, until she seizes up. You know, her implant isn't working, and she, again, goes into, like, I don't know, back pain mode, and she can't move. Uh, The coroner bag guy has the upper hand, looks as though he's about to put a bullet in uh, Vi's head when... Batman arrives and uh, beats the hell out of the bag. 
And uh, Batman's wearing his uh, his rebirth gear. He's got the That's little right. yellow outline on his bat and everything. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, this is this is gives this would give me the impression that this is happening in the same universe as certainly DCU Batman. But it, but you know we'll see how that plays out. Absolutely. Now, after beating up uh, the bag, it's revealed that he is a former PA for Impossible but True, named Larry Tullock. Uh, Batman tells Violet uh, he knows Violet is Mother Panic, and he tells her tells her that she's doing good work, but uh, razzes her a little bit for wearing white because it's a little unsubtle. <laughs> yeah. um, now after he vanishes, Violet flips off the empty air and calls Batman a smug asshole, which yeah, I don't know. I mean, she has been depicted as being kind of precious, <laughs> but yeah. uh, is that really the way you talk about the dude who just saved your life? Yeah, she's yeah. really she's not really a, a pro authority kind of gal, though. You know, <laughs> no. I wasn't surprised by that kind of comment. <laughs> now, as our wrap up begins, uh, we uh, see that girl in the hospital. If you remember her, mm. she's the one who was kidnapped by the blood painter and uh, also had her parents killed in the parking structure. She's had a bad few weeks. Uh, she receives a note with a cool, stylized Mother Panic helmet sketch on it, informing her that everything's been taken care of. Uh, we go back to the Mother Panic complex or compound and see Violet, her mother, and the former rat catcher have a sort of pointless conversation. I didn't see much of a uh, significance to every, it. Every, uh, every conversation with Violet's mother seems pointless, though, because she's so nuts, true. you know? It's like, and they, <laughs> if anything, they sort of reinforce the relationship here, you know? Sure. The rat catcher is sort of watching Violet's mother, and the rats do a lot of the heavy work. But yeah, it wasn't exactly momentous. Yeah. And then we end with a flashback, the second flashback. We've got Violet holding Mother Patrick off the ground by her throat. She pauses a moment and then snaps her neck. Uh, after which, she sets Gather House on fire, which I think we called several issues oh, ago. Oh, yeah. We, we could tell this. This was a place ripe for being set on fire. Yes. <laughs> and that's all she wrote for this uh, for this story arc. Yeah. Uh, there is, again, the backup that... Uh... You never want to read, and I don't blame you. No. This this one was even a little more confusing. It, this this whole thing seemed like they were just reiterating the stuff. That Everything that's read. happened, it's right? It's kind of a recap, yeah. and it ends more or less the way the last one ended. But I'll be honest, I wasn't. I was sort of okay because I kind of needed a recap to sort of parse everything that's <laughs> happened. I was like, oh, all right, oh, now I see kind of what's happening. Um, yeah, it's not great. I, it's really nothing yeah. more to say about it. it it's there's a. The guy's killing old heroes in Gotham, and uh, the this lady knows one of them, and that's really it. So, uh, yeah, what'd you think of this uh, issue? I thought it was great. I thought this whole third story arc was uh, fantastic. Uh, I yeah, I have a problem when I when I think about it in dollars and cents. Uh, yeah, we we've been talking this whole time. We've been doing Mother Panic, where you know we we said this book definitely has an audience, but didn't think we were it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think it's safe for folks that, that like us to try this book out. But it's it's hard to recommend because I mean we're we're going into like forty dollars worth of books here. Yeah, I and, mean realistically, I think if we were paying for it, we would not be. We would have stopped we, after the second issue, probably. Yeah, or you know, definitely the definitely the first three. I would I would I, yeah. I would have turned around and stopped. And you know, personally, I still don't think it's really. Our, you know, it's it's not far from a kind of book we like. It's not far from a vertical yeah. book. But the main character, even though we're becoming more sympathetic towards her, we're understanding Violet a lot more. I still don't really like her or want to read about no. her. And and you know, we could say that about a million DCU characters too. You know, it's not like sure. I, it's not like I need them all to be Aquaman or whatever. But uh, hmm. 
yeah, she, she's still a little caustic. However, that being said, uh, definitely a lot of character development over time. Sure. We've learned a whole lot about her. We've seen that she can be good in her own kind of anti-hero way. You know, she, you know, sent that, a note to that girl. And I like that little uh, symbol. Yeah, the, the, the helmet symbol. Cool. I, I wouldn't mind if she left that as a card wherever, you know, that could be her mother panic symbol. Um, I do appreciate the fact that, you know, we said in the beginning, and when this first was said, it was when we set in Gotham, we were like, oh, get ready to see Batman's cape every issue. <laughs> and we haven't. We haven't. No, we haven't. We saw Batwoman. You know, there was an interaction there in, I don't remember, issue five or five-ish or something. And I think we did see Batman, like... We saw his cape. We saw him in the Bat Cave watching, and yeah. then we saw his cape. Across, or we did see a cape. We don't know if it was him, That's but right. we did see a cape on the top of a building. That's right. And you know, in Gotham, you're likely to see a cape on top of a building, whether it's Batman or not. So, <laughs> or uh, anybody else. Yeah. But I, I really got to give it up to this title that they didn't force Batman in, nor did they yeah. wait so long without Batman that then it becomes ridiculous the other way. It's like, well, where the heck's Batman? You know, you're going around yeah. beating the hell out of everybody. Batman definitely knows about it. So it felt realistic. It felt, I don't know, realistic is the organic. word. Organic, I guess, would yeah. be the word. But uh, I liked it. I, I did, and I, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed this arc, and it makes you want to read more of this book, which is not where I thought we'd be Absolutely. in November. I thought I, <laughs> I thought I was going to be, I'd have to, like, uh, be the cheerleader every month that's come out for you and be like, oh, Chris, go ahead, read that mother panic, you know, but uh, yeah, it's become it's become a book that we can look forward to. So what'd you give it on the site? I gave it an 8 out of 10. I think I would go the same way. Uh, yeah, 8 out of 10 just seems right there. I would not go a half point lower. I, I You know, you probably could, on in a good mood, get me to go up a half point higher. Sure. But uh, and, and, you know, I'll tell you, the art on this issue, this whole arc, has really been... You know, it serves the story the really well, yet, and it's been yeah. the best yet. I really have liked it a lot as far as clarity, storytelling, all the good things about comic books that we love. So uh, I don't think this person is back again, but definitely the right direction. I haven't checked the solicits. I don't know who's next or if they're, you know, if they've even said. Yeah. I'm sure they've said. I'm sure I don't know who said. it is. Uh, yeah. Is this one, this one isn't, isn't taking a hiatus right now it's just shade and, not that we've heard yeah i i mean theoretically this one sort of is the only one that seems to operate most independently of gerard way i don't know how i don't know how it goes at the office you know <laughs> but uh this one seems to be doing somewhat of its own thing so maybe it doesn't ever have to take a break while uh i don't know gerard polishes his bmws anyway so uh yeah good good job we like that one the second book that came out on the very same day of july 26 was the long-awaited doom patrol number seven Mm. written by gerard way and the guest artist by michael and laura allred so this one is about uh, Niles Calder, the chief of Doom Patrol. Um, I'm not going to go through a history of him, but he's really been in almost every iteration. He, he was the leader and then sort of became a uh, foil in a sense. But uh, you, you get the idea, when, even when you read the book, that there's sort of a strained relationship. So he's watching Larry through binoculars, and they're in the mall. Larry's in the food court. I, think, I just thought it was funny. Uh, Larry's <laughs> sitting there with in bandages, sip, sipping on a Coke and eating French fries. Uh, Cliff surprises Niles by appearing behind him, and he seems to emerge from the restroom, right? 
What, is yeah. he, what do you think he's doing in there, Chris? <laughs> that's, that's a very good question. You think an oil change? I, I thought that was like a funny little a funny thing. Like, does yeah. he go in there to like check his hair? I don't know. I was going to say, he's not combing his hair. He's not <laughs> using the facility. He so, may look uh... like Fonzie, but he's not doing that. Uh, <laughs> so Cliff wants to know, obviously, why Niles is spying on them and uh, called the response. Just a string of paranoid nonsense. Just like <laughs> stuff that I bet will be relevant later. I bet like if you... Pick apart every word of it, it'll come up later, but yeah, just a bunch of nonsense. Uh, Larry comes by, seems to be happy to see Niles, and Chris incredulous at this. He hasn't forgot what Niles has done, has and had done to them in the past. Uh, Niles is there to offer his services, though, as leader of Doom Patrol. Claims it will lead to bigger adventures and thus greater glory. Cliff's dead set against the idea, but Larry points out that they're hanging out in a mall food court, so they're not exactly having rip-roaring adventures every day. Uh, Cliff says they're only there because that's where Larry claims he can clear his head. And Niles says he he's there because he remembered that fact, too. That's what a great leader he is, and that's why he's spying on them. So Cliff asks if Niles remembers creating the disasters that made them into super freaks in the first place, and Niles seems remorseful and says he wants to heal the world of hurt. I guess he convinces them, because then the next scene they head over to Daddy the Ambulance, parked outside a Casey Brink's still-destroyed apartment. And Casey's outside putting up flyers for her missing cat, Lotion. Yes, and Larry introduces Casey to Niles and then informs her that he will be uh, leading the team on a trial basis from this point on. Uh, Niles notices that she's an amputee with a prosthetic limb and says, hey, I can cure that condition. Uh, so everybody piles in the back of Danny and heads to Danny Land. Uh, Larry, Larry wants to share this uh, good news with uh, Crazy Jane, who is hovering above uh, like a bumper car ra- rally yeah. <laughs> thing here. Uh, she's sitting cross-legged like she's in meditation mode. Definitely. Uh, Definitely some kind of like a meditative thing. Also, did you notice that these bumper cars look strangely mean? They did. They the look lights, angry. The red lights, they, they, they seem to have a weird personality. I don't know what that was about, but that was cool. Now, if you remember, Jane is still recuperating from being freed from that cult, uh, that other personality of hers was running. And she's uh, she's not completely on board with Niles running things, uh, but uh, won't veto it. She says they don't need her permission to uh, to do it. Mm. Uh, Larry says he's got a good feeling. He thinks Niles has changed. So, and also, he gives a uh, a hula cow to Danny, this doll. I, and I was I was racking my brain trying to figure out if this was something we should know. Yeah. But I couldn't think of anything. Can I you? can't think of anything. Okay. Uh, again, I, either I think this is just a strange thing, you know, as Doom Patrol's done, or this will be later. This is a seeding story possibly for later uh, i hope so or, or who knows maybe it'll be well, there'll be a run on hula cows at the store that now might be after this issue. <laughs> so, anyway, so after oh, after he gives the oh after he gives the, this to danny they all uh leave to head to uh niles's lab yeah which is like couldn't be the more of a reverse from danny's also you see all the mento helmets i didn't mention that hanging yeah. which is cool yep. but yeah it's like it's like you know cold steel and uh, you know, what to expect Sterile, in a yeah. mad scientist laboratory. And uh, there, Larry's mystical bandages they replace with his old treated plastic bandages, which hinders his hand movement somewhat. Gives it's him like a, a mitten. Gives him a mitten, yeah, instead of fingers. Yeah. Niles also slaps some goop on Casey's half leg and grows into a full leg. <laughs> and Cliff has been put back into his old Silver Age robot body, complete with a chest camera, which was a nice little gimmick or shtick. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though it's like automatically, visually, a vastly inferior body. Uh, everyone's given the classic red and white Doom Patrol costume, and then after a brief three-panel interlude by Life with Honey, that again, this has to be something relevant later, right? 
It's yeah. They they talk about that crossover that that should be pending. So maybe that's got something. I, that's th- a, I think this is the beginnings. I mean, it does. Yeah. It, it does have relevance because it's Honey talking to her neighbor about how her husband wakes up in the middle of the night, coming up with bad idea, terrible ideas. Bad yeah. Idea. And then we go back to. Uh, Niles and Niles, he reveals what they're after is scants, and these are extra, extra-dimensional beings that feed off an invisible secretion, resulting from bad ideas. The secretion is called idiot. So they even these scants even plant bad ideas in people to increase, increase the production of idiot. By the way, the secretion I guess would be invisible to us, but obviously yeah. not to them. Uh, scants are all around us, but they can't be seen unless you freeze your face mid-sentence. <laughs> yeah. And I do like that when they when Bulgir, uh, Niles called uh, Casey Rita. He oh. refers to her as Rita the first time he sees her, oh, and then corrects himself. Yeah, I mean it's clear yeah. he, it's clear he's trying to get the old gang back together. Yeah. Uh, here, I mean he he got them dressed up perfectly, but yeah, he's he's having his uh his uh, flashback moment here. So <laughs> certainly. Uh, now after this, we get an aside. We uh, meet up with Valerie Reynolds. Uh, this is. She was rescued last issue. Uh, she was once a member of Crazy Jane's cult and uh, is trying to get back with her family again. And this family is, uh, you know, Casey's EMT partner, uh, Samson. That's uh, Valerie's husband. And uh, while they eat, uh, what was it, a green bean chicken casserole or something? Yeah, which, which doesn't sound very good, quite frankly. <laughs> it doesn't sound terribly tempting, and I think I might have the same reaction. She uh, <laughs> she can't handle it, and uh, and she walks away from dinner. She walks away. It's it's really kind of a slightly sad scene in a book it that is. is really increasingly wacky. So uh, that scene that we just talked about is being watched by a being made made of negative space wearing a red cape. Do you know who this is? Did... Not sure. I could swear we saw this guy in an earlier issue, but I might be just imagining things. Uh, seems that whatever this is can look at anything because it flips through some channels. It sees several scenes of just things happening even on other planets. Uh, a woman applying makeup that seems to be melting. I don't know what's going on. But... Uh, yeah. Eventually, uh, it, it, it looks in on uh, the Niles Calder and the Doom Patrol traveling in a weird cube-shaped machine, which has sort of like humps on it. You have to see it to believe it. Uh, Niles explains they took this to the Skentoverse instead of Danny, the ambulance, because he said so. He, he liked it better. And uh, they cruise out through a Steve Ditko-inspired netherworld. Looks just like something out of Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. All Niles points out some areas of interest. Eventually, they make it to Skentoria, City of the Skents. Everyone piles out of the cube machine. Each has jetpacks and laser guns, which is unusual for them. They observe some Skents enacting bad ideas and processing idiot in a big plant. But then they're joined by Niles, Calder, by Niles Calder's colleague and enemy, or maybe frenemy, uh, Dan Scram and his gravity pirates. Mm-hmm. And Dan Scram is sort of a youngish guy in a rakish mustache wearing a black and silver costume. He looks sort of like a, um, a Cary Grant or something like that. Yeah. Uh, there's a fight. Doom Patrol don't do very well. For example, Cliff's body explodes. Larry can't defuse the bomb because his hands have turned into mittens. And despite having the upper hand, Dan Scram eats some pure idiot. This makes him involved into what humanity will become in three million years, which, Chris, seems to be a giant glowing tadpole with tentacles. Something like that, yeah. I guess that's the perfect form, and it says Mo. That that Uh, is our ideal uh, evolution. (laughs) That's where we want to be as as a uh, species. Uh, Niles tells Larry and Casey to eat some idiot so they can combat Dan Scram. He promises he can reverse the effects later. Cliff smashes Dan with one of his robot arms, and Larry and Casey turn into, like, these three-eyed werewolves. 
sort of like yeah, like I, a lupine something or another. I know. I again, I like though that uh, you know Casey, she fully gets like a blue werewolf, but uh, Larry still has his bandages on. You know, he's just mm-hmm. like three-eyed werewolf in bandages. <laughs> so uh, the sky pirates seeing this, they just split. They take off with, with rapidity, and uh, Dan shoots Cliff's head off with a like a face laser uh, coming out of some eyes on the front of the tadpole face. Well, Larry and Casey, they pounce on him at that very moment, and they devour him, and it's not pretty. Yeah, then uh, Niles grabs some Uma jelly and zaps Larry and, and Claire with a rever- reversion ray, uh, cha- uh, turning them back into humans. Uh, they take off, remembering to grab Cliff's head, because, uh, you know, it's the part that has uh, the brain in it, yep. uh, which is all that there is left. <laughs> and uh, they head back to Niles' lab, where they meet two alien thugs named Rizzo and Scorp, uh, and they are there to collect the Uma jelly. One of them calls Niles a deadbeat and threatens him with violence if things aren't squared neatly away right now. So Niles asks the Doom Patrol if they want to make things permanent between them, keep him on as a permanent leader. Casey says she'll pass, just wants everything restored the way it was, and as she says that, her regrown leg instantly disappears. But Niles says, you just need to keep taking Niles' nutrients, keep the leg healthy. And she's like, are you crazy? This is our this is the last straw, because that really is messed up. Yep. You know, that's like a uh, snake oil salesman type r- routine there. Uh, both Larry and Casey went out of this laboratory. Uh, Larry also accuses Niles of gambling again, which I thought was a weird little touch. Mm-hmm. So Niles agrees. He puts them all back the way they were. And everyone splits, taking public transportation home rather than more courtesy from Niles. As they leave, Niles mutters that he had a plan and that Corgi was there that we saw many issues ago, right? Didn't we see this yep. guy running around? He's there yeah. too with Niles. Uh, back at Casey's apartment, an anthropomorphized version of lotion lurks outside. We saw this happen, oh, I don't remember now, f- issue four or so. I think uh, so. This will obviously come to bear. But there's uh, the next story seems to have to do with the epilogue, is that Blake's supermarket is being stocked with brand new product that makes everything better, and the product is called dollar sign, pound sign, exclamation point, plus sign. Otherwise What's known that as spell? shit. That's right. In, there you uh, go. In... Uh, ampersands or whatever. So that was, uh, yeah, that was it. Yeah, and then uh, well, we we didn't get the backup in the preview copy, but we're gonna assume that was probably the who's who for uh, John Rivera again. Yeah, we got twenty three um, of twenty five pages. So yeah, maybe that, maybe that, maybe like Bane hugging a shark or something. I don't maybe, know. Uh, but we don't. We never really care about that anyway. Uh, <laughs> but that's uh, yeah, that's that's that was the issue. So. Did you notice that uh, in that scene where uh, the the lady's putting on the lipstick and her face is melting? Uh-huh. There's a there's a shot of Robot Man from the 70s. Is that right? So this could be like a Val Vostok. Val Vostok. I, yeah. I mean, I, I thought that that scene where we see this mysterious being looking at all the this is so. Let me let me back up about this. One <laughs> thing I really liked about this book is that it's totally in continuity. I kind of had the impression it might be sort yeah. of a one-off. Uh, you know, in continuity, but sort of a day in the life that wouldn't need to be impacted or, you know, it would just kind of be doing its own thing. Couldn't be more wrong. The whole thing, I'd say the main thing this this whole book does is seeding other stories for later, you know. <laughs> the uh, Niles Calder adventure is almost like a disposable backdrop to the fact that, like, there's so much stuff really other goes, stuff's going on going on yeah. behind the scenes. So, yeah, uh yeah, I do. I do see this woman, and yeah, this could be Val Vostok. This this guy, alien, could be relevant. Uh, the I thought that the guy, uh, 
standing on a balcony, you know, drinking with a woman in bed, where that could be flex. That could be. I thought it was flex mental. It though. could be a Steve Dayton or something, or or, or maybe Mento, yeah. Um, who knows? That's what I'm saying. It's it's all stuff for later. But I actually went into this. I got to admit, Chris, a little bit salty because we've waited so long. Oh yeah. I f- I feel a little bit burned by this book, and then you know I I went into this thinking, great, we're just gonna get like a. Fun with Doom Patrol book, which is something, you know, who doesn't like to have fun with Doom Patrol, but <laughs> starting to feel a little ripped off and weary by this series, but I couldn't have been more wrong. It is, this book, this issue was a whole lot of fun. I thought he got the tone of Niles perfectly. I thought this was a great way for them to tell Niles to kiss off. Not that I think he's gone, but, you know, this, hmm. as a longtime Doom Patrol fan, it was nice to see them be like, you know, buddy. We've had enough of your shit. You know what I mean? You know, it's it's everything with you is always a, a big problem. So have a nice life. You know, I'm sure there'll be more later, but this it was cool to see. And like the stupid adventure they went on, the scants and the scantoverse was just so stupid and hilarious and more. You know, it 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 bordered on moronic in the Doom Patrol way that reminded me very much of the Morrison run. So I had a real good time with this issue, despite my misgivings and, I, and you know i try not to go into a book with any kind of preconceived feelings but sure i am still a living and breathing human so there's nothing we can do <laughs> about that well how did you feel about it chris i had kind of the opposite reaction oh. um <laughs> i went into it with high expectations and uh really thought it got a little it was just a little bit too much yeah. um it was uh if you tell if you give someone like the elevator pitch for like weird Doom Patrol, this is what you get. And uh, like I understand that the that the Niles adventure was a throwaway, but it was just it just pushed a little bit too far on me. Where it was just like, oh come on, you know. I'm just happy that Niles didn't say he'll give them their greatest adventure because they like to to meta size it or right, something. Right. But I. Uh, and and I mean we've been waiting for this Niles and Doom Patrol reunion for almost a year now. And they threw it's a throwaway. It, I thought there was going to be more to it. It's but, true. Uh, yeah, it, you know they they've been doing this. You know what what is Niles called her up to every almost yeah every like issue. these weird little enigmatic cutaways where he's doing something weird, and uh, and now it's just like oh there he is in the mall and uh, oh you'll be the leader and here let's have a really weird almost you know weird for weird sake as much as I loathe saying that type of a type of an adventure and then send him on his merry way. Um, I do love that they're seeding everything. I I like the uh, like that one page we've just been pouring over here with these odd characters who may or may not be people we know. I love that. Yeah. Um, the uh, the ending with the uh, with the shit in the grocery store. Eh. <laughs> I I think they've kind of played out the consumerism thing a bit too much. Yeah. This volume. I I just I I have no real opinion on it yet until we see what it is. But yeah. Sure. It, sure. I looked at it and I thought like it's just more of the. I mean, this is this is probably the leftover from um, from gosh, the fast food, name? whatever. No, no, it was it was the at the end of the last issue, wasn't it? Uh, Casey's roommate. Gosh, I can't remember her name now. Oh, Stacy uh, Nunn or Sarah Nunn something or something. Terry. Yeah, Nunn. Terry. Uh, Nunn. Remember, she pitched something that could like she make pitched. your life yeah. great and perfect. I think this is this is from that's that. got to be that. Uh, yeah. So you know, but essentially a a story. Seated with no information, I I sure. put no value in. It could be the greatest, could be could suck. I'm we'll just have to see what it is. But you're right, yeah, this is a road 
I'm not really thrilled to go down, but we got to see what it's going to be. I looked at, sure, I got to say, I looked at the, you're right in that the adventure that they had with Niles was like typical, almost like cookie cutter, you know, Doom Patrol wacky adventure. But I took that to be like, that's the kind of adventures you would expect if they were to team up and like re- retread old Doom Patrol tropes. Uh, at the same time, though, it still does make up for a not great Doom Patrol story. I, I think I got more into the uh, overall, what you would say, the gestalt of it, you know? Sure. I definitely looked sure. at it as thinking back to, you know, the 60s up to the you know modern era and thought that it had... Oh, it fits in great. Yeah. It, it had a lot of that, but yeah, you're, you're right. And, and definitely, for the amount of time they waited for this, you know, again, you couldn't do yourself a better favor than just read the thing and trade. <laughs> uh, if you're reading trade, even though you you'll probably won't get the next trade till early next year, you, you'll pro- it'll read seamlessly and you'll have a great oh, time yeah. with it. You know, waiting this long for something like this can be a letdown, but I cannot deny that at the end, all I had was the visceral feeling of having had a lot of fun reading it. So I ended up giving it an 8.5 out of 10. What would, where do you think I'd, you would land? I'd hit it. I'd hit an eight for sure. All right, that's not bad at all. No, it's not a bad issue by yeah. any stretch. It's, it's just not what I was looking for. <laughs> and and, and you, again, we talk about the money thing. You know, there's a lot of sure. money being laid out at this point. For now, we're getting to not getting a lot of resolution. What I would, I mean, one problem that I could potentially see is there's so much stuff seeded that we don't get to we see what never happens see. with a lot of it. Yeah. So, uh, okay, but I'll keep my spirits high for it and hopeful, and maybe this will be a 366 uh, issue run of <laughs> Doom Patrol we're looking at, so we'll be able to follow up on everything. Well, but we get five We get five in a row, right? Is that what they're saying? Five monthly issues? This is the claim, is that, okay. is that this will not have another break until whatever. The, until the spring. Uh, the spring. Okay. So... We shall see. It is solicited uh, up till October, as far as I know. Cool. So, but then again, it was solicited it was before. before, and then it got <laughs> real late. So, whatever, whatever. We'll see. Take it like it comes. We cannot predict or uh, do anything about the sure. young animal shipping schedule. But I do have a good feeling that next week the book that is slated to come out will come out because it hasn't been late yet. I don't think. And that's Shade the Changing Girl number eleven. Wow. Which should be the penultimate issue before the quote-unquote hiatus. Yes. Uh, so I'm looking at this as we are concluding the series. Me per- too. Personally speaking. If it comes back, then celebrate. But uh, I'm looking at it like, yeah, we're going to, hopefully 12 will be a satisfying ending that will, you know, tie up loose ends and make us feel okay about what we've read instead of like we wasted a bunch of our time. <laughs> And uh, Chris has done, he did the math. I think he checked his calculations and figures two, three times. And uh, mm-hmm. he's figured that we had nine weeks in a row with actual young animal books. Yep. After next week with Shade the Changing Girl, that's yeah. nine weeks in a row. That's uh, that's pretty incredible because that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> Except in yes. the very beginning, we had four weeks in a row. And then, we and then did have four weeks. Doom Patrol uh, ran off the rails. Yeah, as soon as the fourth book came out, they're like, Maybe it didn't. Maybe it didn't. Maybe no. You you know what? Now that I think about it, after the fourth book came out, which was Mother Panic, that was December. That was December, right? I remember after that, we had whatever it was a week with two. Then uh, there was an empty week. That was our first empty yeah. week was late November or something like that because we did our uh, first year in comics mm-hmm. thing then. Um, but great. Glad to hear they're going to add. You think we'll break into double digits? I think I feel good that Shade (laughs) will be out next week. 
Oh no, that'll be the one after that. Yeah, I don't the know. one after. I don't know what's planned the week after. Let's, let me, let's take a little little peek on the way forward machine and uh, <laughs> see what we can see here. Because it feels like we've done everything very, very recently. Uh, it it doesn't feel like it'd be time for another bug or cave. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we just did cave last week. We did bug the week before, right? So mm-hmm. that would be the week of August. Ninth, right? You're talking about. Um, so let's take a look. We, ha- according to Comicsology, which, as we know, is an irrefutable resource for uh, releases and everything, <laughs> we have no. Yeah, nothing. We're not going to make it. That's... According to this, according to this, it is the beginning of the uh, Miracle Man maxi series, as as well as. A uh, Jack Kirby one-shot for the uh, Newsboy Legion, which you know I'm gonna be mm. all over like a wet Superboy. <laughs> that's that's my life, the Newsboy Legion. But anyway, uh, so we'll we'll figure something else out for that week. Sure. Uh, or maybe they'll surprise us, and maybe a book will arrive. But until then, I think that's all we got for him. Got anything else for him, Chris? Nope, that'll do it. Well, until next time, folks. I want you to keep it young and animalistic. See ya. Section number four, we're going to start and end with Brett, because doesn't it all and start I'm and out. with Brett? And Brett is going to talk about The Flash number 27. It's kind of a little off because it's not on this podcast. A, yeah. It's going to be a, it was a Patreon exclusive spotlight, but you can all follow along at home. What's up, Jim, Eric, Reggie, and the rest of the Get Fresh crew? Only have one thing to say. That is inappropriate, and I'm angry about that. That is true. Okay, so hear me out before you slaughter my overall idea. And remember, you can't spell slaughter without laughter. I I like the band Slaughter. My favorite Slaughter song possibly is Up All Night, uh, which wins out in a close battle to Fly With The Angels, I think the one song is called. Uh, Slaughter. You like slaughter? slaughter. You like no, can't say I am. You don't like slaughter? You, you don't like this song by Slaughter, Herrick, if I can find it? You want to hear a little slaughter? No, uh, I this don't. Is gonna, this is going to pick Fuck. up the, the pace of this, Eric. Here we go. And we might go. 
That wasn't that bad a transition into finding this song. No, I no, do no. have this uh, for the songs that I play on the Mixler in between you know, our segments and stuff. So you are probably going to enjoy this. Do you know the song, Up All Night, by Slaughter? Bet you right now, I have not looked at Dancing Mike has seen Slaughter at least two times in his life. That is my guess. You rocking now, Eric? No. Oh, I saw You don't like the song? This is actually, if you ask me, this is pretty much like the epitome of like that late 80s, early 90s era. And I love it. Good possibility. <laughs> you, you didn't like that little slaughter? No. Not, can't say I did. Not a huge slaughter guy. You're not a big I, I can't even say I'm a little slaughter guy. You're not even a little slaughter guy? You don't like... Uh, I'm trying to think of how uh, fly that... And I'm gonna fly for two days. Nope. <laughs> it's more of a clear-throated version of uh, Tom Kiefer of Cinderella to me. That's how I would describe the singing of Slaughter, which I, I wish I could remember. His, his last name is, in fact, Slaughter, so I can't remember his first, but uh, where am I? Jim where, Slaughter. Where did he get here from? I, I Okay, so hear me out before you slaughter. Anyway, Flash 27. Now I'm down. I was having so much fun listening to Slaughter, and now you screwed with me. Dancing Mike saw Slaughter once. Oh, good. <laughs> he said he sounds like Mickey Mouse live. So that's what he says. Uh, Mark Slaughter. He just told me. He's right. Yep, see? Me and Dancing Mike are on the same page on most things, Eric. Especially 80s and 90s hair metal. But he says, I like Reverse Flash's reasoning for why he hurts Barry so dang much. Here's why. Number one. Thawne is still a psychopath. Old and new continuity. Nothing changed. Plain and simple. That has not changed. But he is like Fatal Attraction, Cape Fear, Swim Fan, Stalker Level 1000 on Barry. Now, he says that. I believe I brought up Cape Fear during our spotlight. It's very yeah. possible. Number two. His end reasoning for doing all of this is because it's the only way Barry will talk to him and hang out with him. I know it's not stated directly, but I personally think it's implied that Barry or Thawne loves Barry. Uh, I think there's a man crush going on there, don't you, Eric? Yeah, do you, he loves Do you the like flash. my soothing voice here? Do no, you... it's very boring. It's actually putting me asleep. It is putting you to sleep, huh? Okay, how about this? Hey, boys! Oh, hey! God. You want to play a game, Johnny? That's that's from It, Eric. No, it's not! <laughs> it isn't? Yeah, it is. You know, and then there's that other point, like, What are you doing there, buddy? Uh, that's from It, too. And then there's this line. What's going on with them guns there? <laughs> That's from the uh, Dark Tower series, Eric. Hello. No, no, <laughs> I want to play with you no more. The best is wrong turn shows up half the time. He'll God come outside it. and we're, we're eating our, you know, our, our oatmeal that me and you both eat during our break. Yeah. And he comes out and he'll go like, you want to play a game, uh, Susie? And then he laughs and he goes, that, that's the clown from It. 
And it makes me laugh so much how no, angry you get. You get so angry. And then the next one is just Why like, are you so misinformed? Come on over here and play. <laughs> That's Chucky. The other day he told us that his one cousin – is it his cousin that has the, the podcast he Yeah, said? I think it is, yeah. His cousin has a podcast. He talks about horror movies, but he don't like no Chuckies because he don't think that's real. <laughs> We're like, but he talks about the horror movies. You know, like the horror and horror Fast movies. and Furious. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with that podcast of his cousin's. He told me that his cousin makes tons of monies with the podcast. And then he's like, he makes tons of monies, like five. I'm like, five? What the hell? You know, like, and then it's like, the five now means 5,000, 5 million. He kept changing. Five dollars? I don't know. Okay. I'm back to, I'm not going to use that boring voice there. Not likes him. Likes him. Likes him. If you know what I mean. Likes him. In case you don't, I think Thon literally loves Barry. You guys have more Flash experience than I, so correct me if I'm wrong, but have you ever seen Thon with another woman or man in any of the old continuity? No. No. There you go. Crack the case. Is it possible that this is more than just a bromance, more than an I want to be your sidekick, more than I looked up to you, more than syndrome from The Incredibles? Actually, I think it's exactly Syndrome and The Incredibles. It's one thing, uh, basically, you want to have Thawne be his gay lover. I do not think that's the case. I think that Thawne has no friends. He has nobody. uh, Everybody hates him. They think he's a joke. He finally found the one thing that he thought he was good at and the hero he got to meet. And then when he went back, it's just like Syndrome. All of a sudden, Barry wasn't as important to, you know, Barry didn't think of him as important. I liked it better when freaking Thawne found out that Barry killed him and he lost his goddamn mind over it. You know, now it's just like you, you like Wally West better than me. And now we have a new Wally, which I don't understand. And the future is different, but I'm not going to talk about it. Fuck you. If I'm right, I love that idea. Have we seen a comic villain become a bad guy due to his love or her love of a hero before? Joker. Cupid. And uh, then didn't Cupid fall in love with Green Arrow in that uh, in the actual TV show? Wasn't that part of it? There you go. I believe so. Boom. And then that makes them a villain. It's a neat idea to me. Can you think of any? I'm thinking, well... Uh, I think I of the Joker. Doesn't the Joker love Batman? They need, he, he needs Batman? To, he seems to love him. I don't know. I'm trying to think of just different villains and whatever. I don't like, know. even in the Death of the Family arc, and so I got to get rid of all of these freaking side characters that you have, Batman, because I love you so yeah, much you deserve also, to be better. Yeah, and he even says that they're bringing you down, but they're also taking your attention away from me, and... Yeah, so just like when someone breaks up with you, you get angry, freak out, and destroy old photos. Well, since Thawne is stalker level 1,000, one-hour photo level, hand that rocks the cradle level, Marky Mark in the movie Fear. Uh, there's the scene in Fear where Alyssa Milano has never looked hotter. Out of I don't his know, Brace the Vampire is pretty Barry. fucking hot. No, no, no. Brace the Vampire, you say that because of what goes on in it. Yeah. Her actual look, I'm saying her actual look in Embrace the Vampire, I didn't think was that great. I was not that uh, keen. I thought on the that. look in that one scene was amazing. Now that when she is in fear, who we her and Reese Witherspoon, that he kills his parents, hurts young Wally, tries to hurt Iris, and wants to destroy all that is Barry. It's all done due to his love for him. I think this is more than just a Jonas brother fan gone wrong. Is that my wife? But that's my personal opinion. Yes. I saw the I saw the Jonas brothers in concert. Aaron, your thoughts? Agree or disagree? I don't know. Yeah, 
I, no, I, we I, haven't I, been he, given enough to really fucking I, I say this. I think that he's a fanboy to the extreme, and I think that he's very upset because that's all he has in his entire existence is his deal with the Flash. Uh, but you're and you're from what we get from with, this, it really seems like all he wants is to be known and remembered, and that's well, it. That seems to be the yeah, like that's, most and motivation. That's the thing, I think that what they're really doing here. With Looks this like one. Then you're saying you want to know more answers of the wonky future and the wonky deal. I really just think they're using that as a backdrop to kind of give you the greatest hits of Thawne and get you on board that he's this crazy guy. Because in the old continuity, he did go to show up and, you know, meet with Barry and Barry was dead. He was gone. But then that's when he found out, oh, my God, he killed me. And then he freaked out. But it's kind of the same deal. I just think that they want to give you the, that taste of that for people who weren't around just and now in rebirth. Yeah, I think it's just a taste and really to set him up a spotlight. this Stick crazy your toes guy. In. And the only thing I have to say is, I fight. Yeah, here's the deal. Here We talked earlier. I know we were talking heroes. I want Reverse Flash to die, and <laughs> I don't ever want to see him again. <laughs> I don't. I think that he is a crutch for fucking Flash writers, that he's an easy way. I, it, when do you have – you don't need to have Barry always – this is people complain about in the show as well. A speedster doesn't need to be a villain for the speedster. You can yeah. have other villains. That's why I love Captain Cold so much and the rogues. They're not the same old goddamn shit. I Hell, want that's why even Flash. That's why I initially got excited when we had the Riddler in the Flash book at the end of the two. Yeah, it didn't pan out, but yeah, the idea excited me. But it's me. different. I, I know Brett thinks that Thorns the cat's meow. I, I want him to leave this book and never be seen again. I would, I would love it if you told me we could go in the goddamn future and find out that the next time since Iris fucking obliterated him, that we won't see him for fifteen years. Please. I'm sick of him. I'm really sick of him. And when he comes back again, I, I'm going to lose my fucking mind because it, 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 and nothing has consequences. This is the thing that we said earlier in the podcast about the, you know, the, the cliffhangers of All-Star Batman. Yeah. It's just you, you need to have the, this degree of me caring needs to be that if somebody dies, they're dead. And I'm just sick and tired of it. Now, I think that they're trying to point to the fact that each time he's coming back, he's a little off his rocker, but it's not its not spelled out enough. It really isn't. I need some cut-and-dry things where you're telling me that him being brought back all these times is ripping his existence apart, not the future or the past. Don't give me this changed nonsense that you don't want to show us. Show us that something is one way. Show me something. Somehow Eobard is looking at this world through five different continuities, and it's fucking driving him insane. It's shattering you know, his where mind. Where they say, where I want to see, where they say that the Joker knows about the multiverse, he knows it because he's insane. It's His mind is cracked to the point he knows he's in a comic book type of deal. I wouldn't mind if you went that way with Reverse Flash. This is Script Doctor 101, Eric. Uh, this is what I want. I don't need you to show me that Dr. Manhattan is the biggest, baddest guy of all, and the one person he kills, he comes back. You know, you, now you've lessened Dr. Manhattan, and you've brought back the fucking most annoying villain there has to be right now in DC Comics. I'm telling you, the thing is, we have the death Except of the button. Except the King oh, Butcher, Dr. Eric. Dr. Man oh yeah, seriously, Dr. Manhattan kills Reverse Flash. Wow, that's a big deal. A couple issues later, Iris West kills Reverse Flash. Well, wow. I guess that wasn't too hard. Yeah. Everybody's – they're lining up. 
They're taking numbers to kill Reverse Flash. Fuck it. Why didn't they throw him in Nightwing where they had all these other villains so fucking Dick could kill him? Yeah. And that's the promise. Dick doesn't kill people, right? Doesn't matter because you didn't. He keeps coming back. It's just nonsense. It's complete nonsense. Number four, Thawne dies. Did you laugh at that part? Yeah, I'm fucking chuckling up there, bready boy. You know since he's died about 18 times, it keeps coming back. So let's vote. Dead or not? Uh, I just told you, Mike. I think he's dead. But of course he will come back somehow. Yeah, he will. Somehow, they'll write a story with him. I don't need to see you in your fucking video, Eric. I see you giving me your fucking nonsense over Shit was getting a little too heavy. I'll leave it open now. Uh, You don't realize right now I'm slapping the computer screen with something you don't want. My fist. Says you. My fist. I don't want that. And I love that part in the book. I feel like J-Dub was literally making a joke out of it, having Thawne state that it doesn't matter what Barry does. He'll just be back anyway. Yeah, joke. A joke to all of us readers. I see it. Look at you. Ooh, look at Jim yelling and screaming again. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Number five, I hate Iris, hate her. I hate her attitude. This is where you can really tell her that, look, smoke it up, you fucking jerk. You are a dick. Don't make me laugh. I don't, I, I don't want to X out of this. I wish that we could have a, 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 a file with the podcast. <laughs> uh, you fucking dick. I just exhale. out. I don't need your nonsense. Uh, this is where you can tell me and Brett are so opposites. Uh, I love Iris. I don't think that they're writing her well, uh, but I want Iris. Iris to me is pretty much, uh, you can say she's even Lois Lane light, uh, but I like her with Barry, and they just want to keep doing things to not be have them be together. But I hate Iris. Hate her. I hate her attitude. I don't see what Barry would see in her. I think the character's poorly done, and now she's a killer too. Are we just going to overlook the fact that she incinerated a man? No, it's I, I don't think that's really a killer as much as she was defending herself. And yeah, I like it. It's time. a killer. Uh, I don't know. I guess you could go to court, but in the court you're going to have to say like, yeah, he did take me to the future to yeah. kill me. Said that a hundred times. Said that basically that was the next thing he was going to do. Huh? Iris fucking, this is the thing. Iris stepped up. Iris has balls. She's the one who's like, I don't need this guy to keep saying he's going to kill me. I know you're not going to do anything, Barry, you fucking pussy. Shoot. Is she even going to care that she killed him? No. no. It's bull. She's bull. Thoughts on Iris. I love Iris. I, they're not writing her well. But yeah, it's I'm just not, like I'm not I huge love, on Iris. I love Lois Lane, and she's a little better. She's still ridiculous. In the she's new, better in than Reaper. she was in New 52. In New 52, she was terrible. Uh, she pretty much, uh, you know, she was a bitch. She really was. They made it so you had that darker universe of the New Fifty Two, and they thought that they were really going to stress the Iris. Uh, Iris uh, Lois does things that Lois does, and and you know, shit and shit on you if you don't agree. But it just didn't seem her. I love this issue. I'd go maybe eight point five out of ten. Love the art by Porter. Love the entire arc. Probably my favorite arc of the Rebirth Flash run so far. It was a great read. Not too wordy. Great art. Excellent job. Had some throwbacks with some twists. I'd go 8 out of 10 for the entire arc. Uh, I would say, in general, for an entire, the entire uh, Joshua Williamson Flash, I have a score in my head, and I know I'm going to be right with you. Wait a minute. I'm going to type it. Oh, God. You're still there. Fucking smoking away, Eric. I thought I asked you out. You're just there on the big screen now. <laughs> I'm going to put a number, and you tell me 
what you think in general the uh, thing is, and then I will hit the enter to see if we're close. What is your score for the whole Joshua Williamson's run on Flash? Six out of ten. You looking? Boom. Six out of ten. Yes, we're, it is. Right on six point yep. zero for some reason, 6. but yeah, six out of ten. Six point zero I put, because I go with that kind of scale, but yeah, six out of ten. He says that. And this arc, I would say six five, maybe is six six. I, I just I'm not enjoying it. I really am not. I thought I was. And I did go a little higher these last two. I guess I can't really say that. I'm now I'm just mad at Brett and I'm <laughs> saying things. I'll give this arc a seven. So yeah, I think this arc's a little better, but after this stuff with reverse flash. I haven't I even been doing it all that much. I just can't stand reverse flash. I love Howard Porter's art though. PS. This issue got me thinking of some more stalker movies I didn't reference earlier. Other stalker movies include Unlawful Entry. Never saw it. The Fair Bodyguard. Okay. I didn't see it. Single white female. Ooh, okay. Wait. Misery. Okay. The crush. And mm-hmm. Cable Guy. Closest thing to this Flash issue. Maybe different ending, though. What any about Poison favorite, Ivy? Any favorite stalker movies you guys have? Honestly, I like the hand that rocks the cradle and uh, the crush. Ooh, I put them side by side it. in my mind. What we both that hand that rocks the cradle that is the scariest fucking scene when they're bre- when she's breastfeeding. It, just it can't fucking take destroyed it. me as a kid for some reason. Yeah, like I saw that, I'm like, oh my god, she's evil. That was such a good thing that they did with that. That's just just crazy. How about the movie Swim Fan? Never watched it. You like that swim fan? I'm looking at it now. Uh, how about the Still movie? Still going to Yeah, I'm looking at the There's the crush. We have that. We have unlawful entry. I see that. Poison right Ivy there. on there? I'm looking at unlawful entry. Yeah, Poison Ivy's there. You have the huh. perfect guy. Was that the one with J-Lo? Where she I don't was know. dating. Or she, she screwed the guy next Wasn't door. Wasn't that the boy next door? I don't know. But that, that movie, you're starting with you know bad right away. How about The Hitcher? There was one recently where I think Allie Larder was the freaking the, like the stalker okay. girl for this one guy. I didn't. That's the funniest thing. Uh, now I understand what the body. I never saw the bodyguard, and now mm-hmm. I understand what that was. I never understood what that movie would have been about with Kevin Costner, Whitney yeah. Houston. Now I understand that she had a stalker. That's why he was protecting her. Did it twist that he was the stalker at the end? What, Is that uh, possible? No, I don't think. What was that movie with Wesley Snipes and Robert De Niro? Oh, yeah, what was that? I'm, I'm looking What's at his types of a baseball player? And Robert oh, oh, yeah, that was him? like, uh, and it was like almost like I'm your biggest. I think it was the fan. Okay. Yeah, I, you can even go uh, the, uh, what's it called? Fucking. Uh, I don't even know King if it's of Robert comedy. De Niro now that King I'm thinking of about Comedy's it. Uh, one of those as well, now that you said Robert De Niro. Or even Taxi Driver. Let's go down yeah, the line. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Swim fan. Swim fan. I've never seen Swim Fan. Uh, Dancing Mike in the chat says something about Mary would be in there too. Okay. Uh, yes. Uh, Dancing Mike also said, I liked Alyssa Milano's look in Embrace the Vampire because the look was naked. And that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, I'm telling you, that part, that scene in Fear was pretty sexy. Uh, but Eric, that is the end. Uh, I, let me make sure. Uh, I think that is the end. Yes, that is the end of Brett's okay. mail. It's the end of our mails for the night. And we're going to go off now to Vermilion's vision. And now I'm desperately trying. I am not prepared at all. But uh, we'll be talking. He'll be talking about something. Then we'll be back with the end of the podcast with a couple books. All right. If there's no one beside you when your soul embarks, then I'll follow you into the dark.
I'll follow you into the dark. Hello and welcome back to another installment of Vermillion's Visions. Vermillionaire here. Want to thank everybody for tuning in and checking out what I have to say this week. And this week, I am going to be bringing you guys uh, the first trade of Unfollow from Vertigo Comics. It's the first six issues of that, written by Rob Williams, art by Mike Dowling. Now, it's going to be a little bit quicker this week, because in case you couldn't tell from my voice, I pretty much feel like hell. I, I don't know if it's allergies, sinus infection, something's been going on all week. I think I've sneezed about a thousand times over the past three days. Not, maybe a little bit of an exaggeration, but I know I've sneezed over a hundred times today. So, if the audio sounds a little bit choppy in places, it's because I had to stop recording, sneeze five times in a row, back-to-back, wait about ten minutes for my chest to recover, and then start recording again. So, I'm going to do the best I can to get through this for you. But the other reason it's going to go pretty quickly is because, to be perfectly honest, there's not a lot to talk about with this book. I know normally I go through, you know, the first issue, maybe the first two, uh, in detail, kind of telling you guys, setting the scene, telling you guys the the early parts of the story, and then kind of gives just main big story points from there. Uh, but this week, it's gonna it it wouldn't make any sense to do that because the first two issues, they're not really a whole lot of development. It doesn't even really give you an idea of what exactly is going on in the story. It's you kind of have to read all six issues. There, there. It's pretty much a setup trade. Um, it's all getting the story going, uh, characters, getting you introduced to the characters, seeing what what they're like, things like that. Um, so it's going to be a little bit different this week, and like I said, it might be a little bit quicker than usual. Uh, but I'm just going to jump right into it by just kind of running down the list of main characters that we have. Um, so there's Larry Farrell, or Farrell, I'm going to go with Farrell, uh, who's basically kind of like a Mark Zuckerberg type. Uh, he's got Rich creating social networking sites. He's got Chirper and Headspace. Um, and when I say Rich, I mean like $18.4 billion Rich. But um, Larry is dying of pancreatic cancer, Um, in the book, and he's only 24 years old, but he's dying of pancreatic cancer, so he starts this sort of chipper campaign, or chirper campaign, sorry, not chipper, chirper. Basically, an algorithm chooses 140 chirper users to be randomly selected. Uh, Farrell's $18.4 billion then gets divided equally among those 140 people as soon as he dies. Uh, So each each of these 140 people would get $131.57 million, but there is a little bit of a stipulation in that if one person dies of the 140, all the other ones get even more money. Um, So if if it got down to only two of the 140 being left, each one would be worth $9.2 billion, or if that one person was the only one left out of the original 140, one person would be worth $18.4 billion. Um, so it sounds like a pretty sweet deal, uh, but Farrell sets up this game to, as he says, show the true face of humanity and kind of prove that that these people being 140 randomly selected are not good people and are going to gonna 
try to kill each other. Um, we do get introduced to some of the 140. Um, so you get Dave first. He's a teenager, maybe early 20s, from St. Louis. Uh, that is kind of just a piece of shit he's portrayed as. Uh, we're introduced to him, actually, as he's robbing a store or helping rob a store. Uh, Dave does care a lot about his sister, Devin. But other than that, he pretty much only thinks about himself. And he keeps seeing this weird leopard that follows him around and sometimes talks to him or talks to the reader directly, breaking the fourth wall. It's strange, but it doesn't really get explained in these first six issues, so it's pretty much whatever. I just kind of, you know, read it and was like, oh, that's weird, and then and then moved on because it didn't really get explained very much. Uh, so next there's Courtney. Courtney's a rich girl that uh, gave away actually her entire trust fund. Um, to a family that needed needed money. Um, but then as soon as she did that, she found out that she's been one of the 140, so she's rich again. Um, she's pretty much just a party rich party girl that... Um, how do I put this? We'll just say she, she sleeps around quite a bit. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that. That's just kind of how she's portrayed. Um, so then you get Akira, who's Japan's most famous author uh, with... And he has two prosthetic legs and a facial tattoo, and he wants to prove Feral wrong and show that humans are innately good. And then there is uh, there's Deacon, who is a gun nut who pretty much just lives mostly off the grid in Alaska. Deacon talks to God out loud throughout the book. That's pretty much the his his main dialogue is him talking to God. Um, and he's former special ops, and he's pretty much just a walking arsenal of weapons that he carries around with him all the time. Uh, so then there's Raven, who is a reporter for the BBC who gets chosen by Larry Farrell to come and document this entire thing. Finally, there's uh, a Mr. Rubenstein, who's actually not one of the 140. He's actually Farrell's right-hand man and enforcer. He wears this huge golden, almost like a like a totem-looking mask. Um, it has wings and a really long beard on the mask and just a whole bunch of shit going on. But Rubenstein's pretty much a badass, but he may be a little bit psychotic. Don't really know just yet what exactly is going on with him. Like I said, you really don't get a lot in these first six issues. Uh, so the book pretty much res revolves around setting up the premise of these 140 people getting that money and it pretty much just revolves around setting that up and introducing the characters uh the 140 all get flown to a private island to learn about what exactly is going on at first it's all just a big party and everyone is celebrating but i think you probably could have guessed uh just based on the premise that before long uh that number does start to drop a little bit and that's pretty much about it for the trade i told you that there wasn't a whole lot to talk about and i definitely meant it uh so on comic book roundup the first trade has an aggregate score of uh of an 8.2 out of 10 which i think is just it's it's too high now don't get me wrong i i enjoyed this book a lot and i think the premise of the story is great but you just don't really get anything other than setup I'm okay in my comics with a couple setup issues, uh, just purely setup issues every now and then, but really all six of these issues were just setting up the story and introducing the characters to get the reader interested in seeing where things go from here.
and and the art the the art was fine. Um, it didn't blow me away, but I didn't find it offensive in any way either. Um, I really didn't find anything wrong with the art or anything amazing about it. It was just kind of there to accompany a really cool story that promises a lot of interesting stuff moving forward, but doesn't doesn't really deliver on that stuff uh, right here in this trade. In terms of making me want to continue on and find out what happens moving forward, this book would be like a 9.5, but I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10 because as a trade by itself, you just don't get enough development to really go any higher than that in my mind. It's almost like like a Dan Abnett 7 out of 10 where, you know, it's good, it's not bad enough to drop, it's not fantastic, it's just good and it's there and it it makes me want to keep reading and makes me look forward to find out what what's coming next. Um, so that's pretty much all I have for you guys this week. Uh, like I said, I, I know it's a little bit shorter. I apologize for that. Uh, like I said, I do not feel very good at all. Um, and, you know, despite that, I, I would have gone longer if there was more to talk about, but there wasn't. Um, I recommend if you guys do want to check out Unfollow, um, I know it's a, it's a big investment, but if you, but don't, don't just get this first trade, uh, get the first two, which are both out already, um, and there should be a third one coming out soon, I believe they're, they're 18 issues in, so the, the third one will be out here pretty soon, I would, I would think. Um, if you have the Hoopla app, both of the first trades are on there. I've only read the first one so far, but I am planning on moving on to the second one here pretty soon, uh, just to see if it continues moving forward and getting better, or if it just all stays set up. But I would definitely recommend getting more than just those first six issues if you do want to try it out, because like I said, the first six don't give you much to go off of. But that pretty much brings us to the end. Uh, So I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening to the segment here this week. Uh, And other than that, I'm going to send it back to Jim and Derek. Follow me, everything is alright. I'll be the one to tuck you in at night. And if you want to leave, I can guarantee you won't find nobody else like me. Jim rings the bell This means Shay's reviews are going well Jim rings the bell Jim rings the bell Eric Shay's reviews are all the bomb Eric's the bomb And if Shay's recaps are read without a single Step, ring the bell. I'm just gonna ring the bell. I like the ring the bell. Ring the guy bell. is drunk. Guy is drunk. Ring my bell. <laughs> you're you're changing it up a little. It's a mashup now. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, we are now gonna finish up our time with Reggie. Uh, with the first book of this last section. And, you know, we do save 
the shitty books for the last bit. Uh, this is uh, not the case this week, really. Uh, though Eric would venture to say that this is a pretty shitty book. I, I, know that I, I hate this goddamn I know he so hates much. it. Uh, it's becoming... It's not as fun as the coming of Superman, but I think oh, that no. me and Reggie are both still kind of sticking with it, uh, hoping it gets a little better, and I think it did this week. Now, I, I can't say that it's not ridiculous. I can't say that it means anything. I can't say that I would ever uh, recommend this series to anybody. I even G was in the Slack, and I told him, hey, I, I like this week's book. And he said, oh, good, because I was going to wait for the trade for that. And I was like, no, no. I I don't know about that uh, it's and, and the problem is uh, really to me where we say a lot of books would read better in trade i don't think this is one of them because no. it's based off of cliffhangers and it's based off the cliffhanger and maybe that we're supposed to go from this you know each issue and me and reggie giggle as we're eating lunch together wondering how they're going to go off of that cliffhanger uh, though nobody's doing this uh, is that why really, you never eat lunch with me because you're always with that reggie? is right giggling, i'm with yeah. reggie giggling uh, about Kamandi Challenge. I wonder what they're going to do. They took Kamandi's organs out. I wonder what's going to happen, uh, Reggie. Also, th this really is a, like a creator's exercise. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's yeah. something that if you follow along, you might have some fun with it. And, you know, there are some yeah. good issues, bad well, issues. The art is usually something to, yeah. to talk about. But I don't know if this is something you necessarily want no, on your shelf. Basically, really. you have a bunch of known writers and pretty big writers and artists on this while it is actually – very reminiscent of the exercise that that workshop did for oh, yeah. that, you know, writer's workshop number one special, where right, you wanted yeah. to end in a cliffhanger. You wanted to show, basically, you're showing that you can write a story that leads into an interesting cliffhanger. Now, I, I've said this where I think that where they have gone wrong with this is you have, you know, you have like 28 pages of this. It is a little oversized, but what you end up giving the writer and the writer saddled, the writer saddled with the fact that they have a they're starting off with trying to get themselves out of a crazy cliffhanger there is eight to ten pages now you you have this so entrenched in them that they have to do their own crazy cliffhanger that now you have ten pages at the end leading into that you don't get that many pages of story everything in this whole series has been get me out of the cliffhanger how can i fuck the next guy and it's, be it's become yeah. that to the point where we forgot what the point of the story was we forgot was. what the point of the story was and what uh, really and really has to go meet he has to go find his parents or something yeah that's what uh, it is really they spell it out here me. they actually yeah. spell it out here at least and i think that marguerite benet to her credit going on this says okay i have a crazy cliffhanger i'm gonna get out of that i'm gonna have some fun there's some you know, they're very cheesy jokes. You actually have a comic book that has dogs playing poker, which mm -hmm. it made me smile. It didn't make me yeah. chuckle. It's very cheesy. But th the way that she goes about it, then she actually tries to – I think that she's sitting there like, okay, guys, listen. You fucking nonsense. By the time I'm here at issue seven, this book's a fucking disaster. I'm going to get us back on board. I'm going to get us at least pointing to the direction to the end. And yes, I do have to end in a cliffhanger. Not as crazy as the others. It is a nope. pretty standard cliffhanger. While Reggie will probably say at the end is, it's again Kamandi just falling somewhere, which yeah. is basically what they are. But really, she ended up following up Steve Orlando, which is either the most 
enviable or unenviable thing. I don't know either. I don't know which because well, you in have my to... mind it's enviable because well, in your mind she comes out looking like a hero. Well, you do, but you in also have to pick. She really does. Yeah. You have to pick up the pieces of his fucking garbage, though. So yeah, you you start off with like, what the fuck, Steve? What are you doing to me? Because the the story that we got in this number six, the last issue of Kamani Challenge. Was it was awful? Eric was not here. He heard me and Reggie talk about it. As a I, thing, I heard you guys talk about it in the podcast because I was with the Poconos putting flowers in my daddy's grave. But daddy. I heard you guys talking about it and going into this issue, I I don't remember what that issue was about at all. Yeah, and the thing is, uh, unfortunately, I do, and yeah, and the, Reggie the does, and bears, it was, it I I cannot even stress that if you remember me and Reggie talking about it, it it. it we hated it more than we ever could. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. I mean, it should have gotten a zero. I remember that it part. Really should have. It, it re- but I think that we even kept, because we started trying to joke around about it and having some fun. Uh, I I literally hated every bit of that issue. And at one point, even the art, remember, Reggie, it was like, why yeah, is it so yeah. shitty? And I, I messaged Reggie and said to him like three times leading up to it, like, what the fuck is going on here? I actually, if, if I remember right, we were going to start, say, me and Reggie were going to start recording at 8. That motherfucking Steve Orlando's Commodity Challenge made us start at quarter after 8, 20 after, <laughs> because I couldn't get through it. I really couldn't. It was that bad. It was overly written to and overly written to give you nothing. So we'll go into this, and I'll give you my little blurb if I can get back to that because now I'm paging through things. Commodity Challenge number seven, written by Marguerite Benet, art by Dan Jurgens, Klaus Janssen, uh, Hi-Fi, and Clem Robbins. Marguerite Benet gets things in order and actually gives us a pretty good issue of Commodity Challenge. And I'm not saying it's a great issue overall. For this the series, it's pretty good. The issue is still a bunch of ridiculousness. But Dan Jurgens' art is top-notch, and I like this more than almost all the other issues in this series because we actually get an idea of... Of what the story is about. Uh, but yeah, it starts off where you had the communist fucking robot bear <laughs> mecha walking around and Kamandi was going into basically what their power source was, like the heart of it, the atomic reactor. Yeah. And he realizes that he has this stupid goddamn fucking helmet thing, the cortex crown, which mm. what right away, you now, I, I actually think of anything, Marguerite Benet's laughing right now. I'm like, okay, Steve Orlando, you're, you're going to throw me into the stupid thing. I'm going to use your stupid shit to get out of it. Because yeah, I'm going to use your crown. shitty shovel yeah. to dig out of this. Yeah, thing I think that's, like I, I'm not joking. And I think that's what she did. You know, he, he encases himself in metal to escape the, the energy and then pings out of there like a pinball. You yeah, know, pings, does it yeah. off the bumpers. That, yeah. I thought that was a little, little, yeah. ping, little ping. thing. And says, yeah. you know, gets involved and then, hey, catch me and take me to Renzi. And Renzi is his robot friend. So he goes, boom, boom, boom. He goes, robot boom. Friend. He ends up there the and they were part. using, we found out last issue, they were using Renzi to kind of power this mecha bear. I also give Dan Jurgens and Marguerite Benet full credit as well because this mecha bear was the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. It was. And they don't even reference it really. You don't even really see it. They just go and like, fuck this. We're going to yeah, I, I had so no stupid. idea where we were. We yeah. opened up it, this it book. It looked like, like a bear that looked like Godzilla. It just started walking. You Which had is so a bear because we just had that jaguar fucking mecha a couple issues ago. Yeah, yeah, and even so, the the uh, this uh, bear 
that was supposed to be the leader who had the cortex crown. It, this crown was supposed to be something that if you voted for something, he had to do it. I, it was so wonky and underdeveloped to the point and where Margaret. it was just nothing. And I think that Marguerite Benet and Dan Jurgens had some fun. And like, yeah, like Reggie said, oh, we, you put us in the shit. We're going to shovel ourselves out with the shit shovel you gave us. And <laughs> and they do. And they go out and find Renzi. And Renzi's being grabbed by these uh, dogs. The, uh, the bulldog British. Yeah, the Bulldog Britannics. And and this is where the series has devolved into basically each issue. Kamandi getting out of a cliffhanger and then finding another anthropomorphic animal (laughs) and off they go. uh, Because these are these uh, Bulldogs, the Bulldog Britannics. They're all lady dogs. Britannics, yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. And they're going and they are in an airship. They're playing dogs with poker. You know, you have Kamandi and the airship is kind of funny looks like uh what's it called from mario the uh the missiles oh, the oh, yeah. yeah i yeah, thought yeah, that was pretty oh, funny uh and the art the, in this was is it the damnable dirigible doghouse i'm like you know they're talking about how this thing is like you know it cannot be destroyed at all yeah. first thing that's shot at it fucking takes a guy well, it says like, they, a they, zeppelin i'm like yeah what did you think this how yeah it's weird though because even then it's that it's got it's like magic that hits it or whatever yeah. that's that's why it, it can kill it but yeah you see that but even before that i like the way that this renzi is it's ridiculous He's a robot, and the way they spell it out without being really hokey about it, it's like, man, you know what? You're real good with that uh, freaking, you know, torch. You're a real good, uh, you know, welder. I'm like, okay, here we go. Because I didn't think Renzi was going to be hanging out too much anyway. Also, the one dog sniffs and says, hey, smells like, you know, I can smell that you had some female companions. I guess they're all dead. I'm like, yeah, yeah, they're all dead. Looks like uh, he actually makes goo eyes at this one yeah. uh, Britannic that saves him. And they, they, they kind of look at each other Gross. and sparkles go around hey man you yeah, know, this hey is, uh, you know you know the how they future post apocalypse times future. is tough in the freaking yeah. disaster time you know yeah, how they they you know how they'd probably uh make love doggy style no missionary uh Kamani likes to look in the lady's eyes so oh, he's, a, he's, he's a very giving lover yeah he is a very very giving lover uh <laughs> they get shot down they get shot down in the wasteland you see a polar bear uh evil polar bear that is using wizard. parasite evil fucking, polar bear wizard yeah. is using polar parasites polar parasites that end up going and taking you over they take over some of the dogs the, the dogs go and they regroup Kamani ends up showing up and uh, you know because he can use the cortex again the uh the uh, cortex, cortex crown. crown he ends up using the bits of pieces of the blimp because the Dirigible, blimp was man. made it was made from the scrap of the mecha bear right. that right. the cortex crown is part of so of he can make it uh you know morph into a thing he goes and attacks he frees some people i mean we're gonna go pretty quick there's i don't think more than me and reggie are reading fre- this he becomes freaking ripley and aliens with the goddamn yeah. loader mech yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and basically he's freeing people. They're fighting back, uh, stomping on the polar parasites. The, the polar bear wizard gets taken in, Fuck. and uh, that's when uh, uh, freaking Kamandi decides that Renzi's going to go on his own. So he's going to go on his own on a glider. He goes glider. off because in the meantime, these dogs all know his. They knew his mom and said, "Oh, your mom's down south. She's a southerner. She was. We saw her before, and she was pretty cool. And you look just like her." So, and then he's like, "Oh yeah." 
I, I forgot all about this. I'm supposed to find my mom to save the world. I'm like, <laughs> okay, you know what, I remember I too. About it too. Yeah, I'm like, that's good. So he's going to go. And, of course, you have to have a cliffhanger. So as he's going off, you see one of these uh, polar parasites going around. I have no idea how he doesn't feel it because it's big and disgusting. And it goes up, and then it bites him at the end, and he's falling to his death like where yeah, you right. know he won't. And, possibly and he's on his land. He's on his He's on his way south to the land of gorillas with a polar parasite on him. Yeah, yeah. So he's end up the land of gorillas. his neck. And again, we saw now, is this going to end up taking him over? Because that's what happened before. But I, I don't think that'll be. Uh, but yeah, he ends up falling like Reggie loves the, the commodity <laughs> to do at the end of every issue. Right. And again, it's very quick. I actually like it. It's very straightforward uh, compared to any of these issues. I mean, these things get really wonky. I think this was very straightforward. Uh, it made sense for this world again it, it's nonsense if you're reading it though i i do think that most people would agree that at least this issue has a clear cut what they're trying to do we get back to what we're going to end it in and what the whole thing is about and the art was incredible so i i actually gave it a higher score than you guys will probably even get close to uh but i gave it an 8.2 and it is kind of basically in its contained deal of the commodity challenge i think this is probably the second best issue of the series so i rate it as that this is i'm not going to say this is as good as you know the biggest book of the week or whatever that sort of deal but in this little world you're rating it on terms of commodity alone yeah if that well yeah because i'm just rating it as what it is it's the commodity challenge You, you she gets out of the challenge that was given to her very quickly it's not 10 pages like steve orlando took where he's having a doctor shoot somebody and then you go and the guts are the same oh and we're going to do this yeah. and then by the end you have no idea how they got out of it he steve orlando set up what this cortex crown was she goes with it and uses it from what it was supposed to be so she gets yeah. out of it very quickly you get with the dogs that know the you know the family and then you have a cliffhanger at the end but that is basically the last two pages it's not a you know 10 page fucking thing again like steve orlando set up with this mecca and there was the whole thing with that bear oh that God. uh the hey can we go find renzi yeah then after three pages wait a minute we're going the wrong way what's going on oh i have to go with the people uh, you know there was none of this nonsense it was very clear cut so i'm going the, as my score in the commodity challenge i give it an eight two and i love the art the art's great and i wish dan jurgens would get the opportunity to do more art in books uh because he's great he really is this is really well, I, think, good. I think if he wanted to he could get yeah oh yeah but yeah like we said it's it's a lot less time it's money to, to write a couple you of can write seven issues one. in a week yeah. probably compared to, to half a book you know, yeah. or or three quarter or a quarter of a, a book. A quarter but, of a book. Yeah. Yeah. It's just you can you can make more money. You, you but can he, get is, more. he is spectacular, and seeing yeah. him on this again, and I didn't even realize Klaus Janssen inked, but it really does help to keep it. Uh, yeah, it gives does. Kind of thickness and juiciness to and it. High fives on That's colors. I actually I like the it. colors. I like high fives colors a lot this week, and this is this is just good uh, for what it is. But Eric, what would you give it? I, I'm telling you, 
I'm a bi- I have a bias score right away just because I hate Kamani so much. I this challenge thing is just nonsense to me because you don't even really get anything of a story no. for the way this is played out each time. You're like, you know, we we come in and we see these freaking dog people. You want to know a little bit more about them, but you don't have the chance to do that. Yeah, you got you're a polar bear wizard. Chance, yeah. I don't know shit about no polar bear wizard or any polar parasites. They try to explain something. It's just not enough for me. I'm telling you, I do love Dan Dan Jurgen's art and this is very good. Everything looks great. It's just that I don't care about this freaking story at all. And, you know, I get done reading. I'm like, why the fuck did I read it? It's just so, yeah, I'm very biased and it's in my 5.2 out of 10. Yeah. And then basically what you're like, you're saying the the way you're biased in it. I'm kind of the anti-bias because yeah. I'm invested in doing it. So we're both using this whole challenge aspect and this whole book as kind of a basics of the score. You, you just you've accepted the, the challenge. I, I yeah, have you not. have not. I'm, I just know that me and Reggie are it's bouncing back and forth. For me. That the challenge for us is I still have a couple issues to review, and, and so does right. Reggie because we go back and forth with this. So yeah, I have I'm invested in it, and I at least want it to be something better. And I think this is the start of possibly getting that. Who knows, though? Like I said, I love the art, though, and I love the fact that, you know, uh, Marguerite Benet reminded us about what the story's about. We're going from freaking issue to issue with this challenge, and we're seeing, you know, animal people meet animal people meet animal people. Every issue, and I'm like, I don't know what the end game of this book is. And robots. And And robots, yeah. And, and, and like, after Reggie's score, I'll, I'll give you something that you'll laugh at. But, uh, but what would you I give just, it, Reggie? I'm, saying, oh, I'm keep just happy going that we. I'm just saying I'm happy that we actually know what the book's yeah, about again. I forgot. One, totally I gone legitimately forgot and was just going in. Like Reggie said, it seems like an exercise for the writers. It was kind of being just an exercise for review. I was not yeah. caring about – I had no idea, and she reminded me. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that now because it's so convoluted where we've gone from the beginning to here. But, Reggie, what would you give? Uh, I just want to – Eric, you never saw that uh, – heard that Who – Album, the uh, Polar Bear Wizard. You never no, I, 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 you never got that one. He's a he's polar, polar bear, bear wizard. Right. There yeah. has to be a twist. I, I, that I one. I, I don't think you're listening to the lyrics correctly, right? Oh, no, you know, they thought, of, thought about a polar bear wizard that controls a uh, little uh, polar parasite. He's a polar bear wizard with the polar parasites. Is the that that was the one you, you don't know about yeah. that? I love that. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> that is well, one of my favorites as well. I, I, I mean, really like that. Something we talked about, and we did reference the Steve Orlando issue a lot because it was such an unbelievable piece of shit. If you're just yeah. measuring this against that, it gets a 20 out of 10. Yeah, it's, it's a so 20 out of 10. Man. It's yeah, so I much agree. better. It's it's not even – it almost feels like it's not even in the same well, series. Well, I didn't read no. that piece of shit, so yeah. I'm lost. Oh, it's terrible. And, and I recommend you don't read it. No. By itself, no. though, I mean, Jurgen's art was spectacular. Yeah. Uh, this this series does what I wanted to do. You you guys want a more cohesive story. I'm happy just seeing anthropomorphic animals every issue and like well, then you are more and more wacky situations. But the wackiness to me could have been turned up a little bit yeah, more. Really, uh, I actually you know, that's the thing. With stuff, this, I think that, that she crazy. dialed it back uh, so that she could get everybody online. I think that she, she actually did. bit the bullet and, and said, "I got to get this book back online." I I don't know, and you never know. By this point. The editorial is probably reacting to what has gone before. Like you have the first three issues. They're done. That right. when that book comes out, those are already to press. And now now you're getting the we gotta do something. I'm shocked that Batman hasn't showed up for some crazy way. <laughs> because this book is not selling well. But I think that maybe we're getting somebody kind of whispering in people's ear, like, you gotta get this back on track. And but uh, it'll never sell. It was I, never I said, the, be a big the way sell. this whole challenge is, it just seems to be fun for the writers. 
I don't think they ever will. They don't really care if this book sells no. like that no, much. So I, honestly, I, I don't think I, there's I a lot know. of editorial involvement going on. It's uh, just like, there has right, to be something. Do. I mean, it is yeah. an oversized book. It's a lot of money being. I, I would think that a lot of money being paid to these people to do it, unless they're just like, ah, I like doing Kamandi stuff and Jack Kirby, but who knows? But Reggie, you didn't give your score yet, right? No, I didn't. I think I'm, I'm going to go with a seven point eight out of ten. Okay. Yeah, I, I actually was I a little more positive. I did nudge up a little bit from what we were saying earlier in the week, so you're right. You were able to yeah. boost yeah, I a couple of get percentage you a points. Yes. Yeah. Uh, now, here's the thing. This next issue may be the best thing that ever happened to this book or may be the worst because it's Keith it? Giffen. It's Keith Giffen next Uh-oh. issue. And that's the R- issue. Is, uh, no, uh, Steve Root is on uh, okay. art which they they work together a bit and that's right. i i like his art enough it's just the idea of keith giffen may give eric exactly what he wants because it may go balls to the wall crazy but i bet it's going to be wordy no, so we're no, going to see the thing is it's going to be maybe Kamani, this will be already his is, i'm against spot. to begin with because i don't like kirby characters I know. And then we have the Keith Giffen dialogue wounds blocking maybe, out all the maybe art. Maybe this is a sweet spot. Maybe it's Better something like this. And it looks like it involves, well, at least a statue of Ulysses. And then it says, uh, return next month for a one-of-a-kind odyssey. And we'll see what's going on. And I'm looking, actually, and at the end we often talk about how they have that uh, bit at the end where the artist or the writer talks a little about the, the issue From the before. previous issue. And yeah. if you want to, uh, you can read what Steve Orlando says. And <laughs> Because it's funny, uh, for the last couple, they've had artists because the writers yep. didn't seem to want to be involved. Uh, I'm telling you, I'm looking through this and it looks like more nonsense. So I'm not even going to deal with that. If, but, if it's not one page long apology, I'm not interested. Uh, it, there is never – it does say uh, – <laughs> I'll, I'm lucky to be here. He says thank yeah, you. Right. Happy hundredth. Uh, yeah, he says that. I'm gonna after we you get must done have got here. Naked I'm gonna read it really keep quick. On here. Uh, but yeah, uh, we're gonna go off now. All right, and what is next? I know what's next. next. Back Good, well, on the temple. I have to say, we have to introduce. Uh, Mark is here once again Hello. to talk about Batman Beyond. We can't just jump into it without proper introductions. That's very rude of you, Eric Shea. I'm I sorry. Why. I, I, maybe I was going to do the introduction. <laughs> I don't know why. No, no. You were already getting into your blurb. That was not an introduction unless you were going to say, and Batman Beyond Mark. Is that what you were going to go with? I, I had a whole thing planned out. I got a whole write-up no, here. It's, it's amazing all the stuff not. I have set up that you'll never you get to nothing. Hear nothing. All right. Tell us about it, Eric. Okay, Batman Beyond number 10, written by Dan Jones. Oh, so that's what you were going to write. You were going to read that. You were going to read that. You weren't going to introduce anybody. I was going to introduce everyone. No, you weren't. You to the show. You are a liar. Go with the Batman Beyond number 10, written by Dan Jones, art by Bernard Chang, Marcel Maiolo, and Travis Lanham. Bruce Wayne shows up just in time to see that Damien won't kill Terry McGinnis because there's no sport in it. And then we move on to some backstory about why Damien followed Roz to the League of Assassins. And pretty much, it's everything you could have figured out on your own from what we've gotten to prior to this. And while all this is going on, Terry keeps getting up to get his ass kicked again. In the end, we move very little in the story just to lead to a cliffhanger where it looks like Terry killed Goliath. Very good, Eric. Thank very you. good. Thank you. I try. Yeah, uh, as the guy on the outside, because that's how I consider myself with this book, because I do not have a horse in the race. I was pretty bored 
uh, I like Eric said, yeah, you get some background, you get some background of Damien, uh, but it's nothing that we wouldn't know. And then it kind of gets a little wonky a bit. And, you know, oh, you just have the this amount thing. of things that it messes with, with the yeah. timeline that it, it, it gives us very clear times of when like things happen that yeah. make no sense. Yeah. Like, it's that. Uh, and just so bad. And then to wrap around the whole thing, it just doesn't get you. You go two seconds into the story again. Next issue is the last one of this arc, and it's it's either gonna how can that it's be? Either, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be such a rushed ending, and it's not a rushed yeah. ending because mandates made him like you know lose an issue or two of yeah. the book. Yeah, it, I don't it's know gonna be going a rushed on. ending because he he extended like a, a three four around. issue arc to yeah. six. Yeah, yeah, that's all it is. It, it's very padded, and we have said this before. Where, yeah, you're going to have some padding in a twice a month shipping book. This is not a twice a month shipping no. book. You wait a whole month for this book to come out. And then when it does and you get this, you're just like, what What happened? Like, it only, it, it's dribs and drabs. It dribbles forward. And this one didn't, eat, honestly, didn't even have the, like, the really the hook at the end. It no. was like, okay, so we're. So we're at the same place we were before at the end of last issue, yeah. except Terry's standing this time. Oh, that's yeah, the and, and like, Goliath yeah, might be dead. There you go. Yeah, I'm saying my header for this in my written review was round two. And by the end of the review, I'm like, OK, I guess we're on to round three and that's it. Yeah, yeah, really. And the thing he uh, didn't even take really participate in round two. He yeah, was like, yeah. hey, I'm the intermission. And then yeah. Goliath. Yeah, Goliath. And Goliath comes. And really, you have to remember, too, that. Dan Jurgens is writing this book. You know, he mm-hmm. kind of I would think that he might want you to like the character. Now I know he has the suit and the suit's taking over, but when the point goes to the to the extreme where to show that this suit can take you over and make the worst things happen, you still had your lead character kill pretty much a beloved character yeah. of Damien. This is possibly. one of the favorite characters. yeah, possibly, but still, you have a yeah. month to stew That's over the fact that it, you're led to believe. And I love it's Goliath. Irritating that yeah. he, he's writing Damien. I'm, I'm not going to lie. He's doing a pretty good Damien. I like Damien. Damien. Yeah, I don't mind Damien. And it's, it just, makes it's sense a shame that he seems to be able to write really any character in yeah. Batman at any point. Because yeah. he can't write Bruce and he can't write Terry. Yeah. And both of them have been Batman. Yep. And it's... <laughs> I'll say that we're we're in issue ten of this, and he's barely written Terry because everything we've got in this arc is you know even before this arc it seemed like you know we put the suit on the prototype suit and he's been acting odd ever since and there's barely any dialogue from Terry at all except for you know aggravated freaking you know like little freaking uh, like sayings he just throws at Damien before attacking you know there is nothing to the character at all in this yeah. whole thing and yeah, like and, we're and- just. Our main character at this point in my mind is Damian Wayne. Yeah, it is Damian, and it the is, thing about it is, and it I'm gets loving so, it. Yeah, and it gets so and, infuriating though. Damian is the lead because he's to, so much yeah. more interesting than Terry. Oh, yeah. I do too. And now again, me, you, and Eric, uh, Mark seem to be the only ones who like this Damian. Though oh, no, I think that I saw a lot of articles saying it's like Damian's gone crazy. It's like yeah. no, 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 no he has not grown up to be who we want. Damian I, I has hear a lot of reason throughout yeah. this entire book. One of the things I have noted is like, except for sending people after Curare. Yeah, uh, which I mean that, that I mean still it's trying to kill somebody, but other than setting them and and not the cops being killed wasn't a good thing. But it, that was not their job. That was no. we got attacked and then we started firing back the the assassins. Yep. Except for the very end of this book, Damien has doesn't actually do 
anything villainous. No. Like, there's no. been essentially, except for the missiles thing at I'm the saying, end of the even book. Even with that, it is a pure Damien. Nothing villainous he's for, done. I'm saying that it's, it's like pure he's not Damien even trying to situation. kill anyone. Yeah, that, and the problem is, as I see a lot of people, and I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I hear a lot of other podcasts, and they're just like, no, not on my watch, not my Damien. And the people saying that, for the most part, just join in with Rebirth. And they don't. I don't think they really truly get what Damien is, and they don't get the character of Damien. He's All they monster. get is the Damien that has been in Super Sons and the Damien that's in Teen Titans. Now, the Teen Titans, they don't even like as much because he's kind of a, you know, a dick and whatever that's damien and this damien goes perfect into you go to a future that pretty much was going to be destroyed or was destroyed by brother i that he says you know it's bruce's fault pretty much and because Mm. of that he sided with his grandfather who a lot of times raish is kind of on the right side just because it's raish in the league of assassins here yeah, it doesn't mean that he's always wrong. It doesn't mean just because it's Ra's al Ghul and the quote-unquote League of Assassins that they're villainous to that point. He does have a you world know, view. Sometimes you've got to believe in a population control. Well, this you know, is we the gotta, problem. We gotta, Bruce, crack the bag, yeah. you know? it's not we'll even that. It's him, it's him having Damien and giving Damien the okay to build. To do what he has to do to build it better. Resources to yeah. build that entire complex. Listen, yeah. To, yeah. Uh, to, I agree. to protect everybody. And from I agree because uh, Bruce Wayne. I, which is apparently. Apparently, his satellite is the moon. Yeah. Like, instead of that happening later, but. uh. The thing last run where we were confused why he has the living space up there, even though it wasn't created yet. Lunar Bat Cave kind of makes sense. Yeah. 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 That that wasn't a thing when when the moon base was invented, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I had the thought. But but still. It works in the timeline. Yeah. I'm telling you, Bruce it is there. It, it's the difference between eating Freedom Fries and French Fries. Sometimes, unfortunately, the, the French are right. And I think that Damien's right here. He's not in the wrong of what he says. And the problem is, like you said, if, if Dan Jurgens can't seem to write uh, – he can't write Batman or – uh, Terry very well. The other thing he can't having do, trouble writing Superman right yeah, now. Yeah, he can't. He can't. Yeah, he can't have a, He has problems to me in this also. Of he seems to be stuck in this weird place where Damien here. I think he really wants to make him bad, but he can't and doesn't want to. Doesn't want to go that next step. It's, kind of. It's, uh, it's like a uh, Marvel Civil, the first Civil War, where they where Marvel really wanted you to side. With Cap, uh, yeah. with uh, Iron Man, Iron Man. But everybody was like, "No, Cap everybody is right. wanted Captain Marvel." And and here the no, problem no, that Captain I America. have, Cap. yeah, uh, Captain, Captain America. America. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, the problem I'm here uh, that I have a problem with this here is that he ke- Bruce keeps yelling at Damien. I know it's the suit, son, Sonny boy. It's the suit. Uh, Damien finally is like, "Shut the fuck up! It's oh, not no, the it's- suit." I'm telling you, I'm thinking clearly, and what he's saying is not anything that isn't thinking clearly he is spelling it out like bruce i know it's the suit and he's like well listen no it's this 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 and this it's got to be the suit no no listen dad Look, I, I you did killed this, this, the this, world this. because your brother i creation calm yes. down over there it's not yeah. the suit and <laughs> then also you know it gets personal and then even oh this is you're just jealous because the suit no no you, you i you didn't find me i mean it is very jason todd like uh the whole explanation when damien says you're batman You'll find anybody. You gave up. Yeah. You gave up on me. And, you know, and that gets to be, like, I don't know if that's supposed to be us. They're like, oh, Damien, you little son of a bitch. You're a baby. But he's right. He's just no, like, he did. 
if they had just left it at that, it would it would have worked. But there yeah. were, there were so many other things this issue where they contradict it. Like when Bruce says like he wanted to come looking for him, but he couldn't, and then Damien replies, yeah, uh, because you were held captive by Terminal, which is a timeline thing that it's like yeah. throws things into question. And then just, there's so many other little things. Well, uh, again, just, I, I have I had a feeling an epiphany where the Bruce because I've been saying to people in the Slack chat that the this timeline that we're looking at right here, it's you could say it's in motion just like all the others. It's yeah. the future of where everything is this month. And this month in the award jokes and riddles, Batman has been an idiot. Yeah. yeah. And this works. This seems like that. Yeah, Batman. That's just the idiot. Yeah. I, I just, it, it, it works yeah. too well. But yeah, we'll get to it right now. We'll start it. But really, there's not a lot to really go in panel for panel because basically we just said there's you a couple start of panels off here and, and there, you do but other than yeah, that. you do get a you know a background of Damien. You see when you know Bruce found out he was alive and it was his son, and he has this big narration. And basically, the narration of me with Batman is just basically telling the reader how it's, awesome Damien is. It's it, basically, it, 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 I mean, the, the issue starts out with a recap on who Damien is again. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. So you're gonna get that. I really think they're they must not. They're not confident that people know Damien, so you got to go with this so that you do have that connection so you know. Like, basically, all it is is to show that he is Talia's son. That's what they want to make sure. They they could have done that with just a thing with, with uh, you know, uh, Bruce saying, you know what, you've always been Talia's son, and him, don't you say her name? Boom, you have it. And it yeah. actually makes sense in the thing, but in the meantime, it's basically Terry getting the shit kicked out of him because Damien is too good – while the suit starts to react more and more to a un, you know an impossible win, oh, so which, then it's going to kick which in. Which leads me to my favorite terrible writing of this issue. Yes. So Bruce is saying it's like, oh, Damien doesn't realize he's uh like the suit's taking control. He's yes. not he's not fighting Terry anymore. He's he's fighting a machine. And then the next panel T- says that he's fighting panel, back. He's le- no no no. Okay. Uh, Damien is like. He's like, good, you've given yourself over to the machine completely now. Yeah, I don't so have knows. to really deal with you anymore. Yeah, like, I yeah. don't have any respect for you. It's like, gosh darn it, Dan Jurgens. Yeah. Like, the next it, it's weird because this book, and I say so it to far, Eric all the time it's at the work. It's the worst writing I've seen since the Cuvier thing. Yeah. I said to Eric, though, that the book – it's just one of those – this actually – this book kind of nestles into what I said earlier in the podcast about the Suicide Squad book, that it just ends up being one of those, eh, you know, I read it. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not – I just can't get that invested with it. Uh, it's not on my door die pool. Yeah, and I, I, I just – and I know, Mark, this is, this is like your big book. So it, I, it's you my get big angry. Book and I'm – I know that there's changes coming because you've sent me solicits. Yeah, oh, I always – the happy. minute the solicits come, uh, I send Eric the Blue Beetle solicits and you the Batman Beyond. And, and then send and Eric so the Batman I, Beyond. I but, know yeah. there's change coming, and I'm really excited come September. Yes. But I am not excited for next month. And no. honestly, I I had to put down this issue like twice while reading it because it was it was – it was cringeworthy. I mean, there's a panel where we, we kind of go back to the gold and silver age of just pulling powers out of nowhere that are used once and only once. Yeah. Yeah. Like with the with the shockwave thing. Yeah, I'm looking at and it. And then now. with the freaking the blades spinning around, freaking which, Batman which, Beyond's arms. Yeah, which 
would have been cool if we'd used them before, but yeah, we hadn't. You don't get them. And mm -hmm. again, you you don't get them, and they're being used against a oh, guy oh. who knows everything's coming. And they, I just, I, I just the the whole thing I got was just the fact that it's just a setup to get Terry to have the suit go so far over that Terry cannot fight back. Because Bruce does say, is what I thought you were saying. The one point when Bruce is like telling Damien, you know what? Uh, you might have beat him, but he's fighting back the suit. You you can tell this. And Damien, and, and then there's really, at the end, what consequences do we really have? Because Damien basically says, I'm not going to kill him. He's an inferior opponent. I don't do shit like that. Yeah. So then all of a sudden, because of that, because he, he's so concerned with Damien and his Terry's honor, now the bad guy. Yeah, and, not, that's if, what if, I'm if saying. anything clenched it as Terry the bad yep. guy, is because he's the only person in this entire situation who's actually trying to kill anybody. Yeah, he's, he's trying to kill somebody With, and it's terry and, and then and the, th and the suit saying oh we're going into kill mode is, is yeah. complete bull because two issues ago the fight started yeah With kill yes. mode yeah yeah, yeah, we, we kill mode already engaged. Yep, and it's then, ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Uh, and the thing is, it, it basically, I don't think that this is any sort of you know uh, crazy thing to think. It's only set up so that Terry can go full out kill mode and then fight it back. And, and I'm then just say, not sure. You know, I don't better see how you're going to redeem the character. Yeah, I'm better than the suit I, and give it up. It, it's it's ridiculous. And then you have the worst part is then you have Matt, who we've wanted to have in this book so bad. And, and, and he, he gets four panels. Yeah, he gets four panels and does nothing. Basically, it's just to show, you know, the whole brother so eye connection because that's what they go. And then and it, it's just ridiculous. It, it really is. And, and the point, though, is that you said it. Terry is the bad guy in his own book. Uh, we're not getting anywhere. There's so many other things that this book can be about instead of. And I know this is. Damien's a weird guest star that they throw in because I don't think that he'll sell books. It makes complete sense why he's there. And yeah. so I don't mind it. But it's just a weird whole thing that they wanted to do this whole – like we had the Joker. We had the Joker come out before and everybody went gaga. I heard podcasts that have never even said the words Batman Beyond ever talk about yeah, that issue. Stuff. And then they put it aside. And we haven't. And it it, it would have been one thing if you had a an arc. If this was, yeah. and I, I'm going to spoil things for some people. Joker's not in the upcoming no. solicits. Yeah, no. Like it, it'd be one thing if you did. You had a piece in between because I get it. You don't want to go right into a Joker. Piece. No, but by if now they should have been but to. But to, yeah, no, yeah. this is. They should have. You you have the Joker reveal, then you have. You know, a mini three issue, something, something that would lead up to the Joker because finally Bruce knows. give me a uh, screech story. My favorite. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. The favorite Beyond Villain. Get, I mean, you had you get you had like three panels of him. I like, thought you were talking about at one Screech. Point, uh, <laughs> or Shriek, sorry. Shriek. Sorry. I know you're talking about how freaking sit here thinking of Dustin Diamond. As I well. thought you were talking <laughs> Dustin Diamond, and uh, I didn't even say that as a, as Storlin Shea because I had no idea what, it, you know, the like, character because I, I don't know. Just give us give us, give us somebody we like. But So I mean, what you're issue, saying is you'd rather have Mr. Belding out there instead of Matt. He'd be there. What I can say is is that this issue is it it is like point zero something higher on my list than the Cuvier issue. I can't okay. I can't stand this Cuvier. issue. The amount yeah, of, the as I said before, the amount of timeline things because people are always asking me about the timelines. Yeah. That this issue just screws up like two issues ago, Bruce knew that uh Damien was the demon's head. Yep. 
This issue we find out Raish died the day of the invasion, the day that Bruce got taken out. Yeah, he should yep. never have known. Probably within several hours of each other. Yeah. Um, and, and then Talia's here. And then in the flashbacks, and then she's not. She's not in it later. I mean, she could appear. Yeah, to, she but might it's just, the there's just so many other things. Like if like Damien going back to the Batcave, but it's like, but he was yeah. Bruce didn't go looking for him immediately afterwards because of Terminal. But there was time for you know all of Terry stuff beforehand Terry started. Yeah, um, yeah, it's off, and it's just it's. It's yeah, so we had all that time where Terry became Batman Beyond before the Brother Eye invasion, and as soon as you know, like you never looked for me, and then it seems like you know, he was an as soon as the Brother Eye invasion happened, yeah, the it seemed like the, the like the Brother Eye invasion happened as soon as Damien left, almost, and like a Terminal freaking well, kidnapped Bruce. Yeah, I mean that's what he essentially says. Yeah, so, so yeah, it's it's very like you know this really like condensed timeline we have for what everything that needed to happen for Terry to become Batman Beyond and be the actual Batman of Neo Gotham. Yeah, and, and the problem is, I I do think that they have. It's not like they painted themselves in a corner with the timeline and things like that. I think it's got oh, more confusing it. than they can deal with, and they're just going willy-nilly and going, okay, we're just going to go forward from here. I think that they actually even – if they would look at reviews or hear things, uh, there's other places. That, again, they people think that this is an alternate Earth. They oh, think and that, it is – it just is, goes on and on. That is the thing that bothers me the most when uh – not on the Slack chat, but in other places I've been messaged about it. And I'm like, no, this is not Earth no. 12, I want to say. Yeah, it. that's what yeah, they this keep is, saying. This is not Earth 12. No, it isn't. This is not Earth 12. No. Earth 12 yeah. Terry's more competent than this. And, and yeah, because um, that's the animated series Earth. That's the, you know, that, right? yep. that's the Earth or 12 the, where you have the, the Justice League the beyond. Two, and That's the 2.0, which is yeah. pretty much yep. everything from the animated stuff. And then the 2.0 and all the other, like, digital mm-hmm. first Batman Beyond yep. comics. Minus... A couple things that don't work with because there's uh, the old animated series. They visited a couple multiverses that okay, aren't yeah, yeah. part of the 52. But it's essentially that minus a couple stories here and there. I thought but it was crazy when they brought out when, when they brought out the multiversity map brig when they actually and said that the, the Justice oh, yeah. Lords oh, were a part oh, of the thing. I'm like, that's they, crazy. When they did both of them. I was it was a it was a it was a surprise to see one of them. It was a shock to see both. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but it, this is the but problem. But the Justice Lord thing informs so much of the universe, uh, even uh, starting with Justice League Unlimited, and then after that, that it kind of needed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, the, I think that a lot of people, because of what they see this reaction, where there's nobody out there saying like, oh, like you said, I don't think anybody's going to be talking about, well, this doesn't make sense with the Brother Eye invasion and what happened here in New York, because I don't think many people even know. And I'm it's sorry, sad. People don't the fact remember that Future's they keep constantly anymore. bringing it up. Yeah, yeah, and that yeah, it's just so crazy that they just they're really going willy nilly with it to just say, okay, let's go forward. Now, if they were doing it to make a better story, and I said, you know what, Mark and, and Eric, thing. and that's the thing. No, no, I am all for if you can make a really good story, even if it breaks the continuity, I'm okay with that. Yeah. But that uh-huh. is a very di- that is a very difficult thing to do. Yeah, it's yeah. a very difficult thing to do to break the continuity and still have a good story. But if they could do that, breaks, it'd be good. If they could, yeah. but they're not. No. But he's not. 
like no. this. And really, like we said, the, the whole thing is at the end, Terry and, and Damien just calls him an imposter the whole time. It gets really old. And, and, That's like uh, it was last time, pretender yeah, and shit pretender like that. Pretender and imposter. And then Bruce just keeps combating, you know, coming back from that with, I know it's a suit talking. No, it isn't. And they just keep going. And in the guy, meantime, no, it isn't. I was right. You were yeah. wrong. Yeah. The invasion happened. Yeah, that, and up. it's fine. And the weird thing is, is because of the way that Bruce is saying it and because of the way this book is set up, I think you're supposed to side on Bruce's side, but I don't. You're absolutely I, supposed to side on Bruce's side. And, and I don't. And, yeah. and you don't. No, because Except you're there. for no, the no. missiles, you don't. Yeah, and yeah, now. Saying, you, you don't want to see Damien destroy most of the population on Earth, but in the long run, like the whole thing is Bruce has already destroyed cities. the world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's yeah. there's one city essentially fully functional, and we know of one other kind of makeshift city, that yeah. being Metropolis, that is it. Yeah. And maybe a couple other cities here and there, but essentially that's it. Those four rockets will probably yeah. destroy what is left of the Earth. Yeah, so. and one of the ports uh, I'm sure that people will uh, have an issue with is when Damien says, listen, brother, I attack. And I sat it out. I sat on the sidelines. I that, waited until no, I mean, shit that's cleared. That's we talked about that's a while ago. Done. Like That yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. We're not sure of a way to immediately combat these things. Let's wait. Yeah, let's, let's see what goes on. Let's wait let's it out. Wait it out. Yeah, it makes sense. But I, I'm sure there will be people. Let's, yeah. Well, it was essentially let's store everything because, I mean, they, they have all the power and all the databanks of all the, their stuff down there off so they won't be detected. Yeah. But they have backups. Yeah, like, yeah. Simply doing that keeps all of recorded history from being gone forever. Like yeah, I can't, right. I can't entirely <laughs> criticize them for preserving the history of the the, the human the race. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what they're doing. Yeah. Now, any other complaints as we wind up? Because, and again, oh, it, it ends with yeah, it ends with a it. cliffhanger that it looks like uh terry has killed goliath which is it's awful i don't think that he's dead but we'll see better not be yeah because that's like then i don't know that i could even look at him i don't care if it was the suit we've already had terry mcginnis go with the suit and kill a shit ton of people in the league of assassins he's trying to kill damien when if he like i'm okay with the league of assassins it's fucked up but if he kills goliath that's a point too far. Yeah, you have crossed the line terry there's no redemption at that point no that that was honestly the death of goliath i'm like I'm not sure if this Terry could ever be redeemed at this point. Yeah, like, I, don't, I don't. I don't think so. Like now, what you have done for uh, any future writer to do any future stories with this Terry, um, yeah. you know, that take place after this, you're you're you've locked them in to a. I like. Oh, An woe asshole. is me! What have I oh, done? It, yeah, it's it's like, mopey it, Terry at this point now. And it's like, gosh darn it! It's you, an evil you just, clone. You just That's gave, it. Got him. There you go. At least Tim, it made sense. He had survivor's guilt. His entire yeah. reality was gone. But this, this will that just be true. him moping because. <sighs> yeah, because he's mopey. That's the thing. What other complaints? Go. Uh, Quick uh, shot. Go Quick, Quick shot, shot. complaints. Uh, we have the <laughs> we have the uh, deadly the deadly force thing. Um, yeah. The the art in this issue, I gotta say, except for one part of one panel, is Jurgens' best, and it's the uh, it's the full page thing where uh, Bernard's or Bernard, Bernard Chad, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I just I hate this issue. The art's good though. <laughs> no, I love uh, the art in this issue. Except yeah. for uh, the the first panel where Goliath hits Terry. Look at yeah. look at Terry's hand. It's like is it bad. Um, oh, it's, you you can see the three like little oh, yeah. spines on yeah, his glove, is, and then his hand is just like half of it's going the other direction, bad. and it's yep. just uh, 
Hey, I'm okay with that too, because as we know, even if your bones break, the suit will freaking make it so you can still fight and stuff like that. Oh, so yeah, maybe his, his arm is but broken. His, but his hands are completely fine in the next panel. <laughs> uh, uh, yes. But yeah, no, it's it's the continuity stuff, and it's just the I don't know. It's it, nothing happens this issue. It has a good cover. Boom. Eh. That's about you're, you're struggling to find anything positive. I, I've, I've complained a lot today about yeah. this. <laughs> I'm sorry though. I, I still want to see where we're going with this issue though. Oh, I, I mean, something. like this arc. Oh, you got another one? What did you got? Yeah, uh, the whole trope of uh, the pit no no longer being able to re- rejuvenate uh, yeah, race. I, I actually I've thought that was hated very that forced. Trope. I've always hated that trope because never once has it ever been explained why. Yeah. It's just like it just doesn't work. His body gives out. Hey, I'm with you. I, I actually thought that that was just – I would have rather of him died. I would have rather of Raish I would have rather decided, him died in the beginning of the invasion. That's what like, I would have yes, thought. I would have liked him to have died in the beginning cool. of the invasion because he thought that he could get involved. He died, and Damien realized that's why he had to stay on the sidelines. So and and he blames his father or, or for it Damien as well. Or Damien or somebody else was out getting something, and yeah. he led a group to, to, go, to go save yeah, him. Yeah, he thought they were going to get something. But like Eric just said, the best part of that is then Bruce is responsible for Raish's death, for the the whole Brother Eye invasion. It gives you another reason why Damien would, you know, stay with the League of Assassins. Now, his his grandfather died in the the invasion that his dad started, so he's going to take up the mantle of his grandfather. There there you go. And make a better world against what his dad ruined. And it's perfect. There is nothing wrong with that. That would be very good. And they don't do that. Anything else? <laughs> you, uh, other, you other than the fact that once angry. again, other than the fact that I think this is like the third time in like between this and last series where you, the person who knows probably the least yeah. about Batman Beyond out of the three of us, had the better like plot That's idea right. that you <laughs> have him show up and when he's like, You you left your own son. And he's yeah. like, yeah, I, Damien, I have to tell you something. Uh he is also my biological yeah. son. Like he's, he was, like, he's your brother. That, and like and that and like that would have been yeah. that would have been great. It's yeah, because like then Damien wouldn't know what to do. I don't even know how, yeah. but uh, I have two more children. Yeah. Hey, we got yeah. one more issue for this arc. Maybe we'll get that still. Yeah, maybe that would be it. it. Maybe I doubt it as well. But maybe. Well, here's the problem is I am the least invested in this book. I know the least about the book. But I did read Batman Beyond 2.0, which was my first thing thing with it, and it was very good. So I really enjoyed that. So basically anything that I go with is like, huh, what would that series have had? Because that was really, really good. And I – I, we talk about yeah. it all the time. I stress to everybody, if you actually do like this, you're you're getting half of what you would have gotten in the Batman Beyond 2.0, and you should go check it out well, because it is half. awesome. It's so good. So good. But, yeah. Uh, what did you give it, Eric? I gave it a 5.8 out of 10, and mostly that is the art because I always love Bernard Chang and Marcel Maillard's art on this book. But just I was very disappointed because we got nowhere and it was just a bore to read because it's yep. Damien giving exposition about himself that I already know. And even the stuff in the future, we could have gleamed ourselves from what we got previous to this issue because pretty much nothing was really, you know, shocking to me what happened. And in the end, it's just, you know, we moved the goddamn story like two and a half minutes, maybe five minutes in the future. And, you know, Terry just keeps getting his ass kicked. He got back up. The end. Yeah. Very I, disappointing. I, I give it an FU five. Fuck you, five. I give it, and mainly, and and as you were saying that, there's the one thing I'll, I'll explain that you have an explanation of Damian Wayne, 
when the most confusing thing in this is still the timeline. I yeah. think that most people reading this know who Damian Wayne is. I and hope so. know and, and again, yeah. it could take one second and we had it last issue. I mean the really you, you and don't kind need of the that. issue before that Yeah, issue. yeah. You don't really need that. Most people know who Damian Wayne is and know that he's and would not you know, you don't need to explain to me why he would go to race or why he would leave or why he's mad or whatever. We know the story. Try to get more people in line with that this book is actually in the Rebirth universe because there's too many people who think it's not. And the problem with that is a lot of people like an Eric Shea over there sitting over there in Quakertown. A lot of people, if it's an alternate universe, or a, they don't deal with it. They, they're like, no, I'm not invested yeah. at all. They're like, oh, I don't need to read that. It's, it has nothing to do with it. Now we said it is a, uh, an elastic timeline that will change as the actual rebirth books in the present do change. But this still is a rebirth universe book. It, it's there, and yep. sometimes it's 35 they, years in the future, they may even go with this at some point that you may miss out on something, a little subtle hint of what's to come, or something like that in this book and it, it's fun while a lot of people say i like batman beyond because it's not in this universe so they could do whatever they want they still can play around with things it's just dan oh, yeah. jurgen seems to play around with the wrong things and, and this book should never be boring there's no way that this book should be boring you have so many things that you can have and do and he doesn't do it he just makes it boring yeah. like this where we had tim drake getting his ass kicked all the time before that we hated this book it's just terry not doing much of anything i and mean one he's of the getting least his ass interesting kicked things too. about this book though is we even in the last series we start out with tim drake as batman beyond and we establish a world where most of our heroes that we can play with are gone i'm like yeah, yeah well, we, fuck start, me, we then. start out with one other hero and that is uh uh micron, micron. yeah, yeah micron yeah, and, and this is like if I had a multiversity story. I'm going to make multiversity two. Freaking uh, Grant Morrison is taking a break. I'm going to do it. And the first thing I do is destroy 50 of the multiverse. So I have And two. there go all your As long as and 12 is okay, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. it'll be 12 and 12, and, 12 and 51 or yeah. whatever the Justice Lord one. Leave those two and those I'll two. Yeah, the, that's the thing, though. This book, like you said, you're doing this. And this happens in too many books where you have the coolest things and they get rid of them right away. So you can't even use them. So it does suck. And the, the worst part is Dan Jurgens can only blame himself. He, he yeah. was on it. He, you know, there, this isn't like somebody jumped on, on this Rebirth. This is his establishment. Yes, no, this is what he did. He, he's been writing this. Yes. He's been writing this essentially uh, fluid, for lack of a better term, story since uh, Futures End Zero. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. And it's crazy. He, yeah, so he has nobody to blame but himself. I wish that no. it, it can't be anybody like, oh, you know what? I was saddled with this story. I, no, no, you said No, it's, it's not like he was just quickly assigned it. No, he, it he wasn't even like at Rebirth. They, they didn't have a, a creative team change at Rebirth, so you can't even say that. And here, here this is what you get. So what would you give it? Um, Come on. Honestly, 4-7. <laughs> Ah, uh, no, fuck the you, art, five for it, four seven. No, that's still page. too high of a score. <laughs> it's on the podcast. It's um, not going to go in writing. The art is really good. The art is really good, except yeah, for the like broken the hand. And yeah. uh, I mean, they kept the same letterer this time, two issues in a row. So the letter boxes look good. So I mean, good for you guys for keeping a consistent art team. Yeah, way to go, Travis Lanham. And uh, yeah, no, it's this issue is this issue is garbage. Jergens, you've been building up. Uh, Matt getting into a, a some type of superhero costume since the preview for Bat, the last run of Batman Beyond. You want to you want to get a good review next issue? 
pander to me and put him in a suit because (laughs) at this point I don't see any way I can have any like for the next issue because it's (sighs) can I convince you of the art now if you go to the part where the brother I invasion hits there's four panels and you see Talia and Damien standing there looking into the sky and then in the fourth panel it's like present day and it's pretty much a exact duplicate of the second panel it it's actually seems to me like a reused panel with Talia out of it boom there you go F- fuck you I think it's supposed to be like that yeah it's just but it is almost you look and you can't even tell what's different it's just the it's hair's like a different reuse. than that's it yeah, yeah it's a reused panel case. it's nonsense Fuck you, five. Come on. Go with me. No, no. Oh, four, you seven. You're like me with the JLA. I, I wanted to give it a fuck you, five, but I couldn't go any higher than a four. So that, that's my Especially issue. not written. Yeah, really. Yes, that is true. But that is the end of Batman Beyond. And at some point, we're going to talk to you about a good issue. some point, we're going to both, I, all three of us, I'm, nine out of ten. This September issue I'm looking forward to. Okay, well, we'll I see. I have high hopes for that one. We'll see then. But thank you for coming on. And Happy we're going to re- we're gonna go and continue on to the last book of the podcast. All right, Eric, and we have one last book to go. Yeah. The journey is almost over, Eric. The journey. Why isn't the journey already over? God damn, it's a long ass episode. The journey isn't over just yet, Eric, because we have Teen Titans number 10s written by Benjamin Percy. Art by Phil Hester, Koi Fum, Pop Man, Trevor Scott, Jim Charolampidus. Charolampidus. Corey Breen. Corey Breen, Eric. He doesn't Charolampidus sounds like a goddamn Greek monster. Charolampidus. Jim Charolampidus. Sounds like that would be Uncle Jesse's Greek cousin. That shows up, Eric, and he's that's a Stephanopoulos. Bit, he, he's a remember when he'd show up and he was like oh, yeah. real sexed up. Ooh, Rebecca better put some fucking you know non-revealing clothings on that week, Eric. I oh my goodness, and so should Michelle. Oh God! This month in Teen Titans, we find out once again that Beast Boy is a vegan, but yet yep. is still a pig, Eric. We learn that Starfire's older than the rest of the team but probably should be the leader. And we see that Damien is stubborn. We also get a bunch of Jackson and his father, Black Mana, but most importantly, I found out that I'm not really enjoying this book at all. I, yeah. I'm, I'm starting to grow very weary of this the book. The sheen is uh, wearing off of it. It is. And me and you both, you a little more than me, but you're a big Teen Titans fan. This is a I book do that enjoy you really young heroes. enjoy. And I know. I've heard that many a time, Eric. Uh, but... I told your kids to fucking help a goddamn old lady cross the street so they can become a hero, and they won't do it. No, I told them not to do that, because next thing you know, the lady's suing. I I told them the other day. I said, listen, start thinking about things with the, you know, cause, not even cause and effect, but benefit to, you know. To being put in jail or sued. Yeah, that That's the problem, is if it's not going to, and not even benefit, it's just basically when they go to do something, I say, what good is this going to do? Like, really? What are you going to do? Why do you need to do this? What is it going to end up? And I say this to my wife, too. She's just as bad as them. Oh, yeah. A homeless guy walks homeless by. Homeless crackhead walks by. A she's homeless gonna crackhead will walk by, and she'll be like, you know what? You don't have somewhere to live. Live in our middle room. Next thing you know, I'm getting raped, Eric. And that's so that might be a benefit to me, but my kids are going to have to hear that. I don't yeah, want them to be exposed that. to that sort of stuff. They're still kids. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this book, I don't even know what we're talking about. Now, this book is one of those uh, Ben Percy is not writing it horribly 
the the dialogue. What I'm saying is like the the nuts and bolts, the dialogue. There's nothing really wrong with it. No, uh, it just seems really simplistic for yeah, what's going it, down. It's just there, nothing's like... going on. Is you keep getting the same things over and over. It's very similar to what we thought that Super Sons was kind of getting to, but yet yeah. that rebounded and we get a little more. This is just. You know, you have Damien being a dick, and then you know he really doesn't want to be. And the you rest have... of the team, this fuck back, and why are we in the Teen Titans if Damien's yeah. such a dick all the time? Actually, yeah. that's one of the main things. In the back of my mind through this whole thing, I just wonder why they're a team. Why yeah. are they there? Why is Beast Boy hanging out? He seems to think he has a lot more better things to do anyway. Why not go do them? And out of nowhere, he's trying to get sexy with Starfire, it seems. And I think that he is the worst written character. I said that, you know, Ben Percy doesn't do that bad. It's Some of the characters are a little, I don't know, cliched thrown out there, but... It's just also Raven doesn't have anything to do, really. No, I'm telling you, especially yeah. now that Wally West is gone. Like, that seemed to be her big push as she was going to have this connection relationship with Wally West. Now that he's gone, all she can do, hey, when are we going to get Wally back? And that's it, because there's nothing yeah. else for that character except for that whole possible relationship with Kid Flash. Yeah, and before we get right into it, there's just my last thing about it is where I would say we always go with the thing. You get new characters at the end of the issue. Do you remember, you know what their names are and stuff, and if you're invested in, you will. What I also would say to go along with that is we are now in issue 10. I really don't know what I would say to somebody if they said, hey, should I read Teen Titans? And and then not even that, say, hey, give me a reason why I should read Teen Titans. I don't have any. I really don't. I don't have a reason either. Like, you have Super Sons, where, like I said, it it did get Uh, a little, you know, bickering or something. Yeah, I said, you liked it. There you go again. I'd say, Damien and John, they're really good together, and I like the relationship. Well, it can be overbearing at times. It does even itself out eventually. Yes, and most books have something that you could at least say... It does this. You have Detective Comics. Oh, you know what? It's this, you know, this weird team with Clayface, and they're yeah. there. And in this new story arc, you have Zatanna, which is really like. There's always something. Even at the end of this issue, the best I can say is, well, Black Man is in it. Black Man well, ain't the, part of the team. The you best know, that's I can say at the end of this is that maybe Starfire is going to take over. Yeah, maybe, but I don't think that would be the case. I think that what it eventually will be is that we'll get this whole deal where Damien finally, because they are trying to push some out of nowhere, Ben Percy seems to want to be uh, writing the redemption of Damien Wayne where he doesn't need that. I think it's going to be him saying, listen, you know what? You guys are just as good as me. Maybe not as good, but you're close. I'm not the leader. We're all part of the team. Exactly. Get like, kid you know, flashback and when we we're have all going to Damien- be good. When we have Damian Wayne in this, when he first shows up, you know, it's like he's talking to Batman on the monitor and he is trying to figure out how to be a better leader. He's like, hey, dad, um, during the Justice League, how do you delegate responsibilities and all this stuff? And the whole idea is he's trying to learn from the Justice League how the Teen Titans should work as a goddamn group. And if we get back to this, it seems like, you know, the idea is that, like, like, you know, if you think about it, you know, there is no real leader of the Justice League. You might say it's Batman, but in the long run, I don't think there's any real leader. No, you would say it's Batman, Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman at least. But still, that's that's three people. Yeah, Yeah. there isn't really a leader. They all go into And I think if we get back to this later on, it's going to be when Damian finally has his talk with Batman. Batman yeah. about, you know, how the Just League does work, you know, internally, and he's going to take that back to the Teen Titans and say, look, I have tried to lead you as a solo goddamn deal, but I can't do this anymore. It's not working. You're just, it's getting you aggravated, and we're not working as a fully functioning oil machine. Yeah. 
I got to change shit up. This is how they do it at the Jets League. Let's try this out, see if it works for us. Yeah, where I would guess that what it's going to be is that because you do have already a little seeds of dissension, especially with Beast Boy. Oh, yeah. I don't think that Starfire is anybody who would be like, yeah, fuck this. I'm going to lead. But when things, when the chips are down, she starts barking out orders and they oh, make yeah, a lot delegate. of sense and they follow. So I, I, I get that she's, you know, a strong character that's going to jump forward. I don't think that she would ever be like, you know, but this is the problem. The other guys, especially a Beast Boy. Unfortunately, Beast Boy is being used as this guy to all of a sudden hate Damien so much and not want to follow him. And Which want is a odd, too. Like in the Super Sons thing, you know, the Beast Boy character in that Super Sons last issue was you know, Aqua Lad, Jackson Hyde. Like, he was the one, like, why are we yeah, following he was this Robert kid around? Yeah. Fuck him. Yeah, and it's bad when I say that one of the best bits of the Teen Titans team was in another book, was in Super Sons. Even though they didn't do a lot, I actually no. liked them, besides Jackson. But I, but in this, Beast Boy, not even Beast Boy's art is off. It's like they don't know how to do Beast Boy. He looks like he's like 25 all of a sudden in this. I, and I'm telling you, me I don't like Beast Boy. I know he's like a, a legacy character, a fan favorite. Everybody loves yeah. Beast Boy. I liked him when, like, when the New 52 started and he was like, they he changed his origin. He was part of the red. He had like red yeah. and brownish fur. I'm like, this makes sense. I like this idea. But now we're back to the fucking sex-starved goddamn, you know, like, yeah. attention hog beast boy. And we have to push this whole vegan thing. And I'm telling you, as much as I didn't like him, by the end of this issue, I liked him less because now he's a goddamn cannibal in my mind. Because when, like, Jackson Hyde's mother, Lucia, when she goes to the Titan's Tower because she's all fucked up from Black Mana. He is a maggot eating away her fucking dead flesh. Yeah, that, but like, again, he does weird, spell no, it out. It's something it that he doesn't want to do. Me the fuck yeah, out. I think that that was supposed to be, and it was just like scabs and dead flesh that he was doing. But I thought that that I think the whole vegan thing is pushed at the beginning so that when he does it, yeah, you I realize you. how but much of a sacrifice he's making to up. help. That's eh, okay. I, I didn't care. I, I thought it was more that all of a sudden I'm like, why are they drawing Beast Boy like he's 25? And then all of a sudden he starts getting sexy with Starfire. I'm like, oh, I get it because they don't want a 14-year-old hitting on a 22-year-old. It just seemed very odd. But the I issue don't know. The way they keep pushing that whole but, teen aspect, she's got to be 19 at the top. I guess. But they, they even say, he even says you're a little he too old. He says you're older. He says yeah, you're older. Older. And he looks like he's 20. He's had a hard life, that it's beast boy. Ridiculous. Yeah, he just looks like hell here. But it starts off saying not looking like hell. I, I always love the look of Black Mana. That's It's a home run oh, yeah. for me every time. And you give me that fighting. giant helmet, I'm down. Yeah, he's fighting Lucia. Lucia. Uh, which is Jackson's mother, and they're fighting where we left off last issue, and they're they're going to town, and it's all about you know how dare you keep my boy away from me? How dare you not say this? You betrayed me. Where's the boy? Where is he? Uh, and then Jackson shows up. He's like you know get a, get away from my mom, and he says no, you better have some respect for your father. <laughs> and then he's like oh my god. Now in the meantime, it, all that Black Manta wants is the necklace that Jackson had. And we saw this. When Little Black seashell saw necklace, it, yeah. Yeah, when Black Mana saw it on the monitor, we, we had the idea that's what he was going after. Now, if you want to keep Jackson safe and you want to keep his, you know, pretty much villainous father away, why do you have him wear that necklace? I'm, I'm saying get a safety deposit box, maybe do, do yeah. something. Just don't have Bury your son it wearing somewhere. it. Now, because really, you don't get any idea that Black Mana can track it. He saw no. it on TV. 
And that's where he saw it. So there you go. Why not just hide it never to be seen again? She's as bad as goddamn fucking Zatanna with that orb. She's just oh, yeah. all around willy-nilly. But yeah, they're fighting away, and that's when Jackson finds out, you know what? Oh, my God. You're my father. And his mo- his mom's like, I'm sorry. I wanted to protect you. Protect you from him. And then he just attacks. And Jackson... At points here, looks great. I, I really like the art here for the most part. I think that this is Koi Fum because this is him at the beginning. Yeah. I think this is probably his best art that he's had in the series. I think it's – especially with black men, I really enjoy. Uh, but yeah, he also – you get the idea. He wants to know you know, his father but also doesn't to want him to from. kill his mom. Exactly. Because- Look, I'm dead. Leave her alone. I'll go with you if that's what you want, which I, I really don't even know why he did this because the whole thing is like we find out later in the issue. He wants the goddamn seashell necklace. So why not just cut the necklace off and say, you know, fuck you guys. I'm out. Maybe he gets the idea. I don't know because maybe it's at that point Black Mana is actually just leading him to kill him because, you know, you don't want him to go after him. You don't – he doesn't need to have fucking child support payments. They, you know, Jackson's I don't know. Like are, like are they trying to push the idea where, you know, Black Mana, he's like, you know, I don't want anything to do with you. I'm all about the treasure and like, you know, fulfilling the really promise isn't. I made to my daddy. Like no. is he actually keeping Jackson around because he – like even though he has this hard exterior, he does yeah. want to know his yeah, son I a little bit. Is. You know, I think it's, that it's he very yeah. – the way they're pushing it though because for it seems like black men himself a lot of daddy issues a lot of unresolved daddy issues especially since oh, his yeah. whole motivation for most of it is aquaman killing his father yeah, killing his but father. now now we're going up to this treasure that he always promised his father he'd find before he died so like you know all right boy i don't like you i don't want to know you you're gonna come along because you know i don't want you to have unresolved yeah, daddy and even, issues. even like, that I one, when that's when that's going and then jackson just is like so Tell me about my grandfather. You shut your mouth. He doesn't want to go any further. Now, the other thing I have to say with, with uh, Black Mana, however, anybody writes him, he always has this end game where I'm telling you, when he does find this treasure, you can almost say, okay, now what is he going to do? Because all that time in the, you know, before he wanted to kill Aquaman. Then he kind of, Aquaman disappeared. He realized that whole deal. He kind of found out what really happened with his dad. But then in the rebirth, he was against him again. But it always ends like he always seems to hit a wall of what he's going to do next because in my mind, he wants to find this treasure so now he can retire because he said, you know, daddy, I did it. Now he can go, but in the meantime, I do think you have that thing in the background where he kind of does, you know, he's not going to mention his father that many times in this issue to not go that it's going to have Jackson say something like, you know what, your father's gone. Uh, Why are you doing this to me? I never had a father. And I think that what's going to end up then as the continuation of that is Jackson having to decide if he if he wants to be with his villain father, which I would say he will not. He'll be part of it. You can't be on on, hanging out with Black Manor and be on the Teen Titans. It just don't work that way. So both. Black and with Manna Wally West and Jackson, we keep, gonna... losing, we keep losing goddamn members. We can't yeah, lose yeah. another one right now. Yeah, and again, another hero with a, a villain father. But y- yeah. you have you have Jackson there, and I do think it's going to be like at one point you may even have where Black Manna becomes attached to Jackson, but Jackson's going to have to leave. But like you said, I don't know why he uh, you know. Up until the point where they're going, but why hasn't he taken that necklace off immediately and then just leave him in the ship, knock him out? But he actually lets him go down with him where the treasure is, and I don't know, he's he's fodder in case something happens because something does, but it's just very odd. Uh, 
But then also you have the whole thing with Beast Boy, and Beast Boy's telling Starfire, you know what, I hate I hate fucking Damien, I hate Robin. Why can't you be the leader? You're older than us, you should be the leader. Uh, and then the other bit is the whole thing with uh, Lucio comes in injured in the Titans Tower, and then yeah. that's how they find out and what's I, happening. I, I want to know, like, you know, I know they want to, like, t- talk about, you know, we're here for San Francisco, we are the Teen Titans, we're yeah. open to the public, we're going to have fucking interviews with goddamn people every now and again, but... How does Lucia just walk into fucking Titan's yeah, Tower? Yeah, she just walks in. It's funny because as you go through this very early, you mentioned it earlier, uh, Damien gets a hold of Batman and says, listen, I, you know, I'm trying to get this team going. Is there anything you can help me with? He's like, here's number one. Don't go on fucking interviews. You know, yeah. keep a low profile. Once people know about you, they, they have power over you and they're going to figure shit out, which we already saw. That is true. Yeah. And yeah, and then he says, you know what? Uh, you got to submit weekly briefings to me and all this. But yeah, Damien wants to know what, how, some advice. How can I go? How can I do this? And he says, no more talking to reporters. Shut down Beast Boy's vlog. You've been Seriously. attracting too much attention lately. Yet, but Lucia just walks in. She walks yeah. in the front door. Like there should be. And also, it's funny because at points we have said, even in this issue, it's spelled out about the traps and the bombs that Damien has all over the the island there with the tower. I don't think there is. I think you just take a fucking tram car right up there because she does that. She doesn't have any sort bleeding of out. things going. Yeah, bleeding out. She just gets there. Uh, but yeah, like I said, things go wrong and Starfire starts, you know, ordering. We do get a background of the whole necklace it and the treasure. Zebel, we find yeah. out, and it, it, you know, it, it's really, I don't know. To me, it's really pushed that this pirate's supposed to look like Mara, and then well, you see the, the Zebel connection. They do this whole thing where we have this fierce pirate in the 1700s who had this freaking pearl ring that allowed him to freaking, you know, control the seas and take out all these armadas of ships with this whole thing, and you know. I don't know if I'm supposed to believe at the end that this is an Atlantean, a Zebel, like a Zebelian, whatever you want to say they yeah, are. Yeah. Because and, just, and Zebel is pretty much like a, a you know a prison for yeah. for the sea guy, things. But she looks so much like Mara that I, it makes I don't know me because th- in my mind it's just supposed to be a pirate. And then I don't know is this to be supposed to be the beginning of the Zebel people? Zebel, but I don't know yeah, because it I seems like know. when they got shot when they got sent down to Zebel, they died. Like the yeah, whole thing. Yeah. Like I, I don't know because beforehand though. The pirate fearing that, you know, the, the Atlanteans and the freaking the, the land dwellers are going to get together to stop her. She went and hid the goddamn like pearl ring and she placed a map within that shell. It seems almost like it's like a holographic shell too, the way freaking like, you know, black mana shows them. Oh, so I'm yeah. like, what is this goddamn thing? Because it's a shell. Why hasn't fucking Jackson Hyde, who's had worn this thing around his neck for, you got to imagine, years and years now, never figured out this a goddamn map? Yeah, this is what I don't understand with the whole thing too is because it, it obviously, this lady... It appears that she is underwater with the the ring and stuff like that, right? She's there and she's now, the map in my and mind stuff. that was that was just the shell of the map to find out where the freaking but yeah, ring is. Yeah, but how is she? She must be something different because she's breathing underwater at this point. It just doesn't make sense to me. Then it looks like she might drown. I, I don't get it. I don't because the Atlanteans show up then. Looking like Captain Oh, Kirk. yeah, you know what? I did see that. That is the Alanius do show up. So I guess she has to be yeah. some kind of Zebel fucking a native or yeah, something. I don't know. It's just so weird like for the, them to be the a The beginning a of Zebel, but that's what I'm saying. Are we going to find out later? Or is this like a, a wink, wink that this is Mara's like great, great grandmother as well? Because I'm telling you, it looks like Mara a lot. And you see Zebel and a, a redhead you know, like that. Adam you, Langrock. 
And also, even though it was a ring, also uses the hydrokinesis. Like, everything that Mara does, it yeah. seems that this pirate does as well. But, yeah. Uh, doesn't it? Don't they all look like Captain Kirk as they show up the Atlanteans? They do. Captain Kirk. Uh, yeah, but the, you get that. But even That's that. a big it's, look it's for them in the 1700s. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a little just thrown in deal, though. You know what I mean? There, That's just black man are telling the story and i'm like okay we get on with that uh the titans have to figure out what's going on and damien just walks in they're trying to do this this is where you have beast boy turn into this fucking uh maggot Maggot. that's you know eating the dead flesh to stimulate the healing process and then damien just walks in they gotta have have better medical equipment than a goddamn maggot well it seems like damien does because he comes in with this needle that he sticks time to wake up and she wakes up jackson oh what what's going on and she's all out of it and he's like Adre- adrenaline glucose and blood cell multiplier you're welcome that's da- and damien the art there looks a little off he yeah it's crazy uh but now yeah, then starfire just steps up listen we're your son's friends please help us understand what's happening i don't know where to start uh, and then she st- she tells the story of how black men are pretty much used her and, and that bedded her down there. I mean, yeah. she really fell for him. Uh, but yeah, she's telling all this, and that was the it's, necklace. It's such that he a has. weird thing to have another flashback though, because we just had that flashback. Yeah. You know, the story time for Black Man telling Jackson all about this ring and what it is and how he's trying to find it. Now we you know have a couple pages, and then we go back to another flashback. This is how you know yeah. Black Man bedded this me down because I was a dreamer just like Jackson. He came, he's going to promise to take me with him, and the only thing he left afterwards because I made a test. I showed him where the shell was, but I replaced it with a, like a freaking a, a, fake. a fake one. And when he found out, he got pissed and he left, but he left yeah. his seed behind. I'm like, gross. <laughs> Yeah, it was. I was like, ooh. Uh, but yeah, then Don't they're call like, it listen. Seed. Uh, and uh, she tells this whole story. She's like, the he necklace. He planted it map. deep inside me. <laughs> Multiple times. Sometimes uh, freaking doggy style. He's like, one that it, it's a I, map. I just want to know how this goes map. down because this entire romance seems to be black mana in a freaking, you know, an underwater gear while he's in Zebel or someplace, you know. You can all, it's there's like, a little escape hatch for him. You, this you is, can do that. I just want to know how this went down. I've seen videos of people underwater, Eric. It, it can happen. I, I mean, it's not completely impossible. There's got to be some kind of pressure situation, yeah, too, though, well, right? There, there was pressure. Pressure for her to get her pants off. That was the pressure. <laughs> he He's very forward, Black Manta. He doesn't take no for an answer, that guy. Uh, but, yeah, she says, the necklace is a map, one that leads to the Black Pearl, a hydrokinetic weapon of mass destruction. You'll be saving more than my son's life if you stop Mana. And then there's Damien. Raven, polygraph test. She's telling the truth. Okay. And then he just turns on them. He yells at Beast Boy, didn't I tell you to keep an eye on him? He was your responsibility. And this is where you have Beast Boy over the top. What are you going to do? Fire me? He said this like three times earlier, it seems. He was saying to Starfire about that He was freaking practicing. Yeah, and then he's like, being a teen titan is supposed to give us a sense of united purpose. We're not here to serve you. And then Starfire steps up. Stop. She's like, it's not. This is not time to cast blame. Which she said shade, but she's like, you all have your reasons for being worried and angry and regretful, but none of that matters now. We must find Jackson. And they're like, you know, she's blinding them with this light. So yeah. they stop. And she says, he is one of us. And then she starts giving out orders. Yeah, and, they're getting hey, jobs. Like R- yeah. Raven, go get a hold of freaking Tempest and the Titans. And like, you know, he's he's faced this enemy before. See what he knows about this. You know, she just starts going like, we're going to go get the job done and we're yeah. not going to fucking bicker yeah, about she's this. she's had enough of this bickering. She, and she the, is the older is, one of them. 
Damien seems kind of cool with it, though, too. I'm well, sure he's at first he seems it. a little taken aback because he's like, we don't need him. And then she's going. And then he, she just says, listen, go right to the T-Jet and call up your tracking device on Jackson. But – and then she's like, Beast Boy, do this. And you see Damien a little ticked off. He's in yeah, the background. He's using but a little you, like, But he's doing still- it. At the end, I think that this is where you're going to see in the next issue or two where he says, you know what? I think that we are a team. You know, And he'll make it. If anything, if, if Ben Percy does it like – he should like Damien. Like he said all this is. up for them to do yes. this. Like Damien will the whole say exactly. Damien will say, "You know what? I've been thinking. You passed the test." And then they'll all be like, "What?" He goes, "I'm going to repeat it. You passed the test, baby." And that's what he's going to do. He's going to say that this was his plan all along. That's all that Damien ever said. Took me all that time to get that sound. <laughs> Whatever, I'm dancing. Uh, yes, but uh, because even so, you have that thing where uh, she orders. Beast Boy, you know, sound the alarm. We need the ocean on our side. And he's like, you got it, chief. Sound the alarm is him turning into a whale and making whale calls so the whales will come to their aid. I'm like, all right, now he's Aquaman. Yeah, sound the alarm. But that's, you know, and they're going to go and do this. They're going to try to recover it. But in the meantime, Mana and uh, Jackson are going. Jackson is increasingly trying to talk and get some things with black man you know what happened to your father to my grandfather and he says don't bother trying to don't bother trying to get close to me boy i have nothing to give you and yeah. I, again i don't mind that that is not a guy who's like i don't like you you dickhead he's just <laughs> he's not a guy he's been alone all his life his dad died his dad was everything to him i don't think he wants to get close to anybody else the only other person he got close to her aquaman he, disapp- he disappeared during forever evil and the guy didn't know what to do so i do think that this is more of not wanting to get anywhere close anybody close to him because they either end up dead or you know now, they disappoint is- him this is a pet peeve of mine because I can allow it when in like an Aquaman book when we're dealing with all these Atlanteans, like when they're all like underwater talking to one another. It's the underwater but, talking. But the underwater talking bothers me, especially here because Jackson Hyde, you know, he's a part Atlantean. At least we got that as a billion. And um, he's talking to Black Mana while they're both underwater. I can even understand Black Mana talking because he has a suit on it's that like, might project his voice out right. and maybe allows him to hear things. But – it's weird to me to have these people yeah. talking underwater. I don't they, know why. I get it. They just have to. I, I know they have to. That's just what they do. But yeah, I don't. It's just the same as in space that we, you know, you have the same. If Tom Taylor was on this, he'd be fucking yeah, like goddamn apparatus. He'd have, a and shit. he'd have a breathing apparatus. And uh, but he Jackson says, you know what? You don't want to talk to me. I, you're not going to tell I'm me anything. Talk to you I'll then. tell you. And he says, I play soccer, center midfield, biggest set of lungs on the team. Coach says, I just imagine, man, I was like. Jesus Christ, what do I Soccer. Do? My favorite subject is math. Oh, God. Okay, God, Brainiac. why don't you play a get, fucking real get sport? Get out of here, Soccer? Brainiac. He's like, God damn it. Yeah, why Why can't you throw the javelin like you're a fucking old man? Uh, you're like, why don't you play football? God damn it. And then he's like, my favorite band is Tribe Called Quest. And really, to you me. You are faking the funk. I, I, am a, I was a Tribe Called Quest fan. So I guess you can say I still am. But no way am I picking that as my favorite band. That has been Are Percy. any of your kids don't know picking what that as their favorite band? I don't band. know what he's trying to do. He's like, you know what? He's like, my favorite band is Tribe Called Quest. Q-Tip now owes me $5 for saying that. And I'll keep doing it because he owes me money. You know. <laughs> Next thing you know, he's like, you know what? Once I left my wallet in El Segundo, I, I'm telling you, this is the worst thing ever. And then, then he drops the bomb where he thinks it's a bomb. I'm gay. And Black Manus says, 
You said that, so you're asking me a question. And, and I actually really part, like that. that. It actually makes me angry that Jackson Hyde, it seems like he's just trying to get a reaction. Like, this yeah, is like, that's what he's like, trying to do. I, I, I'm waiting for my, I'm going to say this and he's going to yell at me or something like that. But yeah. no, black man doesn't care. And I'm like, why he would seems he? seems to want to get a rise out of him just to get him talking to him. So yeah, if he says, listen, listen, dad, I'm gay. I think he is hoping that black man stops. And yeah. goes, what did you say? And now there's a conversation. Now, what what do you mean? What's wrong with that? Now, you know, nothing, whatever he would say. Black Mana can say, you know what? Not on my watch. I don't know how Black Mana feels. But you see, Black Mana doesn't give a shit. He no. says, I really like the line. You say that as though you're asking me a question. And he says, you think, you think I, I care? care? You are all meat. We're all, We're all just me. And then he's all pissed off. And I actually like that. And I don't think – don't think that I'm saying that I think that black man is a good guy and an accepting fella. I don't no, think he cares. Just I, give I, a shit. I, number one, I don't even know that in my mind he thinks that Jackson will ever see the surface again. <laughs> I, I, he may gut him in two minutes. He's like, what the fuck? Well, not only I that, I'm telling you. Like you see, when he cuts Jackson free when they get to their destination where the map is taken to him, he's like, look, you can try to get away, but – where are these fucked up waters here? You know, there'd be dragons here and all this goddamn. You yeah. wouldn't make it fucking back home. So even when he comes down with him, he's like, look, I know there's fucked up shit down here. I need a decoy to fucking keep shit off my back yeah. when I look for this yeah. goddamn pearl. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I think he is. And uh, again, I don't think that Ben Percy's trying to get on a soapbox either. That's the character. The character's gay. And I think it's well, I, he's looking for a reaction. But in the, the whole scheme of things, I actually think that's a pretty good scene. He is trying to get Black Man to at least say a sentence to him. He's, he can't do it. He can't get him to do it because Black Man at this point just does not care. He's got and treasure on the mind. They, yeah, he does. He's got treasure on the mind and mind on the treasure, Eric. And Ooh. he sees that treasure and he says, you know, at last. And that's where Jackson's like, that it? We just swim in and out. And in the meantime, you see this giant octopus. Octopus monster. Freaking, well, I don't even you know. know like, going. It's not even he's just like, an octopus. It is a goddamn kraken monster. Yeah, There's no is. octopus you've ever like, seen before. Oh, it, it's, it's almost got finished, father. And then all of a sudden, boom, it gets Jackson. He's like, oh, my, it should have been harder. And next thing you know, he's getting grabbed. Black Mana says that's what he said. And then and off Black they go. But yeah, now, now his boy yeah, next that's what it's left. You have the whole deal where that's the cliffhanger. Now, the one thing that I am actually shocked is you have Jackson, who appears to be just about being eaten by the Kraken. At no point do I think that if Black Mana kills this octopus, He's not going to be able to get the treasure then. And yeah. to me, he is going to kill this this squid octopus giant deal only because once it eats Jackson, it's, it's going to come after him next. So I think that that's what he's going to claim. He'll save Jackson. It's going to be this or, whole thing like Damien's like, this is my plan all along to get you guys yeah, working yeah, as a team. Or the Titans somehow yeah. will show up and do something. But if it's Black Mana who saves him – He's going to have to play it off. I wish yeah. that it was a Sophie's choice where he has to either grab the, the treasure and let his son die or save his son and the treasure goes. You really don't seem to have that here. Like at the and, end of uh, Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade where he's fucking reaching for the goddamn cup and his father's like, come on, boy. Yeah. You're like, yeah. no, I can almost reach it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I would like. I would love to see that sort of deal. I wish it was set up like that. 
but yeah, I think that he will save him and try to pretend that he didn't mean to. I Sorry, the hope. Titans still have to fight him once he gets his goddamn yeah. Ring. Oh yeah, well, and, and also they're calling the Atlanteans too. Now they may say right away they're not responding because they are encased in a goddamn thorns. Yeah, so I'll tell you, at least, I don't at least know. We have Garth coming possibly. You know, he's, yeah, he yeah. has fought Black Manning before. I don't know if they're, uh, Garth yeah, is going to come. I actually, I whatever. would actually think that what we're going to go and if this goes long enough, I have not seen the solicits. I don't even know yeah, if but. the next issue ends it where i would have to think that maybe black mana saves his son then the titans come down possibly with garth uh, with them um, maybe some other atlanteans which would be a little weird and like, they would okay, come we, down and jackson would actually stand up for his father and let his father get away and then damien we, and the team would be very pissed off but we'll see even that though with the whole call out the tempest and shit like that during the lazarus contract when they first met jackson hyde and tempest like hey you know like Maybe after this is all done, I can train you how to use your yeah, powers. Yeah, they seem to want to so. kind of hang out and be friends. Yeah. I'd like that too. Uh, but yeah, I think that at a point, uh, Black Mana will get away and it will be Jackson who kind of like steps between them and says, you know, father, get going. Father, uh, you know, all that, which they seem to know anyway. But uh, you'll get the whole deal. You have to pick between us and them and, you know, all this stuff. So we'll see how it goes. But this issue, I actually, I'll admit, I enjoyed a little more talking with you about it yeah. because when I read it, I was just kind of bored. I was uh, mad. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm still with that, but I, I liked it a little more. I'll give one it. Thing, I'll say, one thing I wish we'd get in this goddamn book, it has to do with the art, is that all throughout the art and shit like that, we had this washed out color. And I, yeah, I, I just do. want it to be more vibrant because everything seems washed out completely and dull. I'm like, we have this every issue. I just want it to look different. Like, I just want these characters to pop and be decent looking. <coughs> Pardon me. And that's no. really like a lot to do with the colors. I'm like, yeah, the I, colors I, are a little off. Well, the one thing I like, and Pop Man is at the end. I really like when they get down and see that treasure. And to me, it looks like they're swimming in an aquarium because yeah. it has that the treasure open with the treasure inside. And you have that big <laughs> skull and stuff. But yeah, the, the colors are washed out. They really are. And it's in every issue. Book. And it bothers me every time it I open this book to that read it. Way. Yeah. Every, like, even the part where you have. Uh, Black Mana and Jackson where they're trying to they're going in the boat and I know it's supposed to be five but everywhere they are everything looks foggy and, and a flashback and almost and, like the way they're trying to present yeah. it yeah they, they don't ha you don't have to do that but eh, well we'll see how it goes but this issue I'd give a six five Eric I did like the art I, and I think Koi Fom's part of the art this is his best except Beast Boy looks too old but I think that that's the best and we didn't even mention too I really like the little subtle thing in the art where Batman in the beginning tells uh, Damien, listen, you got to get off the grid. You can't have this vlog of Beast Boys. You can't be yeah, giving interviews. And then you see, but no, when you see Beast Boy and Starfire walking around, everywhere they go, people are taking pictures of them. Yeah. Everybody are standing. They're taking fucking videos and pictures. And I think that that was really well done to show what Batman was talking about. They can't just even go and get groceries without people taking fucking pictures. You got an orange lady and a green boy. No, maybe send somebody else incognito. Yeah, yeah. Even so, shop. even if it was, it'd be like, oh, but this is like, oh, the Teen Titans again. So th their move, every move they do seems to be, you know, documented by just standard people. They're, they're just around there. And, you know, I think that that was just a little subtle thing that they wanted to show that Batman is right, that just they, they've got to back off from this. Uh, and it's and really all of that is all Beast Boy. Beast Boy set all that up with this vlog, getting interviews and I, all. So. I'm telling you that in my mind, that's why you need Wally West back because you fucking bring him back. Him and Damian Wayne going out and doing this shopping, they can go incognito 
show out yeah, because, like, you know, Jackson Hyde, he doesn't wear a mask or anything like that, so he can't even go out because everybody knows him yeah. as Aqualad yeah. now or whatever you're going to call him. You know, you can't send a green-skinned kid out or a fucking orange-skinned girl who fucking flies around. Yeah, Damien's got to- so much money. They should have people out buying their shit Caters. for them. <laughs> Yeah, they should just yeah, – I know these fancy cities, they they go, you know, you get online, you order your groceries, they deliver it right to your door. You have Damien just come out or hire somebody. Hey, actually, I'm surprised they don't have a pseudo-Alfred, if not an, the Alfred AI that would be there for Damien. I think that would be funny, but yeah. What would you give it? I would give it a 6.5 as well. Yeah, yeah, it's it's – uh, to me, that's actually not even a positive six five. No. I want something to happen. I want to like the. Tony, my six five, my, my positive aspect is talking to you about some of this. Yeah, stuff I actually enjoyed I said- talking about it more than I thought. Uh, but yeah, I I want more of the characters like Starfire. Finally, she does something in here, but really, she just stands around and looks good. That's and that's Raven has nothing to do at all, really. Raven, Raven, the only thing Raven does in this whole thing. Uh, lie detector, Raven. She's telling the truth. Okay. Thank you, Raven. You now later. go back to your closet. See you next month. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's the podcast there. We are done. What is your book of the week? Thing is, can you I remember? Have no idea. No, I'm I telling you, we've been freaking recording for so long now. It might be Green Lanterns or Green we did, Lantern. We Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps. You know what? Uh, I gave that a seven point five. I'm pretty sure, but that yeah. might be my book of the week. Well, that is mine tied with Batgirl, Eric. Batgirl <laughs> and Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. I think I gave both of those eight fives, uh, and that would be my books of the week, I think. That's the problem. When we write, we should write down notes. I know. And have like a spreadsheet. I have no idea what these. I gave anything anymore except for the books no. I reviewed the on the site. By the time we get to – and this is – it's now and none Sunday. none of them would be my book of the week. It's now Sunday at 4 – almost 4.30 on Sunday. We're still recording. By this point – I'm already looking into what I'm doing next week, and we have this. We're doing our new 52 deal and all that. I still have to finish up my my podcast with the kids. I got yeah. a lot of shit going on. But this is what we're going to talk about next week. Bane Conquest number four, Eric. It's back. It's back, baby. I hope this is good, too, because I, hope I really it does did something. like that second issue. Exactly. Hopefully it's, like the, hopefully it's like the Star Trek movies. Every even issue is going to be a winner, Eric. Uh, Batman number 28, uh, that will uh, continue the jokes and riddles, and that is the one that highly features Deadshot and Deathstroke. Eric, that's all I'm all saying. All right, hope that makes it better. Cyborg number 15, hardly hardly missed you, Cyborg. I like it too. Uh, when I'm, we hey, we ahead. might get the metal men in that one. Maybe we look ahead for stuff, and we're like, we don't know what the next week is. And this is like last week when the new thing on the the Fresh Comics app hits, so we can look ahead. And this is my impersonation of you. See what books I have next week. God damn it! I hope it's not Cyborg. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's Cyborg, Eric. Oh, uh, I got the whammy. I no have Deathstroke. I have Deathstroke number 22, continuing the Defiance slash Stroke Squad thing. We had the uh, cliffhanger at the end of last issue with Tara, so that was pretty crazy. We'll see what she's up to. Smoking like a badass, Aaron. We have Green Lanterns number 28. Uh, hopefully, we get back to the actual story. How about that? Hopefully. I would like that. I'd like to see that. We have Harley Quinn number 25. It'll continue every, you know, God damn it. I hate stories. that being shipped twice monthly. We have Justice League number 26, Eric. <laughs> uh, I already said it. I'll say right now, I was on Twitter, and I actually tweeted Brian Hitch, and like, you know what? 
you might have something with this story. Uh, yeah. And I had Double A Ron said, you know what? It's the first issue of an arc. He always fools it. He ain't fooled me. I haven't liked any issues. I really have not liked one Justice League issue. I was reading this. This is, you know, kind of talking I think ahead. you liked the first part of that fear entity fucking little mini I, arc. No, I, I did enough, but I think even that I probably would have given a seven. I can't remember. But even then I was like, yeah, it's better because it's personal and we're not the, yeah, end yeah. Of the world until it was. Uh, but this one I actually was reading. And I was – it's one of those – that book has gotten me down so much that as I'm reading, I'm waiting for the guillotine to drop at any point. Like you're reading like, huh, that page is okay. And you're just waiting for something to get fucked up. There is something – Because you're so used with, to it. Why wouldn't you? There's something a little wacky that we'll talk about, I'm sure, and you might yeah. have a problem with. But other than that, I can overlook a bunch of things to actually enjoy an issue. And I read it, and I actually felt good afterwards and actually had a smile on my face. So I'm not going to say anything more. I don't want to, you know, spoil things, but I'm telling you. And, but I'll also give you the caveat that I don't think it's a good jumping on point for anybody. So don't oh, listen good. to me and think, oh, you know what? No, it ties in a lot to his whole deal and the JLA era. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. it's not something that you're going to just jump on and go, okay, it's a one-shot. This is his final story. I think it's starting out, and maybe he found some fucking, you know, he found some gold at the bottom of a shit fucking mine. Uh, you have New God Special Number One, bunch of stories about Orion. It looks like, including like do, a repent of a Jack do I, Kirby. Do I got to talk about this? Yeah, maybe. Aww. We're gonna see. At, at this point, looks like it's our Patreon only ex fucking exclusive uh, spotlight. But we'll see. Brandon is trying to set the record straight with the badasses and saying, listen. There is a very good chance he listens. He pays attention. I've already said this, uh, something that we were doing, that the New God special, or maybe I just said it to you and he's clever enough to figure it out, that I said the New God special may not be on the regular podcast. So it'll probably be, if it's not, it would be a bonus spotlight. So yeah. you're actually, you know, getting that in the regular, you're, you're ripping yourself off a bit. So we'll see. Reggie's going to do that. I'll look at it. I went through it. The art looks really, really good. So Nightwing number 26, Aaron. No. Nightwing number 26. What is that? What's going on there? It's all... We're continuing the spiral, tire shark bit. It's spiral part. Oh, that's right. Spiral. And like Huntress is coming in for a guest star. So we'll see. Agent 37. That seems too much like you're going back to the well. I know. Uh, you have Superman number 28, where if anybody thought that oh, whole God deal, it. it's Road Trip Part 2. It was not a one-parter. No. Nope. And believe me, it gets a little more heavy-handed here, if you ask me, but we're going to see. I don't want to say too much nope. ahead of time. But I uh, just want to remind everybody we well, do have a Patreon at patreon.com slash weirdscience. You can go and listen to all our exclusive spotlights that we have each week. Uh, this week, again, was the Flash number 27. That was exclusive to Patreon. And you get if early you go, access to the New 52 review. Yeah, you get early access to New 52. I had the Back Issues podcast drop today. Batman uh, and the Outsiders, number one. This, it was with Batman and the Outsiders, number one, where I explained that and have some fun with that. We also have a bunch of other bonus stuff. And things of podcasts. Jim has issues kids. with his kids. We have a necessary nonsense podcast where we talk about uh, a subject that the crew 
the Badass Crew votes on. I believe August will be me and Reggie's favorite TV sitcoms. All right. La- the July one was, what was it? What was the Oh, 90s movies. Yes. Top five 90s movies. So if you want to go, just go and check it out. And if it looks worth it, just join up. And yeah, you'll get the exclusive spotlight if you want to be a badass and go to the full level. You'll even get to vote on the spotlight and what you'll hear and all the other things and whatever, Eric. Whatever. Whatever, indeed. We are done. Now I get to go and edit this fucking monstrosity. Monstrosity, I tell you. Uh, yes, but yeah, thanks everybody who already supports us on Patreon. Each Thank and you indeed. Year. We really do appreciate that. Thanks for everybody who just listens and everybody who mailed in. And gee, I'm sorry, I got mad at you. I actually was going to say to you that maybe we should re-record <laughs> G's mail. Because no. I don't know why I got so angry. Neither do I. This is what you do, though. Yeah, it was late. It was late at night, and I felt like a fool. And we were on Mixler, too, so then I couldn't fucking hide it. I didn't get the concept of his of his list. And then I felt like a goddamn fool. I felt like somebody who came out. I felt like one of these guys. Now, this is where I have to get All the no sudden, shame you were policy. at the prom. Nah, yeah, I, actually, I just need to have the no shame policy like some of these people on Twitter that come out with these grand announcements. And then somebody proves them wrong and they say, not on my watch or yeah, says you. No, all of a sudden, I, all of a, I was like, my vision was blurry. All of a sudden, you focused it and I realized that I was nude. <laughs> I was just there with my dick in my hand because I was like, what? That, the whole thing about the woman doctor threw me off so much that it seemed like now the list is, you know what? I was eating a hamburger and thought I'd give you a top five list of my favorite movies. It, it just, I connected the dots there when they shouldn't have been connected. I just thought he wanted female characters. I didn't get the whole concept, G. You made me look like a fool. You're a pussy. I'm a You moron. made yourself look like a fool. Oh, I do that all the time. Well, that's the thing, too. I, I'd have to say that up until that point, I was very positive in the podcast. <laughs> I was having a grand old time. Fucking laughing it up. Aaron. I, I'm going to promise everyone I'm going to be happier next week, right? You're a liar. I know. I only have three books to review. I so that, that makes me happy. And you have six, which makes me even happier. Because then I can finish mine and laugh at you. I'll just sit there across town laughing. And then what would you say? You know what? Then you'd say, where is it? (laughs) Who is laughing? I hate them. Uh, You would hate me, Eric, because of that. But yeah, I have three reviews. I think Reggie has two because of that uh, The New New Gods special. Uh, We still have to decide what we're doing with that. Uh, Oh, I've decided. You've decided, huh? It's three... I think the thing is like 60 pages, too. I have really uh, decided. If I really, really anger you, uh, to get you angry, what I will do is I will say, listen, we're going to have to do it. Everybody likes it. They're all into it. Plus, we have to talk about the Jack Kirby reprint of the back. <laughs> That'd be the best. He's the king, Eric. You love him. I don't uh, here's him. the thing. You know what? There's the perfect deal. When when Hakeem had the mail and you were talking about things that you hate that other people love, Jack Kirby. Jack right Kirby there for is you. on that list. That is definitely right. that. I wish we would have remembered that Me then too. because that's a perfect one that you just you don't like him. I don't like. Told you I'm not a huge fan of Darwin Cook look, or, look, or, uh, or Alex Pretty Ross. Much, we could do this whole thing where the the one thing that you have is that whatever it is that anything anybody else yeah. likes. That's what you don't like. That's true. Actually, I've actually changed a little. You know what? I'm different than that. It's not what everybody else likes I hate. 
it's what everybody else hates I like. Oh, so it's okay. a little You're different. Getting, it's, getting weird in your old age. It's twisting around a little. Well, this is why I told you. This is why I'll grab onto a new 52 Birds of Prey because I saw everybody hated it. Now I have to come into town and show them why it's great. Because you really, sucker. to me, it, it, it's it's more fun. Now, again, though, we say that, and I'm so mad about Tom King, and you know, a bit of that is that I'm so angry that people don't see what I see. Right. I think that I'm the one. I have the only opinion that matters, and I have to convince everybody of it. But I always think it's not just that. I think I have valid points. And I think that I'm trying to do a service like an Eric Shea in a chat room when they say, you know what I like? My favorite Leatherface is when he fights Jason in space. I'll kill you. I'll kill you and then so the much. next thing you know, you're t- there's Eric Shea typing away. That's you what's coming. Fucking, fucking moron. Going, you fucking moron. That was not it. There you go. Or the, then, Or how about this? Somebody says, you know what? I like Friday the 13th 3 when he goes to Manhattan. And then I get on. You are wrong. That was part four. Then you. Would, you <laughs> would you be more angry at me yes. or the original person? So the, the, me correcting you are now them wrong. in with that So person. do you think, though, do you think it's worse for somebody to correct somebody wrong than yeah, somebody just to get worse. it wrong in the first place? Yeah. I, I said I got involved in a chat deal. I don't know. Where it was terrible. It was like a comment section where the guy was talking, and it's like, uh, what was it? It was something about not seeing a character. Like we haven't seen, oh, we haven't seen Hawkman in like ten years in the comics. That is bullshit. I was getting mad because then I see these people are like, man, thanks a lot, Tom, for coming, uh, you know, coming around and showing us the truth all the time. He's a fucking moron. I was getting so angry. You know and then worst? I said, no, no, I said, no, that's not the case. He had his own deal. He had a series in the new Fifty Two, and then he had what did a I get from during, him? That went into rebirth with Death yeah. of Hawkman. Yeah, and I said Death of Hawkman. The only thing is, I was worried that maybe he could throw out the Death of Hawkman. It's like we're not really sure where that is. So I really centered on he had a new Fifty Two book. That is in this continuity. This, this is the continuity. Not and anymore. then he said, no, he said, no, it isn't. Rebirth started all over again. No, it didn't. It was a rebirth, not a reboot, you fucking asshole. I was so angry. And then I say that. This guy might be right, though, just because we don't know what's going on with Hawkman anymore. It may end up with that. But here's the thing, though. Everything he said was goddamn wrong. And what I have to, to fight then are 80 other people saying to me, what do you fucking know? Tom, he's the fucking god of the continuity and stuff. And you got a false god, you fucking You've dicks. never met Eric Shea? <laughs> Who's this Eric Shea? You should see now, the, the things I am printing out here. I bet. Uh, I'm telling you, the thing that really bothers me is you get on these goddamn comments. And I'm telling you, I have this terrible tick when I see that. So, And you always make fun of me that I have oh, to be yeah. the one, the asshole to come in and correct oh, it. Oh, you're the you, you ruined and, the party. Like, you know, I like when Jason like goes to space in part four. And I'm like, oh, God damn it. That's Friday the 13th part eight. God, you God damn yeah. it. And then his response says you. Yeah, oh. says you. Not in my, not in my world. I'll Except when I, when I picture it. I picture, and it's you mainly, is the guy's in the chat room. He's the guy in Animal House playing the guitar on the stairs. You are John Belushi who comes in or grabs the guitar and smashes it because he doesn't want to have that nonsense. But you you know what happened after that? The goddamn party was over. Sure was. Uh, I told you last night that before we got on the record some stuff, I'm like – 
I was on this thing, right? I just put up my opinion about something. I was like, you know, where to start in a series of TV or something like that stuff. You can skip around instead of watching the whole deal. Yeah. And I put this deal. Sky responds to me, not really, buddy. I'm like, yeah, not really, <laughs> not really friend. That's why. Here's guy. my hint. Here's my tip. When you do these things in the chat room, you say something like they're like, oh, man, Hawkman's in the in the forge. Boy. I I was I don't even know how to say it. Just make it an opinion. Don't yeah. state fact. Don't say this happened. This that. Didn't. Say like what I was led to believe. So you you're out then because then when somebody says like no that's not true you're like oh geez that was my you know that was the guy at work who told me that <laughs> you, uh, you can get Tom out of it. Tell me but that. But these He's people. Wrong. This is where I said the no shame of it's this. And then when you prove them wrong, you're sending pictures. And then I get mad. I don't get it as much as you into this whole fighting. You are I have now, recently. Though. I know. I have recently also. I do you. get I do get in a lot of arguments with Brett and, and me and Ben from Nurtures Radio get in a lot of discussions. They don't get as heated as the Brett ones. Uh, but I also tell Brett, Brett, by the time you send me, when I look and there's 17 messages that I look since, you know, a certain time, can't, I can't read all those. I don't no. have the... the freaking attention span pictures who he doesn't think that the signal's the signal Eric. but we uh we had a new 52 uh review podcast uh that will be coming out you know way down the line we were way doing down the, the line, second yeah. part of detective comics and i have to say that we remembered that lark was actually one of the penguins hench women sure so was. maybe there was a conflict eric lark that very lark. popular lark uh, but yes, that's that's the podcast. That's it. That is not the podcast. I oh, get God. so angry. I freaking my blood pressure fucking spikes. I'm all over the place. Then my kids come in, break something. I get fucking beer. My kids broke uh, my wife's laptop, uh, cracked the screen, and now she's yelling at me that she wants a new one. But I, I kind I'm of telling you, did, her did she put for, them up to him? Because she was yelling about getting a new one well oh, before I know. that happened. I said, I, I told him, I took him aside and said, I think this might be a little inside job. Uh, but yeah, I told her that she cannot let them use it then because she lets them use the things and then blames them, uh, when it breaks. So yeah, that, that can't be, you can't do that. She's got to learn a better way to take care of things. But I think after this, I'm going to get done this. I'm going to run out and buy her a computer oh, good. and then edit the podcast. Hey, while you're out, get me one too. I'm friend. I will. Hey, you need a computer? Oh, why not? Hey, I got a sexy brother. But yeah, that is the podcast, Eric. Ah, uh, yes, we're done. I, I would venture to say it's a long one. Uh, thanks, everybody, for sticking through if you got to this point Thank about you, us talking about talking in chat rooms. Just don't get involved in the chat room that Eric Shea is Not even there. chat rooms. They're just fucking hey, comments on things. Everybody in the Slack chat start writing bad things about uh, – wrong things about horror movies. See if Eric will sit back and watch. You know, that starts happening. I'm going to get out of Slack for a goddamn while. I'm like, I can't there deal with go, this. guys. Just keep throwing out things, but be subtle about it. Make it seem like don't get too crazy. You can't I can hear, hear you. You can't hear me. I'm whispering to the people. I'm whispering to the people in Slack. You cannot hear me, though I'm addressing you talking right now. No. And I'm back, Eric. How oh. have you been? I, I, you thought I muted my mic, didn't you? I, I did, did not. It was very I, odd. I had, well, actually, I did. I had to talk to my kids. They, they were here, and I had to tell them what we were having for dinner. So I'm sorry for that silence. Oh, what's for dinner? He's fooled by it, guys. Keep going. Just do it. He's, he's a, a moron. fucking idiot. Wait a minute. How'd you get in this room? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a moron, this guy. He's a goddamn 
idiot. He's, yeah, oh my god, I just traced the mic. It's coming from inside my computer. Oh no. But yes, that is in our... I, I hope that people start putting... <laughs> because even if you know it's a joke, you're, you're not going to know and you're still going to have to say what is right, right? Yes, because I'm neurotic. Yes, you are. All right, but that's it, Eric. I'm going to say goodbye to you. I'm going to say, I don't need you. I'm done with you. I'm done with, with you. Guy. I know, hey, fuck you. Fuck you. You're good. Uh, what everybody, do we say at everybody, have a great everybody. week. Continue great to week. keep it weird, and we'll see weird. you on seven. Proud. Coming through my radio Oh no And I can hear him Talking all day and night It ain't right It ain't right Tell me one mic, I'll bring you back to 99 Piranha mama way ahead of my time But look at me now, where am I at? I'm about to make a weird science attack You call it science? I call it ultimate facts Crew of misfits trying to get back A secret society, a non-reality Mama's boys living in fantasy A multiverse of freaks, lonely ass geeks Talking that same shit week after week Good versus evil, who wrote the sequel? Well, Jim and Shay, Jackass the prequel Who can I trust? Who can save me? I'ma call Jim's wife in three-way Stanley. Oops, have I gone too far? Nah, I just set the bar And now you know me, now you met me Dr. Light gonna diagnose me You can't, I'm crazy before Holly It's Heidi the Superstar